Can I get a whoop whoop for the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast? Like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Werner. And you're about to step into a heap of comics and nonsense with episode number 129. Doop-a-doop! It's not an anniversary. 130 is the anniversary, right? And yes. then 135, the 140. Yeah, yeah. It's anniversary time here at the Weird Science Headquarters, Eric. I'm uh, talking to you atop the Weird Science Headquarters. Welcome, one and all, the Why official, unofficial podcast. I don't know. You're down below. You're in the basement. You're in the basement of the Watchtower, Eric. You know down how I love those goddamn fun and games. Yeah, yeah, they're cleaning up. <laughs> unofficial, official, unofficial podcast of Weird Sites, DCComics.com for the week of June 24th, 2017. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Eric, if you go out and about on the intro nets, you can find us at Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics, Podbean, Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com, Twitter, Weird Science DC, our website, Weird Science DC Comics.com, and of course, Eric, our Patreon account that is www.patreon.com slash Weird Science, or you could go in the show notes, click on that, or go to our website and hit the little box on the sidebar. We are over the place. We're everywhere. And I mentioned the Patreon because, of course, we want to be rich and famous. Or at yes, least rich, right. Eric. Famous, the hell with that. I, I don't want to be people infamous. bothering me. Infamous? But yeah, this week on the Patreon, uh, we have two special Patreon-only spotlights that if you go and subscribe or support us. I know people don't want to say subscribe. They want to say su- support. I'll go with either. You guys, su- subscribe, support. I don't care, Eric. Make me rich. Make me rich. Uh, but yes, we have Super Sons number five, which was picked by the badass patrons of the Patreon account and of the Get Fresh Crew. Boop, boop. Doop, doop. And also a special bonus that me and Reggie did the Looney Tunes books again this week. We did that last week. We did it again. It's the Wonder Woman, Tasmanian Devil, Lobo, Roadrunner. Uh, these, again, this is nothing that we pulled back. I can't wait for back. that nonsense to be over. Oh, I'm telling you, we, we didn't pull these back from the main podcast to shove them in. Uh, me and Reggie basically decided to do them just to do them. You... Do not read that nonsense. I we talk about completely. It. We actually have a, a long discussion beforehand. Of course, Eric, I couldn't go any sort of recording without bitching and moaning about Batman. So, <laughs> so it starts with me Jesus. talking about exactly why I get angry at books uh, as opposed to you. And I said, you're the continuity kid. I am a, a guy who just likes a logical progression of a scene. Yeah. You know, and basically, it ended up turning into me yelling and screaming about if it's not continuity, you don't care. But if it's something you like, you will just say to me, I said, this is Death of Hawkman. I say, Eric, I don't know if it's continuity. I'm going to wait and see. They'll probably tell you. You want to hide under a rock to pretend no, I, that it I is. I do not. I'm telling you, unless they do something that's completely out of continuity, I have to take a wait and see, like, you know, okay. stance on How about on Wonder it. Woman Taz? Is that it? That's not in continuity to you because you don't care. Fuck if you liked it, you'd be like, characters. you would. If you did, if you liked it, you would say, eh, you know, I'll wait and see. It, it looks kind of there. I uh, you would know. never say that the Wonder Woman characters are in test. Hey, I'm telling you, they're trying to work it in. These books are not as fun as I wanted them to be, and it more is them trying to make it work in the continuity kind of. It's very, very odd. But like I said, Eric, 
that sort of thing, the spotlight on the Patreon. The Patreon-only spotlight is something that the Get Fresh crew vote on, or the badass Get Fresh crew members vote on each week. So next week, the vote's already going for next week. In the lead right now is Wonder Woman 25. That's Greg Rucka's last issue. And if they voted in, it's not on the main free podcast. So there, take that. Still going to (laughs) be 15 books on there but Eric because of that I'm going to do this I promised everybody in the badass section there that we're going to have the badass roll call at the beginning I think they deserve it here it is Eric alright Eric it's working now alright <laughs> it wasn't working before but it's working now this is the badass roll call and I'm going to go with this one I, I had some people actually ask uh, not to be named full names I think that they don't want to be recognized there. They're, they're, uh, they don't want to be associated. Yes, they are a little embarrassed. We got Monty, we got Hakeem, got Jolly Drew, got Manship, Brian, Tanya, Eric, Ian, D-Man, Reggie, Brandon, Taylor, or I'd like to call him Swanee, Anthony G, we got Josh, Little MRT, we got Bobby, Jazz, Avalon, Dalton, Pete from NYC, uh, Batman Beyond Mark, and Christopher, and those are the badasses, and they are the ones who are in control of the show, I told you before, they they do the deal, they're going to be running the show, and I don't mind that, right? I don't mind them running the show, they can tell us whatever they want, if they have something they have, they think that we're doing bad they tell me Eric mm. and we will stop doing it they right say now to me, I'm smoking and I'm waving my hand like I damn just don't right. care see you like it a little better in the beginning because now you can light up though you're probably dance where you already lit up seriously no no when it fucked up at the beginning there then I lit up <laughs> yeah I, I went to hit the song with this dramatic deal it failed. <laughs> I must have deleted the goddamn page. It must have been embedded in one of the uh, the folders, and when I start going through and try to get rid of it, it always causes me trouble. But those are the badasses, and we appreciate them doop, immensely, doop. and as, as well as everybody else uh, that has been supporting us on Patreon. But we're going to go off now to the Rent and Rave line. We do have a Rent and Rave line that everybody can call in. It's 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452-328, followed by the pound sign, Eric... It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy. We do have a lot of rant and raves, and I'm going to start with an old friend, Eric, an old friend Ooh. by the name of Sanjay. Oh, hello, Jim and Eric. What's up, Sanjay? Here. This here is Sanjay. It's been so long since I called in. Yes, it I has. I wanted to say that I have been listening to you. I recently got back from my home in India. Yes, I had some <laughs> problems. I had to go back. But we will keep that under our ads. That's under wraps. Because, you know, right now I really can't talk about it because of the current political structure of our United States of America. Now we're getting politics involved, Eric. We'll have that later. I say that I really enjoy your show, Skin. And you've really helped me with my English. What do you think? Here, hold on. I have have been working on my American accent. Ready? Here we go. Yes, hello. It is very nice to see you again. And uh, it's great to hear from you again. So what do you he think? That was pretty good. Was that a good American accent? You sounded sexy. Better one. Hold on. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> yes, that's pretty good. Yes. Okay. Well, take it easy, Jim and Eric, and I. Uh, I look forward to listening to you guys this Sunday. And have a good one. 
Thanks, Sanjay. I was waiting for a boosh from Sanjay. That was so one was of I. the first words uh, that he learned. Now, Eric, the next call is another good, good friend of yours. Uh, do you have any guesses who this might be? No. <laughs> do you like that? It's me turning up the volume. Here we go, Eric. Richard Richardson. Uh. Richard Richardson here. The new improved Richard Richardson where I saw comics. First of all, Richard Richardson would like to shout out the Get Fresh Crew. Doop, doop. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, Yes, Get Fresh Crew. And today, I'm going to be talking about my $25 pool list. All right. Yes, you heard it. Richard Richardson's $25 pool list. $45. Number one. $75. On the pool list is back. Batman. Yes, Batman. you heard it. Batman by Tom King. He's such a good writer. He always finishes stories. The plot lines never have holes or anything. He's Batman so is my first title. My second title is Scooby-Doo Apocalypse. <laughs> Who doesn't like Scooby-Doo? I love Scooby-Doo. They're still Scooby-Doo. making that book? I just like saying yes. it. Scooby-Doo. My third is, where are you, Scooby-Doo? <laughs> the yes. digital. Where are you, Scooby-Doo? Is it where are you, Scooby-Doo, or Scooby-Doo, where are you? Who doesn't I like Scooby-Doo? I don't know. The third is Justice League of America. Ooh, the, the, you yes. know Justice League's Justice coming Justice League of America. I don't really remember. Richard Richardson doesn't know. Who writes Justice League of America fan, but he's really good with dialogue. Dialogue is his It is Steve Orlando, Richard. Yes. <sighs> and next on the poll list is, yes, Jim, yes, Eric, you guessed it. Richard Richardson's favorite title, Justice League. <sighs> yes. Justice League, written by my favorite writer, Brian Pitch. Yep. Brian Hitch is so good. He writes so great. He should be given an award every week. He gives every himself week. awards. Just yeah. Yeah. Yes. He just found out Richard about the Richard Richardson's $25 pool list. I, I, I want to add that up because I know it doesn't least, add up. <laughs> lastly, but not leastly, X-Men Blue. Yeah, see? Yeah, it's like seven books. Need X-Men Blue, and I really like saying X-Men Because he this needed the Richard money. Richardson, and that was my $25 <laughs> oh! pool list. Richard Richardson, out. Out. Richard Richardson, is, you know what? in. I, at first, I really thought, like, when he's like, oh, it's my $25 pool list. I'm like, is he going to do $25, like, you know, with things you can buy for a p- swimming pool? That's what you, the pool list? And I then got, it turned out I to be got the thing. a pool filter. A noodle. That's $3. That's, see, maybe he'll have that, that. I got two chlorine tablets. <laughs> I only could afford two because of grandma. My throat's killing me. Are you me. Richard Richardson? My, my throat is killing me so bad. I can't even do a good Richard Richardson. No, I'm not Richard Do you usually pride yourself on Richard Richardson? Uh, uh, yes, and I can't. Uh, Richard Richardson here. It's okay. 
Uh, you can tell. It's it's crackly. I am having problems today. It's from me yelling. You'll hear at the end of the podcast. I'm telling you. Uh, we finished this podcast because we record so out of whack. The last section of books in the podcast is going to fucking affect me for the next goddamn three weeks. I knew it would. I, Oh, my God. There's a little preview. Screaming and yelling, Eric. I was so happy. Positive, even. Yes, very positive. Positive, even. There you go. I could still do my snackle plus. Here's the next call, Eric. It's from Mama. Eric, where Mama. have you been? It's Mama. It's Mama. I miss you. You don't call. You don't write. Fuck no where have you been? All right. Doing a podcast, Mama. Damn. I miss you. Oh, and for the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Mama went weird. <laughs> Now, I do have to say, uh, we, we mentioned later as well, um, you're here this week. You weren't going to yeah. be here. Uh, you are here. So it's good to have you, Eric. It's good to have you back from the you know, non-vacation. You know what? It, it's what? crazy because I was supposed to go up to the Poconos this week, and I could do yep. every year at this time to put flowers in my daddy's grave and visit oh, my meatball. daddy! That's right. So I called my meatball this week because I could not get meatball! a hold of her. I wanted to make sure things were all right for me to come up, and I could not get a hold of her. She would never answer her phone. I left messages. Finally got a hold of her on Monday. And she is frantic on the goddamn telephone because apparently her house is infested with squirrels. squirrels. She has squirrels in every room of the fucking house. And she was telling me not to come up. Actually, she was not telling me at first not to come up. She was just trying to be like polite about it and nice. Like, yeah. I don't know you if don't like it'd hints. be okay. You know, like, oh, no, I got the hint. I didn't want to fucking believe it, though, because I'm like, this is a weird way for her to talk. But she's like, y- you wouldn't want a squirrel jumping over your body in the no. middle of the night. It's pretty scary. I'm like, damn, right, it would scare me, me and all. But, like, eventually, like, she has this whole thing. And then she had to get off the phone. And she <laughs> she had to get off the phone because she had her back door open so she could get the squirrels out. But as she was talking to me on the phone, a raccoon started working, uh, walking in. So, it's crazy in the Poconos. Yeah, it's got them Dr. Doolittle with, so you, hopefully, with your meemaw. Hopefully, I'll be able to go up there next weekend, but I still have to call her and see if the squirrel yes. problem is resolved. Did I ever tell you that uh, one of my friends, his dad, would feed squirrels, and the one squirrel bit him, and he actually lost his arm? Oh, my God. I'm joking. That didn't happen. I thought that you would get a, a rise out of that. <laughs> he did get. He did have a skin rash. He I just lose, got terrified. He didn't lose squirrels. his arm, though. He didn't lose his arm. I'm just making it so you'll never. I should have said that, that if a bed had squirrels in it at some point, then this guy got a rash. Then he lost well, his no, arm. That was one of the things too. Not only the squirrel like jumping on me in the middle of the night or something like that. Yeah. But also because squirrels carry fleas and ticks. I'm thinking, oh yeah. Well, if you get the goddamn, if you get the squirrels out, doesn't mean the fleas and ticks will be gone. So I don't. No. I don't know if I ever want to go back up there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be up there. But this is the next one, Eric. You'll, you'll enjoy this one as well. This is from Jed. You're never going to believe who this is. <laughs> Jed? Jaja? Yeah, that's right. It's Jed. And guess what? I heard... I was drinking. That we spent, phone I, I was call fucking lighting a cigarette. We're supposed to say what? Jed Senior. Or I have used to refer to him as Papaw. Papaw. Well, not anymore. After I heard that bullshit PCP-induced early on sit out Summers inspired <laughs> phone call he made to your little show, yeah. <laughs> I used that as evidence to have him put away in a fucking loony bin <laughs> oh, shit. on Father's Day. That's real. That's real. So as you can tell, I've been a little busy, and I figured, well, 
I might as well get the rest of the family out of this. And my half-brother Jebediah decided to call in with some bullshit as well. So he's next on the list to deal with. But now that Papaw is no longer part of the family for betraying the Jebediah name, betraying (laughs) Jebediah Jeddington family tree. Well, I have moved up a notch. What if we created the Jedi family tree? I am now the new Jedi, Jedi Senior. Yeah, that's right. He's I now the senior. Oh, that's that now, you don't want to fuck with me because I oh. will still strike. Jedi will strike. Ooh. Now that Judge Jed has spoken, <laughs> expect me to be back, boys. Jedi will strike again. Motherfucker. <laughs> I like the end. Motherfucker. That, that is not the last that we'll not. hear of Jedediah. Uh, also, luckily, we got another call from his brother, Eric Jebediah. Oh. Hey, y'all. It's Jebediah with the B. Uh, if you don't remember, I am uh, Jed's uh, older brother. Uh, I hey, am brother, basically the cane to his Abel. I am the smart one. Uh, I like to read juicy good comics like... Uh, uh, Legend of the Amazons. Ooh, that's some good stuff. Yeah. I just wanted to call in and say hi to like you, Jim, and hi. Eric, and a little shout out to the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> I'm currently bailing out Jed again. Uh, he got caught with a needle in his arm. Damn uh, it. His family has the worst problem. Boy, that heroin is just uncrazy. Once you pop, you just can't stop. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find Jed without a dip in his lip and a, a needle in his arm or between his toes or some <laughs> other precarious position. I'm just here at the courthouse waiting to bring Jed home, and uh, boy, my blood sugar low. When I, I get home, gonna I'm going to enjoy me some and butter, <laughs> maybe some Mountain Berry. That ought to get me right as rain. I'd just like to say, uh, I think this moment to say, please just punch. Y'all started that uh, 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 Patreon. Yeah. Uh, Here we I go. signed up, now I'm a badass. Yeah. Uh, if there was any question, Jebediah is officially a badass. Uh, all it took was uh, 20 smackaroos. But I'd like to encourage everybody to at least get on that 299 level. How about these boys? They're doing some excellent. <laughs> Excellent work. God's work, Eric. And I don't know what I'd do if I couldn't hear uh, Jim talk to his kids about uh, candy and bullshit and <laughs> diarrhea and such. Yeah. And Board right games. now I know what y'all are thinking. They have Monopoly now. Uh, right? Boy, oh, this goody. southern gentleman, his accent comes and goes. But like, no, uh, I'd like to guarantee you Just that like my Eric's accent dad. is a uh, thick, oh. authentic southern Still gentleman. Waiting for him to come back. And uh, it does not come in and out. It has been consistent back. throughout this entire rant and rant. Sometimes that is better. So, without any further ado, Sometimes I'd just like to say, uh, oh, no. be sure to check out uh, Legend of the Amazons. Hit up that Patreon. Don't. And I'm going to set up my own Patreon. Uh, you know, I, I can't in. afford to bail out uh, Jed every time he uh, goes to prison for getting That's caught with heroin. So, uh, if anybody would like to drop me a few bucks to help out Jed, that'd be uh, much obliged. So, uh, see y'all on 7. <laughs> Thank you, Jebediah. Here's the next one, Eric. Another 
Jed. It's going back and forth. It, it Boy is got both. out of jail and he was fucking got his goddamn dander up. That's right. Oh, here he goes. Here goes Jed. Oh, Jed, strike again. <laughs> Jed's very scary. Well, I figured I'd call in and give him my review. Sounds like some obscene phone calls he used to make. Not that it's worth the review, but I heard y'all hooping and hollering. And we do a bunch of hooping and hollering over here. Fucking losing your minds over at Good Science Headquarters and all that. Yeah. Pitching my two cents. Since I am judged yet now, I figured it might be important that I weigh Did in. Did you pass the bar exam? No, he just went to the bar. Ah. Called Dark Days. The fog. He took a love test at now, a bar. Bunch of bullshit. <laughs> bunch fish. of back and forth old fogey storylines that don't nobody know about. Don't make no goddamn sense. It ain't no Hellblazer. It ain't no current Justice League. And it ain't no Gotham Academy second semester. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing that did come out of it that's worth a shit. Uh-huh. And that's the too few pages that John Romita Jr. drew in his masterful style. Batman's ears Square. literally give me a goddamn fucking hard on. <laughs> and that ain't no lie. I got one right now. I'm just saying it. I'm touching it. Yeah, these are just like the MC phone calls I used to make. Jordan's head. The way it changes. All about Batman. In every panel. God damn it. Touching myself. The Batman. I love it. It is a masterpiece. John Romita Jr. is the next motherfucking Michelangelo. The next. The Ninja Turtle. The next. Da Vinci. But I digress. The Vinci. Now I know y'all gonna have some flapping jaw bullshit humba jumba to say. Whoop. How about that? I'm gonna say humby jumby from now on. Watch your tongue. Best watch your mouth, cause I will strike again. Judge Jed will be back. You already struck twice. We'll strike. Until next time, Tim. Especially you, (laughs) Tim Derek Stray. Tim and Derek Stray. Come on, you. It's gonna be my pseudonym from now on, Derek Stray. It's not done. Oh, I'm fuck. coming for you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, there's always a wait for it uh, with, with Jed. Uh, yes, thank you, Jed. And now, Eric, we have somebody who's actually upset at my man Josh Vermillion. He does his Vermillion's vision, and he yep. did some Jeff Lemire stuff, but we're going to find out that is not the way you pronounce it. From a true Canadian who's very oh. upset with us, is upset with the pronunciation. So here we go. How's it going, eh? So this here is Maddie McKenzie. I'm the son of uh, Doug McKenzie. Doug! And oh. I just want to let you know Take that uh, this Celebrity is in the house. shout out to uh, Vermillion's vision. I... Uh, couldn't help but uh, notice that the, uh, you mispronounced a famous Canadian's name, eh? So, he's talking about that guy named Jeff Lemire. Lemire. That's right. Lemire. Lemire. So, like, uh, next time you talk about him, it's his name's Lemire. Lemire. Not Lemire. Not Lemire. 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 So, like, uh, keep it easy, eh? And, uh, get yourself a twofer, and, uh, keep your stick on the ice. And I'll, uh, I always listen do. to you guys there on the, uh, on the Weird Science DC Comics podcast, eh? 
So, like, uh, take it easy and uh, have a good one. Talk to you later, sure. eh? Sorry, boot. Always, that. St- always stick. Keep your stick on the ice, Eric. There's no reason to have that stick I'm, not on the ice. There's I'm no telling you, though, it's like I always say about this: Lemire, Lemire, Haas, and Pfeffer Incorporated. That's what we always say. I always say, keep your stick on the ice and your eyes to the stars. Eric. Okay. We now have uh, some long ones here. We have some long rant raves here. Uh, it is Dancing Mike, and he okay. did send them. In an order that I am going to reverse, I think. Because the first one is about comics. The second one is him hating me. So okay. do you want to hear him hate me first or comics? What, what, what would you like? Hate I'd like or comics comic? first, please. You want comics first. Okay, here we go. Hello, Jim. Greetings, Eric. What's up, Mike? Hello, Mother! Hello, Weird Science! So... Hello, First of all, I want to give a shout out to the Get Fresh Crew. <laughs> so I bought two comics this week. Um, the Forge, number one, I guess, or only the Forge one shot, which um, I admit I was kind of wrong about that. Enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yes. Um, I, I did give it a seven on either Slack or Twitter, so I think it was Slack. Somewhere. I, I saw it. do give it, like I said, 7 out of 10. I give a, an, a point and a half off for John Romita Jr.'s horrible, horrible art. I, I think Bizarre World was created when no John Romita Jr. tried that to draw man. a circle. No. And then it became Bizarre World. <sighs> Guy cannot draw. Fucking horrible. Don't know why they put nope, that he can't. in there. And um, also I give a point and a half off because Dionysium it's going I'm afraid it's going to be the horrible horrible Joker that we got through the new 52 run with Scott Snyder speaking of that I know that Batman showed up in you know the Joker showed up in Batman number 25 and I know he also showed up in the Forge but of course he showed up in the Forge because Snyder apparently except for Court of Owls he can't write a story that doesn't have Joker in it because every other story in the New 52 City of seemed Owls. to be, I don't know, Joker-centric, except for maybe the Robo Betty Gordon. Oh, I guess, you know, year one was kind of Riddler, but... Yeah, yeah the, the Red Hood was in like, there, you know, and you did have the human Joker, Joker during the freaking Super Heavy arc as well. And the Endgame, yeah. and the whole... This, I didn't like Endgame, I don't know, it's like, he has no. to have Joker there for everything. And so I guess, you know, his Joker is back once again for this uh, Forge Dark Days Dark Metal thing. But I'm on board for right now. We'll see where the next one goes. So, Jim, you convinced me to buy that one. Also, a spot, one of the Patreon spotlights convinced me to buy uh, the Bugs Legion crossover. <laughs> Could not find that at the Golden Age in uh, 1942. That's the so, other one that I like so far. I was going to buy it simply because um, Jim... And Reggie gave a good spotlight episode for that. Nice. And um, speaking of that, just before I go on to this week's book, uh, the Looney Tune characters are still at the Six Flags Parks. I did see Bugs and Daffy did not stand in line to get a um, picture with them, but they were there, and I've had my pictures taken with some of the Looney Tune characters in the past. And the Battle for Metropolis ride, the Justice League uh, Hall of Justice in, in full size, the, that facade of that building. If you were, it looked amazing when the picture was watching. Yeah, Super good. Friends. Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, yeah, to Mo. see that in full 
in, in real life, it was you just You know freaking, that Mike was running around saying awesome. that over and over. So, over. Well, I think they might have that at some of the other Six Flags parks. I'm yeah, not you sure actually if they have that facade had or not. Jersey. The ride itself was better than I expected. I don't even I know if that New Jersey Six Flags still there. better than that. Uh, people I, don't I was either. with who are not comic book geeks like me also thought it was a great ride. We got to ride That's it cool. twice later in the day. We tried to go back and it was really, really, really crowded. But um, awesome beedy, ride beedy, beedy. and that facade, the Hall of Justice in real life la, is freaking, la. freaking <laughs> awesome. Gave me chills just seeing that and being able to stand in front of that. So if you get a chance to go down to Six Flags over Georgia, it's, it's like hot to. as it's hot as Georgia. But I was there once. Um, it's well, well worth the going for just that and a lot of other great rides. Like, I hate Batman theme parks, the but that freaking Hall of Justice is amazing. And a bunch of other coasters and rides. So um, I am. I suggest everyone get on the Patreon. I am a. Uh, now, Jim said in one of the Patreon spotlights that I mentioned something about another Patreon. I think he might have me just uh, confused with someone else because I've never been a member. I've I never signed I up for Patreon Jack. before. He's usually the and one. I have to say that this is my first Patreon. I'm finally, finally figuring out how they do with their emails and everything yeah. and trying to get the Patreon-only podcasts to show up on the Podbean app on my phone was like pulling my own teeth with needle nose pliers oh, in a Walmart You're not bathroom. selling it, Mike. Oh, my gosh. It was so hard to get that on there, but I finally got it on there so I can listen to all my Patreon goodness on the on my Podbean app on my phone now, which awesome. is my preferred method. Um, also, um, I am, like I said, a member of Patreon for Weird Science Get Fresh Crew. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I am a half-ass supporter, not a badass, <laughs> but I think everyone needs to chip in. Even if it's just the two ninety nine level, if you just want to get the two ninety nine level, here's what you do. If you're reading any book written by Steve Orlando, drop that book and sign up for the two ninety nine yep. uh, per month. Patreon. Or like I said, if you want to sign up for a higher, higher level and get more free stuff, you can. But um, I really appreciate that and just want to give a shout out for the Patreon. Thank you, Mike. Now let's talk about Batman number twenty five. It was an anniversary issue. It sure was. Anniversary number 25. That just uh, yep. still... It's, yeah, that's ridiculousness. That's anyway, a comic book anniversary, right? So we get an Aquaman preview yep. and, like Jim said, two uh, two big splash pages, or four pages, pages, which are basically two splashes yep. of a lot of blank space. I noticed that when I was first reading. It's like, wow, well, there's some money well spent there. Yeah. Yep. He but still liked that it. being said, uh, Mikhail Janin's art is... Um, Yep. Freaking awesome! Great. Uh, just sure as usual, he does a great job with these characters. Um, and I know that people have some some problems with it, and I agree there are some logic gaps. I can almost give King a pass on the Joker shooting the two guys because there was an explosion. There's probably sirens going on, a lot of noise, it's but it's still a bit guns, of ridiculousness. They really should. They he really didn't pay, you know plan that well. Joker shooting the two guys out in broad, you know, the, the cop and the woman in broad daylight. No. Um, I don't have a problem with the, uh, I think that Joker's been in business for a bit because, you know, he, Batman said he murdered several people and he, you know, had the people lined up for the show. I think they, I think when the Joker is dealing with you and, you know, the comedy show, I think you're pretty much knowing that you're hanging on at, at 
his whim, hanging on to life at his whim, and hoping that he doesn't kill you. So I don't really have a problem with that. That guy didn't seem scared. Nope. Uh, While now, Jim, I did try to stab the air twenty six times. Didn't take all that long, and no, I could even do it in kind of a pattern in, in not that much time. And you've also got to remember the guards might not be watching their other monitors closely because. They've apparently been dealing with the Joker, I mean, the Riddler for quite a while, and it's kind of become, I'm sure, a routine for them. That where he they killed probably, everybody and had the city hostage a, a year of, you ago. Know, secure, uh, you know, a, a, a sense of false security. I'm stopping it here now, Because also, <laughs> remember, he comes out of that room, they have their guns drawn. They know what he did. So if they know what he did, why didn't they go in? He walks out, and there are more than enough guards in that hallway that why would they all be so – there was like nine guards. They're all just standing in the hallway talking while they – if you had to have that many guards to either escort him there or whatever's going on, then they should have been paying attention. There's no way to have that many guards. You're mixing the ideas, the scene of them not caring but also having nine armed guards in riot gear. Outside of that that interrogation room, no sense. Security because he's apparently hasn't really posed a problem before the day he decides he wants to get out when he sees the pattern and wants to confront the Joker. So I don't have a problem putting that together. And like I said, you know maybe they would have you know come in and put him down, but I give I give King a bit of a pass on that because we've given Snyder you've given Snyder a pass on something big. I'll mention in a bit. So. That Eric also briefly brought up. So, anyway, um, yeah, so that's, I don't mind this at all. I know that Jolly Drew gave this an eight, and I agree, enjoyed the issue a lot. And, um, yeah, I enjoy this Joker a lot better than the the one we've seen in. Also, Eric, I want to stop a minute. Okay. <laughs> also, when when Mike says, "Well, they, we think that Joker or Riddler, not Joker, we think that Joker's been doing some stuff up until now. Why? Why don't we know? Why? Why yep. we don't know? Because it's only been a year since he became the Joker. We yep. have no idea. The only thing they mention are fourteen dead bodies. Uh, that could even be the ones that he's doing now that they're trying to find him. The, he to me, it seems that this is the first big thing with him. The Riddler has been in jail." For a year, since the Joker became the Joker, the Riddler's been in jail pretty much, but yet he acts as if he knows all about him. You could say, well, it's because they, they've been bringing him cases or all that, but none of this is set up. It's just thrown out there, but you'll hear me argue later. And all so. through the New 52, because Scott Snyder wrote this guy, the really homicidal, violent guy who has well-thought-out plans and kills people with elaborate, thought-out plans and doesn't seem to be the, the least bit crazy, while this Joker is more of a wild card. Yes, he's lost his ability to laugh, but, I mean, it's just kind of a different facet to him, and he's trying things that he thinks are f- just to see funny, and he's doing things kind of at random, which is kind of the chaotic Joker that I've been wanting to see for a while. Doesn't so seem random to me. Seems I'm enjoying this interpretation thing. of the Joker, and a lot of people are having trouble with the Riddler and him saying the riddles and what it means. I think... It's almost a bit of OCD, which I can kind of relate to. Mm-hmm. I used to just really have the most chapped hands in the world before I got my little bit of OCD under control. I was one of the hand-washing people, and I'm still somewhat like that, but now I use lotion and try not to wash them at every opportunity. you got to wash your hands. But 
yeah. So anyway, I think it's kind of an OCD thing. I think the Riddler kind of is always going over things, riddles in his mind, just That's as fine. kind of a mechanism to, to keep. I think it's just something that I wish they matched up his to mind the scene a little better. Just kind of That'd his be obsession, awesome. which I think I think it's kind of an obsessive tick thing, and I don't mind it at all. It's just I think it just shows him always trying to work things out in his mind and going back to other ones maybe and. And, you know, just figuring things out over and over in his mind. And I I don't mind at all. I think it was a, a good character trait. And I'm I'm interested in this Riddler, too. I'm wanting to see where where, the, where it goes. How do you get the I, It was a little bit slow, but it was a lot of setup. Yeah, and, it is very, very freaking, you know, firm buttocks. Continues to pick up the action yes. and get some of that stuff we saw on the uh, last page there. So, like I said, like Jolly Drew, I did give it an 8 out of 10. I enjoyed it enough. If you have more criticisms, if it's not your thing, then, you know, that's, you know, that's... Everyone has different views on some stuff, and so I enjoyed this one. Um, some other people didn't as much, but that's just me. And also, um, yeah, I think that's about all I've got. Oh, I, the one thing I wanted to mention about, about Snyder, this is something that Eric brought up, and okay. I, I'm not trying to... And let me say something, say something. I mentioned this on Slack. I was pissed off when the new 52 was announced, which yep. I think you all know that I was, and the way they executed it, because they didn't go back to the start with everyone. They left the Batman stuff intact just to and sell the Green novels and say they're in continuity. And so superheroes. I was pissed yeah. off at the way they, they handled the new 52. But when the new 52 was announced, and they announced that Scott Snyder would be on Batman, who had two thumbs up and was so excited? This guy. Because that guy over there. On a podcast I used to listen to on the year-end awards, I had voted Scott Snyder the best Batman writer, I think, in um, 2010 and 2011 because of his work on... Um, was Detective? It? Or maybe it was, yeah, I think it was 2010, 2011. His work on the... Um, um, was it Black Mirror? The Black Mirror and yeah. Detective Comics. Yeah. And um, his work on the New 52. Um, it was... I enjoyed, I was happy that Scott Snyder was writing the main Batman book, you know, they kept him around, and then, after the end of Death of the Family, I'm sorry, the non-ending of Death of the Family, I was kind of out, because it became more and more apparent that he wasn't writing Batman anymore, he was just writing his stories, and shoving everyone into the, into the Batman character reimagined Calendar Man, the way he reimagined Scarecrow. I mean, I'm sorry, not Scarecrow. Um, Mr. Freeze. Or, yeah, that was a bitch. I just, and just his, his Joker, I never felt was the Joker. And the other thing that gets me that Eric mentioned is, so when Batman gets killed in the end game and then yeah. he comes back and he's somehow adult Bruce Wayne but with no memory of being Batman I call complete and utter bullshit on that because there was never a Bruce Wayne adult Bruce Wayne that wasn't Batman or didn't remember his parents being killed and wasn't on that path because nope. he started on that path as soon as his parents got killed that's yeah. when he started training that's when he started going there's never been an adult Bruce Wayne that there's he would, yeah. It just, it's just ridiculous. If he yep. came back and his brain were remade, he would either be a drooling vegetable, not able to take care of himself, or he would be Batman. 
It, you can't have this half-ass nope. memory just somehow magically pop in there, and then he gets to, just so Snyder can have a story, and then he gets on his magic unicycle and goes through all these alternate realities, and he's magically Batman again. It was, I think that was the most bullshit. But again, that's Snyder, and I, you know, you can't, you can't criticize Snyder, because you criticize Snyder, it's racism. I thought this was going to tie anyway, back into me saying that that was okay. Rant about that. But I enjoyed Batman number 25 overall. And, you know, if, if people are going to be so stickler about characters on King, I know King has some flaws, but I enjoyed this issue enough. So until next week, um, that's about all I've got. So watch out. You never know when we'll pop up and culture that ass. Uh, yeah. Spotlight out and see you in seven. See you in seven. Now, what I, I want to bring up the whole th Okay. I was going to talk about the whole end game. Okay, go ahead. No, the whole thing with him coming back, that was during Super Heavy. And like, if you go well, back. There, that's what going, I mean. That issue yes. with Super Heavy then. What did I yeah, give I'm it? Saying, I didn't review I, it. I know you didn't review it. I'm saying when uh, talking about that, though, if you go back and listen to old podcasts where we did talk about the like the super heavy arc and Bruce coming back with the memories, we thought it was a bit of bullshit, too, because we thought if he was like, you know, remade like this whole thing without the trauma of Bruce uh, being and having his parents cut and becoming Batman on that, he would have the mind of a nine year old. So it never really made sense to us when I was referring to it when we we're talking about the other thing before. It was just something that happened that I was referring to. It's not saying that it's OK, <sighs> but whatever. I'm done. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm announcing it right now. I, I fucking, I, I could care less if we ever talk about Batman on this podcast again. I'm almost to the point. I told Brent, he's arguing with me too. Fucking everybody drive me up a fucking wall. I'm done with it. I'm done with this Batman. I'm done with fucking talking about it. I'm done with everybody, you know. I, I sit there and I'm there, oh, you know what? And the, the, I am Gotham. Oh, it's such a good story. I love it. All these people, this is bullshit. I don't, this isn't my Batman. And there I am. I, I'm even looking in the I Am Suicide. First two issues, I think I gave two nine. Oh, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you have the button, which he wrote one issue, and that goddamn fucking Swamp Thing, number 23, which was canceled at one point and then brought back. Now, the guy's a fucking saint. I, I said to you, I told you, after that interlude of the button and then that goddamn 23, I said he will not be able to be do any wrong now. And the guy... Whatever, Eric. I'm done. What do we say at the end? See you at 7! Party's over, Eric. I was gonna. I actually was gonna stop right there, and then we'll release it and release the rest. It just—it's not fun. This is why when and and everybody who sits there, Mike, I know he he does not like Scott Snyder. No. And at a point, I had enough. I had enough. At and it was. It was probably at the end of Endgame. I had had enough. So I gave you the book. Yeah. And the thing is. I've had so much enough of just arguing and talking about it. Like, you know, it, it just count it. Next next two weeks from now, 10 out of 10. Greatest thing ever. I see all these 10 out of 10s for every goddamn issue. I'm just going to start throwing them out like candy. Gave the issue a 6 out of 10. I come on the podcast just to explain why I have an issue and a running issue with Tom King because he does this. Plus, he never ends anything. He, he The loose ends you could fucking pull together and make a goddamn sweater out of. It's summer. I don't need a sweater. Now my voice hurts again. See, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Jim. I thought this issue of Batman was great. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, no, you didn't. You'll see later. You gave the same score as me. It's just I, you know. Hey, sit I remember there. what happened in Batman 44. Because it's Batman, I, I have to, you know, I have to defend myself. But that's that, Eric. I, I'm now. I'm. I'm. I'm in a miserable mood. Oh, good. Do, do we have to continue now? Yes, do we have we, to. Can continue. we just stop? No. Can we stop and just done? I'm done. We'll just say, hey, fuck it.
Oh, God, why didn't I go to the Poconos? I'm just sick of it. I'm, I'm sick. You can really, everybody, If you, you will be able to find another podcast that will give every book a 10 out of 10. There's a certain oh, yeah. podcast that's almost near 500 episodes, Eric. I'm sure that they loved it. You can go listen They've to never them. Found a book and they didn't the like. problem is, is when you go there, it, when does it stop, Eric? When does the madness end? <laughs> because these same podcasts probably would give The Last Justice League a 9 out of 10 and The Last JLA a 10 out of 10. Uh, you know, if you want to get uh, an honest opinion uh, from people on every book, unfortunately, you're going to get it. I, I thought that the issue was not that great. I thought it was all shock and awe, and it was made to have wow factors to fool people into thinking that it was a great issue, and I did not think so. But yeah, everybody has their opinion there. Yeah. Opinions are like assholes, Eric. We wipe them all at least once a week, right? That's what I, I say. I don't think that's the same. Can we – really, let's end. It's over. What do you say at the end, Eric? <laughs> I, I say let's move on. Yeah, it's time for the news. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. Oh yeah, and I guess Eric's there too. Yes, he is, and this is the news, Eric. News time. I don't want to have a heart attack tonight. Yeah, don't do that. Calm down. I'm going to calm down with some nice, positive news off the news wire, Eric. And it is the the first news news item is, what is DC Comics giving out for Halloween Comic Fest 2017? Halloween Comic Fest. Halloween Comic Fest, Eric. I I don't know what that is. It seems like they're trying to start uh, kind of a new free comic book day around Halloween. Is what is it? It's not on Halloween though. No, this is on because it's. I think it, they're always going to either have to have it on that Saturday. Like I don't. Oh, know okay, I got. You. But it is. I think this is the last Saturday 20. of the month, right? Well, it is this year Halloween Comic Fest HCF features a whole new selection of thirty comic book titles for the industry's from the industry's most anticipated fall event taking place Saturday, October twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen, at participating comic shops worldwide. Of the thirty titles overall, eighteen are full size, twenty or mi- twelve are mini comics. All will be available for free on Saturday, October twenty eighth, and the mini comics will be available for purchase in packs of twenty five for four ninety nine at the beginning of October, which are perfect to give trick or treaters on Halloween. Are I want candy Are you excited on about though. this? We're excited at the range of titles for this year's Halloween Comic Fest, said Halloween Comic Fest spokesperson Michael Morcio. In addition to the all-age mini-comics featuring popular characters like Donald Duck and Casper the Friendly Ghost. God damn it! Who the hell likes him anymore? The full-size comics features a strong showing with properties like Batman, Thor, and Hellboy. With so many fans introducing their family and friends to comics and local comic shops for the first time at events like Halloween Comic Fest, it's important that the titles reflect the various interests or the varied interests of people coming to stores. And I'm telling you, the whole those- thing, though, going into this whole thing, imagine like a bunch of kids, they go up to a house for Halloween, right? And they all get these little mini comics and they run off and they're like, what'd you get? I got a Thor. What'd you get? I got a Batman. What'd you get? 
I got a Casper. Yeah. No, the problem is I believe all of the minis are probably Donald Duck Casper. And it's like, hey, what'd you get? Uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost. Fuck this. Get out the eggs. Start egging the house. <laughs> TPing it. Ah, fuck you. You're Casper the Friendly Ghost. Go fuck yourself. They start yelling. Because DC does not have mini comics. They have full-size comics. And this is what they say. Are Now, these are kind of generalized titles. You might be able to get a gist of what they're playing with here. Uh, uh, DC is offering a DC Superhero Girls comic. Uh-huh. Surprise, surprise. Uh-huh. They do that all the time. And what they like to call... Batman, Night of the Monster Men. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the only reason. Why I would you do this to these children? Yeah, you're killing them. You, you have now made a, a generation of little kids hate comics and Batman. That's the best they had. because Oh, you know what? That's kind of a Halloween title. <sighs> Get out of here. Get out of town, as they say. The hair. You ruined Halloween now. God damn it. All right, that's the first news story. The second of two, this is the last news story. New Wonder Woman creative team coming in September 2017, Eric. You're excited, aren't you? I am excited. excited. James Robinson, Carlos Pagulan, and Emanuela Lupacino are taking over DC's Wonder Woman with September 27th, number 31. The trio's new story, quote-unquote, Children of the Gods, will pick up the long-simmering storyline concerning Jason, the brother to Wonder Woman that was revealed in 2016's Dark Side War arc of Justice League. Now, me and you both have been crowing about what has happened to this. We thought it was dead, though uh, I'm sure we've mentioned it maybe a million times, Eric. Who did Jason Fabok say was the first people to figure out what was going on with Jason? That was us. Us. He told me to keep a raps on it. Taken away from Themyscira in the dead of night, the mysterious Jason, the only male ever born on the island, has been hidden somewhere far from the sight of gods and men. But his life and Wonder Woman's are about to intersect in a terrifying way, bringing them face-to-face with a cosmic threat they never imagined, explained DC's press release. The tree, And now here's the thing. You excited about James Robinson's uh, arc? You, you I are, am, yeah, to a degree, because I, I'm very wary because I like James Robinson. I love what he brought with Earth, too. Yeah. It got me back into comic books after a long hiatus. But the thing is... I listened to James Robinson when he used to co-host on Comic Vine, and he's yeah. just always so creepy to that female host, little, which I can't remember her name creepy. right now. But the idea, and even reading the Airboy and how, like, you know, I don't there's know. There's a lot of cock in that. There's a lot <laughs> of cock. There's, there's a lot there's of, a lot of penis. It doesn't uh, seem yeah. like, you know, he's that a female-friendly person yeah, to a degree. Yeah, I, don't, I'm, I don't want to say anything. That, you, know, you better say alleged. Alleged, but just from what I've seen and heard. It seems I like just, a strange now thing, the, but I, I look forward to it because I know well, he's a good one, writer. Yeah, well, this this whole thing that people were like all excited. Point. Because we did say Shea Fontana was just contracted for five issues. Yeah. So then uh, James Robinson. And uh, I don't know. Do you have any uh, thoughts of – a little guess. Uh, you have Greg Rucka had 25 issues. You have Brian mm-hmm. Azzarello for 35. How many do you think that James Robinson could possibly do? Do you think this would be like – Ten. Just, ten? Well, the trio are taking over Shea Fontana and Mirko Andolfo, whose five-issue run begins July 12th with Wonder Woman 26, about a month from now. The new trio's run, being the James Robinson team, is scheduled to run for six issues. So that's right. basically, they're only going to be six issues. This is not Just a full-time team. Yeah. It, it, why are they doing this? Now, it might be that they will 
hire them for more. But this is James Robinson. If you were hiring James Robinson, this is a big-time writer. This isn't a guy like, hey, we're going to see what goes on or see what's happening. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm if saying you James, James Robinson left DC Comics, and he did not seem happy when he left. Maybe this is a thing where, look, I'll come back for six issues, but things have to be different than they were when I left. Yeah, but the problem so maybe is— maybe it's like a wait-and-see hey, situation. Hey, it's a wait-and-see for him, but then you have you know Emmanuel Lupacino and Carlos Pagulan kind of sitting there, and they get called by IDW to do something. They're not going to be able to say, oh, well— Wait, you know, wait a couple months and I'll let you know. They're just, this is why, you know, that's why you had DC signing people exclusive. The only reason is because you're going to have these guys who are contracted for these things to go twice a month. And then all of a sudden they're going all over the other, but you know, you can't have that. So I really do think this is six issues and then he's gone. And then we're going to have somebody else again. I, I just, it's just going to be him coming in about this Jason and, story. And maybe and you're right. Like you, you were talking about Gail Simone possibly being on Wonder Woman before. Maybe she has to wrap some stuff up or she, before she can jump fully on board. And this is just some feel like, you know, fill in stuff before we get there. Yeah, maybe it's just, it actually upset me when I actually saw this news because basically all the news I heard was just people going, fuck yeah, James Robinson's awesome. I love of them i can't yeah. wait and then i i get this news item and i see it's just scheduled for a six issue run and like i said these guys you, you want to be you want to get a contract that goes later we saw when patrick zercher got the the futures end deal i guess it was and he was fucking fired up because he had work set for a year or yeah. a half a year at least and and you know he was all fired up but we'll see Let's, we'll see what goes, but I hope that they actually, if James Robinson is doing a good job, I hope that they extend it, but I just, to announce that it's six issues, kind of, to me, they already know who the next person is, possibly Gail Simone, like you said. Possibly. Maybe somebody else, who knows? Steve Orlando, here. Steve I really Orlando. I actually thought to myself, okay, you get them, they will be going to uh, issue number 32, then I wish it would have lined up because I would love James Robinson to go off and do Justice League. But that only goes with the other kind of half story that we got this week. I didn't put it in. But Brian Hitch went on Twitter and basically said he is starting writing on his last arc of Justice League. So he will be ending somewhere around issue of 35, 36, somewhere like that. I wish this would have lined up perfectly that we would have thought, okay, they're going to have uh, James Robinson do these six issues and then jump on Justice League because no, I think he'd do it. Doing oh, is we're lining things up for Brian Hitch to get on Wonder Woman. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's doing that. Who knows? Who knows, Eric? But that is the news. All right. And we're going to go off to the mail now. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Amen. It's mail with Jim. And Eric. Hey, Yay. Eric. <laughs> I thought you had ditched me. Ah, uh, yes, this is the first mail section of the night. And I will tell you if you want to be part of the email sections throughout, you just have to email us at uh, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Just like Eaton Beater. Beaver. Beaver. Eaton Beater? Eaton Beater. Eaton Wiener? Eaton Beaver. 
That sounds like a real name. Yeah. Right. We may even find out what his middle name is at the end of this email. Eaton Beaver says, you guys are awesome. Eric cool. Shea is my hero. Hooray. All the best, Eaton Harry Beaver. Eric. Oh no, I'm starting getting the idea. This is a joke email. I think that he somebody not what is he making says? a joke of us. Uh, no, I think he. you are still the hero of one Eaton Harry Beaver. Okay. The, the thing I'll give Eaton Beaver uh, full credit and IP Freely and all the, the others is uh, each one does have its own unique email address. Here. Yep. <laughs> At least making the effort. Go right? all out. All, all Go out. For the next one is from Manship, who we haven't heard in a while. And Manship has uh, got some random thoughts and seems to want to inspire us to move forward eric he says hey Ooh. bros i'd love to say something cool or funny but i'm so burnt out from always working that my brain is fried or mush i'd like to say eric. i fear that i will end up sounding like steve orlando brian hitch or what's the other writer he puts with steve orlando and brian hitch i don't know tom king Oh, manship will always be there. I have my back. What <laughs> I what I can say is, hot damn, you guys are fucking kicking ass, all while not giving a fuck. He says, and that's Hooray, in quotes. A fuck. To the fellow OGs out there, who would have thought while listening to episode number one that there is this is where the dynamic duo would be today. Now he, this is his Doing backhanded the same compliment. Thing. <laughs> yes, some of us have pref- did prefer DC radio. <laughs> hey, thanks man Jim. in the beginning but you guys are like herpes the good kind that shit ain't no going kind. away oh there's a good kind seriously the Quakertown comic and America's sweet tart put out the best ah. damn sweet loving in your ear holes random thoughts by Manship. There's random thoughts by Manship. Thank you, Manship. I need some more stories. The problem is Manship is so swamped with work uh, that he doesn't – he can't even come up with these stories anymore like him in short shorts fucking rollerblading around uh, during a bike fest, Eric. Now, do you think that Manship is caught up with the, like, the current podcast? you think yeah, he's falling he's, behind he, again? No, he told me. He, he's actually – he'll me and him talk all week and he's been talking. Like he'll say stuff like, man, I got to read this now that – like if he doesn't read a book and he hears us review viewing it and stuff like that he will say so if anything he's one episode behind right. uh, he'll be he'll be fucking months behind before you know it now he had a thing where it looked like the guys he has some korean emissaries from his, his company in or whatever they're doing but these guys are in from korea uh to do some stuff and he ended up having to take them back and they they thought that they were done with it but then there was that mishap that uh freaking attack in uh canada or something at an airport that diverted them and i don't know he's still involved so there was some story he was telling me about but i, I don't keep up with the news eric unlike what unlike what dancing mike says i don't know much about current affairs or politics that dancing mike uh, disagrees eric well you'll have to tune into the pop culture podcast to hear that disagreement ah uh, yes the next one is travis and travis says so, if I recall currently or correctly, Batman was pretty good in the new 52 until bitch-ass Billy decided that we needed a whole year's worth of flashbacks, uh, issues retelling the past, he's talking about zero year, that no one needed or wanted. Now in Rebirth, we are going to have an eight-issue flashback to some battle between the Joker and Riddler. Why? I it's just one- because, I'm saying, we have all this time, like, you know, Batman has kept his continuity for the most part, but it has been updated for the like you know the new era, the new time, and shit like that. So they want to like make a few changes here and there to keep Batman with it. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, you think that it has nothing to do with they're going to have Dark Knight, uh, you know, the Dark Knight fucking book, and they don't want people to get confused? Because this war of jokes and riddles Batman is just to that. To be with it. No, this is not to be with it. With because it. Because if that's the case, okay, you tell me, is that is this the official word from one Eric Shea? Because if I want to be with it, I need to know more of what's going on. I'm not. Yes. I don't want to get angry anymore. I, I need, if you're going to be with it, then get with it. I'm just talking about zero year in general as well. Oh, I'm talking about the war of jokes and riddles. I, for one, have zero interest now in Batman for the next eight issues. They are all meaningless. I can't believe the stupid tagline they ended with, Will the Dark Knight rise from the carnage or finally fall? Guess what, assholes? We know the answer already. He's laying in bed with Catwoman telling her about it. And boy, is he risen. See, that was Travis. I, that was not me saying that. That was Travis. I know that everybody's so used to me screaming and yelling about that, Eric. But you know what, Eric? That's it for mail section number one. And right. I, I wanted to – actually, it's, we have rant and raves fired up. Now we're back, Travis. You fired me up again, and now we're going off to the books. You know what, Eric? Fired up. Fired up. That's. I think that fire that's what's going to be the fire name of the uh, the podcast. May have fired up in it. I'm writing it down right now in my uh, on my mental notepad. That always. I never know when we go to do the end. We get to Are the end of the podcast. You trying to touch your brain through your ear or your nose? Yes, I am. Okay. It's weird. I put my finger in one and it comes out the other. I uh, the the problem with this whole thing is we record all week and I always have these grand ideas of what we're going to call the podcast by the end. Of the week when I'm editing it and I hear these ins and outs of the what we talked about, I end up just grabbing whatever the fuck. There's some things that I put in the title of the podcast that we talked two seconds about, yeah. but it's the only thing I can remember. I but sit yes. there and I think I look at your freaking title at the end. I'm like, I don't know if we even talked Damn about right that. We did. It has to be at the end of a section because that's all I hear when I edit, which causes <laughs> some problems for me down the line. But. See, Travis, is, Travis, actually, at least I, I'm giving this Batman a chance, Eric, even though I did say earlier uh, to you especially that I'm done. Travis yeah. is like, fuck it. Call me. Wake me up when September comes, he says. That's what he says, Eric, and it even works out that way. I always say wake me up way. before you go-go. Oh, I was just saying that's that freaking Green Day song. That's a pretty mm -hmm. good reference because this, uh, this will end in September. So there, boom. It, it works on all sorts of levels. Eric, it's, a, it's like an onion. It's got Just lights. make sure you wake me up before you go-go. No, I'm not. I would never wake you up before I go go because you would ruin my go go. Is what you would do. Because you would be there. You can't fucking see. I'm dancing it up. And when I'm go going, I'm, I'm I have a lot of arm movements. I'm not just like sitting there and bouncing around. I got some movements. Like I'm doing shit with my man. doing my shit with my hands here. I'm doing it right now. I wish you could see me. And you're so fucking blind. You're gonna end up punching some fucking lady and then kicking a guy and then making out with some dude. I don't know what you're gonna do and you're gonna ruin my go go. Gusto, you know I, I'm, that I'll wake you up before I gusto. Not go go. You're not invited. You are not invited from now on. You can walk on sunshine. You're not allowed to the go go. Okay. Uh -oh. Now I'm gonna call this episode. Eric's not allowed to the go go. It'll be none of In my mind, where where we call the episode is, where do you get off? Where, yeah, I forgot all about this. People, yeah, that, that'll be uh, coming up. <laughs> I think that's coming up next. I don't it's all know. Over the place. I think that's where we're going to. So, Eric, you're in the way back machine or the way forward machine. I'm in the way out machine. Where you are, you're in the go-go machine. But we're going to go off now yeah. to the books, including so Batman, cool, Eric. Though. Here we go. Part of the podcast we 
Spotlight on. Spotlight oh, wait, on. No, that, that's not what we're doing. See you in seven, cultured oh, ass. <laughs> this is the book section of the podcast, Eric. This is when we get to sit back and talk about all them there books that we love to talk about. Digging deep in that love meat and cheese. Getting digging deep to that meat and cheese. Make a little pepperoni boat and fly it down the nacho cheese flavored fucking river. I want to make a pepperoni boat now. I do too. And you know how you make a pepperoni boat? You just practice. No, you eat it. You eat uh, out the. You don't dig it out. You eat it out. You don't spill oh, it. I'm son. talking about you making pepperoni slices into a boat. Oh, you're making the pepperoni slices. I'm getting a whole stick and making. Just hollow, like I'm making a fucking know. log flume. <laughs> so things going to be a goddamn nacho cheese log flume that I am going to be, and you're going to have a picture at the end with me ah, and the cheese all going all over me, <laughs> all sexy and like. At the end, they give you the fucking thing. I'm there with my shirt up, big it's belly like hanging out. It's like the pictures at the end of family vacation. Yeah, yeah, it'll just be <laughs> shit like that, but it'll be fucking nacho cheese. Can you imagine how awfully disgusting that nacho cheese would be within oh, yeah. five seconds? <laughs> it would be disgusting. Ah, oh, yes, that is I'm the... I'm still dipping my toe in and taking a that's taste. That's Foodland, the uh, food amusement park. Oh, it'd be so good. So good indeed, Eric. I'd make bumper that's cars... That's what the Patreon money's now going yes, to. Yes, it's making bumper a fast cars. Food theme park. Bumper cars made out of a hollowed-out Twinkie with moon pies as wheels, Eric. Ooh-wee! We'd no, be this is bumper up. burgers, man. Uh, bumper burgers. I'd like that, yeah. too. I'd like that, too. Uh, that's And uh, the best part about this amusement park... No restrooms. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I just got. I I played the, uh, the theme park, park that ever. theme park game, and yeah, yeah. at one point, me and my buddy Pete would play it a lot, and we would you try to you get bored like roller coaster tycoon. It's like that, but this was you had all the different rides, and okay. things, and you would have to go, and then you'd have to actually like have bathrooms at certain points. You'd have people walking around. You'd have their word bubbles like, "I need to go to the bathroom," and there's no bathroom here. So you had well, we we were I was terrible at it, and Pete used to laugh at me because I actually had this one roller coaster that it was the roller coaster from hell because somehow people got in line but then the line ends up doubling back into the line again so you could never get out so it's the hell roller coaster and then i had a bathroom that people couldn't access and people were starting to complain that there might have been fecal matter throughout the park oh it's the worst i'm telling you this might be freaking dorney park and Wildwater kingdom because it's been a long time since i've been there but i remember specifically every time you're walking up those wooden steps to get to the big freaking water slide it would just smell like piss so i swear people were just sitting there in the free stand there in the goddamn swim trucks that's how jim land Jim Land was just like that. Oh, we I laughed. Hate theme so much. It was funny too because you'd have this, and I if, just any, if, any, of justice. if anybody played it way back then, uh, 
they'd laugh because and Pete, if he's listening to this, would fucking start crying laughing because basically, when you'd have problems, people would start complaining. You get complaints in this right, game, right. and all I would do is spend all my money on more mascots so that I'd have these fucking mascots <laughs> dancing around. People wanted to kill them. That's a, that was my solution to any problem in the That's in the hilarious. park. More mascots. And and one as crazy as the other. Dressed up as a shark going around. I imagine them getting knifed. But yes, Eric, this is the book. Because you know why? Why, Sam? People there were the Jets. That's right. Yeah, they don't want the sharks. They're (laughs) dancing around, fucking snapping. Fucking grease back hair. Hell yeah. I don't know actually any of the songs uh, from West Side Story. It's one of them. Does it go, West Side Story? I'm going to tell you a tale about two gangs. Is that oh. how it goes? Is that how that, that song goes? I remember that. It's been that a while one. since I saw it, but it might be. It's it the familiar. sharks and the jets. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Is that it? This is the book's part of the podcast, Eric, and you can go and read all our written reviews at our award-winning website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and that is, I'll I'll tell you right now, you go and read the reviews, about 100% less yelling on, on the site. Though, you could go to the comments and then start. I, when we first started, I was very wary of responding to people in the comments. And, and basically, somebody with anything they'd say. they could, I could give an issue a 2 out of 10, and somebody would say, you know, you're a bunch of bullshit. This was a great fucking thing. And then I might respond with, agree 100%. <laughs> I just agreed with everyone. Now I'm starting to get very combative in the comments. I've had enough, Eric. And it just, I don't know. We do go through stages. So everybody who has jumped on since Rebirth, that was a big jumping on point. They don't realize the stages of me fighting with people. Oh, yeah. Because we used to have this all the time. I just scream and yell. This Basically, if you would go back, I was one of the first, I would like to think, to kind of step out, Eric, and say, you know what? This Batman and Robin Eternal, it ain't so good. And I got so much fucking flack on the site. And then the best was, remember, the one guy would just get on each week screaming at me. And then I'd scream back at him. And then I realized some of his things went to the spam file. And I felt so bad because I thought <laughs> he thought that I just deleted them. And we do not delete comments unless they are, unfortunately, racist or something yes. like that. Or, or overly sexist or possibly say anything bad about anything I've or said. Or if we're trying to delete spam and accidentally delete another actually, one on oh, by the there, there was one. Uh, there was one this week, and I wish I could remember what it was. Just a standard. Actually, it was nothing bad. It was like, "Hey, Jim, uh, what do you think about this?" And I went to reply. This is me on my phone. And the problem is, the reply and the delete are very close together. And if you don't pay attention, and you next and your thing fat you know, fingers. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it's just on my phone, so I'm trying to do it. And uh, yeah, I, have to, I almost deleted another one. And it would have been a disaster because I hate to think somebody would have been like, I forget what it was, like I said, and they would have been like, what the fuck did they delete that for? All I said was, yeah, I <laughs> how, really like the art. How dare they ask <laughs> how a question? How dare you <laughs> ask me a question who's going to be on art next issue? You're deleted, buddy. <laughs> Shadow man. <laughs> You're banned, buddy. Hey, Jim, really liked this issue. I'm glad you liked it as much as me. The How dare you? Who the fuck do you think you are? You get off? Deleted. <laughs> hey, uh, I really like the way Eric spelled that out. I'm glad that he. Uh, I was a little confused, and Eric did spell it out. 
How what? dare you say anything nice about Eric? What Delete. The f- what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Deleted. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that'd be great. I wish that we were dicks like that. I know I there's, know. you know, you don't, you don't, you don't want to be a dick because no. if you're a dick like that, then you don't care. Like you're thinking, be a dick like that, then you're gonna feel bad. I'm saying I wish that I was so much a dick that I wouldn't care. Fuck you, buddy, and your condescending attitude. All of this is like great review, Jim. Like I need your fucking don't approval. me. I don't need your approval, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Boom, delete. Jim, delete. They're gonna call me. Yeah. So, and, and I'll just spell it out now too, because of my fat fingers. I'll go and just say it's my fat <laughs> fingers. If you ever have a comment on the site. And it seems to be deleted. Please send me an email because it also might be gone. It might go to spam, which yeah. I don't we often don't check. check. I should check now. it more often, uh, or I may have accidentally deleted it and then not realized who it was or whatever. Because we do not like to delete things. And no. again, that goes hand in hand with me. You know, even when Dancing Mike had his thing earlier, where I'm screaming and yelling. And also, if you do send in an email to the podcast and we don't read it. Please let me know and resend the email because chances are I was just an idiot or I accidentally deleted it. Uh, it does happen. I, I accidentally do it, but we play or we read all the emails. So please, please just do that and then I can go, fuck you, <laughs> behind the scenes. How dare they email us and ask me questions? What do I look like? Wikipedia, delete there. But we're here for the books. We are here for the books. Now, there people are listening now to us, and once we get to the first book, which will be Batman, how dare Jimmy delete, unsubscribe. Ah, yes, the Batman is in this section. I will warn you now that I am not very fond of... It's not even that I said. I'm just going to go now because that was our spotlight. We've already recorded it. A lot of people have already listened. So I have their, their ear right now. I just want you to know I, I don't hate it. I just I had problems and I ended up trying to kind of have to defend why I didn't like it and didn't like it. It was a six. Yeah. Six out of ten. Also, I do want to say also, because I'm already getting flack, a six out of ten for Batman does not actually equal a six out of ten for Justice League or no. a thing. This is not this. That's not how we play. We don't roll like that. It's a gut feeling, and I just had some problems. So there, Eric. I said it. Delete. I, I don't think you'll stop saying it. I'm not going to, because I'm upset, Eric. 84 floors. How dare he? Delete. But we're going to go on to the books right now. With Batman. Batman number 25. Professional, Eric. Yeah. (laughs) I always ruin it. Written by Tom King. Art by Michael Yannon. June Chung and Clayton Cowles. The war of jokes and riddles has started, but Tom King is intent to start it with a whimper instead of a bang. I do think he wants to take his time with this story, but it's already a bit too boring for me. Throw in the fact that King continues to neglect the details of his scenes in the attempt to make everything a big moment and a voice that just doesn't feel like Batman, and I'm wondering why people are still praising him for this run. I did like Michael Yannon's art a lot, but even that felt a bit too sterile to excite me. 
I am still in the long in for the long haul, but I am already questioning why, Eric. And this issue, you said to me before we started, you went in. First off, I I have been bitching and moaning about it no, all stop. week. So of course, like myself, you went into this hoping you would like it. And, and oh, again, sorry, I've been excited about the War of Jokes. It was just that title alone sounds really cool to me. Okay, we yes. got the Red Order, we got the Joker. Jim's been bitching all week. You know what? Eh. I'm gonna love this issue just to throw it in his fat fucking yeah, face. Uh, yeah, fat. Ooh. You son of a bitch! You and Juan deserve a slap. Uh, why I want? I actually, I'll, I'll admit, I wanted you to like it too. First off, so I could prove you're an idiot. Yeah. Uh, second off, I, actually, I do. I don't want to come off this podcast as being anti Tom King because I told you last year, 2016. Who did I pick writer of the year? I think it was a Mr. One. It was a Mr. Tom, Tom King. King. Grayson, Book of the Year. Uh, I mean, these are my guys. Michael Yannon, I think, was Artist of the Year. And at one point, we were doing the end of year awards, and I said, God damn it, I gotta, I gotta step back and I come know, up with Grayson something because heavy. everything's Grayson. Because I did love that. Now, again, people love Vision. I have yet to finish that. People and love people the did Mega love Man. a Mega Man. I was you were lukewarm. lukewarm on that. Yeah, yeah. I, you hated it. I, 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 I can say right now, as we step back, you hated it. And I forced you. That was at a point where you even begged at one point not to even talk about it on the, the podcast. I think we eventually didn't. We did. Uh, but no, at first, I'm sorry. I, we, we started, I think. We stopped, and then we went back. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we ended like we, – we skipped like – I think you might have I'm reviewed saying, some with Reggie or somebody Yeah, I think else. I, I did, know, but though. I don't even think we had the full run. I think like eight, nine, around there we kind of skipped because we had so many other books, and you just didn't want to talk about it. And really, uh, when it comes down to it, the again, the nitty-gritty – I don't like to talk about a book like that without you. I need you to hold my hand, Eric. You're my sweetheart. And plus, and it was you're crazy not just America's sweetheart. One of my favorite characters, Kyle Rayner, yeah. and I fucking loathe that book. Yeah, you're Jim's sweetheart. Well, again, here's the thing. I'll, I'll before we go on with this issue, I'll say to you, I thought that is Kyle. He didn't have the voice for Kyle, another big character. I don't think that he's comfortable with these big characters. Uh, I think that the way he writes a book is basically he gets some ideas about what people would go gaga about. Then he goes from there and writes a story around it instead of it naturally happening. I've been saying this all along because – and it's not even something that I go through a book now and I got the fine-tooth comb out because I'm an asshole. I do – this is the problem. I'm starting – Starting to hate talking about Batman because I come off as a negative asshole, and I really do. I come off as somebody who's just out to find something negative, and, and I'm not going to stop until I do. Uh, and if that's the case, I, I thank you, Tom King, because you make it pretty easy for me. Because as you go through the book and this issue again, there is just some big flaws in the scenes that just they they drive me nuts. He he is not. Very good at setting up backstories of a character because we have a Joker here, and we're going to start it off right now. We have the Joker in this book where I can't get a grip of where this Joker is in the timeline of the Joker. That's the biggest problem because this is, you know, kind of a continuation of where we were with Scott Snyder's zero year. We found out this is a year later that jo- the War of Jokes and Riddles is going on. Yes. We've had, you know, the Riddler locked up for his crimes d- during Savage City for a year now. We knew during that zero year that the you know, R- Joker Red Hood had fallen into the vat and become Joker. Yeah, he became now Joker then. a year then. after that where, you know, the Joker should be right into his fucking prime. He should, yeah. be, you know, become the arch nemesis of the Batman that we all know and love. 
And it comes off like he is a re- almost to the point of wanting to be retired. He is done with this fucking nonsense. Nothing is, can make him laugh. That's the it's, that's it's, the catch. It's so weird. Yeah, and when you go and and really, if we keep we do keep mentioning uh, the new fifty two, but that's the continuity that we're dealing in. Yeah. And when the new fifty two starts, which is you know four years after this, this is a Joker. Now he's cutting off his face. He's got all this other things. But this seems like I actually I don't know about you. I actually thought that the story was going to be the rise of what we know as the Joker. The Red Hood well. became the Joker. He's been doing some things on the side. Riddler's out of the picture and I, I i'll tell you i actually like the idea going from the zero year to this as at that point in gotham the the riddler is enemy number one like he is the worst and i like that because both scott snyder and even tom king going from that i like the concept of a villain that kind of gets shoved aside as a joke as kind of a you know a foolish little guy who says riddles and stuff like that that he is the big bad and now He's mad because the Joker is rising up to take his place, but that's not really the case. That's not, not what we have. And that, that I, and again, this isn't me being, you know, script doctor, Eric. This is just me wondering where this Joker is at this point. And it starts off, and there's some guys, and again, it's a very cinematic uh, scene. And you go, and I, I would even say that what he was trying to go with is at the beginning you might have, but the problem is we've already seen him turn into the Joker in Zero Year, but I think he might have wanted people to think that this was the Joker on the, the you know, he's trying out a stand-up almost like uh, – Like we saw uh, in, you know, uh, The Killing Joke. That's what I'm saying, The Killing Joke. It's a very Killing Joke, you know, reminiscent thing where he's trying out his routine. It's not working or whatever, but it's not him. It's actually just a comedian, and you get a background – a narrative, a background narrative of Batman talking, and you find out later if you didn't realize at first that it is Batman saying and saying, you know, I looked over everything. I went to where it began. I talked to the people who I could. I watched the recordings. I did the record, all this stuff. And he says, if there was evidence, I collected evidence, and, and it starts is, to already I, I, grade on me. I'm telling you that this opening narration of Batman getting into the story of the War of Jokes and Riddles. Like you said, it immediately grated on me just because it goes back to the Tom King thing where we have to repeat everything in case – I don't know if like he thinks the readers are idiots or whatever. But No, he thinks know, Selena like, because it's, it's Selena he's talking I'm to. There, he thinks she's like, sexy but dense. If there were recordings, I watched the recordings. If there were witnesses, I interviewed the witnesses. He's like, yes, you did your due diligence. Yeah, Move on with the goddamn story. And, and then at the end, though, he says that – he's like, hey, I spoke to – I talked to them in their cells. I spoke to them across the bars. They told their stories. Some of it was true. Some of it wasn't. And then he says – and he goes on and on and then basically says what happened, what motivated him, what motivated me. Whether I know that or understand that, I don't. All I can do is tell the story. I'm like, okay, so basically – you don't know anything, Batman. So is this it's like a again, whisper down the lane? Because you already yeah, told me just you, like, some like things you, are true, some things are false. Yeah. You know exactly what went down, Batman. And basically that whole thing he's saying is, listen, Selena, because he's talking to Selena. Hey, hey, baby, you know what? Uh, I got to tell you this bad part of my story here. Right. I did some shit that nobody knows about. Let me tell you. That's all he has to say. But yeah, yeah. It, it's again, it's got – it has to be – talk is terrible. It has to be – yeah, it is. It's awful. It has to be so fancy. But you have this guy and he's he's awful, this comedian. He's up there and Joker's there and he's like, hey, listen, I, I know I, I bombed there. But hey, I got some uh, jokes about a trip to Scotland and tries to start and Joker just shoots him and then says, next, please. Now a guy comes out. Hey, I'm Max. I'm Chris 
theater from Queens. Why would this guy just stroll out like this? Like, give me something where the Joker has offered them a million dollars, offered them something, uh, said that basically I'm going to kill you, you're back there, have thugs with them. Nothing. Well, this exactly. guy comes there's, out. There's no thugs at all. Like you're saying, there's there's these grandiose freaking like you know scenes that he wants to set up here, but yeah. there's no explanation that makes and, him you yeah, know have why any Why are they doing this? Why are they performing for the Joker? Like I said, have it that they have been offered a million dollars. Now, maybe they have because with Tom King, he's not going to tell us. So basically, Joker's there. This comedian comes out. All of a sudden, turns into an old lady with a man bun out of nowhere. I, it seems very weird. But he's a, hey, by yeah, the way, the uh, <laughs> yeah, by the way, I'm telling you, you look at the one before and he has like a, uh, a, a weird like a surfer hair coming down on the one side and then it's pulled back tight. But it's fine. Uh he says, hey, by the way, before you go, clear off the stage. So this guy, who just seems to be a stand-up comedian, gets the dead body of the guy who just went before him, drags him, and then dumps him into the orchestra pit or whatever, the yep. front rows of the thing, that looks to be full of 40 dead people. Yeah, and then that, starts his routine. Comic. Yeah, starts his routine then. Hey, I just got in from Cleveland, and boy, my arms are tired. Hey, Ooh. there, Joker. You want to hear a joke? Like, Why is this guy there? Why hasn't he shit his pants and run off? It's just, it's nonsense. It, it, again, it's supposed to be a spectacle, a cinematic scene. I don't understand it because I don't know why all of these people in a row are lining up to get shot. But the end result is the Joker can't laugh, Aaron. He can't laugh. And without yeah. him being able to laugh, he, he's, well, he's trying to find a way to laugh, which seems to be shooting everybody in the face. That, that seems to be his, his laughter. I, that's funny to me. Uh, then you go off and you have to be introduced to, to the Riddler, reintroduced really, because it is from Zero Year. And this this is a guy and we who find in out Zero that the Riddler Year, during this, like you know his time in prison or in Arkham, he's done nothing but work yeah. out the entire time. Yeah, he's worked out. He looks sexy as hell. Uh, the other thing he's done, Eric, if the GCPD has problems with a case, they come and talk to him. And like you said, they're not just riddles. It's more of you know the if way he spot thinks a pattern things. Or something he spots that we're a not pattern. Seeing. He, he does this. Like a new set of eyes, but also. So a genius set of eyes. Yeah. Now you go from this pit and then you go to them showing this. And it's weird because, again, they, this detective's there who then becomes a lieutenant, Eric, which I, I have a, But he's like, hey, I got 14 dead in Gotham here, Enigma. And he has a map. Now, the problem is the progression of what we just see, saw. I think that some people would think that the 14 are those in that, that fucking couple rows uh, in that theater. I really do because you look. It looks like I might be able to count them and see 14. I know that it's not. It's around town. He's doing this around town. But the way you progress into that scene, I bet you people are a bit confused. Now, in the meantime, Batman says in the narration that the GCPD has done this often. So they, they have – this isn't just this one guy. You're also legitimately shown twice – that there is a – the camera in this interrogation room on. It's it's filming them. As this far is as the I recording tell, that Batman has watched. It yeah, and recordings. they watch the recording. So they are there. So you have you – have, now, is this Arkham? Is this Blackgate? Is this the GCPD interrogation room at the headquarters? Because if it's I the headquarters – I would have to say it's the GCPD headquarters. And that's the weird thing. Why would they – get a criminal who basically, like I said, this is, he is Osama bin Laden of Gotham. He kept oh, yeah. Gotham hostage. People died uh, during Zero Year. Uh, why would they take him out of Arkham, take him all the way to the GCPD, and have him there with no other guards Just with them, and not cuffed? Alone. Yeah, why isn't he cuffed? 
Why no. is this guy? Now you can say, oh, Jim, he's not a violent criminal. He's the Riddler. No, he killed people in zero year. Yes, he, he did. did. He killed people. He is a murderer. He, he, he's a bad guy. You can't just have him now. You tell me this is black. I'm telling you, he, he's not eating people, but he might as well be a Hannibal no, Lecter yeah, with his fucking yeah, intellect yeah. level and the way he, he's murdering people. Now, you in the tell past. me, oh, Jim, they wouldn't take him out of the prison this is the detective going to the prison well this is the other thing we've already spelled out that this is way out in the open this is something the gcpd has done he would have guards from Blackgate. The Blackgate guards would be there with him. They, I don't even I, I, know about is, that. I would just say maybe even Arkham guards because in well, my mind he's uh, yeah. a fucking evil genius. Well, but I'm like, saying he's if he's in Arkham, insane. I'm saying wherever he is, he would be cuffed. And he would have guards there. There wouldn't just be this detective, just Lucy Goosey. This is a guy who had the city hostage, basically almost destroyed Gotham. And so, the, you know, you have the detective there. And he's like, hey, do you see a pattern? And uh, Riddler sees it, and he realizes it's the Joker. Now, the other thing I have a problem with, unless I'm looking at it, it's one of these things where you stare at the map, and then all of a sudden you see a fucking donkey. Uh, I wish that there was no, a pattern that I could a, see on this. It's not a magic picture. Yeah, I wish that it was. I wish that I could see what he's well, seeing. I'm, or I'm it just because, you know, we, we have a map given in front of us of Gotham. We're supposed to yeah. know that there are locations of bodies that the Joker has killed. And they're looking, 14 bodies. Yep. And I'm looking at this map here, and I'm like, okay, I don't see it, but there's also supposed to be a thing that we find out later on where it's like, why is six afraid of seven? I don't see that on yeah, there. I don't like, see it either. So you're, you got this, you have this whole mystery. I wish that at this point, Riddler would have had a red pen, circled some things, done something, so then we can see and go, oh, I or see what he's saying. Or at least have a psychopath wall where the police have fucking yarn set yeah. up on a goddamn and wall. It, maybe you know? this is something that will be revealed later. I don't think so. And he's saying, hey, sorry, I don't know, Detective, but, at le- but can't you at least see that is the joke? And you see this map, and you're like, okay. And then the, the detective, he gets mad. And he's like, listen here, asshole, stop throwing shade at me. Here's the deal. You don't get help if I don't get help. That's it. You know what? And then he says, guess Gordon's right. Only the bat can figure out where Joker's hiding. So they're looking to see if there's a pattern to where he's hiding. Uh, So that's when Riddler's like, no, no, wait, come back here. And then he gives him the riddle. And he's like, hey, you know, what what, what was the fucking riddle? Uh, What the hell was it? Can you just tell me why the end of the world never comes? Because this guy's going. He's like, no, no, come on back. Come on back. I'll help you. I'll help you. And then the riddle is, can you tell me why the end of the world never comes? And the guy goes, excuse me. And then Riddler jumps up, grabs a, a shank from somewhere. He, a knife? Did he grab it off of the detective? Because I don't no. know a detective that has that knife. Where did it come from? He slices the, the detective's throat. And there you go. Right away now I'm like, wait a second. This this is a real psycho. Like, again, Riddler did kill people in Zero Year. They yeah, were based this on riddles. This is, this is a riddle, but it's like, okay. I, yeah, then, it's a riddle, but what does it have to do with anything? Yeah, and what does it – so you go from here then and you're like, okay, now you're going to get – The crazy scene that I think Tom King was sitting there and thinking, and this might have been something. It reminds me, I'm telling you, it's a weird thing. It reminds me of Paul McCartney, Eric. Paul McCartney would write bits of songs and then just shove them together. And and you you, you listen to some Paul McCartney songs, especially with Wings, Eric, and these songs have eight different parts. 
that don't fit together that he just shoves. And what I think is Tom King always had this idea of a psycho killer or whatever stabbing somebody 26 times because that's the letters of the alphabet to show them that he had something to say, something that he was trying to spell out. That doesn't sound like the Riddler to me. And also, where are the guards? He stabbed this guy 26 times times. He says at points he moved to different locations. He had problems here. He went there. I said in my review on the site, stab the air. Just stab the air 26 times and that the Riddler is going full out behind his back, you know, behind his head and stabbing. You do that 26 times, it's going to take you minutes and there is nobody arriving. Not one person is waiting, uh, watching, like you said, through that, you know, two-way mirror. They don't have a guard in the room. So basically the scene is just set up so he could stab him 26 times so you go, oh man, that's fucking cool. He stabbed them for the amount of times of the alphabet. He he wanted them to know what they meant. The problem is, after the scene goes, because we skip out of this to the Joker, but after the scene, it seems like he walks out of the room. Now you have the whole GCPD SWAT team there. Like, where were they before? I, I, I'm telling you, though, like I, I was telling you before with this whole thing where, like, if we were forced, like, we we're doing, like, hypotheticals earlier at work, you know, like, you know, what kind of character, like, who, what superhero would you want to write if you were ever given the opportunity? What villain would you want to write? And I'm telling you, I would never want to write the Riddler because I would never be able to do a no. good job because the, the idea of coming up with these Riddlers that make sense and have, yes. you know, meaning to them, you know, for what the character's trying to yeah. do, I would never be yeah, able to get my head ass. around that. And the whole thing here, I still don't think Tom King can do that either because, no. you know, why does the end of the world ever come? Because it's round, and this is somehow means, you know, I'm going to stab you 26 times, which means yeah. I have something to say. Why not like, have a riddle? Yeah, why not have a riddle about what does the guy with no mouth say? You know, something. Something that has to do with not getting your word across. There's is a, this a some, riddle? What, what I'm no Riddler. Brown, yeah, I'm no Riddler Jim? as well. Yeah, what, I, what, what did Nicole <laughs> Brown Simpson go for as Halloween? What's that? Uh, a Pez dispenser? Oh, yeah, there you go. That's not but a riddle, boom. but still... No, but yeah, Something. why not? Why not have a riddle that's based on somebody talking, not being able to talk? Because you have it set up because he does slash his throat, so you have a way. Like, what? When does a man not have a voice but is always heard? I, I don't know. I'm making that up, Eric. I'm no riddler. Riddler, <laughs> see, but that'd be cool. Come up with that. But yeah, it, it just you. It's all for a scene. It doesn't make sense because when you go back later, you also have a lot of problems. But before that, you go I'm now. The whole thing, the whole fucking Batman sixty six Frank Gorshin riddle, yeah. where it's just like, all right, it's a C. You know, penguins live in the sea, shit like that. You know, that I, I want something that gets that's a, like, like cat starts with a C. Yeah. Oh, here I don't we go. Know. Yeah, yeah. So we go off and we're going to see at the Joke Factory where the the uh, Joker was before. Now we were told that they were trying to figure out where the Joker is through this map that Nigma was, was looking at. Now the guy who would have known now is laying there with a sliced throat. But now they're at the place where Joker's at. So to me that throws that whole last scene uh, you know, uh, basically being worthless. And you said maybe somebody heard the shots and they went. Well, well there you, you go. See it here. You, so, have, you have a bang where, like, when Gordon's yeah. there. So, and they said, all right, go send yeah. everybody but in. But they're already set up there. I mean, yeah. they even have well, the fucking yellow a, tape. They a shitload of people in there. They have the point, yellow so. tape. They have ambulances there. Everything's there already. But so that whole scene that you just saw with the Riddler and the detective trying to figure out what where Joker was. 
it's pretty much null and void. It, it doesn't matter now because they're where the Joker is, and Gordon's there. He's trying to decide, hey, should we go in? And they do. Hey, take, send him in. And then there's an explosion. And this is a really, again, this is a really cinematic scene. It's very reminiscent of Dark Knight to me. Uh, but uh, it just... When you're doing that, you have the scene set, but then things get ridiculous again because you have them there. Everybody's distracted by this fire, but the problem is the fire is going. You have cops. Joker is behind. How he gets there, we don't know. How he gets a gun, he has the same gun probably. He goes, shoots a policeman in the back of the head. There's a bang, so it's not silenced. He's just there. And the thing is, like he got behind the cops even though the cops just heard a bang come from inside, which forced him to say, okay, let's move in. And now he's behind everybody and shoots a cop in the back of the head where nobody reacts. All the other cops just watching the fire. There are cops right there. You see them in the scene. A police officer that hears a shot, whether or not a building is on fire, they hear a shot, they're going to at least look, if not start fucking firing. They're going to turn and, around and, with and guns drawn. When freaking Joker turns his sights to a woman who just happens to be walking by and sees yeah. us and he shoots her right in front yeah. of them, you think shoots they would her. react to that? Yeah, right there. And you even see, you see the guys right there. You see them right there. There's two shots fired. These police officers would be screaming, shots fired, shots fired, going, and they would just, but no. And Joker has enough time to try to make the guy smile because, again, he's shooting this. Hey, a guy walks into a bullet. Nope, that's not funny. So now we're getting the whole concept of the Joker is just trying to see something to make him laugh. He tries to put a smile on this dead cop's face. It doesn't work. He's like, no, no. Walks says, sees the lady like, oh, my God. Like, you would think. And she screams. Yeah. Ah! Nobody reacts. And then a bang. Shoots her. No, nope. Woman walks into a bullet. Nope. No, no, no. And you look. When you look at the Joker walking away, there is a guy legitimately right there. five feet from the dead bodies and ten feet from the Joker. He has fired two shots. You cannot tell me that that fire has distracted him so much that a police officer would not hear two shots fired. Have the gun be, you know, muffled. Have it that it was a silencer. So we go back to the Riddler, and the Riddler's now, he has his hat. We don't know how, but he's coming out. What you would only guess is the interrogation room. You have 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 one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guards standing there. Now, in the meantime, Batman has told us that the, the 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 Riddler has helped the guy learn how to bet on football. Yeah, he's helped. <laughs> you know, he, the, the guard at Arkham, I'm guessing, helped him fucking bet on uh, football. Bam. Yeah. So you have, you have so Riddler taught you. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna teach you. I'm gonna get you a lot of money. It seems weird. It's not like the Joker can see into the future. I guess he sees patterns in the games and stuff. That basically, it's not how to how to bet on football. He was just basically showing him well how to bet on football. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. He's telling him kind of like almost like counting cards because he sees patterns so well. So the guy has gotten rich. And in return, uh, Riddler didn't want anything but stories about the guards. Now, here's where the thing is. These are jail guards that they're talking about. These guys who are lined up are GCPD. They are not guards at Arkham. No. They are not Blackgate guards. These are not, you know, any Unless guards. everybody at the GCPD is moonlighting as fucking guards yeah, somewhere. They, no. These are SWAT team of J- GCPD. They would not be there. Now, if these were the ones and you are at the GCPD, and these all these guards were there because that's how he got transferred from Arkham to the GCPD here. Still not the guards that that Riddler would have been talking about. 
Riddler was talking to a guard in jail about the other guards at the jail. These are JCPD. He would not know anything about these guys. Uh, It's terrible. And the fact that they are just standing outside there. Not one of these guys was in the room with them or reacted. Yeah, or reacted. It's just, again, it is a wow scene because Riddler now gets out without lifting a finger. All because he does he just is stand there names. with him, all these guns pointing in his face. Yep. He starts saying people's now, names, and yep. it turns out they're like, you know, wives and children of these Yeah, wives and children. You know what? Here's me. I'm one of those first guards. Rafe Werner. Pop. Ethan Werner. No. no. I, and again, if I shoot him, I, I'm done. I am no, in trouble. He, he just you know murdered. what happens? He has is, a weapon. No, oh, I know. You know what else happens, though? I turn the gun around and hit him right in the fucking face with it. I get the butt of the fucking gun, and that motherfucker, I activate his dental plan, break his goddamn nose, and then I kick him right in the face, Eric. I hope he has there a is nose no way. Too. And, and there, you don't have the right to say the names. Yeah, you know what? He doesn't react to that, and I don't care because, like you said, he has just killed. No, they have their guns drawn for a reason. Yeah. They, they are not just there because they're hanging out at the water cooler. They have their guns out because they know something is wrong. They that he has done something. Possibly know that he just killed a detective. You, you can, like you said, open fire. Have every one of them open fire. He just says, you know what, motherfucker? Because I can't say that I think the Riddler has people outside. He doesn't say that. He doesesn't say, oh, you know what? My friends on the outside know names like Kelly John Kim. Oh, no, I can't do anything to him and even or he'll if get I these am other people. after the fact, you know, like, oh, my God, you just killed somebody, even though you, in my mind, you have the right to because you just murdered a cop right there. Yeah. And is possibly still armed and dangerous. The idea in my mind, this is like, you know, the early days of Batman and Gotham. All these motherfuckers are crooked in my mind. You take yeah. off out a sidearm from your fucking ankle, put it yeah. down by his fucking feet. There you go. Yeah, Billy, that's, that's all you do. Then you, you just put a gun in his hand. Eyes for you. Those guys are all just, fucking and, crooked. And the, the thing that gets me then is that he's, t- at this point, uh, Batman's doing the narration. He's saying, listen, he, he wanted to, he, he got this crooked guard, Ronnie. Ronnie made quite a lot of money on these bets. Uh, it was money for his kid, for his daughter. Ronnie told me Riddler never asked for anything that helped him in an escape. Not a shovel, not a knife, not anything. This is the perfect time, and Repairman Jack said it as well in the comments on our site. Uh, this is the perfect time. To explain how he got that shiv or knife or whatever he had. Why not? All he wanted was a knife and stories about guards because where did he get that? Where was that knife? It's It's just there because he has to use it. And so these guys let him go. All these guys fired. There's no way. They're like, oh, why'd you let him go? He said my daughter's name. Yeah, you know what? You're going to have a lot of time with your daughter. You're fired. Go start making pancakes, motherfucker. I get so mad. Then he says, you know, when is is it bad luck to see a black cat when you're a mouse? Okay, whatever. Uh, All right. Thank you for that. uh, Can Riddler, can I get him in an interrogation room so he can slice my goddamn throat? Tell me a goddamn riddle. Here's the riddle. Why am I reading this? Here's the next. uh, Then you go to the scene, Joker's in the cab, and he tells another joke. When is Batman not Batman when Tom King writes him? Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, You have this. When do I care about the jokes and riddles? Maybe next two weeks from now. Hopefully. Uh, They they, they go. Joker's in the cab. Now, this is where uh, I want, again, this is just, I don't even consider these nitpicks. You have the Joker, who now we've 
we see that Gordon uh, has said he's no he's a known joker. He just yeah. waltzes around town, and you know he's in the cab. What cab driver's picking him up? He's there, and he's like, "Hey, I got a joke for you." And he's like, "Hey, a man goes to a toy store and says he would like to buy a new boomerang, and also he'd like to know how to throw his old one away." The guy, I the cab that driver, joke was pretty funny. I thought this guy's laughter was, you know, maybe a little bit over the top. Yeah, but yeah, no, it was just it's not a bad I'm joke. I'm telling you, I actually thought possibly the reason the Joker can't laugh, he needs a new joke book. Yeah. But he shoots the cab driver and it's like, no, no, that wasn't funny. Because the guy goes, that was pretty funny. He goes, no, it's not. And this is where you get this weird narration. I get that. This is where the Joker actually, this was supposed to be suicide by cabbie. Because he thought that he was going to kill this cab, and the cab was going to crash, and he was going to break his and neck, his and neck, it was and being hilarious. And the fucking best punchline, because it's just a simple cab crash is the thing that yeah. kills the Joker. But even at this point, we don't we know that the GCPD are after him. He's killed a shitload yeah. of people. Doesn't yeah. seem to be on Batman's radar all of that too much at this point, because they have Riddler coming in to fucking take care of things. Like, yeah. Batman doesn't seem to be on top of this, but, like, he is not that established, in my mind, as being a year into this whole thing. No. To, to be like, you like know, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. This would be well, hilarious. Nobody cares even about go, you yet, Joker. You know, you and all these things, everybody can say, well, you know what? This is Batman's, you know, he's this is only his second year yeah. uh, of work. Um, but why wouldn't he have gotten the call? There had to have been some call from wherever it was, Arkham, Blackgate, fucking GCPD, when the Riddler went out. He doesn't seem to react to that. Yeah, you know, well, hey, still, the Riddler's out. That's the thing. The Batman only works a fucking mo- a night. And that's why yeah, the Joker's out now, my so mic, killed this, everybody during yeah. the day. And at this point, Riddler is is gone. Like he's been out for a while, it seems, and he just ends up going to where the Joker hides out. He saw that. This is where he saw on that map where he yes. would be. He just this ends is the up. The clown knows that he yeah. was like all about like okay. The clown knows where the Joker's staying because every all the murders are fucking making a goddamn you know connect the dots picture of a clown on this map, and he goes to where the Joker is going to be hiding out. Which you know, th- funny enough, the yeah. goddamn that's where the cab crashes and he just yeah, gets that's out where of the, the cab, cab crashes into his penthouse. Yeah, and this guy just uh, Joker just walks in. He's a wanted criminal. It seems like all oh, the GCPD is trying to find where he is. He just walks in as the Joker in the lobby. Probably says hi to the doorman. Goes in, takes the fucking elevator. The elevator guy lets him out. I mean, this is very odd. At one point. Where Riddler's walking in, he's walking past a lot a of, people, of people, a shitload of people. So why aren't any of them calling the GCPD and saying, uh, you know what, I think this Joker guy lives in this you know, building the guy who's that I live in? Everybody you're yeah, you about? know, the that guy who's killing everyone and, and it looks like the Joker. And, uh, you know, he just walks in. He just walks in. Now you have the Riddler, who a year ago, what, like I said, was enemy number one. By this point, it would have been all points bulletin. The fucking Riddler is out. Yeah. yeah. He just walks in, walks by people. They don't even notice him. He goes in, and he ends up going to the 78th floor. Again, 79th one fucking, floor. One of these fucking big-ass goddamn buildings here. I'm telling and, you, I looked at this goddamn thing because it says 78 on the on the, on the the elevator fucking and telling you where to go. Yeah. I'm guessing it went up one more floor because in okay. my mind— Mind. The whole thing is on this map, like the, what Joker's been spelling out to Batman to try to no. get him at the location is why is six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. And I got to imagine that it's no. seven, nine, but I guess it could be seven, eight. But where's the extra number come in? I don't know. Because I in my know. mind, it's ATE for eight then, because it's seven, eight, yeah. nine. So it would be seven, nine. But it says seven, eight here, it yeah. looks like to me at least. I mean, it's it's very odd to me, the again, whole progression. And again, even just, as, yeah. 
because it's as he's going when, in, when the Riddler walks in, he sees the fucking cabin. He gives another goddamn riddle that means nothing. Yeah, he gives that, but he also has that whole thing with like, yeah, the doorman says twelve. The visitor said, yeah, that whole riddle with it's the amount of letters and stuff. And I, I'm too stupid. Uh, but again, you have this. He goes up there. He goes in. Knock, knock. There's the the fucking four pages to just get him talking to the the Joker who's just sitting there. And again, they they just walk through. These are two of the most wanted criminals in Gotham. They're just walking through crowded places, no, no, looking actually, like you know themselves. What? Before we go on to the whole thing, is what was the point of that whole like th- that story that the Riddler was talking? Did you get anything out of that where the Which guy one? was trying to get into the nightclub and it had a password? Yeah, to get I th- in? actually, I think that that's how he, he came about of where the the floor or the apartment was. I think that that also leads into. I, I'm telling you, I'm a dummy. I'm tell- I, I read I'm a this, dummy. And, I'm, and I'm trying to see the correlation to get us to where yeah. we are in the story to like from what this whole thing about like you know the guy said ten and like the person trying yeah. to get into the nightclub he says three then so like uh, like okay yeah this and is it's the whole basically thing. the amount of numbers not halved that you know yeah, that's, exactly. the, that's the it's riddle that, but why up where the, initially the riddle seems to be that like the guy thinks that like you take a number like six the answer is three you take yeah. a number and then like at the end we find out that you know it's the number that the guy gives you and you spell yeah, and it out how ten, many letters are in that ten, ten isn't is five ten is no, three again exactly. and you're like okay i don't know what no. this means to where we are in the story I guess, though i guess we're dumb I guess we're dumb, Eric. And I don't think that that's going to wrap around and solve all my problems here. But, yeah, you have the Riddler and the Joker talk now. Uh, basically, the Riddler talk. And I actually like this. Now, the Riddler has become the most sexiest man alive. <laughs> he better be on the world's most sexiest men list. He's a sexy dude. Uh, the Joker's just there. And the Riddler says, listen, I realized by looking at that map that you can't laugh anymore. And I'm like, oh. I, I don't know how you're going to get that. But you know, he's going around killing. And he basically he says, it, it was, here's the way he, uh, I know you can't laugh. It was in the patterns, the way you were attacking Gotham. Stand-ups, joke shops, comedy movies, shows. Okay, how about that I look at it? Now, I'm not as smart as the Riddler. Obviously. Maybe I'm looking at it and the Joker's mad because there's other people telling jokes in town and he wants to be the only one. I, you know, how does he get that, that that's what he's targeting? That's because he can't laugh. And, he, and I like the idea of it, though. I like the idea that basically jokes are unpredictable, but him saying jokes are unpredictable, Batman is making it predictable. No, the joke that, that – you know what I'm saying? You telling me telling you the joke doesn't make it predict. It's just – the riddles I get. Riddler is in in the freaking prison, and he's mad because now all of a sudden they, they're not liking him or needing him as much. The problem is you don't set that up at the beginning. They say they keep going to him. Yeah. If they said that at first – the GCPD would go to the Riddler once, twice a week to solve until these riddles. Until that signal went up. Yeah, until until I came around. Now they don't need him as much. That would make sense to me then. Then he's mad. Listen, and, and even to the, the surface level of, this is when he got to do his thing. He got to be feel important and do his thing with the riddles and figuring out patterns. But the problem is, Batman's doing them. But no, we just saw them come to him and he slits yeah. the throat of the guy. That, that party's over. And he's like, yeah, I can't get get my riddles anymore but you know you're in jail <laughs> yeah, riddle me this uh, just it, it, he says but i like the idea i like the idea that they're mad because batman is there and the jokes aren't hitting and the riddles are being solved but really it all boils down to riddler realizes the joker was going to kill batman and he can't have that because he wants to kill him that's all it and, is and that's the whole thing too it's such a weird thing because we like y- in the back of your head, you know, we've had all this evolution over the time of these villains, you know, from them just being corny-ass fucking yeah. characters in the 60s and 70s and shit like that. But 
the whole idea is that these characters, in my mind, need the Batman because they yeah. are like, yo, he is their equal, yeah. if not superior, and they need to be able to fucking dupe him and do yeah, like put one over. That's, you that's kill him, Joker. all the fun is over for yeah, both and the maybe, Riddler and the Joker. Who knows? You know what? Maybe that turns around that the Riddler is there and Joker already realizes this, and at the end, the Joker saves him because he needs him, because that is a big trope with Joker and Batman. And again, I would like to think that this is going to be and where the Joker early, becomes Batman's villain. Exactly, and but not, like, you know, as early on as we are here, too, because I can see maybe they, they're not at that stage in their villainy, their relationship with Batman. Yeah, I would like to I'm see this about. is where but it starts. The Joker should be all about, you know, trying to do these things to get like get a laugh yeah. out of the Batman. Just yeah. do these over-the-top things. Not call it quits already because now he can't laugh out of nowhere even though it seems like this is his first outing yeah. to a degree. Yeah, why can't he laugh? Tell me why. And now maybe we'll get it. But as a beginning of a story, I'm just like, okay, I get it. It's, it's Again, it's this quote-unquote cool thing that the Joker can't laugh. Okay, I get it, but tell me, I need some substance to this. I need some substance to it. You find out that at the beginning he wanted to be this Joker, but he he didn't have it yet. This is pre-really the crazy laughing. I I don't know. Uh, Maybe we'll find that out. In the meantime, you you do have a thing where the the thing that sets this uh, in trouble for me right away is I thought that this was going to be the Riddler is a man of patterns. He's a man of logic. He's a man of, you know, order. He's yeah, going order there, chaos. Is, and there is Joker chaos. But everything we've seen with Joker up into this, he's been pretty chaotic with how he sliced the the guard's throat. He's going, you know what I mean? It, yeah. You don't get this where the Joker. This is a pretty badass. Uh, I mean Riddler. This is a pretty badass Riddler, but it doesn't play into that logic versus chaos type deal for me in this uh but yeah at the joker basically is like listening because uh the riddler wants to team up we could go we could kill the batman together then we're both we're both happy then well you have your jokes i have the riddles we'll, we'll fucking have a grand old time joker gets a gun and shoots riddler in the stomach batman yep. says nobody can survive from that. He says well, it. That much blood loss, nobody survives right that. Point blank in the goddamn yep. stomach. You're blowing blank. his back completely out of yep. my mind at this point, at this yeah. like, like yeah. level. Yeah, Batman shows up, and this is where Riddler says he has, he took my bomb. The Joker he ran, he left with the bomb. Now, I'm guessing that the That's Riddler just wanted, yeah, that it's a ruse, but it's, it's not a riddle. <laughs> and yeah. I, what bomb? Because then he goes off, and the funny thing is, is there, Batman says, you know, I left, I left the, the Riddler to die. He was going to die. There's no way he could survive. I left. Now you're wrong. You were wrong, Batman, because he says later, I asked him, he squeezed and, and blood filled his hand as if it were an old sponge. He told me later, dripping with water and soap, waiting to be wrung. And so while I chased the Joker, while I lost the Joker among the panic in the building, the Riddler got what, away what too. Panic? Yeah, and I also want to know, where is Selena saying, like, what happened to the bomb? Like, yeah. did he use the bomb? What happened to the bomb? Because that's where you have these, like, Riddler then says his last riddle. Hey, the, what the smartest man alive will always overlook one thing, his nose. And he goes up. Now, is that that he let him go and didn't realize he wasn't going to die? I, I don't know. I sat there. I'm trying to, I was trying to sit here before we got on tonight just to think to myself, like, all right, what what what, what does this really mean to me? You know, like, you know, he he's missing his nose in front of his face kind of thing. He doesn't see what's yeah, right yeah, in front of his face. Yeah, he doesn't see the, the, what's like, always but, there. What we're given here 
He, he yeah. sees exactly what's in front of his face. He yeah. gets this fucking gunshot that should kill you. It should have gone through his goddamn back and made a huge ass Yeah, hole. like you said, there's, there's it should have shattered. This was a Barbara back. Gordon type deal when he shoots it's him in the stomach. It's even worse in my mind, yeah. the whole thing, because yeah, it was it's right there. Blank, and it's, yep. there's no fucking blood out the back of his jacket. It's just yep. right there in the front. And just, he gets up and he runs away. And I'm like, he runs away. I, I, I don't get the correlation. He like, yep. you. You were sitting there, and you said about the bomb. You talking about the bomb because you didn't have a chance to make the bomb. So the reason he left is fucking nonsense. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. Yeah, I I don't know. But yeah, then you get a splash screen deal, a splash page where it's like, over the next months, I fought to hold the city together. Gotham divided, and and then fell. Torture, mayhem, havoc, betrayal, and you see all the great villains there. Now, oh, what yeah. I'm afraid of is this is just him doing this so we can get on from. This is what I want to see. I I I hope to God. That this is what we're going to get to see next issue. Not, you know, now it's, uh, what does he say? Does he say, he says the, uh, over the next month, are we going to yeah. start the next issue months later and go for, cause this is, I want to see Solomon Grundy beating the shit out of Killer Croc there. Yeah. I want to see Clayface fighting Man Bat. I want to see Deathstroke versus Man. Is this that we are getting this so that we can move on? Because this seems exciting as hell. And this is what I want. So I'm not going to say that I'm mad about it because I don't know what we're going to get. But it seems as if he's saying this to get by that to get to the next part of the Joker versus the Riddler when I want to see all of these villains. I want to see this mayhem. And also, it kind of throws to me like, God damn it! It's it's the year after Batman started up, and all of these villains are already well, just fucking wreaking havoc not, of the not city. Not only that, with the whole with the whole, all this villains we have in the splash page, for the most part, there's a few things that I have a little bit of problem with. But if you look at them, these are the opposite versions of our like some people similar like characters like the Joker and the Riddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poison Ivy, all going against life, each other. Mr. Freeze, death. You know, yep. you have the freaking Mad Hatter versus Scarecrow, which in my mind is dreams and nightmares. Yeah. You have Scare uh, Scarface and Van versus Two Face, you have two personas there, and you have Deadshot, Dead Deathstroke, yeah, very they're, similar they're characters. Basically the same. And like you know, two fucking like, powerhouse monsters, Solomon after. Grundy and Penguin's just there. He the couldn't Penguin figure and Firefly. Out what to do. I don't know. What's oh, going is it? On. Oh, I see Firefly. Yeah, what, and they're kind of whatever. The, I get what you're saying, but I want to see that. Oh, so do and I. And I'm really afraid that we're not going to. Because that's just – we just saw it, and now we're going to move on. But we go from there, and then we find out that this is Bruce telling This is Selena. pillow talk. Yeah, it's pillow talk. And he's like, hey, people think they understand me, Alfred Gordon, the boys all of Gotham, and it's why even you, a man in pain trying to save who he can. They think, but they don't understand anything. Oh, thanks they a lot They don't that, know Bruce. a damn thing about me. And I'm like – why are you such a dick? Like, I know that Batman's a mope, and he's a, he's a brooding man. This is a Batman that seems to hate everybody that loves him. Yeah. It's just like, now he's just talking to Selena. They don't fucking know. How about you tell them? Like, they don't know you, because unfortunately, you keep everything close to the vest, but I think that if you did some crazy things, they might know a little. And then you promise you'll change. You never change yeah. that, man. and then he's like, and I know somebody had messaged Tom King on Twitter, and I agree when he's like, because they don't know Cat. And I'm like, God damn it. You, you asked her to marry you. She doesn't have her fucking outfit Please on. Please call her Selena. Call her Selena. Yeah, just don't with this fucking cat. This whole thing, back in the day, too, you used to call her Selena all the time, even when yeah. she was in costume. Now going with this whole cat thing, is this your fucking yeah. pet name for each other yeah. now? Like, and that you have to use? Like, they fame? don't have no idea. You have no idea. And she's just sitting there saying nothing. And then he can't even bring himself to have Batman say, like, hey, if we're going to get married, I want you to know about me. It's, 
yeah, but you have to be for we you have to before before any of this. And you're like, okay, now what are you playing at? Uh, is this going to be a marriage? This any of this, or is this something that's you know some fucking nonsense fucking trick down the line? Like strange because arrangements I, that you're say, setting up to fucking then, help her out. Yeah, Selena should just be like, listen, you don't have to talk to me like a dick. Like, yeah. Here, you want to tell me you want to get this? Make it that you want to have the mopey Batman? Make him want to get this off his chest because he's never had somebody this close that he could talk to. Instead, hey, it's like, you don't fucking know me. Fuck you. Fuck you, Bruce. And yeah, what I did, what I had to do during the war of jokes and riddles. And it's just fucking fuck you. And the thing is, she is still wanted her because she's a criminal. She stole the night. Oh, <laughs> we don't know anything. We're never going to get a resolution to that fucking murder, mass murder deal. Uh, what are you yeah, talking about? Just... He's going, he's falling asleep, but she's going out and stealing jewels like we saw yeah, him back she's on the a, birds of prey. On birds of prey. I just there you go. You have this thing where it's just the whole story drives me nuts now because it's just fucking ass wipe fucking Bruce telling the story naked in bed with Selena. You know what? I'm naked in bed with Selena. I ain't telling her about the war and jokes and riddles. I'm telling her the joke that's in my pants. And we'll all get a laugh, Eric. The party's in her. I'm telling you. It'll Turned be fucking hilarious. So you want the war of jokes and riddles. Look at this. I just, I like, the, I like Michael Yannon's art. But it's just even that, like I said in my thing, everything just seems so sterile. And thing, just I like Michael like, Yannon's art, too. I don't like how buff the Riddler is in this. Uh, I like He's him. too He's goddamn big. He's been in the yard. Eric has been working out in the yard. But yeah, I, I hate that. No, here's the thing. I do like the, the art. So when I much. when I tell my score, I mean, Jesus Christ, you just bitched and moaned for all this time. But you, you know what I'm saying? The whole thing is I did like parts of it. I like that what Riddler said to Joker. I like when he was saying like, hey, listen, though we said it doesn't make complete sense to us in our mind. But I like that idea that Riddler figures this out. The Joker can't laugh. The Riddler's riddles are being solved by other people. And he needs, you know, they need to kill the Batman to do what they do. The problem is, like you said, it's kind of Batman the has Batman to be part of that equation. Are. Batman is part of that equation. Maybe they'll figure that out. Uh, but I gave it a 6 out of 10, which is probably higher than anybody would imagine uh, because there are some points I, I don't know. I I'm just, it infuriates like, me. The thing is, Tom King gets you with the spectacle because it is a spectacle, and you want to be able mm-hmm. to get into this whole goddamn thing. Yeah. It's just the overall it presentation doesn't add up no it never does he has most of his issues now have boiled down to three big scenes and half the time they're just kind of i'm this is where the swamp thing issue where i went nuts that issue number 23 where you have things in that issue where i would say in my review or talking to people like well what happened here like why is this oh you just you have to fill in the blanks you have to no, I'm telling you, half I the don't. story is, you know, you, if you're watching a movie, a fucking big old thing will come up and say, scene missing. Yeah, you, you know what You know what tells me I don't have to fill in the blanks? The three ninety nine price tag. I'm fucking putting money in this guy's pocket to tell me a story. Tell me the story. Don't get all fancy. He gets so fancy that the thing wraps around in itself and then comes out the fucking left side, fucking wearing a tutu and dancing the fucking Watusi, Eric. I don't, I don't sound understand. That fancy. That just sounds weird. No, that is fancy. That's what fancy things do. You oh. didn't know that? Yeah, I'm not what would you give it? What know. would you give it, Aaron? I'll tell you, I have to give it a 6 out of 10 as well. I don't want to go lower just because this no. is the setup for a big goddamn yes, arc. And, it and is I want to be all about it. And the thing is, like, I love the art in this issue. It's just the characterizations of these people, of these villains that I yeah. love, 
just feel completely off to me, especially yeah, what, what, where we are in the timeline of events. Yes, and where uh, where what drives me nuts about the characterizations, he is playing it both ways. He wants to show you this beginning and all that, but he's really relying on the standard cliched, you know, what we should know. Like if I said to anybody, oh, why is the, uh, why is the Joker doing that? You know he's the Joker. This is oh. what I hear all around. It's like oh, long-term it's because he's the Joker. Things. No, this is not the Joker. That I don't know that. Tell me what he's done up to here. He's killed 14 people. That's what it seems to be. Eh, It doesn't sound like the judge. Like, you have that he has done crazy shit. He 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 was in Arkham twice and escaped already. He was doing this. What is it? How bored he seems and he can't laugh how damaged he is for, like, the character he's supposed to be. Seems like he would have gone up against Batman, like, a a bunch of times at this point already. Yeah, I see these reviews. And I I just, I think that a lot of people, like, and this is is me being quite honest and, and hoping that these people are on the up and up. Nobody's faking the funk. I do think... That they love Batman, uh, and they Batman. want they love the idea of this jokes and riddles because we're going to get the Riddler and the Joker. And I just think that what they're doing is kind of trying to convince themselves that they like it more. I'm not, and you know, then there's the people who will say, "No, Jim, they're trying to get the DC to love them. They want Tom King to love them." There's going to be that as well. Yeah. But I do think that people want to lo- they want to love this story. This is the I next big story. story. I know, so do I. But you're you're not faking the funk, my friend. Also, I will say, I, I want to point out the- one thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just want to point out one thing that is not Tom King's fault whatsoever. Uh, having the Joker show up at the end of the Forge last week really yeah. kills the took you know the, the steam big out of this. yeah it <laughs> took the steam out of the Joker showing up and that has nothing to do with him. That is not his yeah. fault at all because at the point when the Joker first shows up and and even when he's doing his Heath Ledger impersonation walking away uh, that would have been a big moment. But because we just saw the Joker last week, I think that that kind of fell flat and yeah. it, it's a shame because that that he shouldn't have had that taken away from him uh but what were you gonna say i was gonna say is that like we have the beginning of the what i would think is the big arc besides for the like the the dark days dark night stuff coming to the summer like this alongside with that is the big arc of the summer in my mind and i was i'm all about i told you i wanted to go in this and i wanted to love it just to shove it in your fucking face i know but I got done this book, and it wasn't like, you know, you know when you start to think, you want to have that wow factor, that thing yeah. that really captures your imagination thinks, wow, where's what, what it going to go from here? I got done. I felt numb inside. Yeah, I, like, I was kind of bored. Yeah. I know that there were big moments, but it was just kind of it was just kind of boring to me. I, maybe it's because Batman really wasn't in it, just the narration. Maybe that did it. He was I in that for a little narration. bit. I hated yeah, I the narration too. so I, much. I, just, I don't think he You're has right, a grip 5.8 on his out voice. Of 10. <laughs> I don't think he has a grip on his voice. 5.5, Eric. Uh, do I hear a 5? <laughs> no, I, I'm telling you, I my six is me wanting to love it, and I just yeah. I can't wait. There will be there will be a time, there will be an issue, and I hope it's next issue where well. all of a sudden I come on and I give it a nine five. And if I like the issue, this is not a vendetta that I have. It's not something I'm being an asshole. I, I swear to God to people, I'm not trying to prove a point. I just have some very big issues. They might be personal I think issues that too. But then I see the same thing you're talking about. God yeah, damn it! And, I know and, I'm not an asshole. Yeah, but Eric, <laughs> I sit there the whole week and I fucking I, I give you the fucking party line of me i give you jim's line and just I'm yell like, at here you. he goes again but it's true though what i said though when you read you saw it right yeah i did yeah it's just things are you know there only to shock and awe and when you actually sit back and look and you get past the shock and awe, you realize yeah that doesn't really add up this nope. doesn't add up very well uh so yeah we're gonna go with that 
Next up, we have Superman number 25, written by Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi, with art by Doug Mankey, Patrick Gleason, Jaime Mendoza, Mick Ray, Joe Prado, Ray McCarthy, Scott Hanna, Matt Sort Santarelli, Will Quintana, John Cleese, and Dave Sharp. Our Black Dawn arc comes to an end with this issue, and while we don't find out why Manchester Black was in space or what the Black Ooze was that, was, that he was controlling, we do see Superboy overcome the mind control that Black had him under, and the idea that the elite will make sure that Hamilton County will always be a safe place to live. If that wasn't enough, we also see that Superboy's powers have evolved to the point where he can now fly, and Lois isn't a disgusting amputee after all. Yes. Oh, I was waiting to ding you again. Uh, can I start off by saying that at some points, especially Patrick Gleason drawing it, or actually it would probably be, maybe it's Doug Mankey, I can't tell uh, between them, but at points the bride is one of the sexiest four-armed women that I've ever seen. In my right, no, the bride is the sexiest four-armed woman I've ever seen. Yeah, she's so goddamn sexy at points, but then it, with the art in this, and, and really there's about seven trillion people on art on this this whole thing, it, mm -hmm. it isn't that bad though, actually. No. It didn't it didn't ruin the flow at all. Uh, the only thing that I had a problem with the art was just at points it was a little better than other points, and you could see, but yeah, it, it didn't throw me off with the amount of people that you read. There is a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I was writing this down I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to yeah. tell everybody to sit down for this one. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this issue has some problems, Eric. <laughs> it really <laughs> does. And, you know, if you, you just heard me yell and scream about a scene set up and whatever in uh, Batman, the problem with this book is it's major plot points that were set yeah. up and we never get any resolution to them. Or not even resolution, but just answers. So by the end of this, when you do have Manchester Black appearing to possibly be a cat, that uh, his, they have transferred his consciousness and, and gone to a, they set up that but they don't set up enough of what Manchester Black really is in this book and in this universe right now no, for I'm me to go you, for forward and be jumping in and reading from Rebirth on you not knowing Manchester Black you get no idea no. here except for the over the top idea that he's all about justice whether you have to be brutal to get it or not yeah yeah and he you know the elite the concept of the elite that he you do it his way is the best way and the others take the highway uh, but besides that. My the Man Manchester Black I know is from the Teen Titans book, so I don't even know what's going on because that you doesn't even that seem. Black. But again, that's the only one that even oh, if people. This is the last six years of of comics. Not even just people jumping on with Rebirth. You don't really know what's going on with Manchester Black to the point where he seems to be a reborn. Manchester Black with the whole Superman deal because he was in that Superman Reborn when you yeah. had that spread. So they have history now. That yeah, we don't and now they have we history don't know the that full we, history but, of the Superman Reborn, and that's what we need. This would have been a good way to kind of give us a little more peek into what's going on. The problem is, is this book had spent such a long time. I mean, even the stuff with Frankenstein and the Bride was set up issues and issues and months and months ago and that two-shot deal and all this oh, yeah. stuff they really took their time and then got to where we actually needed some answers and explanation and then it was just a rush to the finish line just to seem to get superboy to be able to fly that's what it really seems like all of this was all about was to get superboy powers that he had before that were suppressed i don't even i couldn't even tell you how that went down 
You know, one of the major things about this whole thing of Superboy having his powers suppressed and, and protected and all this stuff doesn't really jive well, that, that's with anything. That's the big thing with me is it seems to be, you know, we saw at the one point that black ooze that, like, you know, Batman did something to the milk yeah. out of Bessie and it turned into that black ooze that wrapped around him. And we saw last issue the black ooze come up out of the ground and make a gigantic fucking dead black ooze tree that covered yeah. the entire town. We have no idea what the fuck this black ooze no, is, No, we don't. Though. No, all you can think is, I mean, I could guess it's something that Manchester Black has that helps him control people, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know at all. And, and even here, it's just all over the place. And again, you don't even know Manchester Black, who is the big bad of this story, who's now controlling Superboy. But even that, he's just going. And then out of nowhere, it's basically like, hey, I can tell John's listening to you, Superman. Keep going. He loves his dad. And then Lois basically showing up and like, you know, John, can't you stop? And then it's done. It really, that's basically what it all boils down to. Everything else, like Kathy and her grandpa, you know, all of this stuff really doesn't make much sense when you look at it from the outside, you know, looking into this. Uh, but look, tell me about the issue, Eric. Let's well, start from the you, beginning. I don't, I don't mind the issue. There's like, I'm telling you, my biggest problems is I wanted more background on Manchester yeah. Black because I want to know what the fuck he was doing in space initially to get this uh, alien elite together. And I want to know what the Black Ooze is. But going into this, we have the elite being led by Superboy Black against yeah. Superman, Batman, Robin, Frankenstein, and his bride. And, you know, it is just Superboy beating the holy hell out of his father, Superman, yeah. while freaking you know, out. trying back. to, you know, exactly. He is trying to break through to his son's mind and get beyond the whole Manchester Black whammy that's put on him so he can get fucking his little John back. Yeah. And this is the thing here where now that he's been taken over by this Black Ooze and mind controlled by Black, Superboy has unlocked, you know, a shit ton of his power so he can fly. He can fucking be as strong as Superman, if not stronger. And Superman's got to freaking take this whole thing on while the rest of the team hold back the elite and yeah. Manchester. Mr. Black stands back and just talks shit the entire time. Yeah, he just talks shit. I do like the call where Kathy's like, uh, where Damien's fighting. She's like, Garth, wait. Yeah. He's, my name's like, that, that was pretty funny. And it I, was I, funny, but I don't understand because it almost seems like he is about to hit her there. And oh, I think he does. And it's such a weird thing because I don't think Damien would try to go and hurt this girl. No, I think nowhere. he gives her an elbow because it says thump. It looks like yeah. he gives her the elbow and, and then knocks her back. Black comes in. He's like, don't touch her. And freaking, yeah, yeah. You know, does a ground pound and freaking causes an earthquake. Yeah, the ground pound indeed. But yeah, really a lot of this is, like you said, you explained it. It is Superboy kind of fighting him they're trying to not hurt him which i don't think they can anyway but you don't yeah. you and you know batman batman is probably at this one point like i want to punch this fucking kid right in the face but this is one of those things how could he ever live that down to superman like superman and five years from now would I'm still be pissed you, whether superman fights back and punches john in the face to stop him at this point and like whether it hurts him or not he's going to be there five years later remember that time you punched me in that's the what face, i'm saying Dad, and just imagine if it's batman life. If all of a sudden not Batman, be any physical damage, emotional damage. No, and I'm telling you, Batman punches Superboy, and then later on, Superman's like, you know what? I'm thinking back at that, and when you but you look like you were enjoying yourself a little too all much, a, you son you of remember, a bitch. Remember that freaking short-lived series? I think it was on ABC or someone had a Zachary Quinto in it called The Slap. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so stupid. That was so stupid. The thing that it reminds me of, too. The slap of the DCU. The slap. The thing that it reminds me of is, like, that classic, like, uh, you know, you're having problems with Jess. And you come in, you're whoa, like, whoa, oh, whoa, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You <laughs> know, Jess is head? this. Jess is that. And then the minute I say, yeah, you know what? That Jess is a bitch. And then and now you're pissed. You don't forget that. Or it's like, here's the worst. Is It's even worse when you have a buddy and he breaks up with, 
oh, a yeah. girlfriend or whatever, and then sitting there, and you're like trying to console them. You're like, you know what? She oh, was yeah. a bitch. She's a fucking whore. And then they get back together the next day, oh, and you're like, fuck. oh no. And then the worst is your buddy then tells the girl, oh, yeah, yeah, Jim said that you were this and that. You're done. Why you're I done. never take sides and shit like that. I'm no, like, you I leave can't. It completely open. I'm. Fr- I'll be friends with both of you. I don't need to hear no. about either of this stuff. I just say I'm, I'm not, not friends with either. But yeah, if Batman does, and he's blocking John, and John's going, and again, you could even say, uh, as you go through this, that John must be taking it a little bit easy, like he's trying to fight through it, because he could just punch Batman in the fucking, the next well, fucking that, that's county. that's the thing is, too, and while we know he has this whammy on him, and the black ooze that is making him stronger... It seems that you know his emotions are heightened by black, but yeah. everything he's doing right now is you know as a result from what he's seen, like Superman failing and yeah, you know, he trying says to hold you, him you back, failed with and his mom mother and... getting hurt and shit like yeah. that. So this, in my mind, while you know is an extreme John Kent, he is acting to a degree on his own terms. Like he yeah. knows what he's doing, even yeah. though like you know he's a little bit over, like you know he's out of control a bit with it. Yeah, and he says he thinks that Superman is dead. He thinks that he hurt. Lois and all you know he keeps going it's funny too because as they're fighting and he's just walloping like you said he's walloping Superman then you have the others fighting off the lead and the big one is uh, the bride and Frankenstein and Frankenstein he is such a needy fucking guy every and this happens it, it, all the, it was this so happened in Frankenstein Agent of Shade oh, yeah. he just always anytime he does something and then the bride is involved he's always trying to get back together with it, it I, I'm just saying constant. it was so awful awkward at the end of that two-part of the Frankenstein and Bride two-part yeah. we had in Superman months ago at him just trying to get back with her and her telling him no I'm like yeah. now like that they've spent some that time together does he think okay baby now he we're just, like he we're doesn't stop we get back together remember he has remember no we shame spent all in that time in the vat together yep down, he has no shame news? I'm telling you, just keeps doing it. Because, yeah, the whole thing, and it even goes back to Agents of Shade uh, in the Frankenstein book where they had their, their son and the they, he was an abomination and stuff like that. And it, it kind of threw them apart. But, yeah, he does not stop. And in this, then he gets his arm cut off uh, by John's uh, you know off. heat vision. And then, basically, Manchester Black just grabs onto one of the stitches that is putting him together and just unravels him. He just fucking falls apart. Everything falls off him that was stitched together and he's just a pile of fucking parts which makes me laugh i thought it was funny i know that some people were confused with that saying that it looked like that was like his life thread or whatever like that but it does look like it was just his just stitching. stitching yeah yeah and i thought that was pretty cool it was kind of and i like he just act he's kathy too he looked down but i also love i love when frank frankenstein will try the most to get his brother hey looks like we're doing it again you know it's just like old times maybe we can get back together and every time she's like, fuck that, <sighs> he's always upset and always ends with a grunt, which does make me laugh. But boy, she's sexier. She oh is God, going to so town. She, and, and basically, uh, they're trying to kill Manchester Black, uh, Frankenstein and his bride. And she's just a And then they turn their sights on Superboy Black, which I thought yeah, was well, that's, up yeah. because at the one point, you know, Frankenstein has his goddamn supernatural gun pointed at the back of his yeah. head. I'm like, all right, if, if this goes down... Superman is going to tear Frankenstein Oh, yeah. Apart. And I don't know that Frankenstein cares them because at that point, uh, Superboy pretty much 
has frozen the bride. The bride and yeah. I'm thinking, because even at the end, Frankenstein acts like he's not sure that she's going to be okay. So he is, the, you know, it, it's a, actually a pretty cool thing where you have Superman and his son, and then you have Frankenstein and his ex-wife, which he doesn't, I'm telling you, he does not consider an ex-wife. She hasn't he just the papers yet. Yeah, he just thinks that she's just, you know, she'll come around. So he's really mad. And I think at this point, she hasn't he will. She has monster divorce papers. Yeah, he will shoot him. Superboy, he's pissed, and he doesn't care. And that's when Manchester kind of unravels him, and he's just laying there ahead, a fucking arm, doing the Humpty Dumpty. Uh, but yeah, that's arm. when that's when uh, the Superman and Batman, and Batman says to Superman, "Listen, I can tell he there's somebody in there. He's still in there. He he's listening. He I may not be able to control himself when he talked yes. to him." And it's okay, but yeah, they're going to do this. And all the time, you said Manchester Black just starts talking shit. Well, Superman flies away. He's going to draw John away from the Black. They realize well, it must be this Black. Yeah. And, and Black himself. So let's get him away. Superman goes, and that's when Manchester Black's like, hey, you know what? He's running. You're, you're a fucking old man. He's a fucking coward, and he's going. Go get me his cape, and I got to take a piss. I was like, Jesus Christ, Manchester Black. Everything comes to a head, though, when Superman does fly away and John is trying to heat vision him from behind. Yeah. They end up cutting that gigantic yeah, black cut that gigantic tree ooze, like, yep. in half. And it's astounding. This thing is taking up half the goddamn town at this point, like overlapping the like the, like yep. the surrounding uh, like barrier. I, I can't even think what I'm saying. It is up in the air, and it's the freaking branches of it are overlapping the town. And Superboy cuts <laughs> this in half, and then yeah. Superman is going to go try to save it but no superboy decides he is strong now yeah. he's going to be the one to save him and that's the, the whole thing and, and and this is what manchester black has been feeding him all along anyway so it yeah. goes right in with what he is as superboy black is manchester it even set it up back in the issue where the octopus came up the squid exactly. i mean the squid came up and it was more of the i can do it dad you know and and all the people remember all those people coming out man john you're the best now we see that was they a complete yeah. setup it was a setup but yeah he's going to continue doing that uh and he does he's saving everyone and that's when superman's just like i i gotta knock some sense yeah, in he's him. taking the opportunity at this point to put his son down and freaking slams him into yeah. the ground so goddamn hard hard enough to jar the, the elite spaceship from the yeah. like the hole that it's like the it's yeah. plugging up between space and time and when it does it causes a ripple of lightning to shoot out at superman and superboy causing them to see like different possible futures that they could be having where you see like Damien as Damon Batman, as you Batman. see John as Superman, even Kathy all grown up. I don't know who she's going to be, but she looks kind of cool yeah, there. Yeah, it looks like they're together, and for some reason, Bizarro World, it looks like Eric, right behind yeah. Superman. It's very odd, because it, it just seems like that. Now, he does say, I can see worlds beyond days. Seems like he sees one world and yeah. one future of them. It looks like that's that would be like a world's finest of another I, I want to see the story now where John and Damien team up as the world's finest superman and batman and for yeah. some reason have to go to bizarro cool. world yeah it looks cool and for some reason like i said bizarro world just seems on yeah. uh but yeah then this well, whole quantum rift and the quantum rift goes through, and then basically superboy starts going out of it because he sees the you know i see truth lies it justice injustice hope despair there's no room for black and then realizes and says everybody the darkness screams for you screams for black and you know what i've had enough get out of my head and he just wants and I'm telling to you, that stop is such a then. fucked up line though after superboy is up he's like there is no room for black the darkness screams for your blood black i'm like and he's just looking at mansion like that is fucked up, and I'm yeah, kind of scared yeah. now. And it's funny, too, because I'm glad that they didn't do anything here because I thought 
that when Superboy was going to turn on Manchester Black, it was just going to – now he does beat the shit out oh of him. God. But I thought he was going to like kill him just out. Manchester Black does not really fight back. He just kind of no. takes it. And the thing is you start to wonder why Manchester – I guess he was so confident that he could control Superboy to do it. But he really – you know, kind of fuck with the wrong family and, and also knows how it failed with Superman. He does say all this stuff about Superman, but basically it ends up being the whole thing that this book has been based on since even before when it was just Lois and Clark. Yeah. Basically, the love of their family is what pulls him through because he's going. He's really ripping apart yeah, I'm telling you, Manchester. this comes freak in the Christmas story when Ralphie gets on on top of yeah, Scott, Scott Farkas and, yeah, and just goes to town. And then starts, you know, when his mother shows up and yep. like Lois it's shows exactly up here and she's fine. And then, like, it snaps John out. He starts crying. I'm like, and then he starts crying. Yeah. It is Ralphie. And the thing is, it's it's good because Lois, when she shows up, he may actually end up killing Black. And it's good that he didn't because he's I super. Start crying too because she's got two legs, Jim. She's I know she two has legs. two legs, that's and so that's heavy. the the whole thing. Though is the explanation is Manchester Black can kind of make us think what we he wants. It, yeah, it's he, very. It's it's a little hokey to a degree, it but is. in my mind, like with everything that's going on in the city or the town, the county, whatever you want to call it, yeah, I think he's projecting a lot of shit out there to make sure that the town is, is not in a goddamn panic. So, like you know, when they projected, like I think you know, he projected this. He was projecting the rest of the city not to go fucking. But insane, again, so. you're you're starting to get towards almost like a black mercy thing where it's so. Everybody's so in that she's actually in the hospital getting operated on by people. If you think about it too much, it falls apart. I was talking to somebody about this in the Slack chat about why, like, you know, because they read this and they weren't too happy with it. In the last issue when we were talking about, we saw Superman and Lois in the hospital. Yeah, they were. And we actually made a point to say, you never see her legs. No, we didn't see her legs. And, like, you know, I think they might have realized that she might have been okay when they got to the hospital and realized there was nothing to be done with her. Maybe. Maybe, but I that would have been weird that because that would have been more of a thing to to show Superboy then and for Superman to say. But again, it's comics that you're going to reveal, but I didn't like it. I thought that that was a very hokey way to I, get I out of a really bad situation. Bad. But hey, you painted yourself into a corner well, and then you get out because then basically we're going to do a little hands across America, hands across Hamilton County where Kathy, John, and Superman kind of join together with their powers to destroy all of the black, including oh, that's Manchester the whole thing is that, so. you know, Kathy is trying to use her psychic power to attack yes. Black, but he is connected to John at this point, and she can't pierce through and get yeah. to him, so she uses John, like, as a freaking, like, a yeah, tether. She yeah, grabs yeah. hold of him to use his power against Black since they are connected, and puts a goddamn whammy knocking his consciousness out of the Yeah, spot. well, and there's the big tell, too, that I don't know that most people said, but when the big ba-boom happens, you do see one of the ba-booms going through the cow sure there, do. where the cow's like, moo, and that's basically seems to be Manchester Black's consciousness consciousness that came out because now he's a vegetable and sure they're is. there and it's just like he's a vegetable who ends up going back they take him to the fortress of solitude uh to kind of wait to see what goes on in the meantime damien picks up frankenstein's head <laughs> and again that's a, it's project. funny it's like uh, uh this disgusting thing i think i stepped in your bell my bride ah she'll <laughs> fall it looks you're gonna be my new science uh project Huh. <laughs> that's all he does uh, and then you have to tie it up and uh, this is the problem I have the main problem I have with this besides not really knowing exactly what happened I mean that's a huge thing but the other thing is just now we have to kind of go from here and you have you have an easy out because they are leaving we know yeah. from Action Comics we know from this they are leaving Hamilton County Super Sun, so, yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to really 
tie things up and that is a, to me it is an easy way out it's a crutch almost it, you know to say that the elite are like you know what we made a mistake but you know we want to stay here plus their ship they can't leave so no, we, we want to leave that ship is yeah. like they have ripped a hole in time and space that ship yes. has to stay there because yeah, if they do that it'll just destroy fucking reality it yeah. seems yeah so they're basically like oh we're stuck here but we really you know we took a liking to this town and uh we're gonna go back to where i'm gonna be the mayor again and i'm gonna be the police chief and i'm gonna be this we're gonna do this and superman just is like at one point he seems to be like i Get don't know about this yeah. yeah how dare you <laughs> Where do you get off? Hey, Superman, I'm going to be a mayor. What the fuck did you just say? (laughs) But no, and then he's basically, it's funny to me, I would have had Superman just like, eh, fuck it, we're moving to Metropolis. You fucking dig your own grave. But no, this is John's story, and John steps up and says, Dad, and with that little daddy, you know, Superman realizes he has to set an example for John and And show him that you can trust people. And Kathy's there too, and that's part of it as well. And she's going to stay. And uh, Seems like she's yeah, gonna they're be the head of the elite now. Yeah, they're going to rebuild uh, Hamilton County. They're going to live there. And like you said, Kathy seems to be the head of the elite, even to a point where uh, Lois is like, "I I feel wrong letting you stay here by yourself." And she's, I was waiting for her to say, "Well, actually, I'm seven hundred year old alien yeah. uh, that just has a fetish with your little boy son." But uh, she just says she can do it. Uh, they have the whole thing with the tree, and that's a very personal thing uh, with John and Kathy. But even then, before that, they did rebuild the city. They have the carnival again. This is like really the carnival. Back to early in the Superman Yeah, and, and really the carnival in this town, that seems to be like that shows you the health of the city. Like when yep. the carnival's going good, so is Hamilton County. It looks pretty cool. And there are, you know, interviews and stuff during this, and everybody's fine. You even have those kids that were the fucking – the no good Knicks there, which we see near the end. But yeah, everybody's happy with Hamilton County again. And I will say that after all this, now we can go with the Action Comics and now we can go with the Superman for them leaving. I do yep. still think that they would have a positive opinion of Hamilton County, even though the whole thing's fucked up. It's a very loose movie type thing. Like, man, you know what? We had some problems with. Boy, you can't beat Hamilton County. And you know, then, you know what I mean? It's funny, though, because this week in Super Sons, the whole thing, John is all pissed off that they're leaving Hamilton, moving to Metropolis, and he doesn't no. want to do it. And they're like, you know, I just think at the back of Superman and Lois's heads, they're trying to convince John that, like, we, it's better in Metropolis. We got to get the fuck out of Williamsburg. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out. This but yeah, and, and again, here, you, you may even want to think that John or, or Lois and Clark want to show John that they don't they don't hold grudges or they don't think of people we as lesser. Well, yeah. we're fucking hundreds like, of miles away. Let's get the fuck out of here. But yeah, again, I would even say as far as John I don't considering want to look at that Candace alien in the face I'll ever tell you, again. The other the other aliens that are the elite in town. I'm now considering that John says that they're his friends as well. So when he uses the plural, I can go with it. I'm telling you, I, I'm just kind of joking about this because this town is a fucking horror show. They got to get the fuck out. Uh, but yeah, the tree that was burning and all that, that was, again, it was an illusion. But it looks and ugly. Kathy used her power to Kathy recreate power. it to make it bloom again. Yep, and they go and they, basically it ends with 
Superboy not having power, supposedly, and uh, him saying, yeah, you know, Kathy says, it's a shame that your powers are gone. And he's like, no, no, my dad checked me out. They're going to come back just when I want them to or when I need them. And they're talking, and he starts flying. He starts lifting up, and then they start flying. And this is a big thing for John. This is his first deal. You have crypto out there flying. You have all this stuff uh, going. I would have thought that it would have been cool if Kathy would have brought back Goldie with her goddamn powers there. Sometimes dead is better, Jim. Oh, it have been great. If I can remember when Goldie came back, that was last issue, I think, yeah. was the skeleton. But yeah, and then it's a nice little thing with John or Clark and uh, Lois. It's a and nice way talking. to book and this end of this yeah. freaking, this is like an era in my mind of Superman. Now that it does feel, I have not looked at the solicits, but it does feel we're moving on after this out of Hamilton County. Yeah, yeah. And this does bring us back to the beginning with the whole feeling of hope and family yep. and even friendship with Kathy. And I'm like, yep. you know what? I really like this ending because up until like, you know, we, you know, this whole part where we had the, like the, um, we look at the aftermath of everything that went down during the Black Dawn. A lot of this book it was just some bullshit fighting that didn't yeah. really go anywhere. But once we got towards the end of that and beat Manchester Black and we got into what the Superman book has felt like again, it just made me feel really good reading this. Yeah, and then it ends with the good, no good Nicks going to the Cobb farm. And they go and basically look like they're getting mind-controlled by the cow. Yeah, they're that having was like dreams Bessie. about freaking – It yeah, seems like that. Bessie and they in go, my mind. Yeah, they're having and, dreams that are leading them to the Cobb farm. And it looks like – Cigarettes. Yeah, and it looks like at that point Manchester Black and the cow is controlling them. Their eyes are glowing. Yeah. His eyes are glowing. They're giving him a cigarette. So, yeah, you have a, a cow smoking a cigarette. And then they kind of break out of it. Uh, yeah, which I'm, I'm guessing exactly that there. that's what I think that they're going with, that he's just kind of regaining some powers like that. And then they tip him and laugh. And I'm sure Manchester <laughs> and Black I is laughed. like, Manchester Black's like, God damn it. I was I was in control of the elite. Now they're tipping my ass. I don't know I like tipping cows or watching cows smoke. I think it's yeah, tipping I think the watching the – I like watching the cows smoke. That's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, you end with the – Kind of it better. I I like that more. I saw some people like that's the fucking worst ending. I'd rather have that than have something crazy and then to the end. Yeah, like this is just something we may not see Manchester a, Black no, for I fucking three years see him again for a long ass time. Yeah. The whole thing. I like this as a fun little ending to yeah. put, put a pin in this story. Yes. Yes, Eric. What did you give it on? The I gave side? it a seven point eight out of ten. Oh, a seven point eight. I really did not enjoy all of the fighting that we had in the beginning, but it was you know. It showed the strength of Superboy because I, I took the whole thing as uh, even though he's being mind controlled. I talked about this, how it is just his emotions enhanced and he is doing what he thinks is yeah. right, even though he's going out of control with it. But as a Superboy story, which I really enjoy, I think it was half decent. It was just a little bit too much nonsense fighting. But the where we wrapped everything up with, you know, the like the hope, the family and the yes. friendship, I had a good time with it. I felt good by the end of it. And I love the art. Yeah, well, uh. I love the end. I love after the carnival, even the carnival bit and the end. Mm -hmm. I love kind of like the beginning, but that middle was nonsense. You don't have any explanation of what happened, and it just happens. It's basically just like without knowing what that ooze is really doing, all we're going to go from is Batman saying, he can still hear you. I can tell from his body language. And then basically it took John to heat vision the black ooze fucking tree fucking thing done. I would have thought Manchester Black would have known better than to have that part of it, but I don't know what he controlled or not. I I don't know either because 
because Tony, this is like I might not be remembering Manchester Black right from this earlier, but like you know, like when he showed up in the previous continuity, but he looks like he has the the black ooze covered on him yeah. too, and like in one of his one eye is even all black ooze. Well, like, even I thought that I actually don't know was if this weird. Is a part of him or not? That the weird thing is, and I'm going back because you don't see like his face a lot. I'm trying to go back because I thought that that eye being black when you really really see it, I thought that was a showing that it was wearing off. I didn't know, and and then the whole thing about the you know we hit the time rift of the spaceship and if we hold hands we can get rid of them there's no explanation at all of no, what the happened explanation with that with the whole uh, like you know the whole holding hands kathy needs the connection of john because black uh, manchester black and him are connected with yeah the whole oh thing i know right but now. how does that amplify her powers though I, I she's don't, psychic. I don't yeah, know. but I'm saying it's like you're amplifying your powers. If you're psychic, you hold my hand. It just I'm telling you, it, it wasn't explained. And then it goes where Manchester Black then is shooting his consciousness out of his eyes. I, I don't get it. And it all it just didn't make sense. And if that was the case, why didn't she hold John's hand? You know, before you know he even got the black goose. Because at one point they even had a chance. It just I'm telling you, uh, the, you didn't get any answers. It just happened. And because I can I can't give it. More more than a 6.5. I did like mm-hmm. the art, but the stuff in the middle and then what we got leading into this, we have no idea what, like you said, you don't even, you never found out anything about Manchester Black. Uh, why, why was he space? going through space and time? And, yeah, I, I just don't get it. Uh, but yeah, because of that, but I do like the end. I do like how it ended. And I love the art once it, it, you can tell when Patrick Gleason gets on and oh, then definitely. all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that's the book. You know, when John, I keep saying John, when Clark and Lois are watching John fly, like that's the greatest and, yeah. and that's and really good. Embrace each other with a Yeah, and, and like, it, it goes off. It. Now we have the fun thing where now John has some powers that we yep. wanted. I'm sick of seeing him jumping around. I want to see, I, I'm telling you, I want the first time that we see John and Super Sons have to carry Damien like Superman sometimes carries Batman and Damien is going to be so pissed that that's the stuff I want. But yeah, that's what I say, Eric. But we're going to move on to the next book, which is... All-Star Batman, number 11, written by Scott Snyder, art by Raphael Albuquerque, Jordi Belair, and Steve wands the first ally arc continues and maybe it's because i am not having the best of time with the regular batman book but i like the story a lot seeing the 27 clone program call out from snyder's detective comics story was cool and throwing in the alfred ai was icing on the cake as for the issue itself i think that snyder is actually having the fun that he keeps promising that he's gonna have and i actually am as well and i'm sure this is the problem this comes out the same week as the batman that i didn't like as much so everybody's gonna listen here and have their idea like, oh, Jim didn't care about this or Jim didn't care about that. Uh, I like this issue. I like the interactions between Batman and Alfred. Uh, it's a very quick-moving issue. I don't think that this review of it's going to be that long. Not a lot really happens, no, not but at it's all. action I'm telling you, though, I was actually a little upset because when we had the callback to the whole, like, I think it was – it's weird because they call it the Genesis engine in here. Wasn't it the Genesis project that I think it Batman was, was yeah. working on that yeah, recreate yeah. himself? Yep, I think that's what it was, and I think that that's kind of tying into this as well. I okay. think that that's also why Batman is trying to find this and also remember in that first issue of the arc last issue he did say kind of that he has been looking for this for a while yeah. and that's why i think he is is but interested in it as well we got this part in the beginning talking about you know the whole thing about recreating a batman every 27 years yes. and even the alfred ai i'm like which we saw in the futures end with the batman beyond for that yeah. like until it went away and never came back which really upsets me but yeah 
I wanted to see more about this. Like, I didn't yeah, care I did about too. freaking the rest of the first Dalek. I wanted to see more about the Genesis yeah, project. And that's, even though I, a lot of people don't like it because a lot of people think of back, you know, to Super Heavy when Batman came back with yes. the Genesis engine and shit like yep. that. Yeah, but, but when like, it uh, was spelled out in that Detective Comics number 27 of the new 52, and it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And all that stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, good I time. loved it. And if you go back, if you go back to that issue, it was basically the, you know, Detective Comics 27. It's a, it, that was a big issue. That's when Batman wow, first so. showed up. So they treated it as a big event kind of thing. And they had an oversized issue that had a lot of other writers in it. Uh, obviously, Scott Snyder was writing Batman at that point, not Detective Comics. But they had him write this issue that had this clone, this Genesis project. And it was a really cool story. I like that whole issue. It was also the start of Gotopia. That was the beginning with Catbird. I Which actually I was, read. I was all about at the beginning and it just yeah. fizzled out real fast. Yeah, I actually that I read that uh, John Layman story. It was John Layman, right? That yes. did the Gotopia. I actually went back and read that Detective Twenty Seven, and that Gotopia start was awesome. Yeah. With Catwoman as Catbird was his Robin at this point. If you, I'm telling Him you, and go Selena back. were married. Yep, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun that that deal, and it was kind of like this other, like a dream world type deal that kind of went a little wonky. Also, yeah, it never really made sense yeah, in the end. Yeah, for some reason, Killer Croc's dream self is a white guy. Yeah, with he was hair. a white like, guy that caused the state. deal. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy, but it was pretty cool. But yeah, in this, you end up after that, which was cool, and basically Alfred saying like, you know what? And it still throws me off when he says my son. Uh, yeah. It kind of does throw me I'm off. I'm like, every time I jump into this, because we talked about it last time, we talked about All Star. You think it's Damien. He's talking. You think it's Batman talking about Damien, right? I don't know what I think at first. That's what I, I always when think. I, when I jumped into this, because we talked about it so much, I'm like, all right, he's going to try to like set me up with something here. Yeah. Where it's, I think it's Alfred, but it's not going to be. But no, no, it, it's Alfred. Yeah, I always end up at tying it around and thinking that it's Bruce talking about Damien. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's Alfred. And like at one point, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Alfred's father talking about Alfred. No, it's you're this. No, yeah, it throws me off but he says he doesn't you know he doesn't believe in death he doesn't believe it he just doesn't he has a clone program that he's working on that every 27 years a new batman is created and also he's working on the alfred ai the alfred, alfred protocol as well to make him live forever as an ai that would be in the back computer type deal and yeah. it's cool and i said in my review yeah in my review i said just like you I want to see more of this again. This is really interesting there. Exactly. But then it goes off and Batman is in as Bruce, as Hush. Because we haven't dealt as... with any of this stuff since like Batman number 50 of the New yeah. 52, I think it was. Yeah, so it's cool. And he is where Thatch had been killed. We still don't know who killed Thatch. But if you remember from the last issue, he went into this secret, kind of this back room. Thatch was dead. He kind of closed because these three, uh, you know, mob guys or girl, two guys and a girl, I believe it was. Uh, they're after him. They're the big people of Miami. They think he's hush. Yeah, they think he's hush, and he's got to get out, and he's trying to find, figure out a way out. And he says to Alfred, you know, I need an escape plan here. And Alfred's like, I, I can't find one. You're in a box. And then it makes sense there. And this is what I'm saying. Now, it makes sense because somebody was in there. Yeah. So there has to be a way out. He gets a grappling hook deal from a display that was Blackbeard's, and he and gets on top of the mask. I laughing at this part, though, too, because he gets this grappling hook, and we start having this narration about, you know, Blackbeard's legacy, and I'm thinking yeah. about this grappling hook. It's 300 years old, and, like, Batman doesn't think about it breaking. He just thinks yeah. about getting out. He just and thinks we have this about whole thing, and I love it, too, because the progression of panels is 
Bruce Wayne breaks it out. He starts swinging the grappling hook to get up to the top of this deal, this mask that's inside this friggin' like this office area. But yeah. like the way the freaking uh, the the art is when he starts swinging that, I thought it broke it. So he yeah, you thought it broke and flew. Uh, be he so great. He should think about yeah, these. He should. Numbers. But in the meantime, these guys are they're trying to break in. They have some C four uh, yeah. on the door to blow it up. He gets on the mask and then he's looking, 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 finds where this person, whoever it was, had cut their way through the ceiling, and then he goes up. And again, he's on top of this building. Alfred is in the boat coming to get him. And, and Bruce trying is to just warn like, him about yeah, waiting just, for the yeah, boat to show up. Please wait. Yeah, that's all he's saying. made this whole area filled with crocodiles. Yes, yeah, they're with crocodiles that are – and I even look because they're crocodiles from the Nile. Uh, is what these crocodiles are, and they are nasty. It says they are really bad. And in the meantime, Florida is having a problem where somebody has introduced these Nile crocodiles in real life, I'm saying, to uh, the Everglades and things like that. It's causing some problems. That's funny you said that about the Nile because I was just going to say crocodiles because they are called like – the Nilotic, yeah, the Nile. Like, I don't yep, know what that the is. The Niloticus crocodiles. Yeah, I looked it up, and that's what they were. And he's like, and again, this is the whole thing where Alfred is like begging him, please, just wait for me. He's not going to he, wait. He, he jumps up right the building the into the crocodiles. The crocodiles are going after him. This is where I have a problem. I have a bit of a problem here, only because they have this guy. We see the bad guy. There and he's like this knight. He he like looks like a knight. Yes, he looks mind. like a black knight. Now, obviously, at this point, this black knight either is mistaken and thinks it's Bruce Wayne, or knows that it's Bruce Wayne. But does this tie into him also knowing he's bad? It's just a weird thing I because he showed up as Tommy Elliot. And they, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or he showed up as Bruce Wayne, but they all knew that he was pretending to be Tommy. El- it, this whole thing, it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It, it it threw me off a little that he calls him out as Wayne, but it seems that they know because this goes back to Alfred's past. I'll say because the black the Black Knight or whatever he's going to be called, the first ally maybe. I don't know yeah. what he's going to be called in the long run, but he's talking to someone who is giving him orders. It seems like they know a lot more about what's well, going on. Well, and the, in the the, who he's talking to is the guy who Alfred. New in the past. Oh, Briar, that, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's why they do know Alfred and things like that. So it makes sense that if they know Alfred, this would be – but again, through the whole progression of what we're doing and all, it's kind of getting a little warped around of who thinks who is who right. because I'm really – and I, I like The whole it. ruse continues and that was a fun part of it. Oh, Apple that's the funnest Bruce, part like, of it, I thought. Bruce shows up as Bruce Wayne but everybody thinks it's Tommy Elliot you know, type of thing yeah, pretending yep. to be Bruce Wayne and where it continues in this issue, it actually makes it more – fun in my no, mind yeah, because at this point at this point bruce is going to be eaten by crocodiles and he gets saved by penguin and the black and white gang but before Great that you do get yeah, yeah and you do get a little background and i thought this was really good where alfred basically is like i was a troubled youth i you know i was living in england with my mom while my dad was winding clocks he was winding the wayne's clocks the Wayne and basically family, yeah. you see that this is an alfred who has really given up his whole life for bruce wayne but he see you see during a large part of his life, especially his early years, he hated the Waynes because the Waynes really his father and, and hated his father Waynes because his father, his father yeah, away from him. the Waynes. They and, were more important to him than yep, his father. Uh, and basically family. thought, you know, you why would you love them? And I like the progression because it starts off while it's going, and he keeps talking to us, and he goes back to it like I was falling in love, and I had problems, but my dad wasn't there. He was winding clocks, and you go through a progression where you have a young Thomas Wayne looks like he's studying. 
there's Jarvis winding a clock. Then the next one looks like it's uh, Thomas graduating from college, and there's Jarvis giving a hug. And then you see uh, Martha and Thomas dating, it looks like, and there he is. He's always there as it goes through this progression where he has seen Thomas and especially then Bruce's whole life going while he didn't see anything of his son or his wife. And and this is something Alfred hated and still probably does. I, I mean, I know as a person who jokes and all this, my dad paid no attention to me and it infuriated me at points, you know, and it, and it infuriated him and he became a man without his father and he really, but then it makes it even better to think, you know what? He ended up then taking over for his father. And yeah. that to me. And not only that, but it also led to a duality in my mind about what Bruce's mission and then what Alfred made his mission with the absence of family. Yeah. Because after his mother died and his father yeah, wasn't he had there no for family. It, he left to go join the army and had his own mission where he wanted to help people, the same as Bruce did when he lost his family. Yeah, so it makes it, it makes it very similar. And in fact, you could even go with both of their lives were controlled by Thomas and Martha pretty much, uh, you know kind of doing thomas and martha were the ones who kind of kept jarvis away from him or the waynes themselves and then when the waynes were killed that was when bruce and and i i really like this and, and it I gives really you like an understanding of you know why alfred has allowed bruce to go off on his mission yeah, because yeah. he knows how he, he knows how he it is young. and also i saw people even if he regrets it now yeah and i saw people and they're like man this sucks because this you know this is something i don't want to see alfred's mad at the waynes and stuff like that and i'm like why would you be mad this actually makes him a better person to me that he put all of this behind to do the right thing for a little kid who lost their parents and basically like hey you know what I didn't really have my dad. I can't have this happen to you. You didn't do anything to me. You, you're a little kid, you know, Bruce, when he when he lost his parents, and he did the right thing and the good thing. I, I really like it. I think that this is a really good characterization of Alfred. I'm sure people are like, oh, I like this other one or whatever, but I, I really do like it. It in was the a meantime, cool backstory that yeah, I love adds it. some weight to the character. Yeah, I really mind. liked it. Now, in the meantime, Bruce did get saved by the crocodiles. Like we said, it's a black and white gang penguin uh, Black Mass and I Great love Light. this part so oh, much. It made me laugh because they think that they have Batman. Yeah, like they, they think like it's Bruce Batman. Bruce Wayne comes out of the body bag they put him in just as a joke, it seems like. But they hate yeah. Batman. I'm like, what? What the fuck's going on? And I love it, too, because in their mind, this is Batman impersonating Tommy Elliot, impersonating Bruce Wayne. And I'm like, yeah. but no, you got the jaw wrong. I'm like, this is this is great. Yeah. I love I this. I said so in my review... Much. In my review, it was uh, Charlie Chaplin going to the Charlie Chaplin freaking, you know, lookalike uh, look contest. contest and losing. Uh, the, in the meantime, I did Which have I some people. Which I think is a made-up story now. Yeah, it was. It wasn't real. Yeah, that was made up. It makes up. me so uh, sad. I love that story. I know. Uh, in the meantime, I did talk to some people, and they have a point. What does the Penguin and Great, uh, you know, Great White and uh, Black Mask? What do they think Bruce has or Batman has done? Has he had facial surgery? No, no, because, but that, you know Batman what I'm saying. Is a though. Of disguise, though. I they know he is, but like all the time he was just underwater getting attacked by Crocodile. I, I get their point yeah. that there would be something like, you know, what's going on? It's, it's for a joke. And I think it's really good. I think that it's it well, makes. If you want to say it could be one of those hologram projectors? Yeah, it makes it makes freaking look like an idiot. But it <laughs> makes, makes it all of them. It look, makes it, it all makes of me laugh. Yeah. 
And it's like, it's not the, it's in the jawline. I like that friggin' jaw. (laughs) Yeah, and in the meantime, they know about this Genesis machine, and the big twist is, they want, they think, they know this is Batman, or they think, you know, this is just Batman. They don't know a secret identity still. But since it's Batman, they're like, listen, we want to help you. We want to, we want you to get this. You have to destroy it. Now, the problem is, as you pointed out at the beginning, I don't think Bruce wants to destroy it. This no. is not just that he wants to get it to keep it out of bad people's because hands. Because in my mind, while this has been going on, like, you know, this did bring Bruce Wayne back and made him Batman again for where we were in Super Heavy when he was that freaking, you know, yes. not Batman, Bruce Wayne with no memory of what happened yeah. before. This did bring him back. But up until that point, at that, like, you know, it wasn't working. He could never get the machine to work yeah, properly. Yeah. So and, I think and, this is the missing part to finally make it real. And again, this would be like the way it, it's very like an Indiana Jones thing, even with the even with the Ark or you know the uh, all of it. Where I'm he, saying Temple of Doom just or Temple of Crocodiles. All of no, I'm That's just saying I'm that. Saying. <laughs> I'm just saying he wants to find this uh, because this is it something that the he's. This, no, because he's been trying to get it all his life. Yeah. There's there's no way he's going to oh, get this. Oh, I got this. you. Last Crusade. Yeah, the Last Crusade. He's going to get it. This is a obsession with his. Yeah. Uh, with him. He's not just going to get it. And, and now I think he will. He might even give it to top men. But top no, in the meantime, they, they say, we want it destroyed because we don't need this nonsense. Plus, they're kind of ticked off that Tommy Elliott went and fucked them over by coming down anyway and it's causing trouble and all this sort of thing and, and whatever. Uh, but in the meantime you do continue where alfred is you know he's in the army now he's trying to you know he's an angry guy he's gonna do things he doesn't care if he dies or not he's you know laughing at fucking i'm telling you he doesn't care if he dies he's gonna do the right thing and it kind of seems like he hopes he's gonna die yeah yeah and it it even ties into what we had at the beginning of rebirth with batman uh in tom king's batman where you did have him try he was kind of suicidal he wanted to die a good death and i think that alfred in this is almost like a, he wants to die a death to be like, hey, see that, dad, you fucking dick. I, you know, I meant something. How you like me now? Yeah, and in the meantime, that's where you see there's a little Bruce with Jarvis, and it, it's, I, it actually is hard hitting to me. It all ends up with Alfred be, going home at one point and meeting a guy named Briar who has oh, a MI proposition before him at, from MI5, and he wants some, you know, and it, it's something that would hit with Alfred. You want to do something that means something. You want to do this. In the meantime, Bruce now is going after the Genesis deal that seems to be uh, held by Tiger Shark in an underwater casino in a submarine. And it, it's very James Bond Which he calls the Flying Dutchman, of course. Yeah, the Flying Dutchman. And there's an explanation of how it's uh, air bubble it's around the Lesson Dragon. It's air bubble that allows like that. it to freaking tra- traverse faster than any known sub. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, too, because they still have Tommy Ellen. He's strapped to a, a goddamn fucking bed, and he starts talking trash and saying, hey. I sat there for a second. Yeah. Like, Who the fuck is Yeah, I know. Tommy? And he's like, hey, you don't think this is all a trap? You know, I trapped you. I tra-. And Alfred just clocks him. Oh, no. he's in, he's yeah. the he clocks him, and then walks away. Plan. Yeah, yeah, he does. And then that's when Batman gets into the sub and realizes that whoever had killed Thatch has already been there and is killing, you know, is already going and killing people. And he goes and confronts this guy who actually, if you want to talk about continuity and stuff, looks like he's killing Tiger Shark, who we see in Nightwing right now. So who knows what's going on? But yeah, Tiger Shark gets away at the end of this Nightwing blockbuster arc. I'm saying this is where he goes. This is where he goes. Kills him. 
Yeah, he should have stayed in Bloodhaven. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they just fight, and Batman's fighting, and this this night guy is he's fucking bad news. Yeah, and I'm telling he, you, this whole thing where he lays down, he cuts this aquarium that is actually holding. You know, if the, if this aquarium with this unbreakable glass breaks, the whole fucking submarine will implode. It'll he's implode. Describing his laser fucking blades and how they're yeah. when he goes off and starts monologuing about. I am bored to tears. Yeah, like, I didn't like that it, part. I, you did not have yeah, to go you didn't far. have to go through that whole thing. Now, in the meantime, I did like the call out because there appears to be mermaids in the goddamn thing. If they are, in fact, the only reason it's weird because it looks like they have like freaking breathers, breathers on. So maybe they're not. But the whole thing is this Genesis deal. It does rewrite your genetic it, it code to be monsters. able to make monsters. So you get the idea that. They have made these mermaids, but the problem is it just made the tails and didn't – it didn't allow them to make something that make would breathe gills. underwater. So they have you to use these the breathers. Tails, yeah, you didn't move the gills. T- you didn't move the gills. I liked it though. I thought that was a pretty well thought out thing with the art and the, the, the story and the whole thing. In the meantime, it goes back to the black and white gang, which is funny because great white's there and they're talking like, we don't need no abominations of people who fucking hybrids. You're talking my language now. I'm like, he just wants to be the only abomination. But yeah, and then you go back to Alfred and basically this Briar guy, he has a proposition. He's like, you know what? You could even be a dark knight of sorts. You could be a legend. We're going to do this if you want to be involved. And Alfred's like, you know, I'll give you five minutes. Explain what you're doing. And he is in his apartment. Yeah. Uh, Briar is. And he's like, tell me what you're going to do. And he's like, no, nah, you know what? You, you got it. The only way you become a legend is if you die. And basically, as he shoots Alfred, you have the wraparound where Batman in the present, where this night guy, he does hit the thing, hit the aquarium where it's going to implode. He also slices Batman so he can't react and then plants a bomb. And he does talk to Briar on the thing and they say, do you have the Genesis engine? He's like, yep, I got it. Let's go. And then, yeah, he ends up and he says almost like... Almost as an aside, like it's a shame you showed up because we yeah. were going to make this all look like an, an accident. accident, and we were going to take this. Now you know what? It's going to be your fucking grave, and you do see them take it. You see uh, Alfred looking and watching this night come up, and, and he sees that, that it is Briar. And yeah, and then you see Alfred in the past getting shot. Obviously, he's going to survive that, whatever. And then if you, you say see. So. Yes, and then you see the submarine blowing up, so you have a a dual cliffhanger to see what happens. And maybe this was, you know, maybe in the past, Alfred, this was the first thing with the Genesis, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what's going to go on. If it comes out that the Briar just moved the gun and shot the wall, I'll fucking be pissed. But uh, you know, but other than that, I, I thought it was good. I really liked it. There's a backup by uh, Raphael Albuquerque. Say, this is a decent issue. I, I don't care for the backup. At I, all. I, I, there's nothing going on in the backup, and I would suggest. Yeah, I didn't even. I said in my review, the backup did not have any sort of put in with my score though it's a shame because it does up the price of the issue to 499 because the backup is very non-consequential it's nothing that really interests me and you know it's Raphael Albuquerque who I love which I think the art in the regular issue is really good Uh, this backup though it's not for me. I think that maybe when you collect this as a whole and read it together, uh, you know, through this, this is the problem with backups. You only get a couple pages, well, that's the and problem I really don't we care about it. We have this oversized it. book that costs you more, and it needs a backup because of that. I'm like, just tell me more of the story that we're that's dealing what with. Because I actually yeah. find myself caring about that. Now, again, like the I, first time since All Star Batman that yeah. I've actually really been oh, into yeah. the story. Yeah, and the the way I heard it, it was kind of a. Uh, 
Scott Snyder kind of giving Raphael Albuquerque a little, you know, fucking solid because right. uh, Ra- uh, Raphael wants to get involved in, in writing some things as well. So he is doing his buddy a favor. But yeah, unfortunately, I don't think it's it's worth that extra dollar an issue. And I do wish either you had this book without a backup, which we were told we were going to have, and have it three ninety nine, or maybe have you know more of the story. But I really liked it. This was probably going to be my my book of the week because I really had a lot of fun. I love that part with the penguin and the black and white gang when Bruce and the whole oh, thing my where it part. wraps around because it keeps on going through this where everywhere Bruce goes, they think he's somebody else, but it's always like something wrong and whatever. And I really thought that was good. And but even I, the line when they're giving him shit about getting the jaw wrong, and he goes, the jaw is perfect. Yeah, actually, when they let him off uh, yeah. to go and get it, he's like, hey, by the way, the jaw's perfect and goes off and it was funny and it's funny <laughs> to me because your luck that's what i'm saying that's what made me made me laugh because he can't the take it he bitch. can't take it that they Can said you that get off yeah it's like you <laughs> sons of bitches but yeah i gave it a nine out of ten it is and like you said i think this issue itself best issue of all-star batman yet uh, I liked the last issue a lot. That was more setup. This issue was the most fun I've had with the series, and the series was spelled out by Scott Snyder as being a series where he was going to have some fun. I yep. think that he's finally doing that, and I'm having it as well. So what did you get? See, the problem is where I love the main story, I'm going to throw the backup into my score of Raw, and I did not like the backup. So with that being said, I would give this a 7.8 out of 10. Yeah, I didn't. Again, it's like when we, when Reggie, well, later we talk about Harley, I don't think of that backup as anything to do with it. Now, again, they don't charge extra because they they ditch the story back to 17 pages so that they yeah. can add that back up. But yeah, I, I don't even consider that in part of it, even though it does. Add but this first ally, it's fucking firing and all cylinders yeah, I love right it. now. And I I'm love having it. a really good time with it. And right now it is my favorite arc of all-star yeah, Batman. It's easily. Hopefully me. it continues to be this good in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go off now to some more mailer. So when I'm talking to my wife and shaming people who are lame, I always mention Eric Shay. Some people like to hear the news. Some people love all the reviews. The thing that I look forward to. It's mail, it's mail, it's mail, mail with Jim, mail with Jim, all the nonsense we think of, stories of the things we do, everything that we send in, we love that it's going to mail with Jim. All 
right, mail section number two is going to start with Taylor. And Taylor says, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie, I'm behind on my books because the site order through doesn't seem to understand that the whole reason to pre-order something is to make sure you get a copy when it comes out. Yeah. I'm still waiting. Where do they get off, Eric? I'm still waiting on books for a couple weeks ago. I just wanted to throw a few quick things out there. This is the last time I will throw out a possible podcast idea, but I have two. One could be a short podcast where we vote on a character and you guys do a brief origins of the character. That sounds like a Professor DC. Sure does. Uh, Yes, this would be right up Reggie's alley. Reggie's way. Everybody, Reggie needs more work, right? Second, a podcast where you come on with your wife and girlfriend, and they get to explain to us what it's like being with the one and only Jim Warner in America's sweetheart. This, yeah, that, this is my time. That's not happening. Yeah, this is the escape. I'm telling you, uh, my wife will show up on the Jim has issues with his kids at points because we may have the quiz. We had the do you who is your daddy and what does he do? I think that we're going to have one about her as well to see if I know anything. And uh, yeah, I'm setting myself up to be fucking knifed. Because I wouldn't know shit, but I'm yeah, telling she you, might having on her there. on, I would just make fun or do something stupid where it's just going to cause me trouble. Yeah, and I'm it's like, going to no, kill I don't you. Need that? No, no, we do that enough in, in real life. Uh, well, but the first, the, door the first idea, Taylor, there's a chance that these that sort of thing will happen. Now, that's also our idea that if we would get to that goal where we'd have the trade paperback or event thing, that's more of a, a wider scale, or vanishing you know point? that. But yeah, the vanishing point that we were going to call it. Uh, but yeah, that if something was coming up that reference, say, you know, even when Bane Conquest came out, and then we would do Nightfall. We yeah. would have reviewed Nightfall or, you know, with the uh, Forge coming out, we would realize ahead of time and then maybe the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Things like right. that. Uh, that would be pretty cool. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. And that's actually – I'm doing it on a singular level with my uh, back issues. I, that's how I'm trying to get the ideas. Uh, next month on the Patreon, the voting is for a Spider-Man issue because that movie's coming out, Homecoming. Uh, Batman and the Outsiders is actually winning at the point, and I put that in because that was mentioned in the Forge. So uh, we're going to try to do some other things as well. But he says, last thing I wanted to ask, the Cellar Dweller. Is the Cellar Dweller here by any chance, is he? I, I don't know if he's here or not. He wants to know a few questions. What is your favorite and least favorite genres of horror movies? Well, well, he's not here exactly right now, but I yeah, know Well, I want to say, Taylor, you have to realize, Eric's fucking insane. He'll never talk as, you know, if, you're, if you want the cellar dweller, you got to ask for the cellar dweller. You want Eric Shea, you got to ask Eric Shea because he, he goes through this goddamn rigmarole. He fucking thinks he's about? fooling people. Actually, the, the cellar dweller might be here. <laughs> Is that good? I don't think you ever listened to Pop Horror once. No, I I did a couple times, but I I don't think I ever heard the cellar dweller. Listen here, kiddies. Is that good? No. Do you where how much for the little girl? Yeah, that's that? perfect. Is that good for cellar yeah. dweller? I don't want the cookies, but come in anyway. How's that? Is that good? No, I'm not on any list that I know of. There you go, cellar. I got some candies here, kids. There you go. <laughs> what is your favorite and least favorite genres of horror movies, Eric Shea? I would have to say that uh, my favorite uh, genre of horror is slashers, and my Slash. least favorite is torture porn. Yeah, he doesn't like torture porn. Which is it's strange, though, because I really enjoy the Saw movies. I, I thought they were kind of nonsense after the first one initially because it was just this over-the-top gore aspect, but... 
I found myself really caring about the story. Like I needed to know yeah. more. So if they throw that in, like the story is what makes it. If it's just there for the sake of gore and trying to fucking gross people out, I don't care yeah, for that nonsense. You don't like that. You don't like that sort of thing. Do you like the scat movies, Eric? No. No? Is that yes. a is that a genre of horror because it's horrible to me? Says oh, you. You, you, you don't, you're not big on the scat movies. You, that's not what you, you're down with. I'm the with. scat man. Personally, I love paranormal-like movies and hate slasher films. Yeah, uh, yeah he does not like slasher films. I, I'm trying to... What about wild animals? No, I, I like that? paranormal films as well. Do you well. like it's wild like, animal films? Yeah, I like creature features if you're going to have it like a normal... <laughs> I didn't mean creature, creature features. I just meant uh, things with animals, like documentaries, stuff like that. No, like Planet Earth. No, Planet actually, Earth, stuff like that. I find that. myself watching them quite you a bit. Don't, you don't consider that a horror genre? No. Uh, Planet Earth in there. <laughs> yeah, do you like paranormal movies? You like I do. It's just that, you just like, don't like torture porn because that's too much. It hits too much home. You told me this before. It actually it arouses you a little too much, and then you realize how awful you are. So you have to keep away from that. Yeah, that's why, right? No, no, that's not why the torture porn. <laughs> I was thinking, though, like, lately, though, with the slashers and even paranormal, if you go on Netflix or any goddamn, like, Hulu, there is such an abundance of low-budget freaking, you know, anybody's making a film and it gets out there of paranormal or slashers, and they're just fucking terrible. So there's just a fucking overflow of terrible shit out there in the horror genre. So mainly, I stick with, you know, every now and again, I'll check out a new flick, and I may enjoy it, but for the most part, I stick to the 70s, 80s, and, like, you know, some 90s stuff. Even that's not even that great. How about found footage? Is that a... Found footage is something I do enjoy. I'm saying, I know you like found footage, but if it's found footage of a creature feature, is that more of a creature movie or is that more found footage? What trumps the other? The found footage aspect being the whole, you know, carrying the camera around will trump whatever the monster is. So if you have a movie that is somebody carrying the camera around and they go into a torture porn hotel... You well, wouldn't you mind it do, because that is a found footage movie, not torture porn. Actually, I'd be interested to see how they would do that properly with the mm. uh, found footage. No, they do. But it's you like have, the, the thing how about, about this? About There's the a guy who's torturing movies. people, and he wants to put it on YouTube. Found footage. There you go. Think, you think never about the paranormal activity movies, though, where it is a paranormal movie, but it's all found footage. Yeah, I consider that more paranormal. That's what okay. I was getting at. Like a fa- I don't know what I would – like found footage seems like a subgenre of each individual type of movie to me. Right. I'm not a fan of these anyway. So I saw Blair Witch, though. I do I like saw Blair Witch. opening night. Look at that. It was there was so much hype coming out when that came out. I went to the opening night and I was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" I, I, rem- and I it, remember being very disappointed too because uh, a, a week before that movie opened, you had that one girl who was in it on yeah. like some yeah, late she night was show. Going, and you're like, and it, damn it. I'm like, it ruined the whole idea. It of it did, but I was still, people were still it. fooled. Oh no, people the thing still is, seem to be fooled I to this day. I didn't watch it when it came out because I was like, you know, I wasn't 17. I don't think at that point yeah. I was like 16. So I watched it when it came out on video. Finally, I was still scared. Yeah. Yeah, I was scared more about that fucking snotty nose she had and crying and stuff, <laughs> thinking that uh, later on she looked like, uh, what's her name, Ellen Page a little in my mind, thinking back. I can kind of see that. It doesn't she? Uh, number two, if you ha- ever do your Cellar Dweller podcast, now I think that he's talking about the actual horror out loud. Yeah, uh, We're not sure if that's really going to be the Cellar Dweller. Cellar Dweller comes to the party. He don't come cheap, Eric. So right. we got to figure that out. He's more cellar dweller to me in a pie. It's more of a video podcast. But if you're going to do the horror out loud, he says, are you going to talk about old and new horror movies? Yes. Yes. 
You I even tossed around this idea, which Jim thinks is nonsense, of just having discussions about certain things, you know, whether they still work or not. Like, just, like, discussions on aspects of, like, the whole, like, like pumpkin heads, the uh, idea of, like, you know, bringing the spirit of vengeance back. And if that's a tire to, like, you know, concept now or if it's due for a remake or something like that, a continuation. I just want to do different discussions about different things, like the timeline of the Friday the 13th series. And I would end up talking about... What? What? Nothing. <laughs> no, I know. We, we've talked about this. It always ends up with me yelling at you. It always, like, uh, you, you go, like, that's the problem is there's a lot of horror podcasts. And I think that the problem that I have, and people can say what they want, is you're, I think you're thinking too much into it because you are taking out the idea that these people, like a tailor, uh, they just want to hear, yeah, they may have heard 17 podcasts about Blair Witch, right? Okay. Uh, or Friday the 13th, you are actually discounting the whole fact that the reason why people would want to listen to that is they want your take. They want America's sweetheart's take. You're getting a little too fancy trying to be different from what everybody no, else like has I done. Like I said, though, you would still have these things though with that as well. Yeah, but uh, when we said that, though, you were like you wanted to have instead of you doing a, a podcast about the Friday the 13th movies, you were just going to have one that just talks in general and then talks about the te- – yeah, some people would like it. It's not going to be a broad hit, I don't think, but you, we'll see. People are probably like, Jimmy, shut your goddamn mouth. We want to hear this. But yeah, there, you have a very uh, different take on something that I think that people would rather hear you talk about the specific movies and, and what you thought of I say, them. I don't really have a format in mind right now because I would like to do something different than every other horror podcast I've heard. But I also like to talk about movies in general. Yes. To do like a review of like the series of Friday the 13th, you know, individually, movie by movie. But I would also like to do things like maybe a commentary at the end, you know, just for an added thing. It's a, it's going to end up being a long podcast if that's the case. But I yeah, don't actually, know exactly the one, what the I one thing you were talking about to me, I think I, I estimated that it would be about seventeen hours long. Uh, yep. Because it was like commentary on each one, a discussion of the thing in general, a timeline discussion, and a review of each movie. <laughs> like you, you are really going for the gusto there. Yeah. But yeah, we will see. Uh, then and I still can't get you on to talk about Looney Tunes, Erica. That's well, Looney Tunes <laughs> you don't want to talk about Looney Tunes. Lastly, have you seen the movie Darkness Falls? Yes, I have. A pretty good movie with a good idea that lights out made me remember the tooth fairy is real, and if you see her face, she will kill you, but can only be in the dark. A poor boy who sees her must live out the rest of his life in the lights or die. Pretty good idea. As always, thank you guys for everything you do, and have a great week. I am going to do a podcast about horror movies myself. That's what it's going to call Jim on Horror Movies. How about that? No, you won't, because I'm no, I do it. I, I could just sit there and say, just like, so I can nope. yell at you. <laughs> nope. And I would say shit on purpose wrong. Because I, when we don't get to listen to podcasts at work anymore, but I would listen to horror movie podcasts just so I can say to you, they said this. And then you'd get so mad. You'd get <laughs> furious. Uh, the next one. Thanks, Taylor. And uh, the next Thank one you, is Taylor. Brandon. And yeah, when Eric does do his horror out loud, uh, whatever it may be, he'll be able to do whatever he wants because that is his solo project but as brandon says sup fellas just here for some weekly nonsense i had a few things jotted down i wanted to bring up and mention problem is here i stare at these notes now and i have no idea what the fuck i'm trying to tell myself this is my problem Jim does that all the time with the other issue being and they're all in my pocket i actually write them down on pieces of paper and put them in my pocket at the end of the week i got fucking 80 notes on my desk that mean nothing with the other issue being what i think this shit is saying 
thing isn't even remotely amusing to bring up. I'm going to mention that these notes say anyway, but how low expectation for thoughts that occur to me earlier in the week. Richard Richardson related thought. It creeps me the fuck out Richard Richardson has any sort of free spending capital in his pockets to support the Patreon or even buy a single comic. I now live in constant fear he makes more money than me. Sitting Indian style was randomly mentioned at some point in some podcast this week. Jim, feel better about yourself because I also can't sit Indian style anymore. If I tried, my knees would probably explode. So would mine. My knees are, and it's weird. He'll be saying about sports and stuff like that, and he has the same problem as I have. Never had a knee injury, ever. It's just the grind of it. It, It's killed him. Uh, If I tried, my knees would literally explode. They're bad years. Bad years, uh, bad, they're bad after years of playing sports, mostly basketball, albeit injury free. However, when I was teaching, I would play in the faculty versus senior basketball game and did all right in it for years until I turned about 30 and I blew my left knee out twice in back to back years in that stupid game. So no more Indian style for me. I'm okay with that because I'm pretty sure my friends would probably try to chuck beers at my nuts if I sat like that (laughs) around them now. I, I would go the same. Top three weird science repeat whiner. Uh, I'll also tell you, but before I get to this, uh, I also have a problem with my left elbow. Never injured it. But, you know, if I lay down like Eric Shea and, and watch TV by putting my hands on my head and my elbows, I, I can't do it. My left elbow hurts so bad if I apply pressure on and it. To me, it's a mystery. How the fuck this ever happened? Because I never hurt my elbow. I don't ever remember ever I, I just ever imagine having... it's from all of those years of being a child and falling down the stairs. It probably was. I'm telling you, a lot of this stuff all goes to hockey of just that, you know, just getting hit and hitting other people that it doesn't hurt me. You know, I would rarely miss a game. The one year yeah. I broke my wrist, that's the only injury I really ever had. And I missed like six weeks. But other than that, I would just play. I wouldn't miss any games or whatever. And I play year round. I guess just the grind of it just caught up to me. I, I Top three weird science repeat whiner line callers. Big Tony, the lost episode recap that somehow only Big Tony saw of the old Batman series sealed my undying love for the Coney Island treasure. Hashtag not Reggie. Don't let Jim fool you, Taylor. Uh, <laughs> number two, Greg Capullo. This is a guy that knows how to treat the ladies right. Lift weights and draw comics. Capullo out. Richard Richardson, don't fool yourself. I don't like disturbing Rich himself. I only like to hear the sighs and overall frustration from Eric while Jim giggles like a schoolgirl at him for it. And I do. For Patreon, in Patreon news here, Rafe is a dirty liar and Logan is telling the truth, if you ask me. And this all goes into the case of the die rolling Yahtzee. I can tell you the, in the voices, I now think Rafe put the jalapeno chips in the toilet until you convince me otherwise. I think that was Ethan. So you didn't really – you got to hear Ethan in the podcast. He was not involved in Judge Jim that, you know, at that point. But yeah, but I I'm might, maybe that's going to be the case of the jalapeno chips. I'll fucking – I'll interview all three of those guys and see what did it. Questions for wrong turn. Who is your favorite pirate and, and favorite vape? Flavor, I know what flavor of vape he will say. What will it be, Eric? I would say Lucky Charms. I thought he'd say, well, it'd probably be the last one he's doing, but exactly. he really he's did like Lucky the, right He now. liked that fried Twinkie a lot. He did. Uh, yes, books. That's the whole thing. Hold on, before that, I'm thinking about it too, because he's trying to, he has a new vape flavor he's trying to tell me about. It is the Lucky Charms. You know those magical marshmallows? What the fuck yeah. are you talking about, magical yeah, marshmallows? He didn't know. It's funny drug? if it's I like say, mushrooms? wrong turn. Who's your favorite pirate? And he says Willie Stargell. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I'd be like, God damn it, he knows. Ah, yes, Roberto Clemente, he says. Uh, back in the books, uh, or to the books, Superman. 
Just when I was warming up to the idea of Robot Leg Lois, they totally do a 180 and tell me what I saw with my eyes never happened. Shenanigans. What was Lois in the hospital for then? Too much page space spent on this to turn around and say, oops, never mind. Overall, I like the arc and open ending, uh, though, so not not too much hate except for the cop out with Lois. Clark better talk birds and bees quick with John, though. Kathy never has any parents home. She, nope. you, uh, you also don't really know... What sort of anatomy she has. And also don't know how old she really is. And now John can fly. Superboy's boy coming in nine months, Eric. (laughs) Superboy's boy. Super Sons. This is one that you will not hear on the podcast. It is a Patreon only. If you go and uh, go, you can listen to us talk about it there. But I've had enough fun with this series, but this is where I step off. At $3.99 a pop, I'm not on board enough with the same thing over and over. And Teen Titans issue up next doesn't entice me to stay. I swear Robin in the beginning when he's all shocked looks like a character from Hey Arnold. Uh, All-Star Batman, this was my surprise of the week, and I love this main story right now. And I can't pinpoint why compared to the previous two arcs, but it just has a more traditional comic feel, I guess, that I enjoy. It ties back to previous All-Star issues, and while I can't say I've enjoyed every issue, I think I'll see the series through the end. It's ending soon. This is the last arc. He did announce that it's ending, I think, in issue 14, something very quick. It it actually was a shock because he had talked about having these other big uh, arcs. I'm just wondering, when he says that this All-Star's ending, he did have an arc, and I forget who it was. Uh, God damn it, I wish I could remember, but they had like a really long story. I actually think there's going to be another book announced with that story, but I just wish the backup would go away already and the dollar would be shaved off the price. I do as well. Yeah, I'm even going to say that maybe that other arc, it was like Sean Ryan. I think, or somebody, I, I forget, but I, uh, or Sean Murphy, I believe the artist was, that he was going on and on about how he had this big thing with him, and maybe that'll turn into a maxi series, something maybe. else, you know. Uh, Lobo Roadrunner, I didn't buy this book, but I saw one of the covers, and that updated version of Roadrunner is the fucking thing of nightmares. <laughs> it is, it's bad. Uh, hashtag Logan was right. Brandon at bmuir3660, and now we're going to go off to the Marvel Minute where uh, Brandon's going to talk about the rave or a freaking landslide hit uh, when he put up the vote. This actually got 65% of the vote, Eric, and it is Spectacular Spider-Man number All right, one. That's what I voted and that, for. That would make sense. I voted for uh, Weapons of Mutant Destruction because I like to be a dick and, and vote. I, I, I wanted to see what that was all about. I guess I'm just going to have to read it. Just How was that Scarlet Spider-Man, by the way? How was that series? You, you haven't gotten to that yet, right? You hear they do good stuff. I, I know everybody's waiting for your review of it. You, you were telling me last week that you were going to dive right in. You're not diving. You got your bathing suit on at least. You, you actually, you know, you have it. Did you, did you buy it? No. No. You're never going to read it. You just see what Brandon says about it, right? Brandon and Trevor. But we're going to go and see what they have to say about Spectacular Spider-Man and number one. Surprise arriving in the speed of time 
How we doing, Weird Science? This is Brandon. I'm coming at you along with Trevitt for this week's Marvel Minute. Uh, due to your choices and the voting on Twitter, uh, at Bmer and at Affernatic, you guys selected the spectacular Spider-Man, number one. Uh, so we're going to bring that to you, uh, and it ended up beating out uh, Weapons of Mutant Destruction. Of the, is that what it's called? Yeah, Weapons of Mutant Destruction. And Silver Surfer. Um, and to, to be honest with you, after, um, you know, I put up the vote, even though I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, I was kind of hoping to have a, an excuse to read a little bit of uh, Silver Surfer. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to check that out. But I, And I just needed a, a reason to. But anyway, uh, we're knee-deep in spectacular Spider-Man here. Uh, this is the first issue. Uh, besides the free comic book day issue, which gave you a little bit of a taste of things to come here, uh, writer is chipped as I never can say this right. Zadarsky, right? Yeah, yeah. Chip Zadarsky. That's how I always pronounce it. Uh, and then art team Adam Kubert. Um, let's see. Colorist Jordi Belair. Um, and those are the credits as far as art duties go. Marvel Comics, of course, is the publishing company. And we'll get into our blurb here and then spit the bit, let you guys know what we think of this uh, this new number one or jumping on point for a Spider-Man book in case you're unfamiliar with the character for, for some strange reason. Um, anyway, the much-hyped pairing of Spider-Man and Chip Zdarsky is here. Uh, the internet seems to appreciate it so far, uh, if you look on Comic Book Roundup anyway. And this is uh, supposed to be Spider-Man reconnecting with grassroots in New York City uh, with a little bit more of a traditional flavor to it than the, uh, you know, the, the Amazing Spider-Man title that's kind of, you know, long-running and uh, uh, ongoing story at this point. Um, so it feels like a wait of forever, because didn't you feel like this was announced in goddamn, like, January? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I felt like, like it's... Am I the only one that feels that way? I think that's why, um, yeah, the anticipation was building forever. Like, yeah, what a, and it, it's like a wet fart for me though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just going to say that as I finish this blurb here, uh, it says after what feels like a way to forever, what do the Marvel minute boys think of all the hubbub? It's bullshit. So let's find <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll just get right into things here because there's a hint of what we think of it. Uh, the, the issue starts off with a brief, you know, six, is it six panel? Yeah, six panel, one page summary of the origins of Spider-Man in, in case you don't, um, for whatever reason, know it. You're in a coma in the last 50 years. Like yeah, <laughs> if you've avoided the last two uh, Spider-Man movies and theaters that, that have recapped that or, or any of the many Spider-Man uh, issues that have, you know, or true believer issues that recap this. Here it is again for you. Um, and then we quickly find out he's telling this to <laughs> one of his best friends in the world, uh, Human Torch, Johnny Storm. And he's like, why, why are you telling me this? He's like, I know this story. Uh, which is probably one of the few times and few jokes I did appreciate in this issue because it didn't feel like completely forced in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Where he's like, I don't care. <laughs> right? And you can almost like, yeah, I don't care either. It's like the reader saying. Uh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I 
anyway, uh, th they set up the gist of this conversation is they set up a time to meet later and, and maybe check out a movie. And uh, an another joke here in the first three pages is that uh, he's like, let's not go see a superhero movie. Those things are so unrealistic. Um, <laughs> but but anyway, uh, this is also the first of a thousand guest stars in this issue. And, and I'll recap between the 10 page free comic book day issue and uh, this issue, how many guest stars are just um, in these two, you know, brief appearances so far, uh, so far. We'll get to that at the end, though. Um, anyway, as we continue the summary, Spider-Man ends up swinging off and, and Johnny Storm ends up flying off in opposite directions. Uh, it seems like, what's he immediately called on the phone? Because that's uh, his ringtone, if I uh, understand what's going on here, right? The pretty woman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He gets called by Aunt May. So he, Pretty Woman is Aunt May's ringtone for some reason. Um, and, and they're having just, you know, a random conversation. Yeah, I know, isn't it? Uh, at the top of, you know, Peter swinging through the roofs of New York. Uh, and he notices a mugging going on. So, so he ends the phone call, drops down to help this lady being mugged, um, and immediately, like, discovers that his web shooters are clogged for some reason uh do, do you think they're just clogged for like this special thing is like bullet web he's trying to shoot or whatever or, because he was just swinging one second ago you know what i'm saying yeah that i, I think um i think it's clogged just to take us to the next part of the story because um <laughs> i mean then he swings he away right when this is all over too <laughs> I know, it makes no sense. It has to be just for that particular cartridge. But even still, if it's that particular cartridge, how the hell did he swing away? And he owns a tech car. He's a tech billionaire. Like, yeah, His web shooters don't work. He's got, yeah. he's got cars that drive up buildings, but his web shooters aren't working. Yeah, so his web shooter is clogged here, which opens up the story for Ant-Man to suddenly appear and kind of help him take out these muggers. Um, I don't know where Ant-Man was hiding. Was he hiding on the muggers and just letting them mug this lady? <laughs> it looks like that. It looks like that, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I'm like, where was this little fucker hiding, waiting for everything to go down? Uh, oh, God. So he comes to what normal size he can achieve at this moment, basically, you know, little people's size. Uh, we'll find out why in a second. Um that was funny too. That was good. They knock out these villains. They find an old Stark, hacked Stark phone on the floor. And Ant Man basically reveals he's stuck at, like, I don't know what, three and a half feet, four feet tall because his helmet's <laughs> yeah. jammed up. Um, <laughs> while Spider Man flirts with this chick they saved named Rebecca London, and she's like a comedian. Um, and all that goes on in about three pages. Like, it's a fucking lot going on here. <laughs> Uh, oh man, yeah. So so yeah. Spider Man has this thing going on with this chick, and she looks all right. I would take her number if she gave it to me. I mean, uh, you know, she looks good. But anyway, um, Spider Man yeah. and Ant Man take off to go get their shit fixed, and this is where we, you know, Spider Man mentioned his, uh, what his web shooters were jammed, but he's flying away, and Ant Man is down <laughs> to, to tiny size, flying on his shoulder with him, and they go to this dude Mason's. Um, Mason's secret lab, and Mason is the Tinkerer's brother, who we find out, and he helps just like like random Andre heroes who know about him. Yeah, he totally does. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like Andre the Giant. 
<laughs> as tall as giant compared to all these characters, the way he's drawn. Uh, and and he's like kind of a secret to the heroes that know about him because he's the little peeved at first. Ant Man doesn't follow procedures and just brings Spider Man along, but gets over it in record time. You know, yeah, uh, there's protocols. Yeah, and and then he just <laughs> I don't know. It, like we're we're doing the best we can to summarize this because this thing just is a, a fast moving fast moving issue that doesn't really. Do a whole lot of uh, guiding you along the way or setting anything up. Uh, his web shooters are no. fixed pretty quick, while this kid in Mason's lab takes the phone Spider-Man also has and starts hacking it, uh, leading them to the next part of the story. <laughs> Which makes no sense. I know. Because, like, Scott Ant-Man does not need the helmet to shrink, like... He shrinks on his yeah. own because of the pin particles in his system. He has a lab in the helmet that he shrinks down and goes into. That was Hank Pym's lab. He gave it to him. Makes no sense. <laughs> well, that's that's Ant Man stuff that's got you all all you know, continuity kid uh going continuity kid on us. But um, you know, yeah. I didn't know any of that Ant Man shit. But he basically also makes Ant Man like a little taller than his normal height. So what yeah. happens when Ant-Man takes the helmet off? Does he shrink back to regular height, or is he now always, like, taller? He'll, he'll always go back to that size. He'll always go back to being taller than he was. Okay, which was weird. But still makes no sense because of the rules of Ant-Man, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's just a weird, really random and kind of, like, big thing to, th to put on Ant-Man in a Spider-Man book and I don't, whatever. Mm. Um so Ant-Man upgrades, Spider-Man's web shooters are fixed. Just to recap for everybody what's going on here. Uh, even though they seem to be really kind of working fine, except for one instance uh, when it was convenient for the story. And then the Stark phone uh, shits out a lead for everybody to just follow. So that's what happens here. We, we skip to five hours later where Peter is in Chicago. So I guess this is where the phone has told him to, to go, right? Yeah. Is that what you understood? Information that, yeah, the little kid got it when he hacked the phone. Which, this impenetrable, like these phones that you can't hack, this little kid that nobody's ever heard of can hack. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Stark phone that can't be hacked has been hacked once already because it was hacked when Spider-Man picked it up and then hacked again. So it's been hacked twice, a phone that can never be hacked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Peter goes to the airport. He's in the O'Hare Airport in Chicago. Um, he, I guess, is bored in the airport, so he gives this Rebecca chick a call and sets up a coffee date with her. I don't understand how this is going to work because she doesn't know he's Peter. She only knows he's Spider-Man, so he's going to go on a date as Spider-Man. <laughs> he's going to have regular clothes and then just the mask. <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I don't understand how, how this, that works. Though. How about this bad joke? Is like just what the non-octopus doctor ordered. Like That was so bad. Yeah, bad the, there's a... I don't know. We'll get to it when we have our final thoughts, but there's so many jokes where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to laugh here, and I'm just like, ugh, I'm cringing. I'm making that sound yeah. instead. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yuck. Yeah. I, I openly said out loud several times, yuck. I'm like, that's not a, that's an awful joke. Like, I, These are jokes I would write in a comic book. You know what I'm saying? Not <laughs> somebody that's paid to actually do it. Uh, Definitely cringeworthy jokes. Yeah, it's bad. 
Um, and then we flash back to New York where Johnny Storm is just hanging outside Peter's apartment because even though he told Peter <laughs> was... not to forget, Peter forgot. That was uh, kind of fun. I, I did like the part where the kid walk, dude walks up to the door. He's like, hey, aren't you? And he's like, no. And then he looks back <laughs> at his phone. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was... There's, like, the jokes aren't all bad. There's a few that are pretty good. Like, that's a good one. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But, like, the ones that are... <laughs> the rest are super cringeworthy. Uh, anyway, Spider-Man hops off this train in Chicago, lands in this neighborhood, um, and knocks on this front door. Uh, well, I really have no idea where he is at this point because um, I don't read other do books. I. He's like, yeah, come out. Kind of acts like police-like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's like, come out or before you're arrested. He says something along those lines. I don't feel like reading it word for word from the page, but uh, maybe arrest you. He's like, come out and talk, and sure, maybe arrest you. Yeah, Probably it's not. Just <laughs> stupid. Uh, and then the garage, the the side door in the garage opens up, and is that Riri? Is that what I understand? That yeah, is? that yeah, that's Riri. Okay. Uh, I thought it was like an upgraded Shocker at first because this book's coming out right around the movie and Shocker is in the movie. So I thought it was like, oh, Shocker with the super tech suit, but Riri, I just don't read her book to have like her suit down by memory. You know, it doesn't have, it doesn't look right though. It looks more like Tony's suit than Riri. Yeah. Riri has like a little bit more of it a... It doesn't look a like a female suit funny. at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks like a male suit. Uh, it looks like this, the Iron Man suit when All New, All Different started and not the yeah. Ruby suit. That's what it looks like to me. Um, that Me too. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, so she blasts Spider-Man. He goes flying. He's like, uh, sure, sure, life is a series of negotiations. Um, that scene ends, so that's our cliffhanger for Spider-Man. He gets blasted by Riri. Uh, so that's where this Stark phone led him to. Uh, so I guess Riri is one of the people that can hack a Stark phone. Um, oh, yeah. But I don't know why it ended up in the hands of criminals. And that's probably what Spider-Man's there to find out, you know? Criminals um, in New York, and she's yeah. in Chicago. So. Right. She's in Chicago. I don't understand how these are, you know, whatever. And then we go back to Johnny Storm, and there's this girl who approaches the stoop he's hanging out on. Uh And they kind of start exchanging words with each other, and he finds out that it is... Teresa Parker, Peter Parker's sister. Um, Never heard of her. Yeah, you asked you. I think you sent me the text about this right earlier in the yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, who yeah. the fuck is this? And she was in um, <laughs> the OGN. It's called Spider-Man Family Business, written by Mark Wade, uh, and that's where she okay. was basically introduced. Um, it was proven that she wasn't Spider-Man's sister at points in the story. But then at the end of the story, it was proven she was possibly Spider-Man's sister through, like, flashbacks. So, you're, and that's how it ended, and it's never been revisited until now. So, that's where we're at with her saying she's Spider-Man's sister. Um, it's not a bad, you, you would like it. The art is really stylized, but it's, it's cool. Um, is it? And, you know, it's, it's a Mark Wade book, so it's written well, you know what I'm saying? Um just like people had problems with the continuity uh, introducing a Parker sister, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Yeah, that's a hard pill that, to follow. That was pretty much people's main beef with it, um, if, if you go to the internet and look it up. <laughs> so uh, that, that's the end of this story. Uh, that's how it ends. And then we get a backup uh, featuring Black Widow and S.H.I.E.L.D. 
well, basically working for S.H.I.E.L.D. And they're trying to, we find out in the end, secure Spider-Man's spider sensibilities. Uh, that's what I understood from all this. And, and I don't know if it's like a continuing yeah, backup that's going to be in each issue. And this is going to be a four ninety nine book um, or not. Like it's going to all-star Batman this shit or what? Because this didn't be feel like the end of a story, did it to you? No, not at all. Not at all. Even though it says end with exclamation point. Not to mention that I, I enjoyed this part more than I did the previous part of the issue. And yeah. uh, I actually want the story to continue. <laughs> well, because it was an actual fucking story and not just a series of events to get to the next goddamn joke you're setting up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's the end of this book. Uh, it was a four ninety nine joint. Uh, if it's something you're interested in, but you know how we do things. We tell you to buy it, borrow it, or forget it altogether. And then price does factor into things here. Uh, I'll take the honors since I guess I'm the bigger Spider-Man fan, even though you are a huge Spider-Man fan as well. Uh, well, I don't know, man. I, I just I want to say just flat out forget it all together and then I'll, I'm going to tell you why I'm not going to save it or, or wait to spoil that. Cause I spoiled it pretty much in the beginning um, between <laughs> this number one issue and the free comic book day issue that I read, like both of the stories are totally independent from each other uh, as opposed to like defenders that set up the story you were going into. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And, and Neither of those two issues did I enjoy. So, like, they don't pick up on any of the threads they set up in that issue, and then they start totally new threads here, and neither of the threads really interested me uh, uh, moving forward, and the jokes in both were just not not very good. Um, I actually thought the art in the free comic book day issue was worlds better than the art that we got in this issue. Most um, definitely. It really was. I'm looking at it right now. It's yeah, crazy. like I don't know what happened in between those two issues. Like, th this just feels like it's very rushed. Spider-Man's lines on his suit look like just messy and sloppy, and, and faces when they're not the person talking look atrocious. Uh, dirty. Really yeah, dirty. like dirty is a good word for it. Like, there's no eyeballs on anybody. It's just like no emotion or anything. Or, or or people just always look mad. You know what I'm like? Mason always looks mad when he's not the person talking and he's a background yeah. character uh, or Andre the giant as we refer, cause that's what he fucking is. He, since you said that, I can't get that out of my head. Like he's a seven foot tall <laughs> character that looks like Andre the giant. I didn't cut the face. That was the character model for fucking Mason right there. Uh, and I'm going to recap here. The characters we've seen so far in the uh, 10 pages of a free comic book day issue. And, and this number one, we've had Mary Jane vulture, the, the chick who was the cliffhanger that stuck, uh, Spider-Man and vulture to that chimney at the end of the free comic book day issue. I forget her name and I didn't look it up. Then we started here with Johnny storm, moved to Ant-Man, went to Mason, went to Ironheart, captain America made an appearance. Uh, moved to Teresa Parker and then had a backup with Black Widow and Shield. So, like, we, we haven't even hit forty pages of this book yet, and that is our cast of characters here. Um, and if you don't know who they are, good luck because none of them are introduced to you, with the exception of Mason, I think. Um, and a recap of Spider-Man's origin. Uh, I don't know about you, but the 
two copies of this book that I got. I got two of them because one came in like collector corpse box uh, that I got are both trash. Like it feels like it was printed on fucking recycled newspaper and they didn't even like wash it. It's not double thick. Like for a four ninety nine yeah. book, I and I get Bat- All Star Batman with like a cardboard fucking cover, uh, glossy. The pages are awesome. Like you know, and for for a, a four ninety nine spectacular Spider Man number one, I get recycled fucking trash newspaper. And that's exactly what it feels like. I can't describe it any other way. No, it really uh, does. So, it really does. Yeah, like forget this book altogether. Don't don't buy it. Um, comic book roundup right now uh, is is firmly giving this book mouth hugs. I, I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> like it is point five, I think. Sp- spectacular Spider Man dick, and I, it is not that good of a book. Yeah, it's no. it's no eight point five. Uh, if I had to give it a rating and, and weird science this thing, it it would be like a three point five. The enjoyment level that I had for it, it just wasn't yeah. good. <laughs> I want my money back. What did you think? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. I want to start with the free comic book day issue because that story, at the end of it, it says, for more on this story, for continuation of this story, pick up Spectacular Spider-Man, number one. And that, that girl's name was Trapster. And you're right. This art was a thousand times better. It was, like, glossy, beautiful, clean, like... Like, uh, it's Spectacular Spider-Man looks like Adam Kubert drawed it. Like, drawed it. What the fuck? He penciled <laughs> it. And, uh, and uh, th- this, I feel dumber just for reading this issue. I mean, listen, I said drawed it. Uh, now, it looks like he penciled it and then took a giant eraser and erased everything, re-penciled it, and all those eraser marks are still on the page somewhere. Like, that's how I felt about this book when I was yeah, reading it. The page is just where to go. Like, yeah, that's almost yeah, like they just Even though I think he's also the inker because <laughs> nobody yeah, else is. is credited. He is. I'm sorry. I think, like, there is no ink. There's just pencil and color over the pencil. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, um... <clears throat> But yeah, there was no continuation of the story like like they pretty much promised. Damn it. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Now I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I can good, cut that good, out. Good, Just good. go with your... Start your thoughts over again. <clears throat> all right, all right. <clears throat> so, oh, fuck. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're having a shawarma moment in the beginning of this book. So instead of picking up from where the free comic book day issue left off, we get a shawarma moment. And they even say they were having that, which... It's kind of like something that does a callback to the Avengers movie. Like it, it just tries to be too cool for school. Like yeah, <clears throat> it tries to be too funny, and it's not. It's got a lot of bad jokes. I don't know if they're bad on purpose, but they're bad. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I don't know. If and, uh, on purpose. <laughs> I don't know. Like, cause, like, like, how can anything be this corny, this cheesy, this bad? And I'm like. Is he is he trying to like make jokes from like the sixties? Like if you go back and read a Spider Man comic from the sixties, the dialogue's like super cheesy and the jokes are super yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. And this translates right into that. So it's like, oh God. So bad, Chip Zardarski. Or like <laughs> um, <clears throat> But uh where was I? Oh yeah, so I didn't really like this book. I, I didn't like the the Ant Man fuck ups like you know, the whole, oh, I can't go back to regular size because it's, you know, the helmet. It, like, Pim Particles and Ant-Man and Giant-Man and Yellow Jack and Wasp has nothing to do with the fucking helmet. Has yeah. nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, originally, like, the Pim Particles were, like, a pill form and then, like, an aerosol. But then, like, eventually when the, the user uses it so many times, it just becomes a part of them and they can shrink and grow at will, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So it just makes no the helmet thing just so fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> the helmet uh, thing is the right. movie. The helmet thing is from a movie. That that's like how it works in the movie almost. You know what I'm saying? Well, in the movie, he has to have the helmet on. <clears throat> the movie rules are a little different. He has to have the helmet on, or else, like when you shrink, it could like fuck with your mind. Like yeah. you know, but yeah, yeah. It's like the device uh, jacket. The that's what yellow jacket goes through in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because the pin particles are, like, unstable, um, which is just weird, because it's not part of, you know, the history of Ant-Man. But, um, you know, it's, it's the little, uh, the belt thing that works. Like, he puts the pin particles inside a little cartridge in the belt, and he yeah. just, like, turns it and hits the button and shrinks. But, um, and then they have, like, a bunch of people just show up just for the sake of showing up. Like, the mm-hmm. Captain America cameo. It's just... And you're right. It's just a series of events that that kind of go nowhere, and yeah. they just want to show like, up. They what... just want to show that it's connected. I guess the overall story right oh, now is we find out from Riri next issue, like why she hacked a phone, which might lead us to the point of the book. But I don't know what the point of it is right now. I don't either, because like it's not continuing from as far as. I recollect from reading the Free Comic Book Day issue, yeah. it's not continuing that story. And if it is continuing that story, it didn't let us know. It didn't <laughs> set up any kind of rules. Like it's just, it's just. And for five dollars, man, for five fucking dollars, like I, I had this whole rant to myself yesterday about Marvel Legacy. Yeah. Oh and, God. And, and we'll get to that. And this tonight. book, yeah. <laughs> this book, I even wrote like a statement about it. And and this book is just. Oh, it's just the fucking icing on the cake, man. Like five dollars, yeah. like seriously, five fucking dollars. And we, there's no quality. Like I've been downloading a lot of comics from the '60s and '70s lately, and '80s, and it is not up to snuff. Like we do not get stuff the way we used to get stuff. Like it, it's just, it sucks. Yeah. It's a fucking forget it all together. Yeah. Like it, you better up your game, Adam Kubert. You're better than this, dude. You're better than this. Chips yeah, are not I can't even say, like, the issue felt rushed to market for the movie because they've announced this so long ago. You know what I'm saying? So long ago, yeah. Like, it should have been perfect. Like, they had so much time to work. Like, Chip Zdarsky was doing Star Wars, but Adam Kubert was doing nothing. So, (laughs) Zdarsky's doing two books. He has Sex Criminals with Matt Fraction, which he's just an artist of. He's not writing. So, it's not like his writing juices are, like, you know, getting wasted or whatever. But you know, the only other book that he just doing was what Star Lord, and like, mm-hmm. it's over. Like, and he's had so much time. So many writers are writing like nine books. Like, he's writing like what two, drawing one, and, three. and you, yeah. you just can't do it. You can't get it up. Like, yeah. you know, this wasn't. The guy wasn't needs fun. a fucking a dick pill. Not fun at all. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, so. That's it, guys. Party is over on our end. Uh, we're going to wrap this up here for you. Uh, if you're interested here in a few more books, uh, we'll, we'll get Carl's thoughts and um, mine and Trevitt's as well on those on the Marvel Madness Comics podcast tonight. We'll record that. It's usually up Monday afternoon. Uh, so if you want to hear more of us ranting uh, and some Marvel Legacy news, that's where you can catch us. Uh, but until next week, um, we'll put the poll up Monday for three more books. You can holler at us all week long if you think our opinions suck. That is at Beamer3660. Trevor, where are you at? Uh, at Afronatic. And that's where you can get us. Um, but until next week, guys, uh, party is over. Like I said, we'll holler at you then. Uh, adios. Please. Just like guys, look out. Here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he?
It's time for the green section of the podcast. One of the your mean green section. team. One of your favorites. In fact, we usually do the green section ahead of time. And you said, no, let's keep it no, for the main night. How dare you. How dare you. Where do you get off <laughs> saying let's do the green section <laughs> what early? What are you talking about? Yeah, you wanted to do it in the main night. And here we are. Main night time. Eric, what are we going to start this green section with? Well, we always started out with Jim. Green Lanterns, number 25, written by Sam Humphreys, with art by Robson Roca, Daniel Henriquez, Alex Salazar, and Dave Sharp. It's time to get out. It's time to get to what we've all been waiting for in this series, and that's some straight-up Volthoom action. Our heroes from Volthoom and the body of Rami make their way to the Vault of Shadows, where they find not only Volthoom's original ring, but also find one of the original seven lanterns named Tyriner. Tyriner. I think that's how I'm going to go with it. Who is still alive and protecting the vault? Volthoom quickly dispatches him, though, and with the power of his ring, he recreates his original body, destroys Simon's ring, and then tries to use Jessica's ring as his travel lantern to get back to Earth-15. Too bad that the travel lantern isn't whole and still responds to Jessica's commands and transports Simon and Jessica out of there. But to where? No one knows. (laughs) To where, Eric? (laughs) Yeah, I I think you had told me where you think. I that do. they go, and I, I agree with you, and we'll get to that, because you told me at work that you had a theory, and I read it, and I'm like, yeah, it has to be. Makes uh, sense. And they really, after you had told me, and then I read it, I'm like, boy, they're really pushing that, too. Uh, but yeah, at the beginning, you see three days ago, where Simon was uh, writing a letter. And it seemed weird to me here, where he is writing a letter to Nazir, and you have the letter, and uh, Aaron in the Slack chat, uh, sent me a message double as a well. Run? Yeah, double A run. And he's like, why do you have him writing the letter and also the letter written in the word bubble? It is very odd. But it is also where you have the light. And do you think it was a mistake or they just did it or it's just a light? But he does look like a – it's a yellow hue there where he is kind of fearful. I don't know. It just no, seems pro- weird. The problem I have with this section though is it says three days ago. Yeah. But, you know, we have been on Mogu training and when they talk – like Jessica and Simon have a time to breathe and talk about all that's been going on. seems like they've been off world for like at least a week if not longer. Yeah, so three yeah. days ago writing this note to Nazir on Earth seems odd to me. Yeah, yeah, he's there doing that. It just seemed weird. But yeah, uh, in the meantime, during the present, they are heading off with the Rami Volthum, and they're heading off. And I, I think that it's funny because when we heard the Vault of Shadows, we're oh, like, yeah. oh no, this Vault of Shadows. And we got confused. We thought totally the wrong. Chamber of Shadows. The funny thing is, I think that an editor stepped in and said to Sam Humphreys, listen, or maybe Sam Humphreys finally got something right because they, you know what? 
think you're going to confuse people because there's the Chamber of Shadows, and that's bad news. And I'm and telling you, it's been a, so long now that in my mind, when I, I saw mean. Vault of Shadows, I th- yeah, we in my mind, Chamber of Shadows became Vault of Shadows, so and that was the one and the same. But no, the Chamber of Shadows is the prison out. that Valthum has been imprisoned yes. like for billions of years. The Vault of Shadows is where the Guardians keep all their freaking yes. forbidden knowledge. Yes, and it's funny to me because they do spell that out in a way mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, I guess they realized that it was confusing. In uh, my mind, I'm very, I'm very egotistical so when sam humphreys was writing this he's like take that eric shea yeah 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 really you want to see who knows where do you continuity? get off saying, uh, i don't know continuity the only thing that's weird to me is and i guess it's just a progression and he of all whom had to kind of lead into this this seems like this would have been the first place he would have gone instead of when he was in the you know trying to find the lanterns and the redacted and missing and all this this is basically where he should have been going right away but he had to kind of get a plan well i don't know do if he it. knew where they were I think he found out where they're yeah, being held in the, just in the vault weird. of shadows. Like all of a sudden, they're there, but they, you know, they go in and. Yeah, this is a very quick-moving issue, and we go back to, again, almost a Last Crusade deal because they go into the Vault of Shadows, and it's being uh, guarded by a— Tyranir. Yeah, Tyranir, who is there, and he he comes out, and he's a guy who's just been sitting there guarding the Vault of Shadows. And And he is one of the original seven lanterns who got—like, Green Lanterns who were brought together to take down Valthum with this new crazy continuity. Yeah, and he comes out— and all of a sudden, he – well, first off, one of the big things is he recognizes that Rami is not Rami. He knows that, you know, Volthum is in – but uh, unfortunately, Volthum stops him before he can really spell it out. But in the, meantime, in the meantime, he gives out a shout-out to Jeff. Bez, Cruz, ah, my old friends, it's been so long. And they're a little weirded out by that later, like – the fuck did he know our name? Yeah, I'm telling you, when, like when Valthum then in the body of Rami stops Tyranir and kind of like makes him st- like, you know, freeze in air and walks off deeper into the chamber of the Vault of Shadows, they're just a, well, why, why did he know yeah. us? Yeah, huh? why, yeah. Uh, why did he know us going on? In the meantime, also like, man, Rami's acting a little strange. And also, you you would think even more strange is the fact that, okay, this guy is there and Rami tries to, Rami Valthum tries to spell a, Guys, guys, brains mush. He's been here for too long and walks off by himself. And I'm and sitting yeah. there, I'm like, yeah, I don't know why he's still alive. If he is still alive, his brain should be mush. He should be, but really, you know, at this point, I think Volthum is like, he doesn't care. Yeah, you no. know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm almost He's at about the to get everything he wants. Here. Yeah, I'm about to do what's going on. And you do go back then and see a background of Tyranir, uh, where he is on Tamaran and uh, how he got the ring. And it's okay. You and know, he, it's, he killed a king that was trying to kill him. And after he no. killed that king for breaking his sword, breaking the ring came. Sword. Hey, you, you're, able to, you're able to overcome great fear. We need your help. Come on over yeah, here. And, and at this point, too, you also see the case that it's not just a, hey, you have overcome great fear. You're doing it. It's a, there is a great crisis in yeah. the universe as well. Uh, which we know probably what it was. Is Volthum, it's, it's yeah. Volthum himself. So he's going in and he, yeah, he's trying to basically, he thinks that he can recreate his travel lantern if he gets all these rings. I still don't get the concept fully and what I, I he don't thinks know. The he's going to do with it. 
Because the original Seven Rings we found out previously were created cannibalizing Volthoom's travel lantern that would take him across yes. space and, and dimensions, yes. uh, time and dimensions and shit like that. So he thinks he, if he can get a hold of, you know, Jessica's ring, which it seems like he's really only concerned about Jessica's. I don't yeah. know if the, the original Seven Rings, they should still be out and about. They're doing their thing, but he has no idea where they are. For some reason, though, if he thinks he gets his original, you know, and like Jessica's. his original ring and Jessica's, two. that's all he'll need to get back yeah. to Earth 15. Yeah, and it's weird. Maybe we're going to find out a little more that if he had the two, the others will arrive. I don't know. That you get well, I'm two you, when and he, then when they he, start to he go. He ended up and... you know, commanding the travel lantern through Jessica's ring. It was reacting to him as yeah, if it yeah. was still programmed in there as a subroutine. But like, if he gets all of them together, I'm guessing he can recreate the travel and what, do whatever yeah. he wants. And again, we we say this because his planet is destroyed, but he can go through time. And I think that they are forcing that because basically, I'll even say when they end up when Jessica's ring kind of takes them away. Uh, you had said that you think they go back in time. They go back yeah, in time. They go to, back in time for Tyranir to meet them. For Tyranir's deal and meet them maybe as the first bunch of lanterns together, even fighting exactly. Volthoom. And so basically, we have been saying, you know, all this time with uh, with Volthoom, he wants to go back. Well, I, I'm sure he wants to go back in time and try to avert his planets. This whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just. It, we were upset because it did throw the old continuity out, and and he ended up. Sam Humphreys did end up throwing even more out, like the Manhunters. He didn't have to change yeah. all that stuff, but you know we're going from here. But yeah, at the one. The point only you problem have a, with the continuity, if I'm correct in this, is that you could tell me that you know maybe Volthoom's mind, you know, was good. He's like, mush. Oh, it's mush because it, yeah. he's locked up for billions of years. But if they do go back in time, like I think they will, to with the original seven uh, lanterns to yeah. take on Balthum, Balthum should know who they are. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see what goes on. We'll we'll see the whole deal. And That's the only fucked up part of my idea here is that you know he should know then. Yeah, and in the meantime, uh, Simon and Jessica are sitting there. They're waiting for who they think is Rami to come back out. And they're talking about the things that they miss on Earth. And again, you already had a thing that seemed like they were pointing out that they were only gone for a couple days. And now they're there, whatever it might be. But yeah, it's kind of, it's a nice moment between them. Uh, it is almost a callback to the whole Halloween episode where they're making it cookies is. together. Because it's it just them talking to them about you know how much they miss pancakes and just being back in Pokemon. Out. You know, Nazir and his like him aren't the, like the best of friends right yeah. now, even though and it's killing him a bit. But it is just that small moment of this uh, like extra size edition like, issue, and, yeah, it, where we get to have this nice moment that we all like from the Green Lanterns the book. The problem is, is I again, I when we talk about these issues, I'm reading something. I like when something is set up. Obviously, I I go, but when it's really like all of a sudden where Jessica goes, "You miss your gun." I'm like, oh, something's going to happen that's going to need that gun because a, why I'm would Jessica worry dummy. about that? Just, I just thought it was a, a funny call out because we just have recently had Simon just get rid of his weird gun. weird thing to ask. I think is never put it together until the end because I'm like at the end of this whole issue, I'm like, fuck, I bet he wishes he had that yeah, goddamn yeah. gun. It's just so weird. They're talking about Skittles, Pokemon, mint chocolate chip ice cream, football, pancakes, driving a car. You miss your gun? <laughs> yeah, it seems feels. so weird. And he's like, uh, no, uh, sort of. Uh, you know, you know what I, and then she goes right back. You know what I miss? Kruta, my sister's cat. He used to crawl up on that gun. It was just, it's like, which one doesn't belong? I, yeah. I actually you miss got killing mad. people. I actually got mad at first because when he said crouton, I actually thought he meant the food croutons. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, like who, who the fuck croutons? would miss croutons? Who the fuck? Like, what croutons? You, you talk, yeah, you know, sal salad. No, no, see, I, I don't eat no salad. I just like to buy a bag of croutons I just like and eat them like a snack. 
ton used to do that. I have to tell you. The problem it with, bothers the pro- me. Yeah, the pro- it bothers me too. The problem with uh, croutons is mostly when you get croutons, croutons usually have garlic of yep. some sort in them. I can't eat them. So fuck you and your goddamn croutons. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking throwing that in my face. You're going to have croutons. You're telling you the worst. Salad. Oh, it's the worst. The worst thing that I could ever eat, besides maybe shrimp scampi, which may have the most garlic, uh, is uh, – a Caesar salad with croutons. You might as oh, well yeah. just fucking start digging my grave. I just passed the test, Aaron. Or uh, digging a latrine. Yeah, and well, then you go. Yeah, really. Then you go and you're going to get, you know, we're going to find out. Because then Volthoom comes out and basically is like, hey, you know what? I got my ring. Yeah, hey, look at me. I'm actually Volthoom. He separates Aha. from the deal. Now, the other thing I thought, here we go. Because then Jessica starts going, you know, that that voice I remember that. And I'm like, oh, no, they're going to throw that into Power Ring and stuff like that. He pulls back from that. Uh, Thank uh, God. But they yes. do bring it up, and it makes me angry initially. It makes but me angry not... enough, but he pulls back from it. Yes, so they, they it, do not it go fully okay. into it. Thank God. Yes, because I thought, here we go, because I told you that I thought that this was going to end up where she was going to fight Volthoom and treat it as if this was the Power Ring from Earth 3 and exactly. all this Exactly, Power stuff. Ring and body. Yes. And they don't. So it's okay. But then you go back. Now, what we think is they're going to go back in time. So you also have to have these other exactly. lanterns the that they're going to run into. The whole thing that go into. with that is that we have each issue been giving backstories to each of these original yes. seven lanterns and how they became lanterns. So I'm like, we better see something of this because this is just filling up fucking page space. Yes, because we're not we get see more here. So obviously we are going to see more yes. because we go to the seventh lantern. I think it's the seventh. I haven't gone back and counted. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's the seventh one where we find out it is one of Brainiac's people from the planet Kalu. Yep. And, you know, it's weird thinking about, you know, Brainiac's home planet billions of years ago because we have this woman here who is just going around doing fucking mindless jobs and the people who she's, she's working for. She's fixing sock robots. Sock That's robots. And sock all robots. Robots that saying, distribute socks. I'm going to report you. Yeah, I'm going to report you. I'm going to report you. I'm going to report you. And finally, she's like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. Get your own goddamn. She says, screw your socks and goes. And again, this isn't like the classic, ooh, this is a person who has gone past fear. I like that it's spelled out that at this point, almost like a Kyle Rayner with Ganthet, at this point, the, the, there's a crisis. Yeah. So these rings are going out and they are finding people quick or whatever. And yeah, you even get a whole thing where she has a, she has a girlfriend. Eric, but I think that that's part of it too. That she, you know, she's going and she's not as and afraid of, the of whole, having like, that. The overcoming great fear in my mind is that she's not doing what everybody expects her to do. Yeah. And she's kind of like an oddball of this planet where she does have a third level intellect, which seems to be a big deal yes. billions of years ago. Yes. But uh, she it's is kind of a to cool step call, out and live her out. dreams. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and the whole thing of how you know with that, and she quit her job. She's not going to do it. She's not going to worry about what's going to happen. And then the ring that selects terrifies her. me. But again, you sit there and think, okay, one of the first seven lenders is a woman who quits her job as a sock robot repair person. That, but it, there's a crisis. Yep. There's a crisis in the universe that is Volthoom, and yeah, they're going to select shit quick. I, I don't know how you would say this because it's still like the planet's Yon Kalu, but I don't know what you would call the people of Yon Kalu. Yon Kaluan? I do like the idea that one of these people are a Green Lantern just because I yeah. think they're cool looking. Yeah, I like them too. I, 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 I like, like the them. diverse, like having the white Martian, freaking, you know, the Tamaranian yes. and yep. all this other stuff. I'm like, it's a cool collection yeah, of people cool that I want to see together. That's in the Vegas system, Eric. Uh, you have the whole thing to uh, just to remind people to or tell them. Uh, Volthoom, when he basically showed himself, he came out, had his body 
uh, recreated. He basically. recreated his body with. And Rami is not dead. Rami no. is actually thrown away from him. He's they want him to out. step, and he is having problems. He, you know, he is not breathing very well. Jessica goes over to help him. In the meantime, Volthum just is like he he has no shame in his game. Now he has his, his ring. He's ready Where to just go to town. You people get off trying yeah. to fight me, and they do call out like you're supposed to be dead. Necron killed you. I mean, there. Sam Humphreys is doing a better job. He's here. doing his due diligence. Yes, he is. He's actually going back and he's tying it in, and it makes sense because Simon was there. Simon was involved in some things and knows some things and things like that. So we're going from that. Uh, but yeah, basically, he wants Jessica's, you know, ring. He causes a, a reaction and, that destroys Simon. And I'm ring. telling you, too bad Simon got in the way of that because he freaking tries to use his constructs against Volthum, yes. and he, Volthum just walks up puts his hand over top of uh, Simon's fist and throws so much emotional yeah. energy into it that it overloads the ring and shatters it yeah, on Simon's hand. Basically, head. he does what Frank Lemensky was his downfall. He just overloads him with this yeah. emotion and, and just shatters the ring so he doesn't have a ring. There's where you have the call-out. And where I do like it, if you did read the New 52, at the point where Simon, the last time this thing kind of happened, the gun did save him, Hal and Sinestro. He had yeah. that gun, and it was like... That's why I have a gun. Now and he gets rid of the goddamn Simon gun. With the gun. Yes, and now he gets rid of it, and again, it could have saved you, Batman. Him. But yeah, yeah, really. And basically, though, at this point in his progression, he's going to live or die with that ring. And unfortunately, you know, I don't think he's dying, but this it's very possible that he could. Now, again, he has the gun and starts shooting Volthum. Volthum could probably just put up a, a fucking shoot. Most likely, but it's nice to have. Anyway, uh, you go back then, because Jessica then, and they're going to fight. He wants the lantern, or he wants Jessica's ring. It's kind of fighting back. You have the Jaybird talk, and it's a good call out, too. I'm telling you, there's a lot of good things that Sam Humphreys has built to this, where the ring wasn't just a ring that, you know, when they said, Jessica, you t- you talk to your ring? Nobody does that. And she's like, and she yeah, gave it talks like, to I'm me. Talking, yeah. talking to it gave it a personality. Yeah, it gave it a personality, but also it gave it a connection with her. This isn't mm-hmm. just like, it, it seems more above than just being that ring of that sector. And it could this just is be that, because this is one of the original rings as well. We don't yeah. know how this has changed over the but billions it's even, of years even of ring making. But even then she even said because it seemed like Simon was going to talk to – you know what I mean? But I like the fact that she did have a connection with the ring. So when something does go and the ring itself seems to try to reject things, you can almost say, you know what? It's because Jessica was nice to it, actually talked to it and stuff like that. Uh, in the meantime, you go back to Nazir and I'm like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? Even yeah, if it was a, a couple pages. It's like one page. I'm like, you're really going to fucking put all of this momentum that you have going here and you're going to slam the door on it for a second to go back to Nazir's piss because Simon can't go to his birthday well listen dude you're not fucking two years old he acts like a six-year-old unfortunately your fucking brother-in-law is a fucking space cop you know and he's I mean? about this, to die right now because yes, his ring was shattered. It's there's not, not like he's working at the Kinkos. In the freaking sh- yeah. uh, Vault of Shadows. Tell him he's not making fucking flyers at the Kinkos, Eric. They have Kinkos still. He's acting know. like Simon just – there's nothing that could possibly be keeping him from coming back if this is Where anything. Where do you get up? I'm telling you, Nasir should be day. like – he should be like, you know what? I'm a little worried because I did think I know what he's saying, but it's it's so pushed now. And I wish that his sister would have been like, you know what, husband here, uh, you were in a goddamn coma, 
And that motherfucker saved your ass. So you know what? Seriously. If he misses your birthday one time, he's probably busy. And in fact, I'm worried about him because he did write this letter and really seemed like he was going to come back. When when Simon has these things like, oh, sorry, man, something came up. Something that came up is usually a fucking galaxy-wide fucking disaster. You know, he could be at the, the Justice League doing stuff. You know, the Watchtower at this moment is fucking falling. And, and Simon has a goddamn fucking virus on his head. Uh, Nazir, fucking grow up. Grow a goddamn pair. Fuck it. You know, I don't see any of your other goddamn friends there. You don't got any friends because you're a piece of shit. Because you're a jerk. You're a fucking asshole. Yeah, there is not one person. I don't even see your goddamn son there. You know, he might be in bed by now. I don't see any fucking cake. Go to hell. That's what I say. But yeah, then it goes and but the whole thing what happened is Jessica's I, I ring. I, I love this whole thing, too, where, you know, Valthum is trying to talk to Jessica's ring to activate the travel lantern inside of it. And there is a subroutine that is responding to him. But you also have Jessica's ring, like we talked about, talking back. And I'm telling you, when, like, you know, when they, like, Valthum, I love that going against, but when Valthum grabs her wrist and says, you know, Earth 15 travel lantern. And then Jessica's also pleading with the ring to transport her and Jess, uh, Simon out of there because they're going to die. Yes. You have that overlap thing, travel lantern activate, but also on top of that green lantern ring activate, yes. and then they freaking disappear. And, and we the, see the, after the Nazir part, I yeah, don't like the way they I don't like the way you get warp places. No, I don't want to do that. Uh, uh, Simon looks like he's got a hippo mouth. There's some shit going wrong. But the other thing is, I don't know, it even seems like if you ask me and just show me that, I'm like, I would think that it's a fantastic journey and those are red blood cells and oh, they're yeah. in somebody's fucking body. But the, the other thing about it is the only thing that worries me, and it, it could work out anyway, where they would end up at Earth-15 at some point because well, he does yell. Like. Yes, he yells, Earth-15 travel and do it now. She yells as a progression and it may have it, it may be one of those like it takes it very literally well, the, the way and they end really up and you have here, to go it back seems in like time. It would then. be going to Earth fifteen, yes. but in my mind they'd be going back in time to set up the whole. You'd have to go back. Future. Well, in the meantime, yeah, you would think that they would have to be going back in time, and then everybody. But maybe Earth fifteen is a stop off on the incredible journey that is maybe. time travel with the Green Lanterns. We shall see, Eric. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. But what did you give this issue? I give us a 7.5 out of 10. I'm telling you, it was a little slow at times just walking through the Vault of Shadows just to get his ring back. But once yeah. we get Valthum good back and proper, I do like the whole thing, even though, you know, the, the fucking up the continuity, get the travel lantern in there and Earth-15 and all this shit. Yeah, but it he, really made, he actually made some effort to tie yes. some other things in and, and actually and did it right. It. And he I, he I didn't mess up at the end. I thought he was going to mess up like always. I'm telling like, you. I like the art enough, though, but I thought the colors were really yeah, like, they were, you, muted you have out. You, you want a green lantern book. I need book this book to be pops. bright and shining. I need, yeah, I need you to need look at, use this book as a nightlight. Ooh, wait. I'd, I'd probably give it a 7.5 as well. Uh, like I said, I enjoyed it, and really, I have to give it a little bit of a bump in a score uh, on the upside because this is what we've been yelling about exactly. 10 issues that we wanted to get back to. And now we have it. We see Volthum. We see that Rami, you know, Rami's there. He's hurt. Uh, I don't know what happens with Rami now. I don't know. Uh, because he's just, left, he just, the vault of shadows. just left there in the Vault of Shadows. Uh, hopefully, uh, once. Uh, what's it called? Once Valthum leaves, which I think maybe he's with them as well, even though you don't see that. In no, that no, he's left behind. Oh, no. Yeah, he's a, maybe he ends up losing. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have the power he has, and and the uh, 
the guardian of the Voldeshed because he could end up helping Rami. Maybe, maybe I don't. That's know. a good point. I don't know what would happen because yeah, I was thinking I forgot because he says where did they go? So he's definitely there. It's just weird. Uh, I would think that Volthrum immediately would go and kill Rami just to get that <laughs> out of the way, but we'll see. But yeah, I think a seven five. And I he like might still take Rami and just go for yeah, and hold him as a goddamn bargaining chip or something. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe indeed, Eric. And what did you say you give it? Seven five. I'd go oh, I thought you, you said you'd give it a bump. Day. Okay. No, I said the bump of, uh, you know, the thing with uh, was that we got what we've been asking for. Even though, right. like you said, the Nazir part, I think, is oh, a little Nazir off. Part, uh. Uh, and the art, it was good. It wasn't great, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, Eric. But we're going to move on to Green Arrow, number 25, written by Ben Percy, art by Otto Schmidt and Nate Picos. 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 Oliver Queen is in jail for a while, and Seattle... Or Star City is in turmoil. You like that voice? No. After such a long setup to get to this point, this issue feels very rushed. We do finally get to see what Diggle is up to. Kind of. Continue watching Oliver and Dinah drift apart. Sort of. And see that the legal system in the DCU is very lax when it comes out to bailing out wanted murderers. Sure in between is. all of this, we get more underground men, find out Broderick may have only burned his hands, and get a cliffhanger that will probably be more exciting to fans of the TV show than myself. And adds, yet another, char- and adds yet another character in a book overflowing with them, Eric. Actually, that's two. And, uh, you know, I'll go straight with what we're being told because I've heard some whispering down the lane about some of these characters in here. But I'm going to go face value. I think that uh, Ben Percy's kind of saying things about one of the characters, and I I think that he's kind of misleading people. That's what I say, Eric. He he doesn't want to reveal. Why don't you tell what you're talking about? I just we'll get to it. Uh, it's it's Kate Spencer, and yeah. I I saw one thing where he was kind of like ah she's not really going to be the manhunter and all that. I think that he's just people are just asking he doesn't want to show saying, his cards. The thing is, if he's saying that like this is not the Kate Spencer that becomes manhunter, that's bullshit to me because if you no, don't it want all matches Kate Spencer, up. I'm saying though, but if you don't want a Kate like a uh, somebody thinking this is the Kate Spencer that's going to become manhunter, don't use the name Kate Spencer. Yeah, I just think that maybe what I saw was he was saying in this book she may only be here for a couple. No, of I years. don't expect her to be manhunter in this yeah. book. But I'm saying, well, that's what I'm seen, saying. Well, then we he wouldn't Kate be Spencer making her. in this continuity. No, I think that Biden, basically not being what, manhunter. I think that when I saw the one thing, it was basically one of those like, ah, you know what? She's probably not going to be that here. I don't know. Maybe she no, will. I'm fine with that. She can maybe be Kate she's going to join that's up. The, the problem is, is there's a lot of people. There's a lot of characters in this book, and there's oh, yeah. a lot of characters not doing a lot in this book. Mainly Diggle, Merlin. You know, you got is so Roy many. Still kicking yeah, about? No, I think Roy left. I think he fucking skedaddled once uh, Oliver went to jail. He's like, fuck that piece of shit. I'm out. Finally got what he deserved. <laughs> fucking asshole but it starts with oliver in jail and uh here's the deal he's also handcuffed like uh riddler should have been earlier in batman eric but he's there being interrogated and basically it's not even interrogation it's more of a there's more than one detective in here now (laughs) yeah and there's two detectives unbelievable uh but they're like basically this is the hey you know what queen I don't fucking like you. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to go to jail. We're That's make all it is. We're going to out of you, rich boy. Basically, it's here for these two guys to show that 
I, I don't even consider them crooked cops. I consider no. them two cops that are pissed off. This is a vigilante. Well, they don't know the whole vigilante thing, but this is a guy who's Suspected wanted for murder, murder and a guy who had everything in life that they think is bullshit. Uh, and the one guy even says, listen, I look at you as the totem for everything that's fucking going wrong in the city. And the problem is, if you really look at it, whether or not Oliver is a good guy uh, a lot of the problems in the city has come from just him being there. And not and even that, but the queens in general. That's what I'm saying. Just him being what he is and the queens and stuff like that has caused main, mainly the problem. And him being the face of Queen Industries, yeah, I, I agree with him. Now, I no was expecting... murdering face of Queen yeah. Industries. Oh, I was... Look at you and your pretty little face with that <laughs> mouth there. At one point, it looks like the, the guy has his shirt kind of unbuttoned. At the one point, his belly shown. I don't know what he's going on there. But I actually thought it was one of those... I thought they were playing good cop, bad cop. They're, they're playing pissed off cop, pissed off cop. Because yep. it's basically like, listen here, Queenie. You ain't gonna... Because all Oliver's like lawyer. That's all he keeps saying. And, uh, you know, they're like, what do you think you're going to afford? You don't have. And I'm just like, he could still have a public defender. I mean, exactly. you're, you're starting to go against, you know, what you're supposed you know to be what? doing here. We, everybody had the force, though. The public defenders are shit. Damn, yeah. They don't even <laughs> have the bar and we let yeah. them in here. No way is anybody going to be fucking, uh, you know, going to make you get uh, free of murder. Who were we talking earlier about the bar? <laughs> we had Friggin', um, Richard Richardson, maybe? James Dyer. Yeah, Jedediah. That's Judge what he's gonna Jed. get. He's gonna get Judge Jed in there. He passed the bar. He passed it every day on the way home from work, and he went into it. But yeah, you have them both just basically setting you up. Now, the other thing about this is Ben Percy. Somebody has told him that you have to make every issue a jumping on point, and maybe that's a good idea. I don't know. It, when we you're get a reading lot of that though, in Green Lanterns. Boy, when you're reading this, but at the one point, they really, you know, there's Oliver. They're spelling out the whole thing with, you know, I think that the whole city's your problem. And you go to Domini, and he's going to be giving you the whole deal, again, about Star City. It's no longer Seattle. It's going to be Star City. It seems I, like the city, uh, you don't really get as much a time frame as I want. I would love because to have a time frame because yes, everybody because it seems, seems to call like, this yeah. star city already i'm like what happened and not even just that is it seems like everything is fixed i mean he's like sitting there and he's like that you know they're not making progress in dc but we sure are here in washington state in star city the american dreams alive and well we have a deal with queen industries and he is basically saying it's we're the first corporately sponsored deal and look at us we're doing great we have more like at this point, there should still be smoke coming up from that space needle. And no, they're really – I know that it's like setting up what's – but he is really talking like almost like it's happened. Like, you know, and even then you go to uh, freaking Pennytown, my favorite. I, I guess everybody's moved to Nickeltown, Eric, because Pennytown is Moving already – They've already cleared it out. Now they're using the underground man. Uh, but they're already – the next day is when they're showing up to bulldoze all of Pennytown to make high rises and stuff. So shit is really Are they going to go up 84 floors? They they do not do that shit oh, in okay. fucking Star City. They stay they have a fucking real city here. But yeah, you have the whole thing and then you have the news that's basically, you know, you're going to have the the haves and have-nots and this is what the news is spelling out. Look, you know what? This is a great thing that Dominic's saying all this corporate stuff that they're coming in and they're funding the city. But don't forget there's still these people. You get that call out from that guitar playing lady and her fucking yeah. son and, and husband it looks like and like, you know what? All my friends are vanishing. I don't know what that husband's been. 
I know. He's you don't been, see a lot of him. He's been at the bar, Eric. You haven't seen much of him at all. He sends them out Daddy? to play tunes. He sits at home and watches TV. He's home, they're homeless. Springer. Well, now they don't have a home. That's why he's there. That's the problem. He's they there because... The Ewok Village. Yeah, they had it. Now, now the homes, they've been fucking evicted. Now he has to fucking stand with them. That's why he looks so fucking pissed off. He, he had to get dressed, Eric. He likes to sit around in his undies. And it's, you, it's funny to me, too, with this issue. It's very similar to what's going on in Aquaman right now with the freaking yeah. poor in the yeah, slums area. And the freaking, you got true. the boys coming in to drive the homeless yep. out so the they can make deal. way for the de- construction teams to come in or the demolition teams. Yeah, and it's funny. Even then, you have these guys when the things are going to be bulldozed. I don't even get the whole deal that they're on the cahoots. They just are guys who are, like, there to scrap things and all. But, they, yeah, they're still because then. I'm they, here to scrap metal and beat yeah, the shit out of like, old homeless men. And out of out of nowhere, you have, have our homeless guy, Mr. Fenton, that we keep seeing, and he's making protest art out of trash. I'm like, God damn it, do yeah, something! Protest like, art, you know what I see? Get a I, job, I motherfucker! <laughs> it's garbage. It's just protest. I'm like that, you gotta—they're gonna bulldoze that tomorrow. Go work at the McDonald's. Protest it's yourself protest. to a protest yourself to a goddamn paycheck, Fenton. You know it's not working, Penny Town. Look at that. How do you get that fucking, you know, that uh, shopping cart that far up? He throw a that. Ladder? I see halfway through. There's a goddamn washing machine. It looks he like in there. some washing machine. What, is, what does this mean? I'm I'm the worst with looking at art and seeing what it means. That shopping oh, cart. Ooh. Don't you understand? This is against uh, corruption and yeah, uh, oh, capitalism. I see it. And he has a widescreen TV. He's going to nail to his thing. And the one guy's like, yeah, you know, stupid old man. Give me that widescreen TV. I get myself some dollars at the pawn shop. I actually agree with the bully. So do I. In my mind, Fenton's a liar about this art. Yeah, he made this art, but then he found a fucking widescreen TV. He's like, I'm taking this bet. Exactly. He's He's looting now. Yeah. He heard uh, fucking American Gods is on. He he wants to catch up, Eric. He's going there. He's going to hook up to some other person who was evicted that the cable's still going. But yeah, you have this. But this is where I had some issues. right. I had some issues throughout this of these weird progressions of scenes because these guys are there with Mr. Fenton. And then you have the narration of Black Canary saying, you know what? I used to squat in places like this. You know, these people are there neglected or whatever. And then she just shows up when Fenton's getting kicked and just shows up on her motorcycle. It starts wrecking house. And then it just the whole progression of the scene to me is really odd. Like then she's like, what's going on? Oh, I'm making scrap art. Oh, that's cool. Hey, where's Ollie? Yeah, we're not together. It, you just, it's basically there for an info dump like yeah. everything else is. And, and honestly, just to freaking have you see that Black Canary's still doing stuff in this book, even if she's just kicking ass. That's and what take, I like, mean. Yeah. She's being a freaking a, really a woman of the odd. people. Yeah, and basically then to lead to the. The people are disappearing again. Those underground men are still at it. And, and there I was, you have. I was like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, the Nosferatu men are back. Holy yeah. shit! I never oh, thought they're back. Again. Yeah, and it's the funny thing too is I would love at one point that you have the underground men fighting the burned, and oh, then yeah. an atomic bomb goes off and they all die. Uh, that's all I want. Get them all in one spot and fucking kill them all because they're Those very Heratus similar. Nosferatu and anyway. burns victims. Get yeah, the oh, fuck out of here. They kill each other. Yeah, money's is money, sir. Yeah, you have Oliver then, and he's in his cell, and Emiko breaks in. You don't have any idea how she does it. Even uh, then, I'm she cool gets in. Then she opens she's up the door. It's crazy, but she's like, come on, big brother, we're getting the fuck out of here. And it's funny, because she's like, hey, Red Arrow's busting you out, big bro. Uh, and then Oliver's like, you're not Red Arrow. That's all he cares about. He's, yeah. And then he says, and I like this, this actually makes complete sense to me, because this is why... This is why Dinah is leaving him, which still doesn't make sense because he wants to prove 
himself innocent. He just doesn't want to run around as a, uh, you know, a man who's, you know, accused of murder. He knows he didn't do it. He thinks that he can prove his innocence, and he thinks that this is the only way, and he's right, to get back Queen Industries and make them the good company that he wants them to be. So it makes complete sense. Again, in the background, this is still why Dinah seems to be leaving him, because when this issue goes forward, it doesn't it seem weird that she's still that mad at him about this stuff? I mean, yeah. the guy's in jail there. I don't. I get the idea. She didn't even fucking visit him once. Of course she uh, did. But but then we have where I said the jumping on point where you have Oliver's like, listen, I got to get back my family's name and stuff. And now we go through a stylistic. Uh, Splash screen deal, a full page spread where you have the characters there and there be, you get the whole tale of the Queen Industries, the Ninth Circle, the supervillain, all this and the what they have to do. The original Queen who brought and up, have, uh, created yeah, Seattle, Robin Queen. Robin Queen and also about how the city has the ley lines. Like it really is. If you are reading this book, you see this page, which looks pretty cool. But oh, again, awesome. you are not learning anything new. This is basically the whole thing and even the whole where it ends this page with the, even my father the late robert queen was part of this conspiracy he was part of the ninth circle uh but he wants him and emmy to have their company back and their name back as well and so he says no and then the guard comes she has to go and that's where they come and that that's where uh kate spencer comes in who's going to be his his attorney and he doesn't know how she ends up there and they can make bail and he's like we entered a plea of not guilty and then we post bail and stuff like that and it's 10 million dollars and again Again, I was looking up some stuff because to me that's nonsense. There are people who when they go and they post bail for – it's just weird to me because any heinous crime like a rape or a murder, there's hardly a time when you can post bail. But then when they do, they make the bail crazy. There was a yeah. lady who uh, supposedly might have uh, killed so – She had, her bail was $35 million, some fucking industrialist who was able to do. The next one that I saw was like $75 million. Now, again, well, he's even not that, supposed- I, I think the whole thing is like when you get post bail, I think it's only 10% you have to yeah, pay. Yeah, it is, but that's why I'm saying. And and the, I think the what we're supposed to be going on is the fact that he has no money. That's why we yeah. had – again, it's a forced setup at the beginning when the, the cops are there. You don't even have your money. Your bank account's wiped clean. So when they do go to post bail saying $10 million, they never thought that he'd be able to post bail. I still think it would have been more. Plus, it is Oliver Queen. I know he doesn't have money. A guy like that would have connections. I think that he'd be a flight risk immediately, and I don't think that they would. Which we find out at the end. He yeah, leaves. he is. He leaves. I mean, what does he have to lose? Not running. So I really think that it's a weird thing that they do even set bail that low. I mean, make it crazy because they really do. We actually we actually argued a bit before we got on recording about the whole policy of bail and like murderers if they set the bail or not, or they like. they don't allow bail to happen. Yeah. You know, you're going to be resigned to jail until your trial and shit like that. And the whole idea, too, to me is like, I think that a murderer would get bail, you know, be an outrageous amount. But the idea that, you know, Oliver Queen, everybody presumed he was dead after killing Wendy because he's been on the run this whole time and then finally turned himself in right there. No, no bail. You're done. Yeah, I'm there just, it's just. This would be, you know, just think of of any murderer who is, you know, on trial and and they're just going to go out and about. And this is a guy where they would go to this bail hearing and say, oh, you know, my my uh, my client, Oliver Queen, you see his bank account. He has no money. He's not a flight risk. He has no money. And they're like. 
You mean Oliver Queen, the guy who was pretty much running Seattle, like you don't think he has a connection somewhere? Oh, you mean Oliver Queen who's been seen, you know, hanging out with a Bruce Wayne or a let, you know, they, he still would have connections yeah. that would be able, and just the idea. Nobody likes Oliver Queen. I'm telling you, just the idea that they would let him bail is, is a little forced to me. And when they did, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I, you don't think that he has at least one friend that's going to help him out and get the fuck out of the country? Now, in the meantime, time we're reading the book we know he's green arrow so we know he's not bad we know he's not guilty all this so it doesn't you know it doesn't hit as hard let's say but it's it's nonsense to me it's complete nonsense then we go back and we actually find out and it looks like diggle's the one who gave him the money which is odd because like diggle like diggle seems like he's been gone this entire time with merlin merlin so the idea that he would actually get money back to seattle is just odd to me or have that money in general and it's funny too because he's only in western washington so he has a but gone I'm that far you, but he's in this he is, he's in the goddamn arctic he oh i thought at first mind. i thought he was because in my mind whether or not i'm thinking of the progression of the story and how long it's taken it seems like he's been gone for five years i know yes. it isn't but we haven't seen him so it seems like so long for him just to be in the mountains of western washington where he has set up what appears to be his, his own version of, of the fortress of solitude i mean this thing looks high tech I, I he says that you know he set this up in case shit went wrong. It looks pretty comfy. Up I'm there. looking at that. It looks like Steelworks might have put this together. I'm saying I want to be there. I want to be involved. But he has Merlin, and you still don't know why he is saving Merlin. But he says, you know what? I owed you. Uh, Ali owes me. It's the whole thing. And he even explains to Merlin, like basically, Ali, I. I fucking you know cold cocked him with that pistol whipped him but he knows that anything i do he knows he that he deserves yeah. it and that's where you have freaking merlin eating and he attacks him with the fucking three-pronged fork and diggle fucking chokes him out that just yeah, that old man. yeah it just made me laugh uh yeah, why yeah. they did that it just made i guess this was just to show you that they aren't well, you in need cahoots. To, you need to reintroduce this whole thing because it's been a while since we dealt with Diggle walking yes. away with Merlin into the goddamn water. But yeah. this whole thing boils down to it's like Merlin saying, you know I'm going either going to kill Queen or, or he's, he's going to kill, kill me. me. And eventually you're going to have to choose a side who lives and who dies. Yeah. And I uh, I also think that when you – like you said, he hasn't been around a lot. And we, I just said a little bit earlier that it seems like Ben Percy does think that he has to keep uh, jumping on points here. Where I you actually have Diggle, this one because yeah, we have Well, you have Diggle p- taking him in there and you may think even with the talk and all that, ooh, you mean Diggle's with Merlin? This doesn't make sense. And him attacking him, then you know like, okay. They, they aren't in cahoots. They yeah. they are with the thing. But you go back to Star City, Aaron, into Queen Industries, and there is – You think they're uh, going to run with this for a long time, the Star yeah, City? Yeah, I like, do because I, it even says Queen Industries, Star City. I, I know, think but that, you don't think it's going to go back to Seattle after No, that? I think that what's going to happen is eventually Oliver will take it back. And the people will decide that they like Star City because what, you know, I'm telling you, at this point, you're going to have these, you know, the have-nots rise up to fight. And it's going to be one of those, we're going to make Star City our city. I think that they're going to stick with make it. Make Star weird. City our city. That's well, good. I like that slogan. Yeah, you see Henry's there, and he's working in Queen Industries, which we knew. Uh, but, you know, before they said he was going to be involved in, in – uh, not it, it was uh weapons remember yeah, when R&D like, oh, for weapons and stuff like well, that it, now it seems that queen industries is all about making the city a hub to get information and that threw me off because you yeah, have broderick weird. you have broderick talking to dominie he's been gone for a while he says hey you've been gone a couple weeks 
uh, what's been going on? Oh, I'm recovering. So at least hey. there we get a kind of a thing. Yeah, we do. Weak, so we, yeah. there's that. And, I, I even looked over that because I was wondering to myself, the idea that everybody is already going with the Star City, even though in the last issue it seems that Dominic just, seems, just presented the still idea. still seems people. too quick for me. Agreed. It seems like it's they're about really. about as quick as Aquaman growing a beard and his fucking yes. hair out in a week. Yes. But yeah, you have or that. And I like Dominic too. And everything seems forced to me because he's like, hey, why are you wearing gloves? <laughs> Hey, don't worry about that. Listen to me, you fool. Stay on message. Just He's giving this whole thing, and I love the speech, too, because he's trying to give the, this is the land of opportunity. And he's like, listen, you know what? I was once a, I was a CFO. Now I'm a CEO. I'm oh. like, what? I don't even know what that means. And he's no. like, I was once on the board of the Ninth Circle. Now I'm the director. I'm like, so basically you're telling me as long as you are two steps away from the te- like this isn't like listen look at me i, I worked in r&d i was yeah i was the janitor then i became the ceo no no you were the ceo or the cfo now you're the ceo also like has a lot to do room, motherfucker. Yeah, also has a lot to do with richard and oliver basically being uh, dead or missing you yeah. know that that has a lot to do with, friends it. with them beforehand it yes it's so, and he's like, hey, you maintain absolute loyalty. You know what? You're mayor. Next, you'll be mayor. That's the same. Super eh. mayor. And he's like, I don't know what's above mayor. Super mayor. <laughs> so you were mayor of Seattle. Now you're mayor of Star City. Yeah, that, that city's that, better than like, Seattle. That, that's the same, though. This is the same. No, 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 no. no, no. Star City. You're a star. Okay, I'll go with it. And by the way, why are you wearing them gloves? He doesn't want him to I'm know so, that. I'm so he's mad a, that's all that's burned yeah, off. It looks like all, hands. Yeah, his hair isn't even burned off. No. It's just his hands. I like it too because you kind of get that whole idea. I really want him to be in a room where they're in the ninth circle. And he's there and it, maybe Dominic's there. And he's like, listen, Dominic, I want to show you. Look, he takes off his gloves and he has like one little burn. I mean, I'm telling you. It's, it's barely, like Dr. Doom scratch you, on his you face can, so he covers you his can entire barely face. See it. Yeah, you can barely see it. And he's like... Look at this fucking abomination I become. I'm a burn. And they're all standing behind him like, you motherfucker. I, I you were the one. one point when Oliver gets back and they're like, you know, they're Broderick and them and confront each other and Ollie punches in the face. Yeah. And then you see a skin Shit flap falls down where it's It'd all be just great. in the sky. And, and the, the thing that makes me laugh is the burned aren't exactly burned because they were caught in house fires most no. of the time. They are baptized in fire and like turned Batwoman. into the burn and he has gloves on hiding like it. Like Batwoman, Jim. Yes. Forged in fire. Forged in fire. Fucking nonsense. Yes. Well, in the meantime, he, you know, you, you have Broderick spouting off his whole fucking plan. And, and to Henry dominate. is testing out his new hearing yeah. device that amplifies hearing. Yep. Amplifies and hears all this. And it's funny because there is, Bro- and Broderick's talking. Now we know he's bad, right? We know he's the bad guy. But he's like, listen, ground zero for a larger plan as he goes on about what Star City will be Central City, Coast City, Opal City, Gotham. All of them plugged into our new smart city network. All of them heavily indebted to the Ninth Circle. We will own them like we own Seattle. At this point, that does not seem like an evil plan. I know that Broderick is bad, but basically this would be like I could see Bill Gates sitting there and saying, you know what? We get or, – or say Steve Jobs. We get the iPhone and then everybody – and they'll all be plugged into Apple products. That's all it seems to me at this point. I know the Ninth Circle's uh, gone in, but basically it seems like what he's pointing out is that Star City will become a Wi-Fi hub that everybody will connect through. 
I just want to know why he calls Star City Seattle. Yeah, because he's not used to it yet. He's been out for a week. He hasn't been used to the new Star City. Yeah, you get Oliver and uh, Kate Spencer going out, and Oliver starts showing that he may be the world's greatest detective, Eric, because he sees that she has a gummy bear on her ass, Mm, and it reminded me of The Simpsons. It reminded me of The Simpsons when the gummy bear was on the babysitter, and Homer grabbed it to eat it. It was the gummy Venus de Milo, by the way. Sure was. And and that caused a lot of uh, sexual harassment suits to be laid on Homer. Uh, in the meantime, yeah, it's just he's like, I know that you're poor, you, you don't have money, you're doing this, you're broke, you know, and basically it seems like she's doing it uh, either as a favor. Obviously, like we said, it looks like Diggle gave the money in, but, but no, in she's mind, counting she's on the back end. Ca- she's counting on him being found yeah, innocent she's, and she's, then fucking yeah, being set She's life. counting on back end money. When he is proven innocent, uh, you know, it's, it's basically putting a dollar on the uh, the Cleveland Browns to win the Super Bowl. You don't think it's going to happen, but if it does, you're going to get some fucking cash because, yeah. you know, you throw those bets out there. She's counting on him being innocent then, even though she throws a lot of shade at him early, like, yeah, I don't believe this story, this bullshit. Uh, but I like her. She seems tough. One tough cookie. But she's in trouble because that bail, she posted, Oliver fucking leaves. It's done. That's what you have bail for. Nobody looking on him this entire time. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to have to have some lies or whatever. You're going to have Henry at one point fucking make some fucking phone call with some voice modulator. I guarantee you. In the meantime, that, you know, Oliver does get out. He goes. He says to to Kate, he knows that she's poor, whatever. He's going to be a good guy. You're going to, I'll hook you up, whatever it might be. But uh, she drops him off at the restaurant restaurant where henry's mom owns the restaurant and grandma uh, i mean and uh he goes in thinking that henry's dead this whole time he still thinks henry is dead in the ewok village fire he goes in and henry's not dead and actually says to the grandma you know i'm so sorry about henry and she's like why why are you sorry why are you sorry she had five million bucks yeah, remember she had tons of fucking money, and then Henry comes up and like, hey, what's going on? And it does address a problem that we've had throughout this book where Oliver has been a full-out dick to Henry yeah, throughout. he's been a piece uh, of shit. There's never a point where Henry, you know, you can, again, this is one of those, I wish Henry would have just said at one point, hey, you know what? I'm working undercover kind of at quaint because he just... They go right to the scene where they're talking about things going on and and what you can trust and whatever. And then he finally does say, I know I do, but by being there at Queen Industries, maybe I can still help. But there was it was a weird progression to me of when they sit down and start talking about money and moving to him saying that. Uh, it just it seemed odd. Look, uh, I know like, they're up to no good, but the paychecks are great, Holly. Yeah, and yeah. Look, it just I'll, seemed, I'll help you out on the sly, but I'm not quitting this job. The paychecks and, are yeah, so good. And, well, and that's when he says, listen, I'm working inside the firewall. And I've learned some things. I don't know how, but the Ninth Circle is a way of getting dirt on everyone. Politicians, private citizens, corporations, banks, and military. That's just the beginning. He hopes to go global. And it's still, I'm like, this is a weird, like, the Ninth Circle at one point seemed really intent on real evil. And this, you know, this kind of seems... Okay, I get it, whatever. But, you know, this is what it's going to lead to, and they're going to have to bring it down uh, while this is going on. And, And even Henry is like... Really nice to Oliver, and and he, but then says, you know what, you were a real dick, and Oliver yeah. says, I was. I'm I was sorry. always your friend, but I never got the idea that you were my yeah, friend. Yeah, and I think that it took Oliver. Now, also, he says, I was Green Arrow. I had the mission. I wasn't thinking, but it took him to think that Henry was dead to realize that he was a friend. So I did like that. I like that going forward. Even later, when uh, Henry and I think he does it just to make Oliver feel like a douche. Oh, I would. When he, 
Oh yeah, he lends him money because now Remember he's Queen the rich so guy. Alone. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, uh, they go down and and Black Canary's fighting the underground men. Uh, you know, Oliver helps out. It's very quick, and it, it also keeps with the you know what? Don't call me pretty bird. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, really? It's gone that bad? Like it didn't seem that bad. Yeah, and it really, it seems the only thing she's still mad about is he wants to prove his innocence. Yep. It's so weird. And she only come. likes men in masks. Yeah, I guess. And she doesn't. She thinks that when he becomes Oliver Queen, he's just going to be a rich douchebag anymore. If you're in love with him and know him, you you should know different. It just seems so forced. She's to get in love with Green out. Arrow, not Oliver Queen. Yeah, I guess because then they they Oliver meets and says, "I know that you know whoever it was. I still don't know. Posted all that fucking millions of dollars. I don't care. I'm fucking skedaddling." And even says, "I'm leaving the state. It's not yeah, even they, leaving they, he, the state. He's, he's, he's going to go out because now he's got to find the the network of the underground yeah. men and the friggin' you know human yep. trafficking operation. So he's going off to do that. In the meantime, he's in big trouble. You, you don't." jump bail like that but and uh you have dinah watching as all this goes on as oliver's going off and saying goodbye to fife and have it go yeah and they're like i wish dinah was here well you know she would have come but it's okay i get it and then the weird line i can't say i love you either even if i want to it just seemed weird and uh henry gives him money and he goes off and now there's trouble and then you end with broderick kind of monologuing about how oliver has fallen all this is going on and then there's the big thing as he grabs a mask and hands it to somebody that we don't know yet uh but then says listen oliver i tried first to ruin him then kill him and then turn him but there's too much of his father in him very star wars-esque there yeah and then says both men refuse the call so there is the redemption of richard even if he is dead uh that's his redemption. He did refuse the call. Uh, maybe the final step, maybe that the mask, because all Oliver did was find the mask. Maybe he kept it, and we'll find out later that Richard kept it as a reminder of what he had to be against. Or, you know, you find out that that's who killed him because of that. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, but we find that he, Broderick says, We now, you're the only queen that is going to rule Star City and hands the mask to who, Eric? Moira Queen. Yep, his mother. So it's boom, bam, bam. And again, now we have two characters this issue. You have Kate Spencer and now Moira. And now, you know, we're just adding characters over and over. It's just so many in here. But I, I didn't mind this issue. It was okay. It was all right. Uh, it's some weird progression and a there's lot weird of filler. I mean, like that yeah. filler, but catch up. Uh, and in the catch up, and then you'd go to a scene, I'm telling you, like that scene with uh, Fenton. And Black Canary, it just you're like, really? We spent that much time with the trash art and this just to show that the underground men are back? And it just – it had a real heavy setup, but set up uh, along with recap. So if you've been reading, it kind of did get a little boring to me uh, as we were going. But I gave it a 6.8. I do like the art. I like Oliver Schmidt's art. I do like Juan Ferrer's better. Uh, but I do like this art. Uh, he I, has a very unique style to it that uh, it just jumping from back and forth with the thing. Uh, I do have to admit that I like Juan better. But Oh, uh, I like Juan better too, but I love Otto Schmidt's art yeah, here as too. well because I actually one of the things I'm really looking forward to because I really hope it plays out in the rest of the Green Arrow with Oliver's quest now. But we see the stuff that I'm hoping are scenes from the future where it looks like he goes to the Justice League for help and they, they're not really looking like they're helping him. And then he teams up with Hal Jordan. seems like Dinah and Emiko are teaming up. And even it looks like I think it's the team for the resistance during the uh, the Dark Knight Metal series kind of thing that we have coming up that, like with the uh, – 
the one shots of the evil Batman from multiverses, like the Devastator and the Drown yeah, and yeah. the Batman who last because I think the resistance was Green Arrow, Nightwing, Damien, Harley Quinn, and Batgirl. Yeah, it's a pretty cool, crazy thing there that looks pretty cool. So, yeah. So, I, I hope this like is what that. we're getting in the progression of the series moving forward. But this issue, it was just let's let's yeah. play catch up for all of these new readers as we you know have a small thing to get Oliver out of jail and send him on his quest. Yeah, yeah. And I like think I, with that, I think I'd still give it a seven out of ten though. Yeah, like I said, I went six eight only because of the recap heavy deal, and we yeah. were getting that constantly. But and the only recap go. I really appreciated was that Diggle stuff, just because we have not seen him and Merlin yeah, in a while. Yeah, well, you you need that if you don't have a character in for a while. Yeah, you're gonna have to kind of get people, even me and you. You know, we want to know what he's doing or what's going on as well. And, yeah, that was okay. Actually, that might have been the best part of the book because, yeah, I was wondering all this time what happened to Diggle. But we'll go on to the last book in the green section, Eric, which is Justice League number 23, written by Tom DeFalco, art by Tom Derenick, Tony Cordos, Andy Owens, Trevor Scott, Bat. We haven't had Bat in a while. No. Adriana, I remember when Bat was doing, I believe, colors on a Batman book, and I thought that was that was synergy right there, Eric. Adriano, Lucas, and Josh Reed. We get yet another week's rest from Brian Hitch, and while that is always a good thing, the story by Tom DeFalco was decent but not great. It's the second Justice League issue focusing on Jessica Cruz, and while I always like some Jessica, I like me a handful of Jessica. The absence of Simon felt a little odd to me, and some of the characterizations in this book just felt off. The story is way over the top, and I'm not sure I got a full grip on Black Shield as a villain, but I sure did love Tom Derenick's art. I think Batman's completely, completely over the top, and I think this is what happens. Yeah, well, I'm saying in this book, it's just like... No, I mean, he's over the top of this book. Oh, I thought you were saying like he always was, like you were throwing shade my way there. Now, this is the problem, though. I do think that we even had it last week in the Shea Fontana, or last two weeks ago, it was the Shea Fontana issue, correct? Um, When these people just jump on a book for one or two issues, I do think that they tend to go with the... Not generic, but the cliched versions of a Exaggerated. Character. Yeah, and you had Shea Fontana who was going to deal with, you know, Jessica being uh, OCD even when she had the little bugs on her and she was getting all upset. Uh, I will give Tom DeFalco a, a little nod here. I think he does Jessica pretty well here at times because at, at a point she's very in awe of her being able to do stuff with Batman and Wonder Woman and even to the point where she thinks she might mess up and doesn't want to mess up in front of them then later on she's just yelling at batman which seemed to go against how i think jessica is anyway but as she was at the beginning of this issue as well but i do like her interactions with wonder woman i do like the whole thing but it's 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 a weird it almost feels like a play of what we had with wonder woman and jessica in the last issue which was that's what i'm saying it's such a weird thing to get these two in a row where you have a justice league book you also have a green lanterns book that came out this week as well and they really are focusing on Jessica when, you know, Brian Hitch has had problems himself with getting any character involved. And if you would say the one time that he had a issue where it was like a personal issue or even a – it's a, he relies on Jessica, it seems, a lot too. And it just is odd. But yeah, you have this whole thing where you have this black shield who's this terrorist stopper. 
I don't even know he, what he's a terrorist who hates terrorists. It's it's he's a he yes. And the the thing about it is, when I was first reading, I'm like, okay, he's a guy who's at, in the Middle East in this fake Middle East deal, where he is going to be a guy who wants to stop the terrorists because people in the town are no. He's just there. He's basically to me is he's America. Eric, and he's shown up. America is going to take care of shit because, you know, you know what? I don't care what you did. It's like when I yell at my kids. It's like any parent who yells at their kids and they're like, hey, you're grounded for doing that. I didn't do it. Well, you know what? You did something because basically Black Shield shows up in a town and basically is a racist son of a bitch who says, I don't care if any of you are, are, yeah, any of you are terrible. They really, and again, you get Tom DeFalgo is really pushing this guy is a piece of shit and a shit kicking American total. Yeah, everything. Because, yeah, he shows up. He says to the people in this town, listen, you may not be terrorists, but I'd fucking bet a dollar to a donut that somebody here knows a terrorist because look at you. You look like him. It's just terrible. And, and I'm saying terrible. It's not terrible per se of how Tom – he is a terrible person. Yeah. And, yeah, Jessica goes and now you're going to have, you know, listen, here, sweetheart. And this it's goddamn really, sweetie. Yeah, this it's really over the top. so much in this issue. But it yeah, fucking got really annoying. So they show up and I'll, I'll tell you, to have Jessica, Batman, and Wonder Woman out and about – now, I said it does seem weird to not have her at least talk to Simon uh, with the ring or whatever – I kind of like this team up, though. I do like having Wonder Woman, Batman, and Jessica. It's a weird three-part team here. I just want to know what the other team. Where well, are they? Well, we got they? Cyborg on the Watchtower. Of yeah, course. he's well, of course, he's there. Uh, but yeah, you don't really get an idea of what's going on. No, yeah. we're Superman, Simon, Flash, or Aquaman. Nobody knows. Yeah, they're just out and about. But yeah, this this fucking Black Shield. He's just going to town. He's fighting, and they uh, Jessica. Uh, says she takes him for granted, lets him get like in her head, and she ends up hitting. He's a shield. He has a shield. He has some sort of. It's a kinetic shield that, yeah. as much as you hit him, it's a protective yeah, shield it, that it allows him back. to create energy charge as well. So the yep. more you hit him, the more powerful he can like send back out at you. Yeah. So basically, she goes to hit him, and then he uses his gun again. It's, it's a weird thing where the gun is kind of connected, I guess, because he uses kinetic gun to shoot her across town, and then even punches her. It's like all over the place to me and without knowing exactly what his you know power set and all it kind of comes off as whatever you want him to do you're gonna have him do yeah. uh but yeah she gets knocked across town she goes in and i like this part she goes in there and she thinks i'm a part of the justice league you know what everybody loves us everybody thinks we're heroes but in this point she crashes through and this mother and a daughter this little girl sees her and has the look of fear and in she, her she almost killed this little girl crashing yeah, yeah. through this goddamn crashing wall through the like window. This. and now she's like listen you know what i meant no harm i'm here to protect you but yet she's really thrown back because this mother and little daughter they're scared See her as a fucking monster yeah, they're yeah. scared they're, they think and and again i it's weird because i would have liked to have a little turnaround where this black shield is actually somebody who thinks he's doing good for these people like almost like the terrorist who is a freedom fighter to some or whatever no he's just a piece of shit he's just trying but, to do what's good for america yeah in his and mind. yeah and he ends up shooting this you know this chemical bomb up in the air and they call jessica listen you better get up 
please shield this, they do, and she shields it with a, a construct type deal, and then they Bubble, take it. Yeah. yeah, and they take it up to the watchtower, and a Cyborg looks at it. It's, a, it's just a fucking, it's chemical it's warfare. A, it's, it's a flesh it's a melting mist. goddamn chemical. Yeah, and it's just, it would have killed everyone. So Jessica did well, uh, but she's still kind of thrown. She's haunted she, by the yeah, eyes of that haunted. little girl. And at this point, you know, Wonder Woman's like, you know what, you did well, but then you get the whole deal with, listen, we often have collateral damage, Wonder Woman <laughs> says. I'm like, she's already, get, you know, you're going into the battle with that opinion, Wonder Woman. It didn't seem like it. And through this, this whole Wonder thing, Woman from the early New 52. Yeah, yeah. And Jessica, like, huh, well, you know what? I need some time. I need some time to think I'm going to get out. After she yells at Batman, it's like, you know, you don't know what it's all about, you son of a bitch. And I'm like, boy, she grew some balls. And within, Batman you know, sitting there pages. thinking about his dead parents. Yeah, of course. And duh, did I step into something? And, and Wonder Woman's like, that's not my place. But yeah, basically says, you don't understand what it's like to feel so weak and helpless. And then Batman mopes off, yes, I can. And it just Daddy, seemed, it's, it. again, you're getting a very cliched oh, yeah. type, you know, thing going on. But in the meantime, Batman, through this whole issue, after all this time, he's sitting there and like, I don't trust her. She's she, hiding she's something. Suspicious. She makes me suspicious. At the end, she ends up proving that she's a hero. Now he's even more suspicious. He's like, you know what? That type of power makes me even more suspicious. But they have some of this Black Shields guys. Batman goes down to use his fear technique. And they're like, hey. And it's funny, too, because word has really gotten around. You're getting to a point where if this was a real person, Batman being, and this was the real world, I really do think that Batman is in need of setting up something that makes him look like he kills now. I know he won't kill. He's got to get somebody who's in on the joke, and they have to pretend because there are people around the world who fucking laugh at Batman now because he doesn't go. He has limits. And this this is – we see these guys are just guys in a prison that were in this town with – yeah, we don't have to – why are we afraid of you? You don't have limits. Black Shield doesn't. You know, this whole thing, or you have limits, it seems like – like Batman has to do something. Wonder Woman comes God in and again. Damn it. Yeah, he's like, God. Wonder Woman comes in and again, again, very much like the new 52 beginning, because she comes in, yeah, you know what? I don't have, you know, I'm a fucking Amazon princess. I'm going to fucking. She just walks down there with a yeah. fucking steel beam and this shows him that she can wrap it around like a pretzel and then chucks and it with the energy beam. And at first, I'm telling you, like, I looked at this where she chucked it at the energy beams, like they're creating the cell bars at the freaking yeah. cell. And when it's stuck between these two energy beams, this fucking wrapped up fucking piece of steel, it looks like a body in a fucking bag. Yeah, to me. it does. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, okay. It looks like almost like a mummified body. I actually thought that it was going to hit these things and it was going to deactivate the cell bars there because they are energy beams. And these guys were just going to whoa, whoa, whoa. They were going to run out. Though they are on the watchtower. I don't know where the fuck they're going. Uh, but yeah, then we have Black, you know, we have Black Shield. He's just talking nonsense. He's not I, I interesting. Don't, I don't have any connection to him and he's not no, interesting. He I is, find him very boring. Well, the problem is he's boring, but he's also just too, he's too over the top. He's too bad. Like he's a one he trick pony. Just, yeah, he's essentially like I love the villains like this sort of thing where the villain does have a point. You know what I mean? He's a bad guy. He's got it's like we say like our classic Lex Luthor. Yeah. He is a bad guy, but he has an idea in his head that he's going with that some people can get behind. Now, again, you might have people like, fuck, I'm behind this black shield. This guy's going to go and kill anybody. You know, this is the fight on terror. And he even says, yeah, this goddamn fight on terror. It's nonsense. It's almost going back to he's the anti-Batman. 
Batman yeah. wouldn't do this. The U.S. government won't go and do what needs to be done. I'm going to do it. And it's just like you said. It's not that interesting. They find out no. where he is. And even like Tom uh, DeFalco kind of seems like the whole thing because it's not even a question. They just go and find him. Then they get the info from the guys. Wonder Woman is scared. They go down and they just start fighting. And it, it, he continues. He calls Wonder Woman sweetie at this point. Uh, he flies fucking off. Jessica sweetie. It just yeah, keeps going. He has all these things that at one point he jumps down and, and has like the fucking, you know, the uh, electrical storm fucking thing from his Genetic deal go off and on the in the side you have a guy who looks like he's from the village people he's the construction worker Eric. he's there he's ready he's actually there looking for the indian and the the fucking cop they have yeah. a con they have a and concert the that night and the biker they have a concert that night eric they have to get together he cannot find them uh, how am i going to do ymca by myself yeah, I need can't other people do to it. I'm, only, I'm only the why i can't do the full thing and plus i'm very good at doing macho man but in the navy that's not my forte. I not need everybody else dressed up with me. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just a bunch of nonsense. And he's there. And this that is where he me. says we need the sailor too. <laughs> really? Yeah, you need everyone. You can't do this. Uh, so then he gets there, and there's where the the village people are. Now I say the village people. I didn't even mean it. The villagers are there, and he's like, "Listen, you may not be terrorists, but you know somebody who is your brother, sister, neighbor, whatever. So I'm just gonna kill you all." I'm going to take care of it. And Jessica comes and saves these people, then clamps them into a, a fucking construct that's like a, a shovel. What's and, it called? And then like you know, a, it's, like a, it's like a shovel, like a pooper scooper to my yeah, mind, but then like puts, puts them in an hourglass. Yeah, puts them in an hourglass. The end, Eric. And yeah, then she saves the day by when he lets off and, and basically has all these bombs shooting up in the air again. She lets loose. She contains them all. And then Wonder Woman says, well done, sister. Well done, sister. And then Batman says, yes, but a display of such power makes me even more suspicious. Shut of up, Wonder Batman. Woman's like, typical and it, it's funny because this is a you know you're, you're getting this one shot who knows when this would have had you know this could yeah. this this definitely is one of those inventory issues it seems that this could have happened in you know number nine issue or number 10 or something like that it's just a shame that it happened at issue number 23 where batman has dealt with jessica all this time and he's there uh, well i'm telling you it's a double-edged sword because while it's a shame for batman dealing with jessica it makes sense because now in green lanterns we have jessica gone through basic training she can make constructs which we do see here yeah but and it is but yeah the the whole thing with batman it's just so forced but then jessica's like you know what i'm thinking back i want to be a hero and all this and i'll always remember that girl's look and realize that you know i always have to keep trying always and then you get the next the justice league versus mara and i think it was taylor was asking me somebody was asking me in the slack chat when that was going to come up when mara was going to go to the justice league that it's going to kind of tie into the aquaman book and things yeah. like that i thought but we'll we'll see we'll it's see so how at it the goes. end of aquaman yeah, so th this whole thing, this was just a standard issue. There's nothing very special about You know what? I, I love the, the art. The characters I, I weren't said, written necessarily very no, well. And the story, just, in my mind, yeah. was boring and just tried to get that whole terrorist angle to freaking make a wow factor yeah. to a degree. But 
overall, I was just really bored and found it very unimpressed. Yeah, I was I'm very with unimpressed you. with it. I thought Tom Derenick's art was really good. I, really I liked the art. Like yeah. the art. I liked it a lot. Uh, but yeah, the, the issue is very generic and nothing real special. Nothing that I would say like you have to go and read that. No, uh, nothing like that at which all. Which is why I gave it a 6.5, Eric. And that was mainly for art. Uh, I, you know, the art lifted it up. But yeah, I could even go as low as a 6. Now, I yeah, know I, I'm giving it there. a 6. People would be there. You gave Batman a 6 and you gave this a 6.5. I did like the art, but you know it's a separate deal and plus it's, it's i'll tell you reasons and i'll tell you uh freaking brian hitch isn't on so that already gets a, a bump but uh there you go eric the green section is done we're gonna go off to mail section number three section number three got repairman jack in the house and he says right. what's up guys so what's up, uh, repairman jack? just now listen to pop culture podcast from last week due to me being on vacation but i just had to make this list because hearing your guys list made me realize where some similarities were but also some close offshoots of fears similar to your own and if you remember the, on the pop culture podcast we had our top five fears uh two episodes ago so he is responding that he says five jim i share your fear of rabies which up to this point i always thought was weird because it seems like such a non-existing thing but it's something i think of constantly i always fear that i'll get rabies and that i won't know or realize until it's too late and i'm fucked next thing you know yeah. he's got locked jaw and insane that's what i always hear and also I- i've been so I've been given so much weird information about rabies as well that I imagine in my mind that any animal that comes out during the day is insane and rabied up, and that's not the case. Because that's where you you see a possum in the middle of the day running oh, around like a fucking idiot, and you oh my god, look at that possum! It, it's fuck got rabies. You see a raccoon possum, raccoons, dancing foxes, the fucking. You see any of them that's what out. I'm saying. So now it goes with I see a cat outside in the day. God damn it! Stay away from me, rabies cat. You see a, a little <laughs> child. Oh my god, rabies. You see a, a goddamn fucking squirrel out there dancing the Watusi with a cane and a hat? Rabies. Honestly, I, I, I don't trust say. that to begin with. I'm not going to hear I wouldn't either. You see a monkey there fucking, you know, clapping his fucking cymbals? Rabies. It using tools? To Kill them all. Tools. Using tools? Get rid of it. Next thing you know, Amy want pizza? Rabies. Shoot it. Amy, good gorilla. Amy, good gorilla. No, Amy, Bam. rabied gorilla. Get out of here. 
Rabied. Rabbit, I should say. Rabied. <laughs> Rabied. <laughs> Fucking idiot. And now they're going to kill me. Jim's got rabies. Or the guy. Jim. Rabies. Jim wants English language. Rabies. Boom. <laughs> Four. Where Eric has the fear of the unknown, mine works more on a macro level. When it's dark outside and the windows are open, I'm scared to death of looking out the window in fear that someone will be standing off in the distance just staring at me. Possibly flying a kite. I blame that Halloween series. I just cannot look out windows when it's dark outside, especially if it's really dark and there is one single light off in the distance. I think I'll just happen to see someone passing the light or standing in the light. My issue is I don't want to ever pull a curtain back and see a face like on the third floor of of my house. That, I'm that would you, fuck me you, up. You told me about this list earlier when Jack sent it in, and I'm thinking to myself, God, I am such a piece of shit. I just want to go where Jack lives and do this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stand out there. I'll fly a kite, and you fucking jerk me well, off. It, we'll it's funny, have a too. Great win-win. I, I, I don't want to play that game, but I'm saying it's funny, too, where he's afraid of this because of the Halloween series. And it's I heard this story about Wes Craven when he was a kid. Like the whole idea of Freddy Krueger, he looked out of his window and there was a guy, you know, this homeless, burned up guy who was just walking past. And yeah, then suddenly he just stopped and looked up at Wes Craven really? as a small kid and it scared him. Like Wes stuck down. Did he ever go back and try up. to find that burned victim? No, absolutely not. But the thing no. is, he ducked down and he waited a while and then he looked back up and the guy was still there staring up at the just window. staring? Ooh. Scared him so bad. Wait. That's why freaking made like Freddy Krueger was originally supposed to be an old man, just to like you know make this guy more of like what he yeah. saw as a child. Well, uh, the thing, like I said, I'm scared of opening up a window or a curtain and seeing somebody there. That's why it actually does scare me in Lost Boys when Michael's flying outside right. the window. I just imagine all that from the Amityville Horror with that and big it, head. That too. That, I'm telling you, all of this goes together. But even that scene where Michael's there and it's kind of like a goofy scene. Right. You know, when he's yelling at him, Corey's the yelling at him. The part of the movie you're frightened. Yeah, I'm fucking terrified. Three, crowds. It spawns from my anxiety. I get dizzy, I I get cold sweats, and I start getting overwhelmed. But the loud noises and closeness of a a crowd really fucks with me. I will avoid going at the most mundane places just on the thought of there being a crowd. Anytime we get Chipotle, my wife is being sent in because there's no way I'm standing in that line. Damn right. Number two, sleep paralysis. I've only experienced this once in my adult life, but I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemies. There is a realness to it that can't be explained. A complete and utter dread while being able to do nothing while you implicitly feel as if someone is in the room and walking towards you. I had one shortly after my child was born due to what I assume was stress and sleep loss, and it without a doubt fucked me up for weeks and caused me to stir awake randomly while holding a pillow, swearing up and down I was holding the baby. I com- it completely fucked him up, Eric. It's fucked up, yeah. Number one. Uh, hold on, hold on. I got a story of sleep paralysis because it only happened to me once too, but I didn't have that whole experience where people were th- talking about like somebody sitting on your chest or somebody walking yeah. up on you. I was still living with my parents. I was a teenager. Actually, I might have been actually like 19 or something like that. I was about to move out. <laughs> but um, In the basement? You didn't even no, have no, a no. basement. No, no. That was when I was like 25 and had yeah. to move back for like six yeah. months. But no. Yeah. Um, I was, it, was, it was the house in the Grundyville. Yep. But I'm laying there. And my door was cracked open a little, and I woke up in the freaking middle of the night, or you know, it might, it might have been around midnight. But I woke up because I could still see the hall light of the upstairs, like glowing in through that crack of the door. Yeah. And I couldn't move. And then I'm like, I was freaked out, and I tried to yell out, and I, in my and mind, couldn't. I couldn't. But the thing is, at that point, my stepfather, 
he opened the door and looked in like I, he might have heard something, but I couldn't move or talk at that point. And then he just closed the door and I'm like, there. eventually it wore off. But God damn, it scared the hell out of me. Yeah, it's weird. I, I've never had sleep paralysis, but I do have a recurring dream where I don't like guns anyway. We don't right. have any guns in the house. Thank God I'd be dead. Yeah. Uh, but I, every dream that I have, like people have dreams where they can't run away from a killer or whatever. I always have a dream that I have a gun and I'm not strong enough to pull the trigger. That's always the, in the dream. It's not a fear. It's just a weird night. Nightmare I've had uh, since I don't even remember since being a real. What's wrong, kid. baby? Not a yeah, you're no, not it is. It, it combines that. It's like it combines my fear of firearms with being scared. I'm not strong enough. Uh, you know, it's all this crazy stuff. Uh, number one, he says spiders. I'll deal with infinite bugs. I don't care. Fuck spiders. Kill them Fuck all. Them. Sorry for the random aside, but the top five list really stirred something in me, and I just needed to express these fears. And then he ends with. Fuck spiders, Eric. Seriously, fuck, fuck them. Those spiders. But yeah, they Jack was so the only alien. one he had. They do not belong yeah, on I, this planet. Yeah, weird. It's weird. I don't mind seeing a spider just around. I'll step on that motherfucker. But uh, if I actually see like a documentary on them or whatnot and they get up too close to me, then they start looking really freaky and then it does freak me out. But uh, oh, I'm telling yeah. you, I had a whole thing though. It's not spiders. It's just bugs in general. But I remember – it was it was in the 90s at some point where they had an episode of X-Files where it was all about these killer cockroaches. Okay. And there was a, the, the director of this episode was such a fucking dick because I was sitting in the living room of my house as a kid watching this in the dark. And the TV was across the other side of the living room. So I'm just sitting on the couch watching this when I could still see things. And uh, at the end, right before a commercial break, they had one crawl across the lens of the camera. So it looked like it was on the TV screen, like going across it. I flipped the fuck out. I got up. I turned all the lights on. I'm going behind the TV. I'm looking for this goddamn thing because I was so goddamn scared. That's crazy. I'm going to uh, tell you. You ever see the documentary Microcosmos? I don't think I have. You should. You'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an insect documentary. It's actually yeah. one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. So if anybody doesn't mind so much. And it's not just disgusting spiders and bugs like that it's, like, it's, like it's Jess, a spider like she's documentary so mad at the podcast just because i spend so much time on it and i don't go and do stuff with her like a normal yeah, couple yeah. would she's always talking about like what if i'm if i'm not doing this we should go to the park and do stuff baby yeah. her ticks are really bad this year that ain't yeah, happening tell her, to, tell her to shut her mouth there's a tick that's gonna make you allergic to meat eric uh-huh. you don't need that shit next thing you know you got piranhas in the goddamn toilet don't need it's gone wrong it's gone wrong, Eric. But yeah, my wife yells at me too. <laughs> Today, uh, actually, my son uh, Zach he left to go to uh, no, I can't Rochester, New York. I thought <laughs> yeah. it was. I kept saying he Richmond, told me Virginia. <laughs> I thought it was Richmond. Uh, he told me this week. Rochester. No, no, it's Rochester. He's going for some singing thing. It's like some voice type deal. You know, he's gonna fucking go and sing like a goddamn songbird up there. But songbird he left. Generation. He left today. And uh, he left. And I'll, I'll tell you, this is really the first time he's been away. He's going for a week. And uh, so me and him went to Walmart. We got some shit for him. Well, me and him, not Tanya, but she was asleep. So I went right. and got all this stuff. I talked to him about it and all this. Well, about the time he had to leave was when we started. We actually recorded earlier the New 52 review of Green Arrow. And so he was going to leave at 1.30. We record at one. Now, again, I spent probably four hours with him this morning. So right. you had all the thing. I got so much flack. After oh, we got that. done the new 52, I said, hey, I'll be back in 15 minutes. And I was back in yeah, know, 25 because I was just getting yelled at that I didn't care. I did. So, yeah, this podcast really causes a lot of flack oh my God, does it for happen? us. And I was getting And then basically she wasn't even – it was like all these things she's screaming at me about this and that and the other thing. And then all of a sudden she just stopped and was like, 
yeah, I'm just upset about Zach being gone, and then started crying. I'm like, okay, well, oh, I got good. Yeah, this is the best. She starts crying. I'm like, look at the watch. I better get back <laughs> to that podcast now. I said, I'll talk to you between segments. So wow. I went downstairs. So she's probably up there fucking grinding her gears over me and all this probably. stuff. But yeah, and and that the last thing she said is, what happened if he gets in a uh, in a car accident uh, on the way? I'm like, what happened if I go down and fucking shoot myself in the goddamn head because I can't stand this goddamn bitch in a moan? How about that? You think of that? <laughs> actually, I said, actually, I was just like, well, what are you talking about? Like, it's this whole thing of because he's driving to Richmond or Rochester, where the fuck he's going? I mean, he can walk down the stairs and fall and break his goddamn neck. If he's anything like his father, he probably will. No, he he, eh, he is a little. He's, I'm telling you, he will not. And all the people here, you know, I usually talk about Rafe and uh, Logan, but Ethan and Rafe and Logan have been on the podcast with me. The Jim has issues with his yeah. kids. Zach says he'll never be on. He's like, I have no interest. I think what you do is a bunch of fucking garbage. Uh, that's what he said. Yeah, I, I punched him right now. That's well, like my I little brother who's just a few years older than Zach. Like, you know, he just graduated yeah. high school. And I was telling him, like, oh, yeah, I was in a comic book buddy and all this shit. <laughs> you, you were just doing a cameo. It's not like the comic yeah. was about you. No, Get I'm over yourself. You, I'm like, fuck you. Zach hears me yelling, screaming. He has the door or the room right next door to where I, I record. And he just fucking hates everything that he hears. He said that he doesn't like. I tried to get him even involved in like. I even said, hey, you know what? You should you should really read the Watchmen comic. It's it's not like a comic book yeah. comic. It's something that I think everybody should read at one point. And he like. The fuck do I have to watch that nonsense? And Grow I, up, I, Dad. And I say to him, I like, oh, you know what? Do you ever listen to this group or that group? And he's like, I don't like that. I only listen to Etta James. Oh, you piece of shit. I'm like, you pretentious prick. I will kill you. He and he sings. This is him. This is Zach singing. Like that. He's a ba- the baritone or the bass right. or whatever he is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that shit. Uh, you you so say I words. Them, I'll go with it. But he's he's more the you know he's the bass or whatever yeah. and he's like Ugh. so I thought you know what you know what music he would like uh, to sing along with would be possibly the Doors and I know right. that a lot of people hate the Doors now but it's it's got a, Jim Morrison had a lower tone I voice I thought Zach would like that I play one thing he goes this is fucking garbage so I'm like I'm out I'm done <sighs> done Eric I'm done trying to be nice now I'm just gonna be a father of screams and yells try to take interest this is why i guess maybe i did that to my father that's why he didn't pay attention to me he had enough he's like yeah you know what i like this but then my oldest son alex he doesn't even live he, he has moved out he lives with his girlfriend all he cares about is cars and the guy I, I hate shit like that just i imagine it's the whole thing it's like my son like you know i my boy grew up just like me because zach goes to you dad i really i really want to be a singer Get the fuck Get out of here. Get the fuck. No, here's, thing no, this there. is what happens. He's like, oh, I'm going to go to the voice lessons. And, you know, it costs, you know, I'll even say it. I think it was 650 bucks that it cost. And, uh, yeah, he took a, a loan out, Eric. He's going to pay that loan back. Yeah, when he becomes uh, that famous yeah, singer. He'll maybe he'll have a fucking job. He told me today. Oh, when I'm on Broadway, on Broadway, what are you buying tickets? I'm like, my dad, I'm such a dick. But he sits there and he's like, I'm going to be a singer. I'm like, a singer? I said, look at here. You think that I'm a terrible singer? I fucking made myself through, I took myself through college singing. Fucking goddamn this garbage that you say. Fucking, you know, cover tunes. I paid for college, Eric. Not a single college loan. I paid by rocking. I need this fucking swing low sweet chariot coming out of the goddamn bathroom. That's all I hear. I hear these fucking goddamn boy nonsense. I grew up just like me. You did. I, I'm telling you, yeah. though. Yeah, this was I'm today, about, though. I'm your father. 
No, I'm telling you, this is what he said. Because today we have to go, you know, buy some crazy shit. Because he he wanted new underwear for this right. trip. I'm like, okay, we'll go get the underwear. Then we're there, and he's like, I want to get this. I want to get that. And I'm like, at the end, I'm like, God damn it, this is fucking one trip for your goddamn voice lessons. It's gonna cost me a goddamn thousand dollars. Oh, I'll be on Broadway. Said, fucking Broadway. Shut your goddamn mouth with your Broadway. Fucking smash you right upside your Broadway. Then we're going to jump 25 years later where he's on a podcast or video talking about his asshole dad. No, no, that's the thing, though. He says this. Yeah, he just went, I want to sing. That's all he's going to say now. I I say to him, too. He's like, just when when I'm a big singer on Broadway, I'll pay. I said, this better happen within three years because I'm going to fucking die of a heart attack. I'm not going to be around. And he goes, oh, I'll pay for your funeral. I said, watch out. Those things get expensive. Seriously. So it's not cheap. You're biting on more than you can chew right now, little boy. This goddamn fucking Broadway. Yeah, you know, he's going to go to the urn with my ashes. I did it, Dad. Somehow the urn is going to fucking rumble and I'm going to come out, shut your fucking mouth. I wanted to be an archaeologist. I wanted to be an archaeologist. (laughs) Look at me now. I'm looking down at you in disgust. There you go. Me from the grave. Oh, that's great. Uh, yes, but that is the end of this. Anyway, bunch of troubles because of podcasting. <laughs> yes, I don't even know what we're talking about. But we will go back to the books now. Hello, good evening, and welcome from uh, sunny Southport in the northwest of England. Uh, not, I should point out, that it is particularly sunny at the moment. In fact, actually, it's 10 to midnight, so there's no sun at all. And in any case, the last few uh, hours, it has been raining quite persistently, uh, as is usually the case around about this time uh, of year in the UK. Uh, we tend to have our summers in short, concentrated bursts. We've just had a, a massive heat wave. Um, and uh, so now we've got uh, a couple of days of, uh, as the weathermen say, inclement weather. Uh, that's rain to you and me. Um, I'm here to talk to you about The Wildstorm, uh, issue 5, uh, by Warren Ellis, John Davis Hunt, and Steve Bucciolato. Um, I will do the same thing that we do usually, uh, which is I'll start off with a a quick read through of my opening paragraph in the uh, the review uh, that's up on the website, and then I'll take you through the issue. Um, there's quite a bit to talk about because <laughs> because there's a lot of talking uh, in this issue, and um, and then I'll I'll make some kind of general comments about um, this particular issue, and then how I think the the, the series as a whole uh, is going. Um, so we'll start with the. Uh, with the opening paragraph. Here we go. Uh, this is hot off the press, by the way. I've just, just saved this to draft about 15 minutes ago. Uh, so there we go. I'm beginning to wonder if Warren Ellis is deliberately structuring this series on a three-issue cycle in which we get two issues of conversation-heavy setup and world-building, followed by an issue of balls-to-the-wall, full-blooded action. Last issue was impressive more for its art and dialogue than anything else. This issue is no less skillfully written, but is less impressive and, say it quietly, just a little monochrome compared to the last couple of issues' Technicolor spectacle. That is not to say it's poor, by no means, but it is a more cerebral, 
talky installment, and while this series continues to be one of the most intelligent and well-written comics currently on the market, there are nevertheless niggles here. Allow me to explain. Okay, and this issue starts with a conversation between... Well, let me just explain. This issue is very conversation heavy, and this is something that we I've, I've talked about um, in the past. Um, Ellis is uh, very interested in uh, in character interaction. He's very interested in building up a layered plot, a layered um, universe uh, for this series. Um, it is not an action series, at least not at the moment. It isn't. I, I, I suspect it will get a little bit, a little bit more uh, explosive as the series goes on. But at the moment, we're still laying a lot of groundwork uh, uh, for for what for that. And, and I think, if I'm being honest, I think that's one of the sticking points really with this um, with this series. If you are okay with a slow burn, then you will really enjoy this series, and I, I know um, that that many people do. Uh, if, however, you want lots of action and you want a sort of um, you want a wild storm that's sort of more in keeping, perhaps with um, with the original um, Wildcat Stormwatch series uh, in the nineties then you're probably going to be a bit disappointed. But I would still suggest it's worth hanging in there. Um, we start off with a conversation between Miles Craven and Michael Cray, who of course is Deathblow. Um, Craven wants Cray to go after Angie Speaker. Um, and Cray is okay with that. Uh, he trusts Craven. Um, obviously, he's worked for him before, and we know that Craven is uh, not being particularly truthful here. Uh, he's being economical with the truth, shall we say? And um, yeah, I, it, it, Cray. Having said that, Cray comes across as a very sympathetic character here. Um, there's, um, I mentioned this in the review. The, 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 there's the final two panels of this section, um, which is only two pages long. Um, and Craven's left at this point. So Craven's kind of said, look, you know, this woman's stolen uh, IO tech. We need to... Uh, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for him because the tech is actually uh, derived from uh, Skywatch technology. So yeah. um, it's all very kind of political. And he says, look, you just need to take her out because this is embarrassing for me kind of thing. Um, uh, once he's gone, Cray... Um, there's just two two panels, and again, I I I've mentioned this before. That there's there's a very look. Davis Hunt's panel layout is is not especially spectacular, um, but it's at the same time it's kind of clever in a subtle sort of way. Craven leaves. What you get is you get is you get the the title of the um, the issue, the Wildstorm Chapter Five, sort of like two thirds of the way down the page, and then underneath it, you've got these two panels where Cray's kind of looking at these this still image of uh, of Angie in the engineer suit, and he says, um, "Strange damn world." I love it. And then he kind of he looks a bit kind of lost and. 
lonely. Uh, I don't want to die is is what he leaves us with. I think that's that's very um, it's quite touching. It's 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 very kind of um, clever and economical. That's another. I keep on using that word, but it is. It it, it it's sort of very economical storytelling, and um, yeah, it it makes you feel quite. Um, quite sympathetic for uh, to, towards Cray, uh, which is important as as we as we go on. So that that's the first conversation. The second conversation, um, it, it, this is kind of weird because we we get the zealot. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit unsure as to uh, which organisation zealot is representing here. But she turns up at um, uh, the former I/O base uh, at which a lot of the uh, the action last time. Um, sort of took place, and she kind of turns up and she does a, a sort of a reconnaissance, if you like, you know, to try to work out exactly what's gone on. And um, it, that, this is beautifully drawn. It's beautifully drawn and coloured. Um, there's a, it's sort of a, it's at night. So there's a sort of, you know, it, it's dark. There's a kind of, but there's a, there's a lovely kind of bluish kind of haze to the to the sky in this opening uh, picture, um, which establishes the um, the scene really well. And um, you know, there's this, there's a sort of kind of competence about Zealot. You know, she knows what she's doing. And and that's conveyed very very well by the way Davis Hunt draws her. He he she he draws her as just sort of you know, walking in, hands in raincoat pockets, just kind of you know sort of wandering around this top secret base in which there has been a lot of violence happen over the last couple of issues, and she's just kind of taking it in. And there's just something incredibly sort of self assured and uh, competent uh, about it and it's it's very very well done it's understated but it but it, it's it's a it's a key part of this character that, that she's not somebody who's going to be phased um easily and she goes through the uh, the base um she is speaking to her uh, handler or her base her control if you like and through an, through an earpiece, there is a standard moment actually where she does the whole. I, I've heard sort of Jim and, and Eric talk about this on the podcast, where she does the whole uh, finger to the ear thing to show, <laughs> to show that she's um, to show that she's kind of in 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 radio contact with with her home base. I I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest actually that Ellis being Ellis. I think that might be deliberate, actually. That might actually be a sort of deliberate um, kind of nod or gentle parody of that of that particular convention. But anyway, we'll we'll see. Um, so she she goes through the um, the I/O base, and um, you have to bear with me. You can hear my mouse clicking away there. I can't really do much about that, really. Um, I feel I feel very professional. I've got two laptops up at the moment. One one, one to record me, and uh, and one to one to kind of flick through the pages of the comic as I go. Um, anyway, she she kind of enters into the into the room. It's it's completely wrecked and and what have you. And uh, then page five hits, and page five is a phenomenal page for a variety of reasons. It's a seven-panel page. Um, there's a two two rows of three panels, and then there is uh, a larger panel that 
uh, is a third of the height of the page and it's the full width of the page and um, the and you can and you can see it in the review as far as I know as well so check that out on the website um, it's just really well done a lot of sort of little detail there's something kind of very cinematic very kind of um, very tense there's a lot, lot of sort of suspense being built up here it, it's it's incredibly good to to, to see um zealots um facial expressions are great as well and then at the bottom of the page she's kind of talking to control she's lost the uh the connection and um there's this horrible kind of demonic sort of weird avian like face kind of emerging from the darkness behind her with glowing red eyes it looks phenomenal and that is a demonite not that they actually use that that word she calls it a demon and the demon starts to talk to her and and the way you know davis hunt's artwork here is is simply incredible you know the, the level of detail that he puts into this creature the sort of sheer kind of alienness of it um is tremendously sort of impressive there's a kind of delicacy but also a kind of weird sort of sinuous strength about it, it it's an incredible piece of artwork and uh, it's kind of insectoid and as i said the sort of elements of kind of uh, there's an avian kind of quality to it as well it, it's it's very very well done well what's interesting to me i mean i i've read um I was a bit of a Wildcats fan back in the day, and uh, the whole Caribbean demonite um, war was a, was a big thing. It, it was kind of the raison d'être of, um, of the Wildcats um, when they were first launched. Um, so this this idea that the kind of cat was formed by Emp as a means of I suppose protecting Earth, carrying on the fight against uh, the demonites, and um, there's echoes of that here. But what's interesting is that Ellis is more subtle than just sort of setting up uh, a straight kind of opposition or conflict between these two sides. And um, the the demonite, uh, just bear with me. The demonite um, says to her we mean you no harm and she says when has that ever been true and she said and, and the demonite responds it says it has always been true you have simply never understood us uh, so that so there has always been war which is which is true you know this is kind of interesting stuff here is it my recollection of the demonites back in the 90s is that they're fairly st standard uh, kind of um, alien shape-changing villains, a, a little bit like the Diarates actually in the old Rom series back in back when Marvel um, were, were doing that back in the 80s. And this is much more subtle. It's much more interesting. It's much more intriguing. And I really like this conversation. Um, the Demonite asks uh, Zealot. Um, to allow the situation that is going on, and I'm assuming that he's talking about Angie, allow it to play out and don't, don't become involved. Don't try to influence it. That's what the demonite says. And that's, that's interesting as well. And there's also a reference to the fact that um, Zealot is immortal. 
so so the, the, there's a number of kind of little hints sort of being thrown in here but there's actually something quite sort of interesting and intriguing there's another layer of sort of intrigue being added to this world with this conversation and uh yeah it's it's very very good uh, then we have a moment in which uh we get voodoo um and then i'm not sure what's going on with voodoo she has a some kind of music or art career um it's interesting because having introduced the demonite in um in the previous couple of pages um we get a shot or a panel of voodoo with her demonite arm and it's kind of identical to the arm that the demonite has in uh, in his conversation with zealot so we're sticking with voodoo being kind of uh, half demonite which is which is kind of interesting but sadly we don't really get much more of her than that um which is a shame i'm a big fan of voodoo she's not a stripper in, in, in this world though which i suppose we probably should be grateful for I, I, <laughs> and there's a part of me that misses the the voodoo stripper but anyway not to worry uh once we leave her we get to michael cray again and he's doing his research and he's looking at angie um and it's this is very well done it's subtle it's kind of understated but it's very well done and he kind of looks at the footage of of angie and she looks terrified uh davis hunt does this really well i'll talk a little bit about angie in a minute um but michael quake kind of realizes actually this woman is not doing anything wrong here um she you know she's she wants to do medical research she obviously looks a little bit sort of freaked out by what's happening to her and um yeah he kind of comes to the conclusion uh rightly uh, that Angie is not a valid target, and as a result of that, he's going to uh, he's going to not uh, go after her, uh, and that will have consequences for him later on. Um, anyway, then we actually see Angie, and Angie's walking around some nondescript town in the northeast of the United States of America, and she decides to rob an ATM, which is fair enough uh, if you've got. I would probably have done that actually if you if you're kind of on the run and you are uh, and you have sort of electronic based powers then yeah rob an atm go for it now the one thing i would say about this is that this atm uh doles out hundred dollar bills which really which really surprised me i'm I'm used to uh, ATMs that deal out £10 or £5 notes. I am not... Or £20 notes, actually. Sometimes you get £20 notes as well. Uh, I am not used uh, to notes being doled out in such high denominations. But hey, this is America. You guys are rich. We get that. Uh, anyway, um, Adriana shows up. Uh, now, I said in the review, actually, I, I kind of wish, actually, that... Um, Ellis had shown um, uh, Angie on the run a little bit longer. I, I would have liked her to have, you know, to, for us to see her kind of 
sort of fend for herself to a certain extent, um, struggle a little bit maybe, get involved in maybe a sort of fairly minor kind of thing, maybe foil a robbery or help somebody out, whatever. It kind of do a bit of superheroing and that doesn't happen. What happens is that Adriana finds her quite quickly uh, and just kind of teleports in and um, sort of talks a talks to her and says I was going to have a coffee which they do and I think you know this is this is kind of this is part of the it's part of the thing I like about this series but it's also part of the thing part of the problem with this series is that one of the most interesting things that happens in this book is two women having a cup of coffee in a diner and look I I think it's great I I really I really like what Alice does here but I can kind of see, you know, if you are sort of feeling like you're running out of patience with this book, I can, I wouldn't blame you. You know what I'm saying? I, I personally like this stuff, but um, I can kind of see, you know, that if you wanted something, you know, particularly something called The Wild Storm, which sounds kind of, you know, exciting and sort of energetic and um, and what have you. Um, the wild storm to me doesn't particularly conjure up having a late night coffee i it, i you know i don't know maybe 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 your coffees are considerably more exciting than mine i don't know but anyway um they have this conversation we get um we get some backstory for adriana that, that's pretty good actually that's that's well done I like Adriana, actually. I like her a lot. I was worried about her in it at, at the end of issue three. I'm glad she survived. Um, and she's way more interesting here than she ever was in the original Wildcat series. Um, we, we get some kind of information about what happened to her, about the fact that... I, I mean, this, this is kind of great Warren Ellis stuff. Imagine the universe is a skin you could cut into. Moving under the skin would make you subject to different physical laws. The incision team, that's what um, Adriana was part of, the incision team believed that we could move through the under space faster than light. And, uh, and, and it's, this is sort of typical kind of um, Warren Ellis kind of high concept stuff, you know, that, that sort of you, you you cut you make a cut in the skin of reality or whatever and um and that's what they do they they kind of that's why it's called the bleed and i i do kind of like all that stuff you get a, a nice um i say nice it's slightly disturbing actually uh image of um their vessel being flattened by coming into contact with the bleed and that that doesn't look that doesn't look good we find out actually that adriana kind of dies um in in this and that she's brought back to life by something else something beyond space time i you know big mystery question mark over that i guess and of course she comes back with these with these teleportation powers so yeah that's that's kind of interesting i i, I just wish we had a bit more of angie in this issue we do get a fair amount of michael cray he's back here now actually um and he has this conversation with miles where he basically says look i'm not going after angie and angie and miles kind of basically says um well that's a shame because it means you won't get your brain tumor treated because he is a bastard that's that's what he is and um 
I, I don't. I, I think I don't go on enough about John Davis Hunt. Actually, his his stuff here. This is all facial expression. This, you know, Cray is is kind of you know he's he's taking miles on. He's he's kind of saying you know this is making me wonder about about all the other um, sort of missions I've done for you. Were, were they kind of morally suspect as well? You know, and um, Craven. There's a there's a there's a page of Craven just just staring at Cray, and just looking completely unimpressed with the fact that he's asking these these questions, and then he he kind of gives this horribly false smile. It's 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 the kind of smile that a bank manager gives you when he tells you he's not going to give you the loan. It it's just it's horrible. It's a horrible horrible smile, and he says, "Don't be absurd." You're talking like a man with a brain tumor, and 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 there's a moment. So Michael Cray is kind of completely taken aback by that because because he does have a brain tumor, and um, and he says, "Screw you, Miles." Um, and Craven just goes, "Well, I thought it was funny," uh, and he goes, "And I I want Speaker dead and on a slab. Do it." And Miles and Michael Cray says, "No," and um, there's a clear sense here that. Um, Cray's got himself into some trouble. Um, he's kind of escorted out of uh, Craven's office by uh, by some IO uh, soldiers, and um, yeah, it's not looking too great for him. And he kind of we see him back in his apartment, and he's kind of remembering his life. And it's it, we get these a little bit like uh, we did um, in issue three with uh, with Angie's life. Um, but this is a little bit more chaotic, and there's a lot of violence involved here. Uh, violence um, that he's involved in as a child. Um, he's had relationships with um, with women that he obviously cares about. Um, there's he's it looks to me like he's killed a cop, um, presumably a cop who uh, was bad. Uh, he's sawed off somebody's head. There's there's a variety of kind of things going on here, and then at the very end of the issue, we get a conversation between Michael Cray and Christine Trelane, who turns up, and uh, they get interrupted at the end. And the last thing we hear is somebody from behind the door uh, saying, "Michael Cray, you in there, Mr. Craven centers." with your effects and then it says to be continued which is probably one of the most low-key ways of ending an issue of comics that i've ever seen um I, I, the bottom line is i like this i like this i like this series and 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 in in that sense i i think you know reviews are always going to be very um uh, very subjective then then it's difficult to do and in fact actually i would say it's impossible actually to be completely objective when reviewing something particularly something uh, as emotionally engaging as a comic book so i i you need to know i like this series and i'm invested in this series um i think this series is worth sticking with uh, i gave it a 7.8 on the site um that's 0.2 down from last last month um and i think that that slight dip um is a reflection of uh, a little bit of a lack of tension in this issue everything's just a little bit too cozy at times the, the certainly the conversation between adriana and angie is cozy um i i would say obviously that the, the sort of underlying tension between 
Michael Cray and, and Miles Craven in their in their conversations, and there is certainly a lot of tension in the conversation between uh, Zealot and the Demonite. But the Demonite doesn't actually do very much. I think this is this is part of the problem. It's all very talky at the moment. Now I think it's it's clever dialogue. Ellis is a great writer. Uh, no issues with that whatsoever. The issue I do have, and, and I guess it's not an issue that concerns me massively, and it certainly wouldn't make me drop the book, but the issue that I do have is I think the overall momentum of the series is faltering just a little, and that does concern me just a little. Now, having said that, I think we're going to get a bit of an action sequence next time, and the, there are certainly you know directions that the series is going in now that really do fascinate me. I want to know uh, more about uh, the Demonites and the Caribim and how they fit together. We haven't seen Marlow for a few issues. I want to see more of him. I'm hoping that we get that. I do want. I do like Cray. I love Angie, um, and, and I, you know. I want to give her a hug. I did say that in in my review. She obviously needs a hug. Nobody's given her a hug. I'm quite happy to step up and give her the hug that she needs. So, you know, even though you're a fictional character, Angie, if you're out there and you need a hug, get in touch. I'm your man. Um, you've got two very engaging characters here. In fact, actually, I would say I, I like Michael Cray a lot more than I thought I would. And he he's coming across really well here. Um, Angie's great. Uh, Zealot's an interesting character as well. You've got different characters kind of in play. I think we need to start seeing some um, some connections, some some um, people coming into contact with one another. You got that a little bit. Uh, this issue with uh, Adriana and Angie. The problem is that it became an opportunity to to re uh, to tell Adriana's origin story rather than carry on Angie's story if you see what I mean um, so that that kind of wasn't as good as it could have been but uh, the artwork is still fantastic uh, Davis Hunt dear lord what just phenomenal stuff and it, you know so much of it is, is understated as I said before you know the, the panel layout a lot of this stuff is sort of you know nine or seven or six panel grids it's 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 very it's very restrained uh, panel layout but the actual art is glorious and I, I gotta give props to um, Steve Bucciolato on colors as well I, I do think he's doing a phenomenal job even something as simple uh, or, or relatively minor I should say, as uh, sort of like the um, the rear lights on Zealot's car, uh, the demonite's glowing red eyes. The, the there's something wonderful and sort of luminous about about the colours. It works really well. A lot of the other the other stuff is very understated, but every so often, you know, that the art team kind of pull out all the stops and you just go, wow, these guys really do know what they're doing. And I do hope that we get to see. Um, you know, some kind of full-on um, action at some point in the series. I mean, what I want to see, really, I guess, is I want to know more about Skywatch. Um, I want to know um, where they stand in terms of superpowers. You see, you see back in, in, the, in the day, you know, Stormwatch was explicitly a, um, a, a group of superpowered beings... You know, sort of watching over the earth, 
you know, and, and, and making sure that it was safe from alien threats and, you know, terrorist organizations, all that kind of stuff. Um, at the moment, Skywatch doesn't seem to be that, uh, but I could be wrong. We, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, in terms of superpowered beings, obviously you've got you've got Angie, the engineer. She's a major player. Um, you've got uh, you've got the wild cat, which is sort of Grifter, Savon, and uh, and Void. But that's kind of it. Oh, and Zealot as well, I suppose. Well, Zealot doesn't seem to be affiliated with with Marlowe yet. Um, so there's 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 big kind of question marks over a lot of this. It, things are, uh, are beginning to move together. It's all a little glacial at the moment. It's moving very slowly. There is movement. For it. It's detectable movement. It, we're not just sort of idling or, or treading water. We are moving, but it is very slow. And if that's okay for you, then you will carry on enjoying this series. If not, then you might struggle a bit. I, I would urge you, though, to to stick with it because uh, as i say in the review and indeed it's the second time <laughs> second month in a row i've said this i do trust ellis i trust i i have a great deal of respect for him as a writer um and um i think he knows exactly where he's going with this and there are signs already that that he's beginning to um to bring disparate elements together and i hope that continues uh, in the next few issues so um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, it's very, uh, very kind of you to do so. And um, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks again. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shay. Alright. Burn. Alright. I actually I as I was listening, I wish that we could get a version that mentions Red J as well. Red J. <laughs> Red J <laughs> would go so too. well in that I'd one. Like would... Red, I'd like to be Red J the way or... Jack A is Jack. You know, I'd be like Girl Get a song from Red J. See? Or Ray J even. Mm-mm. You're a big Ray J fan. Girl. Right? Uh-uh, girl. We're here with Reggie, and obviously by this point, uh, I didn't even mention because we record these things so out of uh, sorts and things like that, but we f- failed to mention that up until this point people would know, but Eric Shea is here with us for the long sure haul is. this week, and Reggie, you were going to come on uh, with me and do all the rest of it, but instead, you get to have a break from us. And yep. just talk about what ends up being your two books. You have that crazy yin and yang. The you know, yep. it, it's it's hit or miss. What what am I saying? Feast or famine. Let's feast say, or yeah. famine. Yeah. Yes, and you know. Sometimes who, even when it's a feast, it's a famine. Sometimes sure that is the case. Now I want to say, Reggie, though later on in the podcast, positive Peter, 
he's going to show up and he's going to tell mm. everyone how to be positive, but he's not going to show up just yet for your sake. Thank because God. Reggie, because, Reggie, you are a positive man yourself. You are of the three of us, even though the scores don't dictate it on the, you know, our roundup scores and also how people, uh, you know, look at us through this podcast. I am looked at as the most negative person on the podcast, yet I have the most positive score. I am points above both of you and my average score on all the reviews I've done. I think that people look at you, Reggie, as a man of positivity and yeah. a man where as you uh, wake up every morning, hope springs eternal. Uh, I go to work. And how, I how do they look like at to, Eric? Do they think his bed is just right? They don't just look at Eric. <laughs> oh, his poor his Eric. porridge is too hot. No, and, and I go to work in the morning, and usually I have to admit, Reggie, that I usually do start my day by messaging you. I get up, and <laughs> me and Reggie exchange very positive and uplifting <laughs> messages every morning. I'm telling you, these messages, if at least three times a week, me or Reggie or both, do not uh, talk about committing suicide, uh -oh. uh, something's wrong. And then I'm usually along the lines of I want to kill everybody. Reggie wants me to commit some sort of crime to get him out of work. <laughs> Basically, can you call my work and call in a bomb threat? Yeah, and then call when I a say, bomb threat or yeah. do some kind of a terrorist act. Yeah, and fine. basically Reggie will say, can you call in a bomb threat? Because that would be a good thing because I'm going to firebomb this building. So it's, it's a legit. And then I just write shit like, I hate life. That's usually my, yeah, my I hate, I hate life. people. I hate, well, this week we had a positive discussion. I think it was this week where we we discussed our fantasy of of slipping into a coma. Yes. Oh, be amazing! That's always been nice one of my fantasies. Yeah, I'm telling you, when great. when I can really go yeah. for a nice coma. When right Michael about Jackson died because of that and it came out that he was a, pretty much put into an induced coma every night, whatever. Me and Eric mm -hmm. talked, and I said, and Eric did like that's that's a dream. That yeah, really is a dream. Life, yeah. Yeah, I, I once heard that there were some rich people. Now, this again, this could be like almost like the, the thing where Keith Richards got his blood tray, you know, all his blood taken right. out and re-put in. That there was somebody that was such a bad heroin addict that they did put him in an induced coma for a month. to, And then when he woke up, he was off heroin. And I, I think it was bullshit. I remember even then, this is when I was a kid and I heard this story. I'm like, that sounds so great. That sounds yeah. like the greatest. That's time the life, man. Ever. And then if you come out the other end brain damaged, that's like a win-win because then you'll be yeah. you'll be a happy person for the rest yeah, of your life. Yeah, you're on disability. I think that I'd be a angry retard. I would be you like think a so? yeah. I, I think be a I would. Biter. Yeah, a frustrated I, I retard. Frustrated retard. Uh, because somehow, uh, like we said, there is a sweet spot. I'd be just beyond that, and yeah. I would know. That I'm almost retired. He's just... smart enough to know you're retarded. That's like yeah, a curse yeah, right there. Yeah. yeah. Really. He's not uh, a smart man, but he knows what love is. Yeah, I would know <laughs> what retard is. Uh, yeah, but like I'm saying, we have your two books, and you bring the positivity because, yeah, I got a lot of shit this week about Batman and things like that. And obviously, you heard me talk about that earlier. I mentioned, I'm going to mention it this week. I think you're going to hear it later. <laughs> no, you're going to hear yeah. it later as well. I'm telling you, you're going to hear a lot of things about me saying this because it's really bringing me down. Everybody with me, and I'm, you know, I do this, and you're, you're so upset about continuity and things like that. And I just wanted to point this out because Reggie sent me a note, and he said, "Listen, don't listen to these haters, uh, because I would have given it a 1.5 out of 10." I said, Reggie, shit, Reggie. I said, Reggie, that's a little low. You know, the okay. art was really good, and you said I wouldn't fucking put that art in my toilet as toilet paper. I, what the heck are you talking? Or about? as Actually, chips. 
Actually, I think, Reggie, you say it. <laughs> Fucking jalapeno chips. You told me you'd probably give it a six five, is what you told me. For other yep. reasons besides what I said and things like that. You just didn't think it was a great story. So there. Take that, internets. Yep. Um, That's all I art, have to say. The art was spectacular, though. Let's not, yeah, let's not kid art. each other about that. No, I love awesome. it. I'll kid you if I want to. Knock, knock. Uh, who's there? Me. You should know this. What, yeah, we're on, on a podcast, <laughs> Reggie. <right? laughs> it's Positive Pete. Positive Pete's not coming. Reggie, tell us what we're talking about because the first book that you're going to talk about is, uh, I could almost say, you know, it's one of the bigger books of, of the week. Uh, oh, yet, oh, yeah. Definitely people got love it. On the internet. But it didn't, yeah, it got a lot of talk for praise, obviously, of the art. The art's incredible. But I didn't get a lot of praise. It didn't get a sense that people thought this was a big turning moment for Aquaman. It was just the book was good. Yeah. And tell us about it. Which so- sometimes that's good enough. But we're yeah, talking yeah. about Aquaman number 25, written by Dan Abnett, art by Stepan Sejic. Huh? Yes. Right? Yeah, Sedgwick. Sure. Step on Sage. I have you to help me. I hide you to hide me. I save you to save me. And I'm leading you to lead me. Get a new orange shirt. Grow out your hair and beard. Fight off Atlantean guards hanging in. The lower trides. Didn't I, didn't I, didn't I see you dying? Oh, didn't I, didn't I, didn't I see you dying? Unless you made a deal behind the back and Merck's now lying. Oh, didn't I, didn't I, didn't I see you dying? Yes, yes. It's funny because I actually really like that one. And you, uh, earlier in this week, we were actually talking about yeah. Cheap Trick, and now I realize you had Cheap Trick on the mind already. We were talking I, about I, that. I hadn't thought of this, but honestly, I swear to God, Jim, I listened to that song probably 50 times this week. How many why. times did well, you would... listen to the studio version? Never. It's terrible. It, I never. You... It, it's, it's one of the worst songs, but it the, is. the live, the cheap trick live at Budokan version it's one of the is best, fucking yeah. great. I oh, love I it. told you. I used to listen to that album all the time, and their version, their live version of Ain't That a Shame, probably one yeah. of my favorite songs by them at least. But if not, I saw them twice in concert. Both times they fucking were awesome. They were really good. I saw them once in concert. They're really good. They're, they're oh. just, they're good. They're fucking good. I love but that yeah. band. Yeah, I do too. That Live at Budokan album so good. And it was so funny that, that that actually reminded me a lot of, uh, what's his name? That the, uh, can you hear? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> what's, Frampton? Yeah, Peter Frampton, where yeah. basically the most popular album for the longest time was just a live album that propelled their career forward. But yeah, I did like that album. And then I realized that a lot of people went to Budokan to do these concerts and have albums, it doesn't seem right if it's not cheap trick at Budokan. If it's that fucking... seems like the main one. I, I yeah. you know, I told you when I used to go get records a lot, like about I guess going back now twenty years, that was always one that I saw ten, twenty yeah. copies of to the point where that that's really when I bought it. Before I'd say uh. before I was like. I don't know, 23. I'd never even heard the album. I knew Cheap Trick, but I'd never listened to the live one. But yeah, no, no. That is and a it, rare, good live album. Usually they suck. It's really good. Totally. It's really good. But this is Aquaman. And yeah, yeah uh, Stefan Sajek, if that's how you pronounce it, <laughs> I people are going gaga. I see why. I think his art's incredible. To the point where if he is staying long-term on this book, 
I would hope that he gets a push kind of like a Liam Sharp on Wonder Woman that out of nowhere, mm-hmm. like everybody was on because the art in this, I, I think is incredible. I think it's really good. I think there's parts like even when it's just a normal, you know, almost like you can tell, like he's like, okay, I got to get this scene done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have these big spreads and then even the little things are really, really good. Uh, well, I his love character it. work is unbelievable. I mean, yeah. just the people do look great. The expressions, but this issue definitely gave him a lot of room to do these long shots of Atlantis yeah. and yeah. areas of Atlantis that are. And it was awesome though, like Atlantis you've never seen yeah. before. Yeah, oh it my is goodness. awesome. Just this opening splash page is just incredible, and it just makes your mind go it everywhere. Does. Like, what yeah, is this? You know, you want to know more and more about Atlantis and all these. Yeah, little and that, that's the and thing. Stuff. And I'm glad you said that because when you think of Atlantis, to me, even when they mention. The down below, oh, the alleyways and all this. In my mind, all I picture in Atlantis, it's a big goddamn fucking castle type deal and a couple buildings. Like, I don't think of it. Possibly under a dome. Yeah, I don't picture it as layer upon layer, almost like what you would get where, in fact, when they talk about the lower region of it, it reminds me of the whole uh, theory that the Jetsons are above the Flintstones on the planet. Like, that's how it seemed to right. me. Like, shit falls down, and the, the people down below live off of the shit that's the rich people above and things like that. And it really opens up a lot of opportunity to have some stories about these, you know, the haves and have-nots. It, it makes Atlanta like a proper city here. Yeah, it makes yeah. it really cool. And to the point where then you throw on that layer that the bottom is obviously the shit that crashed down when it sunk. And then you add that extra layer to it, and then you have magic. I mean, I really – just that concept, and like you said, that first page, and you look and you actually see like you know things where there's empty spaces that go down and the light's going. I, mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, uh, I know. I mean, you look at it, you're like, wow, there are a lot of people in Atlantis. Yeah, if each yeah. one of these windows is basically yeah, you know, really, yeah. and a, I'll a, say a family that, or something. Yeah, and one of the problems, I think, with the land, like Eric said, you picture the city in a bubble, but we never really got – you never really have a lot of stories that involve the city folk. It's no. always just Arthur and his court. It's always mm-hmm. been Arthur and his court. We, You know, Merc, Tula, we, we see these characters all the time. I liked seeing – just these no-named freaking guys hanging out in the, in, you know, having their own life. And even when, you know, Volko and all those where they're gathering in like almost like a, uh, you know, a bar hall type deal. Not to bring up, you know, allusions to Hitler, Reggie, but they're, uh-huh. they're there, you know, plotting an overthrow and, and things I like that. I was thinking well, more of JLA this first arc where you had to freaking the yeah. people, the freedom fighters trying to take out the extremists. But okay, but yeah, you go with yeah. Hitler. I, I, yeah, Hitler. Yeah, he's in Always the bar, bar hall. Uh, but yeah, the common denominator. Yeah, but even so, it's just it made it land because I was really worried when we when we found out and we were wondering when when actually or obviously last issue Aquaman gets stabbed by Merc. He he sinks mm. into this you Run know, abyss, and uh, you have uh, what's his name. Uh, Corn Wrath, assuming the the kingdom. I when they, we read the thing, I'm like, oh, Aquaman's in the down below. He's in the alleyways and the things. Yeah. I'm thinking, the fuck is that? Like, they're just gonna have Aquaman with. It's actually the way Dan Abnett, where I'll give him full credit because I don't think that this issue is a perfect issue. It, it, it there's points that are drag on a little, 
But mm-hmm. what he does is he really gives a scope to the city. He really gives a, you know, a voice to these people below that are, you would guess, are going to rise up against Cornrath. So you're going to have to have, you know, somebody, you, you get the idea of what they deal with. And he, and it, it's kind of easy to have this when you have this hit squad that goes down and starts fucking, you know, bullying people. You're obviously going to support these people that are getting bullied. But even they, even the, the guys that come down, the bullies, very interesting to me. I love the, the art. I love the character work on that, too. But let's get I love it. it. Even Coram Rath's, like, uh, royal outfit, the, the yeah. crown, everything, the design is just great. And the fact that, like, there really is a whole bigoted angle to this. I never, yeah. I don't remember hearing in, in Atlantis that, you know, we don't like the muties or whatever. And this yeah, is really yeah. what. Well, and again, they that's one of the problems I had, though, because this freaking the, the bullies, as we're calling them, they go down to this lower levels, and that they've outlawed. They're looking for magical items, but they're also looking to take out the undesirables, the mutants population of this thing. Two of the three goddamn people going yeah. down, they look like mutants to me. Yeah, and you know what? I love that because again, that's the big thing. I, when you have these sort of things happen in history, that's like you know, Steven. Hitler. Hitler hates the you know the Jews and this and that and all the yeah. other things that he is. I mean, they hate things because that's what they hate about themselves. They just are lucky that they're in the thing. And I, I would expect fully that at one point they're going to be turned on as well. I, I do think that Corn Wrath at this point, because he does say, hey, that's my, you know, I live down there. That's my home. These are the guys. He was wink, wink. I have some people down there. Uh, he's using them. And I, I fully assume that later he's going to turn on them anyway. Uh, but I like the idea that you do have these fucking, you know, mutants that are going after mutants because it's not right. Mm-hmm. That makes it even worse. And I do like it. I, I I find that that is realistic, you know, in a sense. Like, that is what would happen is people going after their own, essentially, you know. It's yeah. like those the first the first uh, people to be turned, you know, turn on yeah, your own yeah. family or whatever, your own it's friends. Like, it's like uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character, Stephen and Django. It's yeah, like it's, he's yeah. the worst of the exactly. worst. He's going against his own people. Yeah, he's going against his own people because he wants to get a little bit more of a benefit, and he'll turn on anyone, and that's how I, I do like that. And, it, again, you have bullies, which is enough, but then you have them as, as people who lived down there with the people and are also kind of mutants themselves. It, make, it makes them fucking pieces of shit. It, it's good. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you though, I wanted all of this to be about Aquaman and what he's doing. And I know that you have to get Corn Wrath and all this stuff involved too. That's the stuff that was actually just boring to me. And, you know, I, it's just going on, but we do find out. That- I will say though, there's, there's so much exposition that I do think that if someone hasn't been reading Aquaman, this could be. This is your. This is your point to jump yeah, on. Yeah, it's a great jumping on point. Yeah, you could go. I mean, it and, pretty uh, much lays everything out. Yeah. you know that I, I think of. It also says it's been uh, weeks since yeah. Aquaman was run through by Merck, so he's been presumed dead. Aquaman says that it's said a lot in this issue, so much that they really, really want you to realize that it's starting. Even at the beginning, before they mention a time frame, they do say like, "Oh, the beginning of your reign is starting well," and you know you're you're keep right. getting these hints and and things listed or you know mentioned that. This is the beginning. They're trying to restore everything. Obviously, Corn Wrath is going with a very isolationist type deal. At one point, it's even mentioned by Volko that if you want to leave the city, if you want to leave Atlantis, you have to get, you know, permission and things like that in a, a very 
weird worded fucking bubble that I sent to yeah, Reggie. It, it, it doesn't weird, make but, any yeah. sense, but uh, in the media, you know, go tell us about the the deal uh, because that well, you know, Rath is out, uh, you know, essentially laying it all out that Karm Rath has been king for a few weeks. The crown of thorns is still up. Uh, people are actually pretty seem pretty happy with his kinging ding. You know, kinging stinness. Yeah. I don't know what we call it. Uh, his reign. His race, his, his kingliness. Um, so he then directs people then to go into the lower trides and uh, start taking, gathering up magic items. He says that magic is now a cornerstone of, you know, Atlantean policy, I guess. And he doesn't want all these other, he says he doesn't want unlicensed trinkets, but I think really yeah. he doesn't want to diffuse his power. No. Have have the potential of somebody with a, with a uh, magic thing that can counteract him. Uh, yeah. This is when he explains that that's where he was born and bred in the ninth tried. And Which then is that's essentially when we get... like the narrows of Atlantis. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the suicide slums, it's the crime alley, it's you know what I mean. That that's pretty much what I'm taking it as. This scene too, boy, where yeah. we first see the ninth tribe and we see like these cephalopods and these yeah. weird ships flying it's, around. It's and even all, oh, it's, it's so yeah, good. It's awesome. It's even it reminded me right away of Phantom Menace at the beginning when they're they're under sea. Yeah, it oh, just reminded right, me right. of that. And Naboo, yeah, yeah, Naboo. It reminded me of that. I just want them to go. Hey. I'm home the nitride. Boop boop. Giving a shout out go. to the nitride. Have a boop. <laughs> has a fucking you know crazy sign. Yo yo, nitride for life, baby. The nitride don't hide, y'all. Yo yeah. Nice. There you go. <laughs> that's what it'd say. Oh, I, uh, it made me laugh. But yeah, you get the idea that again, that's a setup that he knows people down there. But also, it seems like he's. You thought that maybe he's gonna kind of protect it, but not really. Oh, he's not down with that at all. He also wants to get rid of all of the uh, mutated Atlanteans. And, you know, we've seen these a little bit before. I remember a little bit in the New 52, there was inklings that they were kind of fish people. But yeah. not not like this, man. Like that like that big crab no. mob yeah. boss? Oh, my God, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm he's like, crazy. Oh, where's his but he's cool. Holy shit. <laughs> I think I would like a, uh action figure of him. How about you, Eric? You and your no, I don't figure. think I want it. You don't want that? Would it scare you? Would it scare you? I don't know. It's like, because you think about the mutant stuff, because you know Lagoon Boy is going to be down here at some point, because they're like, you know, and that whole future's end, you know, tie into the Teen Titans we had five years later where Lagoon Boy was one of the new Teen Titans. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but I don't know why you wouldn't want a crab because of that, but they, hey, Volko, though, he's getting together and he's, you know, he, again, he's a guy who keeps planning on, you know, no government's good for Volko unless it's Arthur anyway, but he, he's just a – he ends up betraying everyone, but he does have his heart in the right place, and he wants to get – you know, he wants to overthrow Cornrath, but how – they can't do it. They have nobody to do it, and you can't get out of Atlantis to go get help from the surface world, so he's kind of fucked, and this is where he says – he's like uh, – the one guy says to him, no one can leave. Only those with special permit form, the king himself, yeah. can pass through the crown of thorns. Like, that's not a real sentence. Nope. It's messed up. Who is there trying to read these and, and pass that? You know, knowing only those with a special permit from the king himself. I think yeah. I think it's supposed to be from folks. Yeah. 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 It's just upset. Oops. Yeah, I hate when I see Oops. That. I, yeah. But yeah, that's when the bullies show up and the bullies are going to just, you know, they're going to, you know, cause some trouble. In the meantime, we already did have some uh, narration from Aquaman. Uh, you did get his, you know, his symbol. So, you know, it's him and he's been working down below he's earning an honest pay for honest work is what he's doing he's he's taking it to the streets and he's working doing whatever the fuck he's doing uh 
But yeah, he's got a beard. It's awesome. And I, I'll tell you that when we saw the covers and the things going forward, I was a little worried about his look. I love his look. It was badass. It, yeah. It's fine. It is not. At one point, it looks so exaggerated with that hair that you expected him to have the hook hand. And, you know, it really was. But this is not fully like this. This just looks like an Aquaman who's been working an honest job. For honest yeah, pay. He, he has a, a much tighter beard than that yeah, old yeah. Uh, Aquaman. I, and it looks it's, awesome. It's kind of neat. And I, I like, like it. Too, I'm telling you, when, when we get Aquaman here good and proper, the whole idea of where he is, you know, in the ninth tried, he is in hiding at this point. You know, he had to freaking, you know, fix his goddamn wounds, grow his beard yeah. out and do all the shit because he is in hiding. Yeah. But he realized he's got to be Batman down here. Yeah, and the yeah, whole idea cool. of that initially – I was all oh, about. I him. Love oh, him. I hope we get way How more. How he this does place. it, I thought was ridiculous, but you I know. did too. Yeah, yeah. He, the well, idea there. was much better than the. Ex- yeah, the idea was cool, but in the meantime, you see, it's Arthur. This is supposed to be like I don't know if they're playing that. This was supposed to be such a surprise or shock. We've already seen a narration. They're keeping his yeah. face away, and then all of a sudden they expose his face. That this is when this bully's there, and he's like, "Hey, what's your name?" And he, you know, he makes up a name, Orin. Like, yeah, you look like trouble. You look like a troublemaker. I'm gonna, and then he gets lucky. They they end up having somebody down the line. Now, who's actually the one who gets lucky? I don't know because Aquaman might run, you know, beat the shit out of this guy anyway. But they get somebody else that they, you know, we got one, and he goes up. But this is Aquaman. He's like, hey, you know what? Some un- unfortunate soul. They didn't have time for me. Uh, but why should they? I've been dead for weeks. So he was afraid they would recognize him, but they do not. But then we go to Amnesty Bay with Tula and Mara, and I'm telling you, Mara looks incredible. The, the art in this. Yeah. Even Tula looks incredible. The outdoor scenes, this, these, these scenes art-wise may actually be, even though even though there's not nearly the scope of them that there is in Atlantis, I think these are some of the best rendered the, shots yeah. of, the, of these people in the book. Um, yeah. Mara looks so good, and she Mara, looks so yeah. despondent. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean? The like, emotion, just she's just looking at her crown thing, and she's upset. You have Salty the dog sitting there in her lap. He's sad. And her and eyes and nose great. are red, too. Like There's yeah. a lot of detail in there yeah, that really so shows good. that she is having a hard time with this. Yeah, you know, her, her husband much, or her fiancé. Yeah, fiancé, and it looks like she's just given up. She's just like, it without our her, she can't even figure out what the fuck to do and there's Tool and she's like you know what you gotta eat you gotta do you gotta talk to me she's just kind of giving up with Arthur a shower dead. at least you know what I mean come on and you haven't then, even yeah, gone for a swim jeez I, I don't care then you go back and this is where <laughs> this is where you have the deal where like Eric said uh, which to me is the coolest concept in the book where Aquaman still he's down there he's doing an honest job for honest pay Eric uh, but he still wants to be good, and he still he sees you know people causing trouble. He sees you know His some pe- pieces of shit. Uh, he's gonna do something about. So he said, and it's funny. It it's a funny thing that he's alluding to because you know he could just say, you know what, I, I'm on the Justice League. I'm gonna yeah. act like Batman. Uh, we'll he's like, Batman I know. Stop. It's like. I know a guy once who played God. You're like, no, no, we, we get it. Uh, but when he does it, the thing that drives me nuts there is he causes this big school of fish and this whole thing going. Uh, but the shoal that comes out yeah. of fish, he comes out, he's like a shadow. And then he pretty much exposes this whole King Arthur Aquaman outfit. <laughs> he goes down to well, for me. I'm telling you, at first, like, I like the whole concept where he's like, you know, I knew, like a friend of mine, he used fear to like in shock yeah. to get the criminal element and stuff like that. He never showed his face, and not, I'll never show mine either. Yep. And we have this the show of fish going around, and he's you know using them yeah, to hide himself. He's punching being... through them stuff. But he's and got I'm, the like, whole Aquaman belt. Is but, full but even there. with that though, 
we go with that when the uh, the boys get their ass kicked and they go back and report to Corrin Rath. And there's this whole idea going in the ninth tribe right now where the, the dead king, the spirit of yeah. the dead king is back and he's protecting us. I'm like, you know what? The, the, they're even called him the Aquaman. I'm like, yeah. I still like this. But yeah, by I the don't. end, it all fall apart, oh, I fall yeah. apart from because he's showing his face to fucking everybody. I'm like, what are you even doing? That, even that when he's just there, I, I think that if anything, they're like, yeah, yeah, boss. It was a ghost because they're fucking too ashamed that they got fucking beat up by a bunch of fish. The one guy's a <laughs> shark. He got beat up by fish. And wow. it, it just, I'm like, I, he don't look dead to me. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I wish that at the beginning they would have just pushed it. I don't know some people, and, and Corn Rath even says it at one point, and a bunch of people are like, they're just taking up his name. You know, they're, they're just going, he's become a martyr. And I wish that they would have played a little bit more with that. That you had the idea that maybe that was if Merc was not in on the, the, the thing. That he doesn't know, but when he killed Arthur, he was doing it that way to make him a martyr for people to rise up in his name. Uh, but they really go past. And like you said, then by the end, he just exposes his and face. Even and going with that, you know, out. when they report back to Corrin Rath, and he's like, it must be an imposter. The king, yeah, like, you know, yeah, the former like king that. is dead. Merck said, hey, like, the, one of the silent school, like, the silence, I think it's the silent school, like, magic, yeah. you know, councilmen, they're like, you know, all the magic we've been gathering, all the stuff that you've been taking, it might have opened up something where a revenant came back and it's looking yeah. for revenge. I'm like, this is yeah, kind of we've a cool done bad a things, ghost story in Atlanta. Yeah. Like, yep. I like it. And then you have uh, Satea, not Peter Satea, but the the uh, the mother, the the lady who was you know training uh, Mara and mm-hmm. is big on the old school stuff. And that, that's where you kind of get the idea there's trouble a-brewing because she's even like, you know, this magic, the sound school bullshit. You can't keep doing that. But I'm telling you, the art where Rath is just sitting there like a fucking pompous ass. And he's like, mm-hmm. and as was the case with my predecessors, that council was received with thanks. And he looks like such a dick. The emotions yeah. there of how much of a dick he looks like is so goddamn good. And yeah, she's like, hey, you took the throne weeks ago. Great king. It's taken us along. You know, it, it, he has pretty much forgotten about them. It's basically the whole thing. She's like, we have, it's taken us weeks to be able to even talk to you now. You were, you were so big on us before. But yeah, yeah. he's, he's, you like to hang out with us freshman yeah, year, but yeah. suddenly you're too good. Yeah, for all us. of a sudden you're too goddamn good. Uh, but I do, I do love the idea of the, the Aquaman. I just think it plays out. I wish it would have played out a little better. Uh, right. Because, yeah, they're talking about at the one point, these bullies then go back to the crab guy, their their big boss, and he just starts yelling, you know, the Aquaman. The, I thought that was just a street tale. And I get it. The problem is it's only been weeks. That's what kind of gets me with, with all of this with the Aquaman. This should be like his first couple times, even if he started a minute, but he was injured. So you would think he's not been doing this this much for it or to already he, be a street tale. Or was tale. he injured? We or don't know that. He? Yeah, you know, that, really. That might have been a fake out. That might have been a blood pack and a uh, retractable. It may have been, like Eric Shea would make. Was. But even so, even if it was, you would think Aquaman would go and have to hang tight for a little bit. You're oh, yeah. not going to just kind of, you know, ruin it right away. So it it just, it you comes off a little bit. you your head out your beard out to break the yeah, yeah. anonymity. And it, it comes, it just comes, I, it doesn't ruin anything. I just thought that, you know, the whole thing is very rushed. Like you have this weeks and then all of a sudden you hit this issue and everything is rushed forward. But I do like it. And like I said, I love the art. I love the idea of wondering if. Merc is up to something because he said, I put a blade into myself. I dumped the body on an unmarked grave in the waste. And you're like, oh, an unmarked grave, huh? So they can't go find it, right, Merc? It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Yeah. And he's like, I placed this trident back in the treasury. King Arthur is dead. 
and you would wonder, and even when he's saying it, he kind of looks like he's upset saying it, but yeah, I think he's playing the whole time. I really totally. do. Yeah, and you know, I, I do like it though, and I like the I like these other guys that I don't really know. Like you said, the silent, the fucking silent library. What what are they? You know, silent the silent school, school stuff. Yeah, that's that's and, what Romero had to go for. Uh, yeah. I don't know, like yeah, and I even training. like these new guys, these guys that are coming out, like they almost seem to be like priests and things themselves. Like Eric said, that was when it's like, hey, this might be a manifestation, a revenant spirit summoned up by the eminent energy of the sorcery we are generating, and basically kind of saying to Corrin Rath, listen, this is why this magic was kept locked up. You have yeah. let everything out. There may be, you know, dead, it may, dead may be better. They might say, <laughs> but you know, it seems like it, basically, you know, he he has turned Atlantis into an Indian burial ground. Shit That's might right. go wrong, and I like that that is placed there, even if it isn't. I like the idea that they would think that shit that starts going wrong. They would, but I do think that is a problem, especially in Atlantis. Uh, but then we go back, and basically, you go back with uh, corn rats guys who are gonna, you know. They're in the purge. They're going to get everyone there who is a mutant and go. And that's where we kind of go to these people, including a girl that ends up hooked up with Aquaman. And Eric, you know who this is, right? Did you? Oh, this is Dolphin. Yeah. 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 I, I had no idea. I don't have that much of a uh, Aquaman. I, I mean, I wish they had mentioned it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why they didn't mention her name once or even Aquaman say you swim like a dolphin or yeah, something. Yeah, it was just, just weird to keep, like you that. know. Unless you know, like, you know, this mute girl from back in the Aquaman's old like, back issues and shit like that, you have no idea who the fuck this is. But, I no, mean, regardless, like, yeah. we, we know that at least that she has kind of the, the uh, you know, a crush on Aquaman. I guess yeah, that's yeah. all that we need to know for this issue. Well, they and had a romantic a mute. tie back in old continuity and shit yeah. like that. The thing is, like, I actually, I'm curious about what they're going to do with her backstory. Because right now it just seems like she's a mutant, but she had, like, alien ties, I think it was, before. And the old continuity, she was, gen- like, genetically altered to become this. But I, I'm really interested to see where this goes because, you know, now we have the uh, the. Thorn, the crown of thorns around Atlantis, so nobody can get in or out. Mara's out there. Aquaman's on his own. He has this new girl who seems infatuated with him to yeah, a degree. Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested to see where this goes well, knowing what their backstory was previous. I was just looking up, too, because I wanted to see if there was anything else you missed. You missed one thing about her. She's hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Boom. hot. And I do like that they – and uh, Dan Abnett does a very good job at the one point near the end when Uncle, when uh, Mara's like, I got to get there and nothing's going to stand between me and my man. And you see Aquaman swimming with Dolph and you're like, I don't know about that because she's pretty goddamn hot. Uh, at this point, though, the funny thing is if Aquaman does anything, he is he's in big trouble because Mara thinks that oh, Aquaman's no, man. dead. The Aquaman has – like a, yeah, a different zip code. The, well, the crown of thorns may be there, but there's nothing in it his mind that he thinks Mara is dead or whatever. He just doesn't know if he could get to it. But yeah, the, these bullies, these are more than just bullies. These are corn. What happens behind thorn. the crown of thorns stays behind, stays the, crown yeah, behind the crown of thorns. Yeah, these but, are yeah. like SS troops coming in the fucking round up all the goddamn muties. I, I don't yeah. know what that has anything to do with, you know, stepping out, Eric. Uh, but Step yeah, Aquaman's out. there, and this is when he's fully exposing himself, be- and I mean exposing himself, uh, mm. because Dolphin and all these people are getting attacked, and he goes and attacks him, he saves him. She does look very smitten, I'm telling you, just that one facial panel where she's just looking with that like smirk, smirk. Yeah, and like she's it, like, uh... you know that she's infatuated with him, like, huh, who the fuck is this? And yeah. He's going to town. The art is so goddamn good. I love but the yeah, art in this book so it's much. It's so good. And yeah, Aquaman and, and Dolphin then take care of these guys. And again, now they're together. They're, you know, already 
Aquaman is an enemy of the state. Already Dolphin is a mutie, but now she's fully involved. Looks like they almost kiss. <laughs> but he's yeah. like, you want to come with me? For well, God's sake, I love to get it. Her, but she won't, yeah. She, oh, she I won't love be, it. Everyone else scatters, and she's like yeah. hanging around Aquaman. And where you can tell the step on Sajak's art is great is you have a character that is mute. You have a character not talking, which we had Cassandra Kane even in Detective Comics, mm-hmm. and we would sit around and say, like, she's doing nothing. She's doing nothing. This art allows Dan Abnett to actually have her do things without saying a word, and you know exactly what's going on, and it's I'm gonna, awesome. I'm going to be perfectly honest the first time i read this before i reviewed it just to read through i didn't even like realize it i yeah. swear i swear yeah. i didn't even because realize you that get things, all the yeah yeah it's I that like good I, I, feel like I, I understood what was happening and maybe yep. she was just like i don't know they have a lot scared. to say or whatever yeah she was yeah. scared or nervous but then, or whatever but then you go through and you can see that he's like can you understand me and you know yeah. then you're like oh she can't she points to her throat then yeah. it gets pretty obvious I'm telling you the one point when he's like you want to come with me and then the next panel is her just crossing her hand, arms and like looking at him like, fuck yeah, I'm coming with yeah. you. And then he looks at her, for God's sakes. And they go yeah. and it's just like, God damn it, it's good. I'm telling you, my score's going up as we're talking. I was not, I had a score <laughs> in mind. It's now going up into the stratosphere uh, because I really do like it. In the meantime, Volko gets a hold of Mara. He tries to get a hold magically. He knows it's going to be shut down, but he needs to tell Mara. It gets the he uses magic to call her cell phone, yeah, which I like too. Phone. I thought that was yeah. just an awesome thing. Yeah, and again, you want to hear great art? You have this where the phone rings. She answers. Volko's like, listen to me. Arthur is a... Uh, and then gets cut off, and immediately when Mara gets fucking fired up that she knows that Arthur's alive, all of a sudden that fucking glass of water next to her, the fucking water starts coming up. She starts mm-hmm. using her goddamn water abilities out of the plant water. Like, she's getting ready to fucking kick ass because, you know, she's getting her powers getting ready because she was just sitting there doing nothing. Picks up that goddamn crown, puts it on, and she's off. She's ready, and she's like, I'm going. Arthur's alive. And, she's, and it's the no one is getting between us again, and that's where you have that last page where there's Mara in between. It's funny too because that to me, that that cliffhanger page really looks like it should just be a variant cover oh, uh, yeah. to the book. It, it really seems like a cover but it's really really good and it Aquaman looks like one time a yeah, variant cover. Aquaman you know, looks know. like a sexy Jesus right there. So I, I, I like a sexy Jesus. But yeah, so what do you think Volko said there? You think he said listen to me, Arthur is alright. <laughs> Right, probably. Arthur is yeah. already dead. Arthur. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I'm trying to think of anything, and I can't think. Uh, in the meantime, in the last page there, that cliffhanger Arthur page. Arthur is Albanian. <laughs> Arthur is an albino. Uh, you, you have this. Who is the hottest on the last page? Dolphin, Mara, or Aquaman? Who's Aquaman. I think Aquaman's first. Second he might does. be second might be Dolphin. I think Mara takes a third. She's gonna have to oh. work. She's gonna have to work it, girl. But Reggie, what did you give this? Well, you know, we've been talking about the whole time. The art cannot be assailed in this no. book. It is unbelievable. It looks beautiful, you know, just based on that. Should have no trouble paging through it. But my misgiving was that in this whole story, which again, as Jim Warner would say, it was all set up for future yeah, it stuff. Was. But there's no real moment in this book that really that really made me, you know, even give me a second to think or say like, oh, that was unexpected. It pretty much all played out more or less how I expected it. Uh, you know, the introduction of Dolphin is something new, but it's not exactly like a, a, a 
Earth Shadow. Stone Cold Shocker. Yeah. yeah. So I, I ended up giving it, and you know, I think, I think I probably would edge up now having talked about it a half a point, but on the site I gave it an 8 out of 10. I am moving, I'm edging up myself. I'm edging here. Somebody's got to come and take care of me. I'm edging here. <laughs> Can you come over across town? Because, yeah, I'm going to edge up to 8.5. I like it that much. I actually had a lot of fun. And while we have only had what I said was a continuation of Jeff John's run, from the New 52 with all this surface world versus the deal, actually having Aquaman in the slums and having this Corrin Wrath being a guy obsessed with the magic and want to get rid of things, it actually feels fresh to me. And actually, to me, I think Dan Abnett did a very, very good thing by having that crown of thorns to isolate the uh, Atlantis so you don't have the opportunity for anybody to go to the surface world or yeah, where's the Justice League or whatever like this. They they have no idea. They would have no right. idea what's going on and I really do like that. I like the idea of Atlantis being a lot bigger and more, you know, filled with people and vibrant than I ever thought. So yeah, 8.5 for me. What do you go, Eric? This to me really feels like out of nowhere an Aquaman rebirth issue yeah, that's does. changing the game up and getting us into some really cool territory that we've just been like treading water ever since we started with rebirth in my mind. But this feels like something new and interesting that I can't wait to get into. The art's amazing and the idea of you know Aquaman being the Batman of Atlantis now that that interests the hell out of me because I'm telling you we don't get a lot of time in Atlantis. You know it's there, but when you say the city of Atlantis. You really don't think of an entire no. city like you would think of Metropolis or Gotham. Here you're getting that, and I can't wait to see more, and I will give it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, and I, I think another thing that I think Dan Abnett's playing with, and I like it, is the fact that everybody throws shade at Aquaman, and it's only the, oh, you're not part of Atlantis, really. Oh, you half-breed. Oh, you, you surface dweller. Oh, you do this. This is forcing him to be a man of the people as well. Yeah. So, and like they said in that, and like Eric really likes the, the, uh, you know, the, the mystery or the tale of the Aquaman actually plays so out. Cool. And it plays out more later for they when he will become it. king again, because then they'll be like, no, he was one of us. You know, now you're not going to get this. Oh, he's barely in Atlantis. He's going to be in Atlantis for a while. And I like it. Well, he's forced to. I like the idea that he's also liberating, you know, the, the neighborhoods and things like that and becoming an urban legend as well. That would lead well into him becoming king again. And maybe then we could go forward without this nonsense once he becomes king and everybody loves him, which I want. I want Aquaman to be king of Atlantis. And which I we just always love say, the he, look of him now with the long hair and the beard. Yeah, and I hope it stays. It's really cool. And I want him and Oliver Queen to get in a sexy uh, hair contest. And we'll That'd see be nice. Who wins. A really beard good. kiss? Even get tra uh, Steve Trevor in there, even though uh, I see later on he's going to shave. But that's a shame. That is a damn shame. Get Superman with that beard again, too. Yep, we're we're going to have a beard contest. But the next issue we're going to talk about, I'm not so fond of, Reggie. Yep, it is. Uh, it wasn't that great. But it was Harley Quinn number 22, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, Paul Dini. Art by John Timms, Brett Blevins, and Jay Bone. My parents arrived just the other day. They spoke Brooklynese in the usual way, but there were supervillains and goat boys, hey. My parents admitted that they couldn't stay. And back from their motel, there was Harley's, and she said, I'm gonna kill like you, Quinn. You know I'm gonna kill like you. 
There's six gang of Harleys and an egg in a suit. Midget Glendetic Scatapult on the roof. When my parents see this, they're gonna need depends. My dad will have a heart attack then. My mom and Tony might make friends. Thank you, Reggie. Uh, in, in the meantime, was it today, Eric, that me and you were singing our version? I was singing this song all goddamn <laughs> yeah, day. All day. And we were loving the version of this earlier. Uh, Mine involved. You were, you were remembering your daddy's, right? Uh, mine involved my kids shitting their pants. Mine was all about my kids ending up like me, and it's like stuff about having a podcast and not paying attention to people. Uh, and then their it pants. actually led into hating life and blowing your brains out, yeah, and fucking then he up had, the suicide and becoming yeah, a vegetable, like a, in the Metallica it video. A suicide, one. yeah, suicide yes. pact. Oh, it was great. We were having some fun, laughing it up as Eric was making. Castle Grayskull with a workable fucking uh, drawbridge. Drawbridge, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. I just, the guy has no shame in his game. And I, I could sit there and for two seconds, I'll fucking decide to pick my ass and my nose at the same time. Somebody will be there to go, hey, what are you doing next? Fucking, I look over, all I hear is this, I look over, he's sanding down fucking cra- Castle Grayskull. Well, when you pick your nose and your ass, you're not supposed to use the same finger. And if you do, don't pick your ass first. No, Agreed. is that what you're saying? That, that yeah. would be and then, my recommendation. Is one of your other don't don't eat it? Is that is that a good? Uh, That's know, also philosophy? a problem. Don't lick your finger at. You know this is why, you know you get you get sick so often. That's what it is. Yes. Yes. Well, eating your own poop. We are here with Harley Quinn, and as uh, I can make this real quick on the Harley Quinn issue because really two things happen in the whole issue. One of them is that Chief Spoonsdale is visited by the mayor's. Lawyer, whose name is Jean Raymond, she springs uh, the mayor and a very sexy Jean Raymond. Yeah, I was gonna say she springs her boobs out of her shirt. Is what you she's know doing. what I mean? Well, listen, you know, you, you're not just paying for the legal advice. You know, you're no. paying a little bit for that cleavage. I know what I'm paying for. She, uh, so she Do springs them out. Do we cheat him and how? That that is. <laughs> there you go. Uh, she sp- she springs them out and she basically says, you know. I know you. You know you're working with Harley Quinn. You don't want to fuck that up. You know you don't want me to uh, come down on you like a ton of bricks. You know you're you're ah. right high on this uh, Harley Quinn high. You want to keep ah. that going. You're gonna do what I tell you. And to be honest, it kind of leaves it where he's like, you know, get the fuck out of my office. And it kind of leaves it up in the air. But you get the impression she got the mayor and uh, Madison Berkowitz out of jail. Yeah. That's basically what what ended there. So he's sort of now you know gonna be under the gun. He's got a uh, a mayor that hates him, a Harley that loves him, whatever the hell, that's going to become a thing. And then at the very end, Harley Quinn shows up with uh, Mason and Madame Macabre, yep. all bound and gagged, and at first attacks Harley, but then says, whoop, oh, that was just a reflex. I actually want you to help me kill the mayor. Oh. So, yeah. I know. That, that, that whole scene was just like, well, is, this really, is this really a thing? Like, they almost kill each other. She throws a chair at her or something like this. Um, that's really it that happens. I mean, the, the thing that is is shown on the cover that's supposed to be such a big deal as Harley Quinn's parents showing up, which, as we've discussed yeah. already, is kind of nonsense. And they, none of us really think that Harley Quinn should even have parents, or if she does, they shouldn't really want to have any, no, anything to do with her. They should not want anything to do with her. Uh, yeah, it's but it's about it's nothing. It's like uh, you know they they come in. It's like a clown car shower. Every character in Harley Quinn comes out of the shower with a towel on. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why. It doesn't make sense. You know, Red Tool and them, they went through all this trouble to clean the apartment up to make it all nice for Harley Quinn's parents. The first thing they do is show off that they're all, like, half naked coming out of the shower. <laughs> that was a dream. It was? was it? Really? I yes. I didn't even know. I, I, I'm telling you. I, this whole issue, 
I wish was a dream because it, it was boring to me. It really was. I like a lot of the issue was a dream because you have everybody who's been in Harley Quinn, you know, just the who's who of Harley Quinn characters just walking out naked of the shower to introduce themselves oh, to I Harley's see. So parents. Then she's, and then she's waking up in the backseat of the car. As now, they're driving her to work, yeah. Now I get it. The I, issue, thought, though, I thought it was just sort of like a weird segue. The problem, you know I mean? though, with me is that most of them are characters that we see regularly in the, the issues. So you don't really, like, I, I didn't even get the joke because a lot of them, now there was, you know, some of the gang of Harleys, but they've shown up now and again, uh, you know, oh, over sure. and over. So it didn't actually even strike me as anything anyway, only because we've seen these characters over and over. And that Jimmy Palmiani and Miranda Connor like to throw these characters back in over and over again. So yeah, she's just probably worried that that would happen, I guess, or just dreaming, but even so, it's nonsense. It, I really, really didn't is. even catch that it was, I, I thought that basically, like, she's stressing out, they're talking about her stuffed beaver and how an old boyfriend gave it to her, and then I thought it was like a segue, like, you know, the, the, now they're in the car going to work, but now I see that whole first scene, it was all a dream, a very a nightmare, dream. Reggie, a nightmare. A daymare, even. Uh, so anyway, so they, they drive her over to her job at the old, at the old folks home where everyone loves her. Uh, we do find out some strange things about Harley Quinn that she has two younger brothers. One of them is in a, like a, 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 was in a punk band. Now is in a band called Barry's angels. Yeah. Uh, the other one is a FedEx driver and they both, and actually there's three younger brothers. Now that I'm, is there not this two? Um, who the hell knows that she has brothers is the point of it, which again, this is not really. Something you expect from Harley Quinn, you know what I mean? I, I, I we all know that she's yeah. Harley and Quinzel, but I don't think of her being able to go back to a family, you know, or show yeah. up for Thanksgiving. Well, the whole like, thing too is though, like her parents, they look like grandparents from off the right off the bat, and then you know we're supposed to believe that she has a brother though who's still in a high school, and he's just a terror. I'm like, this is so weird because these people, if they're having kids at their age, there's going to be something wrong with these kids. Yeah, and it's just I don't. The whole thing about it is uh, right away when something like this isn't a Harley book, you, you like you, Reggie said, there's a brother. I kind of believe that it isn't a brother, or like you said, then you throw in a dream at the beginning, even then that it throws it off because you can never believe anything that's in the book anyway. And it's just not that interesting to me. That's that's the biggest part. Maybe of the this. whole book is a dream. You're it's right. Maybe the parents are actually dead. They died ten years ago to this very day. That could. Dun, be. Dun, even dun. so, I want I well, I want more future Batgirl. <laughs> Where is you got she? that right? Yeah, that's yeah, what I, I want. I'll see what's up with her. How she's settling into her new role. Yeah, I mean, for most of the time here, is that Harley Sin was not really that interesting in the Gang of Harley story where she was the villain. Now she's back in this book. And again, there's the twist that, yeah, hey, you're going to come with me? No, I don't care because... I need you to help me take down the You mayor. don't interest me at all. Harley Sin, again, we had Harley Sin in the regular run where she tried out for Gang of Harley's. She was turned down. Then all of a sudden she comes back as the villain of Gang of Harley's because she was turned down. Then she goes, she gets sprung out of jail and becomes a hit woman kind of deal and then ends up getting tied in with Harley again and is using that. And I'm like, I, I, mean, I didn't it's like really you. It's really convoluted. You know, she got sprung out jail to be an assassin her very first job she decides not to do it so she can fuck with harley quinn yeah. and then while there it's madame macabre convinces her that maybe harley quinn isn't the enemy and yeah. it's like what a way to bust and your now, balls yeah. all the way around you and know, I'm she saying that to these a lot faster you know it's, it's funny crazy. because if she reminds me of any character it's joker's daughter yeah. in the new 52 
we we got Joker's daughter just pushed at us every fucking angle and every fucking orifice is shoved up there, all sexy. And, oh, and from there, ass. though, it's like this is this book's version of it because everywhere you turn, you end up with Harley Sin around the corner, and I don't need that. I really don't like her as a character. She's not that interesting. That you know, I've had enough of the look. Because basically, it's that tattooed look that's supposed to be intriguing, whatever. And past that, like you said, it's convoluted, not that interesting. You have a future background that you could have extended that story and not just had her, you know, go away for a little. And the point where Red Tool was a guy from the future that came back and won that contest as well. That's what I want to see. I want to see all of that, not Harley Sin. I don't need Harley Sin. I don't I even mean, we, care. We knew this storyline had to come... Yeah, you know, to bear eventually, but but I don't throw know. that it, in. It's not really doing anything for me. Throw that in with the fact that we're still going to deal with some of the cannibal stuff because they've been sprung out of jail, and I really don't care about them either. So when they go back to go and get the mayor, it seems like he's going to have the cannibal guys and this and that and everything that well, those guys all got killed. Those the, the guys that were did that, but maybe he will have new. I'm cannibal. saying the guys they who did the, the, like the main the main yeah, cannibal was the still alive and locked up in jail. Yeah, he oh, was locked up go. in jail. They said he was in Arkham, but I don't believe it. I think that he has them. So I, I think that that's the little hint that when they go get the mayor, that's going to be his you know right hand guard or whatever. And you're going to have to deal with that. You're going to find out about you know. Are you interested in seeing this you know lawyer? She's hot, but what the fuck is that all about? And it just isn't interesting. It really isn't. And then, uh, like you said, you throw in the fact that it seems weird to have the mother and father there. Mother and father don't lead to anything. No, they're just there. They they end up staying at a motel. Like like the whole the whole scary thing before was, oh no, my parents are gonna come over. They're gonna see that I've got like you know a whole floor full of pets and shit and like a goat boy and an egg in a fucking robot suit. There you go. they don't even do it. They they end up staying in a, at a hotel. So, yeah. what yeah. what was all that bullshit for? Nothing at all. Nope. No, no reason. Uh, it just, no payoff. It's just not that. No payoff at all. In fact, too, you have this little thing about you know the parents seem a little odd, but uh, you know even then I wanted them to be so straight laced that they were like, oh my god, what happened with Harley? And they, you know whatever. It's just I just don't understand how. I mean. <laughs> You know, you you know, you are an actual parent. If you're, if you're one of your children turned out to be, I mean, we'll see what happens. You have, they, yeah, you have a long life ahead happen. of you. But if one of them turns out to be like a homicidal killer, I assume you're not going to like take him out for Burger King. You no, know what I mean? No. Like it's you're going to be going to kind of mess up the relationship. If they're a yeah, fancy pants homicidal killer. They better take me out for Burger yeah, King. Yeah, they better take me out. They better earn some money there. They maybe, just, uh, maybe they'll become your favorite. You know, you'll be like, yes, may. finally. I'm Warner. like, God damn it, some interesting things going on. <laughs> oh my on. God, they took me out to get a Whopper without it even being Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, really. That's fancy stuff. But yeah, it's just, I, you know, hate to just kind of skip through it, but there's really not much to it. And then there's the backup. Especially not for the backup. And the backup, that's the thing. The backup and Reggie, you'll say it again. I know you will because it's true. You might as well just wait until this is collected because you don't get enough in each I actually, issue I actually from like, it. like the first seed in the backup, but yeah, it's the same thing as always. Like you get a little sliver of a piece of a story, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, I kind of, I mean like the stupid conversation between her and the carpenter and like the, Kind of a girl's brunch out or whatever for criminals. With the Wonderland gang. Yeah. It was all right. And the other thing we find out, yeah, from the uh, the Alice in Wonderland, uh, from the animated series. And uh, yeah. then we find out that the one that's been taking all the Joker's heists away is the Grisson. 
Yeah. Which is like basically a Catwoman, except yeah, it uh, like a is cat it the Brazilian we- Brazilian oh, Catwoman? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, but essentially does this seems to do the same thing as the Catwoman dances yeah. around lasers and flits around rooftops, you know. But yeah, she's a, a Brazilian weasel, the Grisson. Yeah, exciting. And that's it. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's it. really it. You that's know, the it. carpenter. And, and the whole thing is like the carpenter is supposed to be fixing up the new lair, and she's just robbing. Yeah. Fucking hard blind the whole time. And I guess that's supposed to be a, uh, yeah, a chuckle just, on the left. It's, it's all right. Get Doesn't her do a the, goddamn thing. No, for and the it. problem with the, you have the backup where we said the reason why we liked the backup was not actually just the backup. We liked it because it did get Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor to have only 18, 16 pages of story, right. you know, whatever it is, that they were kind of forced to condense their story and every page meant something. And they were really now showing a thing. Now I will tell you, this is one that kind of tells a straightforward story, but this one had nothing to say. So you go right. through this whole issue and there's nothing. And then when you end, you end with the whole cliffhanger, like I said, of Harley Sin saying, hey, I want you to help me kill the mayor. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you in a couple months because that does not interest <laughs> me. Tell me when we get something else going on because this Harley Sin thing is not interesting to me. The cannibal thing I will is not say, interesting I still to think, me. I still think the comic is paced better than it was at one time before yeah, it maybe. had to back up. But it's just you're not right. interesting. It's not, it's, there's no story there that, no. that grabs you. It just does move along at a good clip, even though they had the dream sequence at the beginning. It wasn't yeah. before where it was so superfluous. They would just be like, and yeah. then... Oh, they used to have pages, Harley all of a sudden whatever. take magic mushrooms, and yeah, for four like pages magic. you'd have her on a psychedelic pirate ship, <laughs> and nothing. Now, I will say, like, not even saying this book is good or bad, or the sales are good or bad or whatever, but this is like one of the few books that I really do think, because it would benefit the book to be monthly, that you would have one story, they could tighten it up, can just tell that it's just it seems like they have run out of things to say with the amount of issues where at issue 22 it seems like they have run out of it you know there isn't I mean, even there's a barely a joke anymore it, man. it's a grind you know yeah. i mean they're, they're practically got to come up with shit left and right yeah. uh working so far ahead you know it's you know you know we don't really talk about it because dc does for the most part hit their dates for these yeah, five they have been very good with it shipping yeah. uh so, but it's not it's not easy, and I think we're seeing that wear and tear on this because otherwise, yeah. Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor really do know how to write a comic yeah, and know yeah, how to write do. comics in general. You know, it just seems to be falling apart. Have yes. you seen the solicits? No, for months no. for Harley, the solicits have not matched matched the, comic the deal. At all. Yeah, yeah. We're actually me and Eric this week. We're both talking that when we do our previews, we get the preview pages, we go to the, the DC site and grab their solicit. And me and him both had multiple solicits this week, especially that did not match up to what was not going yet. on in the issue. You had a, a mission. So I only had three Nightwing books this week. Two of my preview solicits were fucked up. I had two as well, and it Harley, was because Harley's they jumped for a while. On were way off where they were actually soliciting the the arc that was going to follow the one with the cannibal yeah. one. Remember they were doing the whole vampire yep. thing or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I think what it is is you know they're pitching these stories and then while they're writing them they're changing drastically because yeah, yeah. other things get introduced things happen you know I think this yeah Paul things Beatty happen thing uh, you know DCU wide that they have to change up as well and right. things like that and yeah it's just weird and uh, I know that one of the things like uh, my one was Justice League and that was you know 
it wasn't delayed, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you had a bunch of guest, you know, creative teams on. I would think that it was kind of Brian Hitch losing track and, and not being able to put out something in a timely fashion. So then when you get the new issue out, the solicit makes no sense because right. you know, it's, 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 like, it's not it's even like Brian Hitch. Buy a book. Yeah, I thought maybe like, the solicit for Justice League said, this is a great issue. And then you read it, you were like, what the fuck? Yeah, this I'm like, a- who the <laughs> fuck wrote that? I'm like, up, oh, they're letting Brian Hitch write his own guy. Actually, it's funny because they let Brian Hitch write his own solicit. So what happens is it starts and never ends. The solicit's so open-ended at the end. It's like, yeah, the Justice League do something. But there's more trouble coming their way, just like every other goddamn issue. There's but yeah, it's just, yeah. it's weird because, yeah, I do think that, I were seeing a bit of the grind kind of being shown in the books as well, where, you know, you had Nightwing, where Eric is doing Nightwing, and you've had a bunch of guys jump on and things, and I do think that they've had to have some guys, you know, take a break, have, have okay, work on this issue, we'll fill in too, you'll get a little right. break. Jimmy Palmiani and Manic Hunter don't play that. They really just go straight forward. They're fucking nose to the grindstone doing this. And I do think the grind's starting to get to them just of and coming up with something have, new. Like, you know, they have a stable of, you know, as we say a lot of times, super talented artists. Yeah. But there's only there's only a limited amount of them, you know. So yeah. they're getting worked over. You know, it's uh the whole team I think could use I think you're right, I they could they use could a break. Use a they could use break. a month. Yeah. And even if it was month. if it went to monthly or if you had where all of a sudden, we got a three-issue arc by somebody else. And because, I mean, Reggie, me and you, and Eric started doing Harley, and then I took it over, and then you took it over, all the way back to the New 52, it's pretty much been Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti that whole time. There hasn't yeah, been a lot of Simon people jumping been. on. And it, it might be nice now. And also, they went and did Gang of Harleys. I think Frank Thierry was doing that with them. Uh, but it was still them on that as well. So I think it, it that was, maybe... It was, uh, yeah, it was, that was Jimmy Palmiotti. And, I mean, let's, let's, to be real here, I get the impression that Jimmy Palmiotti does the bulk does of the, the scripting. Bulk. Yes, I do. I don't know if, I I don't know that's, if that's well. true, but that's definitely my impression. I think and that him like and Amanda Connor lay in bed. Jimmy Palmiotti yeah. and maybe someone they else. They probably lay in bed and they come up with the concept, hey, you know what would be funny? And he writes stuff. I see him on Twitter. And he's like, oh, Amanda, Amanda came up with the funniest thing here. I think that they do work as a team. Yeah, but yeah when yeah. they get down to the, the typewriter comes out, I do think it's Jimmy Palmiotti typing it out. And uh, But I just... I think that this book, if you want to continue having this book, I don't think Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor have to leave the book, but it might do them good as well as maybe us reading to have a fresh voice for three issues. Have somebody read, else doing something. I read something. loud and clear. Yeah. Let's get Steve Orlando on this book for no. three issues. Let's Even get it so, going. Hey, let's see what he can do. I'm telling hey, you. Grab, this, could, this could be his wheelhouse. You don't grab know. something crazy. Grab fuck, Scott Snyder. Three three issues of Harley would be hilarious. Get you know, get some other people and get them involved. Get a uh, you know a Tom Taylor in here who writes the best Harley I've ever read in the Injustice book. See what he's gonna do with it. But just get somebody fresh for a, a you know, like I said, maybe four issues, two months where Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor get to relax and say, you know what, let's relax, let's come up with some new jokes, let's come up with a new story and come back hitting hard. Because I'm sure eventually we're going to get back to roller derby. Because we always get back to everything else that we've had yeah. before. Uh, so, yeah. What did you give this, Reggie? Well, in the end, uh, you know, I don't know why. I I think I vacillated between 5.5 and 6. I went 6 because I just love John Tim's art. And uh, it didn't yeah, really... I do too. I'm sorry? I do, too. I think yeah, he's I, great on art. I know Eric is, is obviously... Yeah, he's is, not is, exactly is the fan, And that's yeah. fine. But... Uh, I love I love the way he draws and you know 
I think now I'd give it a 5.5, but on the site okay. I gave it a 6. Yeah, uh, I'd probably give it a 5.5 too. I just, again, I was just, uh, kind of bored. But I do like John Tim's art. I think that he does the characters really well. And a lot of times the problem with this book, it's a very wordy book. A lot of the things, a lot of the jokes, yeah. a lot of the stuff is done script wise, not visual. Uh, and then John Timms adds to it with the visual. And I think he does a really good job with that every time. Uh, but yeah, there's, of any of the books we do, it's weird because this seems to be the book that has the most word bubbles of any book that we read. It's uh, true, every panel yeah. has 17 goddamn yeah, word bubbles. It's a, and I'm not saying that's bad. It's just a very verbal book. A lot of the jokes, a lot of the things is the, you know, back and forth between the characters and the talking yep. and things like that. And I think the art plays out really well. It's just, it's not doing anything. It's the same jokes. If there is jokes, cause this one, not many jokes. It's not a lot of just gags, pretty, it's true, no, not yeah. a lot of gags. Just a, the big gag was that dream that I even took it as that happened before, and they were driving away from yeah, that that's because how, they that's how I thought because they had enough, and they were like, I didn't even see when oh Harley, you know, you're having a bad dream. I was like, I just thought that that shit had happened, and I was even like, why's Poison Ivy in this book? And then they they had a deal, and the parents were like, we got to get the fuck out of here. And it just it kind of threw me, but even so, there's not a lot of gags. Uh, what did you What do you say here? John Timms can't say. I'm telling you, I like John Timms art enough. It is the draw of this book for me right now because there's nothing going on with the story. So because of that, I give it a four point five out of ten. Four point five. I'm bored with it, and it's yeah. doing nothing for the limited amount of time it has to tell a story yeah. each issue. Yeah, now yeah, and the backup is fucking yeah. nonsense. Hell, before and, we thought the yeah, backup, you were the only one to be literate enough to understand the dream sequence. Yes, well, and I, the thing when is, I saw Ports and Ivy. I had a problem once they started breaking out. I'm like, okay, this is a dream. I that's just, the, I actually, that's the continuity kidding you. I mean, I'm yeah. just like, ah, whatever. Cash yeah, because I thought that basically fun. these guys heard that the parents were coming and came over. I thought right. that that's they all I wanted to meet her parents. Yeah. Didn't you think that? They were like, hey, Harley's parents, I want to meet them. Uh, I'll tell you, the, the weird thing about this issue, like we said before, we have the backup. And we're like, this is really good. It forces them in. We, we already mentioned it. Now it really is kind of pointing out, like, they need the backup because not much is going on in the book. And then you got to fill it up. And God, I, I actually, uh, would you, if you were doing this, like I said, would you make this a monthly first? Or would you just create uh, change the creative team and keep it twice a month and see how that went? What, what would you do? Would you just make it monthly right away and just go? To change the creative team. Yeah. See if that could give it a shot in the arm. You know what I mean? It's still I, selling, I, I definitely trust uh, Jimmy and Amanda to be to do good work. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't. It's not like I think that they're a couple of slouches. So that would be my first thing to do. Keep it the same price. Just keep it twice a month and change the, change the creative, creative team, team, like you said, for one short arc. Three to four issues. See what goes on. I, I don't know if you could do that. I'm telling you, if you change the creative team up, you might as well just start over at number one because this is pretty much the Connor Palmiotti verse of Harley. Well, that's what I'm it's saying, so but you have that with a lot if, of other books. You just go you, with an like, art you know, have somebody else come in, though, you might as well just start over and say, this is I'm a new Harley book. The other stuff doesn't I, count. I definitely, if, you know, if they were going to, you know, if Jimmy and Amanda said we're done, I would say definitely just turn, switch yeah. off the lights and go I'm home. Saying, don't, we, we've don't had times art. when, yeah. We've had times when Harley goes off to California. Do that, something like that again. Have her go here. Have her go there. Have her go to London and have somebody write and have her hang out with Constantine in London and do that for three issues. I just uh, well, we don't, we don't, we don't want the uh, current. uh, (laughs) No, we don't want that. But I I do hear what what Eric is saying, though. You know, you you run the risk of having a totally off-brand. 
That's what I'm saying. So just make it something Harley goofy book, that also, they can go on. Also could have a great Harley book. You know what I mean? It just seems like I would take the shot on a different creative team. I think the idea of like Scott Snyder doing it would actually be hilarious because he yeah. could do a whole. He could even like satire himself. He can make fun of himself. Uh, be exactly. Cool. You know what I mean? Do a whole thing where it's Said just I'm like, messaging him. The, uh, what the, is the uh, chance you do a Harley book? Wait a minute, he got back to me. Zero percent, he zero said. Zero to zero percent. <laughs> I think, and actually, with, with the amount of uh, stuff that people do, kind of like a dancing Mike get mad at uh, at Scott Snyder, I think that would be a good PR move, personally, yep. for him. Almost like having a Tom Cruise in the, uh, what was that movie, uh, Tropic Eric? Thunder. Tropic Thunder, where you kind of poke fun at yourself and get people back on board with you because people seem to be now, like, giving Scott Snyder some guff for no reason, but uh, oh, they, they think they have a reason. Don't yeah. worry. Don't you worry about Scott Snyder. But it'd be, it'd be funny, though, Scott. to have somebody like it that on this. Uh, you know, even have, like, a Greg Rucka uh, on it. Like, somebody, I don't know. To me, it'd be funny to have somebody who takes himself so damn seriously uh, just kind of let loose on, on this book for a little and have fun. But I, I will say, though, after that, though, I would give the book probably two more months before making another, you know, if I had to make another, I wouldn't give it a, another year of books before I decided to do something. If it was going haywire again, I would give it yeah. like four more. And if it didn't work, I would go to a month monthly and see All if that right. did anything. Well, we're going to go off now to you. And, Chris, what book shall we be talking about this week? We are talking about Cave Carson as a Cybernetic Eye, number nine. Yes, Cave Carson. Now, I did see this week when it, you know, things hit Twitter and whatnot. And a lot of times it's when people put out their pull list. When yeah. G-Man shows his feet to the world and also his books. Uh, but yeah, uh, the meantime, it seemed like a lot of young animal guff this week. A lot of people were throwing shade towards young animal for some reason. Really? And even at the point where this Cave Carson, there was somebody who I believe gave it a one out of 10 oh, on yes. the comic book roundup. So people were like, Jesus Christ. And you had some people like, ah, oh, you know what? It's too weird for me. Like, this is the first week that I actually saw some cracks in the armor of the young, uh, young animal, because for the most part, when people would bring it up, I think that mi a lot of people are just like, if they said they didn't like it, they look like assholes and they seem fancy. You and Chris, you're fancy up there in your penthouse talking about oh, your yeah. young animal. But it does seem like this is for the people like, like an Eric Shea, who's been reading comics most of his life, and also somebody who likes things I mean, on the fringe and things. To some degree, it is that, though. You know, I it mean, is. maybe not trying to be highfalutin, but it's no. not, it, ain't, it ain't a Spider Man comic. No, you know? and well, that's the I mean, problem. That was the thing. I mean, listen, listen, I, there are, you will, if you listen to our segment, and I know for sure both of you definitely will, so I have yes, no worries obviously. about yes. that. But when Eric you, so hasn't when listened to our to show thing, probably since episode 80. <laughs> I don't think I, I went that far. No. I understand. Uh, uh, it's uh, we do have criticism for it, you know. There, there is some yeah. stuff to criticize, but one out of ten is absolute bullshit. E yeah, I mean, even if you're flipping through it, the art is way better than yeah, one. Uh, out of here's now, now in this book is Cave Carson spelunking and exploring caves. Uh, not right now. No. Well, I don't want that's nonsense, and I don't want to deal with that. There you go. It's not. It's not what you expected up front. You heard. It's no. not. It's not a book about Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz, who's a cave explorer. That's not the okay. Cave Carson we're talking nope. about. That's what I but thought it was. It's not what, about is it actually? City, is Nevada. it Carson? It's not Carson Wentz going back in time to be a caveman, possibly. 
That's not what I, happens. No, I, I, I have a theory. I think, My, quite, I, think, I think you're writing your own great comic I book. am. But here's the thing. I think that what has happened is the Young Animal stuff has gotten some hype. It really has. And the sales are decent. I've seen the sales. They're, they're not horrible. These are not Vertigo sales. They're right. better. And I think that a lot of times in this, a lot of people who have their sites, whatever site it may be, that, you know, you have, oh, we, we, uh, we do Batman and Superman and another book, you know, shit like that, where all of a sudden, yeah. yeah, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, I hear all this young animal stuff. Let's get on this. And then their their minds are fucking, you know, warped because then they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And I see these reviews and the, you know, people giving them two out of tens and stuff like, what the hell is this comic? This ain't exactly, comics yeah. to me. I'm like, you bullshit. This, yeah, it, just, it, it, it ain't Green Lantern. You know what I mean? No. Like, you, you can't go into a book like this. We talk about this with, with reviewing any comic. You can't go into a, you know, a whatever Birds of Prey comic and say, oh, yeah, I can't wait to watch like some super manly fighting. You, you kind of know what you're getting into a little yes. bit. When well, you, that's when what you I'm saying. Comic, that's so. that's the problem with the, the young animal, I think, is that it, it's great because it's on the fringe. But then it's not going to be, you know, you're going to have those people that attack it just because of that, because it doesn't make sense to some yeah. people. Like you said, they want people just flying around and doing things. Next thing you know, you have Carson Wentz dressed up like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to people. Somehow then he has the cybernetic eye, which is just a giant letter I that walks around with him. That's a robot, right? That's the eye itself. It's actually you're the give, letter you're I. Away, you're giving away too much right here. I'm uh, telling you. Your, uh, I knew your that that's what really it was. Together. And then actually he has another one. At first it was a guy who just – the cybernetic I was just a yes man that somehow was just programmed to say I. So he's there like, hey, hey, uh, yes man, are we going to town? I. I. Where's the cybernetic oh, I? Because he's cybernetic. Yes. Yes, indeed. But yeah, we'll go off to you. And Chris, I hope that you like Cave Carson. And it has a cybernetic I. I always mess it up. That yeah. Cave Carson – he has a cybernetic eye. I hope that you liked it more than a 1 out of 10 because I think that is nonsense. So we'll see what you say now. Once in every lifetime, love like this. Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. I am Reggie. I am Chris. And this week we have one of our favorite Young Animal comics to read for you today and go through. It's Cave Carson Has a Cybernetic Eye, number nine. Written by mm-hmm. John Rivera, art by Michael Avon Oming, and Nick Filardi, back up by Mark Russell and Benjamin Dewey. So uh, we open up, kind of a, uh, a departure from the story we've been getting. There's an idyllic... Uh, picnic scene. A couple of uh, green-skinned, bug-eyed humanoid lovers are sharing some food and wine in a lush meadow. One of them is bald. The other one has a shock of hair and definitely what I would call boobs. Right? Yeah, they they both have these odd, like 
like a, he's got a cod piece. Yeah. And she has like two of them on her chest. They definitely <laughs> seem to. Yeah, exactly. He has some sort of a uh, crotch. Apparatus. Apparatus. Yeah. I don't want to assume anything <laughs> about alien beings, but just just at a glance, this is, you know, it seems like one's the fella, one's the lady. Sure. Uh so it's a beautiful lush meadow. The bald, the bald one offers the one with the shock of hair uh, a ring, and uh, she reacts very excitedly. And then I, we can only assume that the bald one's proposing to marry the one with the hair and the boobs, right? That's what I would. Which is, I, it's kind of weird because like they have the same ritual that we have in the Western world on Earth. You know, you know what I mean? Like exactly. Even on our <laughs> own planet, there are several engagement rituals, and yet they have centered on the one that, like, you know, it's, it's unique to North America and parts of Europe. But anyway. Absolutely. And uh, from here, we uh, pop back into the uh, alternate uh, parallel Fawcett City that's uh, been destroyed by Whisper Borstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Wild Dog attempting to fix the, you know, their version of the Mighty Mole uh, while the Whisper zombies converge. Uh, Wild Dog is removing more mechanics than he's replacing. <laughs> uh, the Mighty Mole is fixed and it's time to chase the Whisper. Uh, so uh, I suppose we're to figure that the Mighty Mole... Uh, just travels uh, through dimensions. You know, I mean, they kind of get into it later, but it's not really clear. I mean, also maybe like Whisper leaves a hole as he blasts through dimensions. You can kind of like piggyback Follow. on that. Yeah, you know? but yeah, I mean, <laughs> they make it seem like to the next dimension, and I'm yeah, I'm no big like, deal. Let's I didn't, go. Re- I didn't realize that was something. That <laughs> this was a mining vehicle, right? Uh, anyway, meanwhile, Mr. Borstein has charged through several Earths and obliterated all of them. Looks like there's like a U.S. Army Earth or a timeline, a police state timeline. There's a medieval knights timeline and like a futuristic bald guys Earth timeline in there, too. These are the four that we get to see, and he seems to be demolishing all of them. Uh, the option that all these Earthlings seem to get is to work for EBX or die. And they show one panel of them working for EBX, and it's just like a conveyor belt of chemistry, right? It's yeah, like nonstop, right. like people in scrubs just moving beakers along. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know what they're doing, but something nefarious, I would assume. Absolutely. Uh, then uh, Paul and his dad, Edward Borstein, they have a little downtime together. Edward kind of steps out of the whisper purple brain fungus bag, right? I think. Uh, whatever it is, he looks totally taken over now. I mean, he is just purple. He is that, barely, yeah. Barely even looks human. He's sort of barely holding himself together. Uh, but when he is separated from Whisper, or whatever that thing, he does look inert, right? It needs him. It, he needs to be uh, there steering the ship, it, it seems. seems yeah. like it, yeah. Without him, it's just like a big pulpy thing. Mass, uh, yeah. Paul, Paul's totally in awe of this fungus and the experience his dad is having, and his dad says something to the effect of, you know, you know, your time is coming soon. So yes. <laughs> uh, that's that's a little aside that might bear down, may bear out later. Sure. And then uh, nearby, Cave's cybernetic eye is wedged in a fold of the Whisper brain pulp thing, uh-huh. uh, and it's uh, actually uh, taking in this uh, wonderful father and son scene. Very touching. Um, yeah. It is. It's quite touching. Uh, Cave and the gang, including Cave's alternate universe mentor, Professor Mark Barstow, that's the uh, that writer of the uh, Rocks Are Awesome book. That's right. <laughs> the backup. Uh, they're cruising through a uh, time cave. Uh, it's sort of like a neon light lined psychedelic tunnel. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like the uh, Puff Daddy uh, videos in the late 90s, you know, <laughs> where he's going down a tunnel of uh, neon lights. Yeah. And I guess this, this is how they're passing through dimensions. It's just not clear. Maybe there's no way to make such a thing clear, but, you know, it seems like while they're in there, they can see different timelines happening. So somehow they sort get into on, that. On the... but. 
Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I'm not sure. Now, uh, in the back seat, we've got, uh, you know, uh, Wild Dog and uh, one of them. <laughs> but in the front, we have uh, Chloe annoyed with Cave because uh, he decided not to grab an alternate universe version of her mother. Uh, she's, uh, you know, she thinks it's kind of hypocritical since they did take an alternate Professor Barstow after all. And she might have a point, but, you know, Cave. She might. <laughs> Cave, Cave also has a point, you know, they, that the alternate version people are not the same thing. You don't watch uh, it, but that who that's is, who is sitting between them. That is um that's one of the girls from Muldrug, right? That's like uh cuz I for a second I thought maybe we missed something where where maybe Chloe went and got an alternate version of her mother and Cave was trying to get rid of it. No, I I I think that was, you know, that's part of like uh the the crew that you don't see all the time, the Batman fans. The the, the belly shirt kids. Yeah, the belly shirt kids and she's in yeah. there and there's another one of them that like it just can pops up during the during a later gotcha. scene. Uh I don't think that's her mother though. Uh, if it is, yeah. she looks like like catatonic. <laughs> I don't really know what to look very young too to be Chloe's mother, but uh, yeah, I not... didn't know if maybe it was a uh, if it was an halluc- another one of those hallucinations too. It was was the second thing I might I thought it might be, but uh, but it's probably just uh, I mean it's definitely just uh, the Batman friend fans friend. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's a Muldrugan just uh, in for the ride, fighting the good mm-hmm. fight. Uh, but you know, I, I, I was wrong once. I'll tell you what. Uh, anyway, so Cave catches up with Whisper on Earth. That looks like the Crusades are happening. Looks like they're back to the Knights in Shining Armor Earth. And uh, Whisper's holding the other Mighty Mole like a gun, firing down on the Knights. I thought he'd actually cast it away, but apparently they he hung on to that newer Mighty Mole and the... Uh, the MM2. Yeah, the, the exactly, the Mark II version. And uh, the EBX team that was led by Ace, that had kind of like, they're still working for Edward Borstein in a sense, or at least, you know, they seem loyal to whatever the, the uh, Whisper... Uh, they're inside the Mighty Mole, and they're actually controlling the firing, which I thought was strange, too. But mm-hmm. I guess, you know, they just know to keep firing towards the moving things, and everything will be fine. Cave uh, determines that Whisper Borstein is too big, and he has to be killed from within, so he fires these twin grapples, and it swings him up uh, on top of his fungal hide, and yanks, uh, it, and then they all get out right onto his pulpy surface, and then there's an all-out fight on the surface of, of Whisper, which is... Definitely, this is the scene, the climax of the book, and, it, you know, it's pretty good. It goes on for a few pages. Sure. It includes a scene of uh, Ace wielding a machete and just bringing it right down on Wild Dog's head. It's stopped by yeah. his helmet, or perhaps uh, maybe he's got a metal plate in his yeah. head. Or... That was almost, you know, that was a question to you, because you, you're more familiar. Does he have a metal plate as a Marine, or does he I, Not it? that I know of. Not that I know of. It might just be a, a very... Hard dog. Got a hard, hard head, hard <laughs> helmet or something, yeah. Now, uh, what what Ace doesn't realize is that he made a mistake doing this because with it stuck in Wild Dog's head, it's now Wild Dog's weapon. Yeah. So he pulls the thing out of his head and then cuts Ace's brain out. Yeah. Cuts it like a coconut. Yeah. <laughs> Professor Barstow observes that Whisper Borstein is heading very quickly toward a mountain. Ultimately, Cave and the gang are victorious, and they share some fist bumps to celebrate. It's weird. They they do have a little weird downtime. It's like it's, they do. It's not over. I I thought you know there's no. Still, they just catch just, their breath. Things are still <laughs> kind of critical. And you know, Chris, I'm thinking that that maybe that thing with Wild Dog is from a movie. Possibly, maybe, maybe, maybe it's, it's a reference. Maybe yeah. it's a referencing a movie. Yeah, it it just seems so like. I mean, I I liked it as a scene, but it seems so sure. specific to what specific. was happening. Yeah, but uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, you, people out there in listener land, do let us know <laughs> if it is something from a movie that we've missed. 
So now the only folks left on Borstein's side are the one girl from their Mighty Mole, that from EBX and Paul, uh, Eddie's son. Edward opens up a hole that looks awfully uh, sensual, looks sphincterish, uh, mm-hmm. and, and whispers hide and tells him to jump in. Paul first shoves the woman in, makes sure it's okay. She says it's fine, a little sticky. Who said chivalry's dead? I know, really. Uh, <laughs> seeing that she's okay, Paul jumps in too, and Whisper just begins mining into this mountain. I guess now he can mine, you know, he's just spitting out this kind of like pink dust yeah, or gas or dust, something. Yeah. Uh, Cave and Jay, they man the newer Mighty Mole, which now they've hijacked, and they're, they're sort of, I guess, cutting away at the exterior of this tunnel that Whisper's boring so they don't get scraped off the hide. And they come to a big, giant pink crystal, which turns out to be the stone that's in the engagement ring that we saw given on the very first page of the book. Hmm. Wow. How about that? Now, Whisper Borstein leaps out of the ring and uh, onto the green being with the hare's eyes, like a like kind of like a like a face hugging type thing. Yeah. Uh, that I hear in movies that I never saw. Um, <laughs> now, it should go without saying, you know, that they came out of this ring, so these creatures are gigantic. Mm-hmm. Um, they're giants. They're like as big as mountains, basically. Yeah. Um, now, thus taking over her mind, she snaps the bald green thing's neck. He's. Just, <laughs> It almost looks like they become like the same person in a scene there because it's like he's just like toppled over in her lap almost. Yeah. And uh, she plucks both mighty moles from the surface of the whisper and flings them away. And they would land with a boom in a wooded valley, cave's cybernetic eye along with them. Mm-hmm. And we you know now it's what's going to happen next. Uh, there, of course, there's a backup. There was a. Professor Mark Barstow and Dr. Niedermeyer discussed some galactic leakage in the article for Rocks. What is it? Rocks are cool, right? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, and we learned about super great. We learn about Olga, a diamond that's five times the size of Earth, and it orbits a pulsar. And I don't mm. think it actually exists, but it, it was a cool story. Plus, a weird water slide maze. It's very easy to complete, featuring Bane, and I mean like ridiculously easy to complete, like you know child menu at the uh, Denny's type yeah. complete. And of course, the same thing we saw in whatever we had last week. It was uh, was it Shade had to be, or Bug. Well, we did Bug, and there was no backup in Bug. That's right. That back, was, they had yeah. no backup. That's right. Maybe They, they actually wrote the whole book. I think uh, I think it had to have been Shade had the Who's Who with Becky Cloonan, plus a yeah. letter from the editor. That seems to be this month's backup option, plus Bane. Why not? Throw that Why in not? there for you, too. So, uh, what would you think of this, Chris? I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought the uh, the fight scene was really cool, um, but I'm tired of the story. Yeah. I, I think I think this has gone on long enough. I, I want something new. I don't know if there's going to be something new, but I would like there. If there is going to be something new, I would like to start it as soon as possible. Or just wrap it. You know, if this is it, wrap it up. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I'm not. This series doesn't need to go on for. I'm not saying it should be canceled, but I don't feel it needs to go on for 150 issues either. I think it could. Sure. I think in many ways it's made the statement it could, it, it was going to make, and uh, mm-hmm. it's been great. You know what I mean? And I I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing a few more adventures, but I definitely wouldn't want to see this one wrapped up. It's a little long in the tooth. Yeah, big this, time. This issue though did bring us back to something we you know we haven't gotten a full out. We seem to get about every third one a really good action issue, and something that these guys do really well. I'll tell you, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the same creative team on another property. I don't, you know, I don't see why that would uh, be impossible. I have no idea. Sure. I don't know what's at Young Animal's disposal, but I assume any weirdo character that isn't Jerry Lewis or Bob Hope, they can do right. <laughs> Bring out. The I was, 
I was a little disappointed when they uh, what did they announce the thing where the artists are going to be the the forefront of it like Ramita and uh, what is it it's the Jim Lee thing that they announced for the fall oh oh um, oh yeah that's the um, whatever the hell that thing's going to yeah, be called I, I forgot what that was I was a little disappointed that they announced a Challengers uh, series because I thought Challengers would be good in uh, Young Animal. It would be that can that can be really cool, you know what I mean? And and yeah. these, these would be great guys to do it. I mean, they've kind Absolutely. of have tackled that in a lot of ways with Cave, but they with Challengers we could take them outside of the cavern and into the open air to hang out with into everywhere, yeah. pterodactyls and stuff like that. But anyway, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. There are other <laughs> there are always sea devils, Chris. There are plenty of plenty of uh, groups are. out there they could fool around with. Um, I ended up giving this an 8.5 out of 10 because I did feel like I had that much fun reading it. But uh, with the caveat that, it, it, you know, I hope, I don't think it is, but I really, uh, next issue, it'd be nice to wrap it up and move on mm-hmm. to something else. Uh, definitely soon soon enough. But really, <laughs> I don't have any complaints with it uh, in totality. No. Sort of confused about how they're flitting through dimensions, but maybe that'll all come to light later on or maybe it's not relevant. What about you? What do you think? I'd give it a, uh, a soft 8.5. Uh, I'd probably lean closer to an 8 yeah. uh, as a solid figure, but uh, this was a great issue. I, it, I feel weird complaining because every issue has been really good. It's just I'm just getting a little tired of the of this story. Yeah. The story is, uh, I, you know, I, I think back to that Dark Side War with Justice League. I loved every issue of that, but it's like, wow, this has been going on forever. It, it, got, it, uh, it was honestly, I thought, even just two issues too long. Yeah, which isn't that yeah. much, you know. But it's like it can be, it can wear you it's out. Still sixty you know? days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it can it can wear you out and pull you along. Uh, you know, I mean, we we mentioned before the show this book. We're still sort of in the the first arc. This is the same story Basically. that we've been in. But you know, same around threat. around the sixth issue when Cave lost his eye and Edward became Whisper, it it took a turn. And it, if they do something like that again, you know what I mean? Where you yeah. know, uh, but I like—I just like to would like to see a new villain, a new baddie. Yeah, a or give threat. us a, give us an issue of downtime. Give us a give us a new partner. Give us that you know, could be okay. Something. <laughs> yeah. What about a whole issue with Cave polishing his cybernetic eye? His eye. Nice. There we go. Uh, but anyway, still highly recommended. Uh, you Absolutely. Know, I we really enjoy this series. If you like high flying action and like sometimes. Uh, definitely a lot of psychedelic stuff in your comics, and sometimes you like to see uh, some curse words here and there, but not too much, then uh, this comic could be for you. Speaking of curse words, next week we have one that's usually <laughs> chock full of them, Chris. Loaded. It goes the other way. Mother Panic number eight is next week, and that's what we'll be reading for this segment. But uh, I think that's all we got for him uh, this week, Chris. You got anything else for him? No, just a question here. Have we ever had four weeks in a row? Um, hmm. I don't know we, that we've ever had four we weeks in a row. That the first four weeks, I think we did. I think they were able to keep a schedule the first four weeks and then never. Well, again. the books were launched within different months. I wonder if there oh, was. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This might be. We might be going into uncharted waters here. Well, four weeks know, in a row I, with I, young I animal books. I didn't peek it. Actually, it's true. Next week's last week. So yeah. Um. Good job, guys. Uh. You have. <laughs> you have five books. You're able to get four of them out in a month. That's, that's better than some other companies are doing. That's a I'll B. tell you that. Yeah, that yeah. never give you a B on that. <laughs> you know, some of these other companies, it's like, oh, good, I saw an issue, and I'll just that'll be another sixteen months till the night till issue number two. Just wait and wait on. Sure. It. 
Uh, anyway. Don't cancel your pre-orders. So that'll be exciting. Maybe we'll have a big celebration for our fourth week in a row. But uh, if that's all we got for him, then I think until next week, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. Did we stand? Might take a break next week. No, I think there's too many. Squirrels I gotta get a hold involved. of Meemaw and find there's out. There's too many squirrels involved, Derek. <laughs> Meemaw ain't gonna be calling you. Mail section number four, where then we have Hussein who says, Hey, Jim, hey, Eric, and hey to the Get Fresh crew. I Oop, guess, Oop. I um. guess, no, you should know. Whoop, whoop. That's what you get. Stop, Hussein. I had a bad week for this week's comics. I was pretty disappointed with most of my books, except for one, which wasn't even a DC book. Batman number 25 fizzled out for me. There are better ways to introduce an epic story and filling up every panel with narration was extremely distracting. The issue got a lot better when Riddler interacted with Joker, which is also when the art really picked up. I like the concept of the story more. I like the whole thematic string between Riddler and Joker and how each of them are at a low point in their lives. My theory is that Joker will begin to laugh again when Batman does the thing that he says he had to do. It'll be something dark and weird and will probably end up being bad, but it'll get the Joker laughing again. I say he punches him right in the fucking face. And then Joker thinks it's hilarious. Superman number 25. I, I don't know if you heard, Eric. I uh, was a little bit disappointed with that issue. Superman number 25 also I didn't work. Heard. No, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I've changed my mind. Since the last time me and you talked, Eric, I've decided that that book is a 10 out of 10 like everyone Ooh. else. A gem, that one was. Superman number 25 also didn't work. I don't like art changes in the middle of my books, but Patrick Gleason's art is so nice to look at. Story got a bit boring, and I didn't understand the effect that Black Goo had on John. It wasn't well-defined. I thought it made him blind with rage, but he sometimes spoke more articulately than he normally does, so it made no sense to me. I agree. Like with Batman number 25, I love the last few pages. I'm looking forward to some new stories, hopefully based in Metropolis this time around. While I like Hamilton County, I think it's time to move on. I think they are, and I do like that as well. And more so with the Superman book, 
uh, I am looking forward to see where they go uh, from there because now John's flying. You have some fun. The Metropolis yeah. stuff with John. Uh, just seeing baby. a little kid like John heading off to the city will be a lot of fun. Stuff like that. I think Green Arrow number 25 was simply all right. My high exposure to Juan Ferreira's art has weaned me off appreciating Otto Schmidt's art. I said that as well. Green Lantern's number 25 was something I was very disappointed with. I truly think Sam Humphreys doesn't know what to do with this series. His pacing is questionable, extremely questionable, and I think this issue could have happened in a smaller arc 10 or so issues ago. Now, this is the problem. Hussein is saying that. I liked it for the same reason he's kind of saying that. It's that I've been begging for 10 issues or so, and we finally did get it. So I understand exactly what he means, that this could have been way back. It it Uh, should have been my mind. Yes, the series itself has kind of gone downhill because of the nonsense that happened. And yes, if this was 10 or so issues ago, we would have been pretty much, you know, hitting the, the fucking high gear there, which is insane to me. Not much has happened, and it bothers the fuck out of me. I just like that he stayed in continuity. The book that I really dug this week is probably also going to be the Marvel Minute Book Spectacular Spider-Man number one. And yes, it was. It was one of the most fun and fresh takes on Spider-Man I've read in a while. Nice. Yeah, you know Maybe what? I have to go and read that. No, huh? you know what I'm going to do? Listen to me right now. You listen. You got your listening ears on? You son I of a bitch. So. You, what are you saying to me? Huh? I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I'm going to get it for you. Uh, me and you are going to both read that when we're done the podcast. That is going to be – I usually – this is what I, I don't often say. When we get done recording and we do end up doing the mail, the last thing now, and we do it Sunday and it ends at like 5 on Sunday night and I do want to get the podcast up. But I like to take a two-hour break between when we stop recording. I go down. I, I make my, my family dinner. We have dinner. We sit and talk about the days. Oh, yeah. Talk about the tales that That's we tell, sweet. Eric. Actually, we don't. We don't even have a kitchen table anymore or a dining room table. Uh, But no, I go down. I make dinner. We start eating dinner. And then I actually have like a cool down period. And I do have – sometimes I'll read comics that have nothing to do with anything that we do. I read uh, freaking the uh, Mighty Mouse comic uh, the other day. It's just something to kind of cool me down and and do something else. I think I'm going to read The Spectacular Spider-Man. I think, I think I'm going to read that. Ash versus Evil, uh, the Army okay, of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, we got that a review copy of that. So yeah, I think that's I'm going to read the Spectacular Spider-Man number one. Also, I like to try. That's the only time that I really have like this window of opportunity to watch either TV shows or a movie because of all the crazy shit we do. And yeah. I was thinking of uh, watching Cars three. Uh, don't ask how I'm going to watch that, Eric, because it's still in the theaters. Not. We'll keep that on the down low. But uh, well, that is when we get stick. done on a Sunday, though, I end up usually like going out with, like you know, getting something to eat, and I sit down with Jessica. And we watch yeah. the Doctor Who from the night before. Yeah, yeah. See, and then the next thing you know, you're watching something else. I'm editing the podcast at that point, and I'm fucking cursing out the world. Yep. But I do like to to wind down. I think I'm going to use Spectacular Spider-Man because everybody seems like an Hussein. Me and Hussein have very, very similar ideas on scores and things like that so i think that i'm gonna trust hussein and i'm gonna read that now i'll let him know what i think and i'll let you and see if you read it as well it was one of the most fun and fresh takes on spider-man bread in the wild and it's the perfect indication that current spider-man writer dan slot needs to leave the title for fresh blood while chip zadarsky's story isn't perfect i think that m- with more practice i'll eventually strike the right balance and be the superman writer he was born to be sorry for the marvel tangent i'll whip myself appropriately for mentioning the other company then i go and mention it i wanted to undra- address what jim said about wonder woman number 24 last week which i took 
took issue with. That's one book he loved. I did not as much. Jim said the issue didn't end the God Watch story and instead served as a bridge to the final issue. I'm in the mind that the God Watch arc actually ended in 23 with the revelation of Themyscira. It tackled with the brutality of Veronica Kell's quest to save her daughter, which was hasn't touched on in the truth at all. Uh, the thing is, I, I know what he's saying. I'm just saying that they had an extra issue then and claimed it was an epilogue that was unneeded. It really yeah. was, right? I think you said that due to the fact that you and Eric alternate issues to review, so you have a preference. Think of the truth in Godwatch as uh, perfectly perpendicular lines until they begin to etch ever so closely together and intertwine, thus combining both stories. I, I know all this. I know the thing. I am a dummy, but I do know it. The thing is, I do believe that the way when he said, okay, I'm leaving at 25, all of a sudden this, this issue just didn't have that much of a reason to exist anymore. And no, it was just like, was hey, look, friggin', you know, uh, he liked it. He, he, he's not. Yeah. He, he's out there, you know. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. Stuff Barbara, like that. Like, she, hey, like, where's Ferdinand? Oh, he's out and about. When you need him, he said, call. Now I'm telling you, real quick. And even the the fact, like all the stuff, and I I believe Hussein gave it a nine. I think I gave it. What did I give it? Like a six eight or something. I don't even remember. I forget. The fact that 23 and 24 took place chronologically is a testament to the intertwinement of both arcs. Sorry for any potential shade thrown your way, Jim. Now, again, you're saying this. To me, that intertwinement was forced because he ended up saying he was leaving at a particular time. So you had, and it was considered an epilogue. So, yeah. you know, and that it just, to me, it wasn't needed. You, you didn't have it. And we'll see. We'll see what that 25 brings us. There's no possible way I've read it up until this point, is there? I have no idea, because I haven't. I have, Eric, but we'll see. And I, I think that, uh, you know, obviously when people look back at the Greg Rucker run, most people have a very positive feel for it. I love the God Watch story. It's just that because that was my favorite part of the story, it kind of did seem like it got shortchanged on that last issue. That's just me. I was wondering if you guys could mention each of your all-time best creator interaction, be it online or in person. For me, it would have to be chatting with one of my favorite artists, Juan Ferreira, on Twitter. Juan's such a nice guy, and he took the time to explain to me some of the issues I had with Green Arrow number 24 after I reviewed it. And before he said, as always, thank you for so much time. Wonderful podcast, and I hope you have a great week. And that is Hussein. And I, uh, is yours you, when you... Gave Ethan Van Skyver a sweaty handshake. No, that was terrible. I fucking I, I don't like talking to people, and the whole interaction felt so odd to me. And I just I didn't know what to say or do around him. Because well, I'm telling what you, comic book creators are rock stars to me. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I, I have to say, because of the Twitter and all that, most of the interactions I have with the people, and you kind of are told by me in the yep, meantime. I count that in there. Yeah, yeah. So what is your favorite interaction? Would it be Juan talking to us and putting us in a comic? Is that Honestly, you know that's probably the number one in my mind. Being, yeah. being in a comic because of Juan Ferrer enjoying what we do here and us enjoying Juan and you know this whole like interaction we have, it's amazing. Matuishi's like, Green Arrow. It fucking blows I my just mind. Like, I liked yelling at Juan that I'm not that fat. That was fun. But also <laughs> I'll tell you, I've talked to Scott Snyder, uh and he yeah. has explained some things to me, and I have really enjoyed that. I'll tell you that a guy who we don't often see complete eye-to-eye with him uh, on it, – it's Jimmy Pomiati, I'm saying, because we actually have a thing that we used to do five questions with, and we had all these questions for him, and we thought he was going to have fun with it. didn't seem, but since then, I've talked to Jimmy Pomiati in the meantime uh, about certain people. I uh, can't mention Eric, and yeah. I had some fun with that. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys. When you start talking to these people, you do realize that there's some guys 
who are very nice and just normal like, guys. Like Landry Walker when he finished up that Red yes. uh, Lanterns run, and he's like, look, if you want to know what I originally had planned for like you know the ending of this, it got fucked up a bit. But if you ever want to know, if you see me at a convention, I'll sit down and talk to you, you know about what? it. I actually, you know what? No, my favorite and all those guys. I don't want to throw shade at anybody and put anybody the best. I actually have the, have had the best conversations with James Bonney. James Bonney yeah, is a guy James who's on Deathstroke, and he just How the randomly fuck could we forget about James. Yeah, he'll randomly. It's because he hasn't been on the. He has something coming up that he's been yeah. hinting at, but he'll just out of the blue just get a hold of me. He had pictures of him at the Wonder Woman premiere that he's telling me some stories and stuff like that. He actually at one point said that I got him laid because yeah. I said that I would prefer reading anything from him over Grant Morrison because I was in a tirade. And he had yelling to explain about, to his wife who Grant Morrison was. I had to explain and to her, and then it got him laid. He said it was the. <laughs> Best. I'm telling you, and he, he would always make me body. smile. And and even if even if we didn't like an issue, he would always just thank us and talk yeah. to me about it and stuff like that. And he's been awesome. He, he really has. And he seems like just the most down to earth guy. So yeah, I say James Bond out of all the guys. And that I'll even mention, you know, who else was really nice to us. And we never get to mention him a lot because he's kind of went away and kind of like hides most of the time. It's Dan DeDio. Yeah. There were times when we'd have a, a big question, like continuity question or things, and he he stepped back. He got off of Twitter. Uh, a little breaking news, Eric, that I noticed right away before exactly. even the press uh, people of DC didn't even know. Uh, but yeah, we would send him notes, and I sent to you like we'd send Dan to deal the big, you know, one of the big head cheese guys, and we'd say, hey, what's going on with the continuity of this and that? And Eric's pissed, and yeah. then he'd write back. Tell Eric to calm down. He'll get his continuity, and he would actually respond. At one point, we even had a deal where we were talking to him what ended up being the rebirth, that we kind of saw some weird shit going down yeah. with those number 50 issues. And once we saw stuff kind of going wonky, we got a hold of him. He's like, oh, no, you know what? These 50 – at one point, it was the number 50 issues in the new 52 – Seemed to be what they were going to make into Rebirth. It was exactly. going to have this number 50 it's issue. Be the bridge. Yes, and the number 50 issue would hit, and it was going to be all about legacy and all about this stuff. And then from there on, all the books seemed, as he was explaining it, were going to change a bit to get back to what they thought they didn't have in the new 52. We were told this for your birthday. He yeah. actually responded to you for your birthday and, and sent a birthday wish and told you to hang tight yeah. that at issue 50, everything was going to be fine. I was going to mention the birthday interactions were great, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we what, we were going with that. And then all of a sudden, we started hearing these things about Rebirth. And then we got a hold of them and said, hey, what what's going on? You know, I thought they said, uh, you know, don't you know, don't say too much about it, but we're going to have a change coming up. Like we actually had some inside info and, and whether or not. I am a guy who loves to talk gossip, Eric. I usually keep my mouth shut. No, that's the thing. Yeah. We find out a lot of stuff, but we, you know, we promise that we won't reveal anything. No, I don't and we keep reveal. it close to the vest yep. because we like talking. We like knowing these things. Oh yeah, yeah. And we don't want to fuck it up. No, I don't want to fuck it up. We have enough reasons why people hate us. But I, I'm telling you, there has rarely been. Greg Rucka was the worst. That is the thing that I think in my mind uh, was the worst because even when we got in the fight with Cameron Stewart and uh, Brendan Fletcher on on Team Batgirl, yeah, Brendan Fletcher, another guy, he ended up talking oh, yeah, to me a lot of that. It was great. He was really nice. So most of the time, these guys where they've gotten to where they are for being great talents, but also being pretty nice guys. You, you yeah. don't you want you you can root out and you can even sense. Jason Fabok telling us about yeah, the old Jason, Jason thing. Like, hey, yeah. I don't know how you guys know this, but keep it yeah, on the down right road. after when we had that divergence thing, we're like that. 
Wonder Woman has a twin brother, Jason, doesn't she? He's like, how the fuck do you know that? Keep it quiet. <laughs> you can't let this out. We're like, we didn't let it out. We, no. we smiled about it. And we're all happy. And now we're we finally, we finally we going to get anything, that going. Yeah. Uh, but no, like I said, you can the sniff test really tells you. You go on, like you, uh, Hussein was talking about, uh, Dan Slott, you go on uh, Twitter and you can tell. The guy just thinks the shit doesn't sink. And those type of guys, they're obviously not going to be nice. But for the most part... You have even I'm telling you, Tom King, this week, Repairman Jack sent a tweet to him and said, listen, do you do this repeating dialogue? Is it a crutch for you? Is it something that means something in the issue? Or is it something you have grown to rely on? And Tom King got back to him and said, you know what? It's something I'm working on. It is yeah. something that I do. It's more of a crutch. I'm working on it. And I said to you, we, when I Repairman Jack sent me that whole interaction stuff, I'm like, God damn it. That, that's what you, you want to hear. That's These people badass, actually yeah. talking. I said, that's fucking awesome that he did that. So there we go. Another tangent. Another tangent in the books, Eric. But, uh, and the thing is, you know what's you killing saying. me now? I had a great interaction. I can't even remember the guy's name, but the guy who was writing the Puppet Master series, and I felt no, so bad. You know what? I'm also, oh, it's uh, Sean Gaborn. Sean Gaborn, yes, thank yeah, you. And I also, I'm Sean, telking, I not remember his last name. I also talked to V. Ken Marion, and he's oh, yeah, great, too. Great he's too. awesome. Jesus. These guys are all awesome. I, I, I just, I want to remember everyone because now so I feel I. bad because everyone we talked to, they're sorry, I usually felt very, very bad nice. We didn't bring up James Bonney right away. Yeah, yeah, I love James Bonney. We have Havlin, and Havlin says, "Hello, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the Get Fresh crew." And she Jim says, crew. "Insert the one of choice. I'm going to insert two. Get Fresh crew. Woo-hoo. Always a classic. Yeah, Get Fresh crew. Oh." <laughs> it's the last cough, too, that gets me. Been a few weeks since I wrote in. I've become a bit disillusioned about Wonder Woman, which is my main book of interest. I know she loves Wonder Woman. I started to get the impression that even though I think the book is well written, it's not very satisfying. Actually, you know what, Eric? That yeah. is a very great way. That's a great way of explaining it. Sure it is. really is. Ruck has layered this book with detail and intrigue, but has not fulfilled the promise he made way back in the rebirth issue. I expect him to explain the new 52 and put the information we learned there into context. He seemed determined to either ignore new 52 continuity or shit on it. Whatever. 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 We are getting new creators on the series. I'm curious to see what you guys have to say about the recent announcement. Jason's coming. Not sure what to think about that. We're I'm excited. all about it. Yeah, we're excited. I, I hope that it – and it's James Robinson. I think he is a good enough writer. He's a great writer. I hope that he does something with it. I don't know that he's going to survive that arc. Eric, I can't see Jason running around. Uh, I just, just I think in my mind it's still Jeff John's character and Jeff John will have the final say over it. Well, maybe again, like we said, a lot of the times uh, we think that we are headed towards a quote-unquote crisis. We mm-hmm. think that something's going on, the Watchmen, you know, even bigger stuff maybe. And it's going to end up in one of those big crises. And I think that when you see something like a Jason, whatever, it does almost seem like they're filling out a roster to have all of these characters. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe because it's Jeff Johns, he'll come. But, again, then I don't see him living past that crisis then. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm telling we you. We do need some cannon fodder for a crisis. Well, that's what I was going to say. When you have one of these big events like that, you, you don't just need all the great characters to fight it out. You do need some to die. Yep. And I'm not talking Supergirl die. I'm talking about, you know, nonsense die. 
nonsense. I was trying to think of somebody who died. I'm gonna say, I don't know what me. that means. No, I'm saying you had told me a bunch. Like you would, you sit there and read Christ on Infinite Earth, and as each break you read, and you're like, oh, this person died. Yep. And it's not like a major event of them dying. It's just there's another bunch of people who died. I've written an almost exclusively like that, that about one. That whole big thing, too, is like an infinite crisis when fucking Superboy Prime goes fucking nutso and just starts killing fucking all these That's like, what you I'm know, saying. That heroes. is the nonsense dying. Yeah. You know, you have the, the D-list going down. And, uh, you know, then the big hit is the, you know, the big guys dying. Yeah. I've written an almost exclusively about Wonder Woman. I do actually read other books. And with Shay Fontana coming on to Wonder Woman and starting the thing, I should shift my focus to other books. Ooh, it's a little shade. I am probably the most familiar with Shay Fontana's work than anyone else who listens to your podcast. That's including me. I've watched all the DC Superhero Girls webisodes. Wait, I, I need a sound effect here. Because <laughs> uh, I have not. I haven't uh, watched any of those movies and tying comics. I've read a bunch of comics, actually reviewed a couple of the DC Supergirl, uh, Hero Supergirls, and I like right. it. She has only dealt with these characters on the surface level, and that's all it is. That's all you're going to get in those things. It, it's for, you know, littler kids, but yeah. that's okay for a kid's cartoon, but it's not acceptable in an ongoing series. She may surprise us, but my expectations are pretty low. Best case scenario for me, she tells a cute little tale set during the year one timeline. I think it's going to be a, a cute little tale that at the end of it, when you look back, it's going to kind of be something that's a universal timeline. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. not going to really deal much with any th- sort of changing continuity events or something. Not it's just all. going to be a nice little event. Now, I will tell you, uh, Havlin, I know later you talk about not reading Justice League. You might want to pick up that Just League issue she did. It was not horrible. It wasn't. No. Now, again, it did kind of deal with the characters at a surface level, uh, but it was, like not hor- did. was not horrible. Yeah, and I think that just comes to play when you're thrown in on a book that you're not normally on. I think that any writer who writes a one-shot of a book that they're not familiar with are going to end up writing that way anyway. But Green Arrow is the only book on my regular pull list for this week. However, I've kind of fell behind in that book. I've been enjoying this new arc, but as a rule, I don't read things if I don't feel like it. She, yeah. Havilland does what Havilland wants to Damn do. Damn right. It's like Whitney. Whitney does what she went through. Whitney, uh, Taylor's girlfriend, got a new uh, tattoo. Crazy uh a uh, skeleton Wonder Woman. Crazy. Wonder Woman. Like, what happened to poor Wonder That's Woman's That's pretty face? cool. I bought uh, Batman this week, but to be honest, I couldn't get through it. They hooked me last week with the Catwoman proposal. I wanted to see what happened next. I don't know what I expected. More often than not, Selina is used as a storytelling device in Batman Bruce Wayne's story. And there's no different here. It's true. Really? Normally, and that's why, you know what? That is exactly why when we read the new 52 volume one of catwoman why we liked it so much i think because it was more of her being her uh than just a device for batman normally i can stand it because she at least has her own agenda and desires but what does tom king selena kyle want she especially in this last issue she's just laying there like she's like hey, you know what i'm saying he's telling a story she doesn't even ask the question just like, this. Please tell me I'm pretty. Come on. Yeah, do that's ba- basically that's what it seems. You could have had him in a toga and her feeding him grapes and it wouldn't have changed anything. She's appeared in multiple books in his run. What does she want? If someone asks what Batman wants, they could wax poetic about dead parents and justice. Selena's motivation has always been more ambiguous. However, I take it as a note of a good writer if they can address that ambiguity. Uh, and I think that Judd Wainick did a good job in the beginning of the 52. I really do. Uh, the big, big book for uh, me this week turned out to be Aquaman. 
It's a book I've been wanting to uh, get into, but I haven't read Jeff John's New 52 stuff yet. That's really good. However, yeah, this is just, a jumping on point in yeah, my mind there for Aquaman. Yeah, or I just couldn't resist buying this book. I'm a big Stefan Sajak fan. I hope we're saying it right. Maybe she can well. I've read his Sunstone graphic novels. It is a BDSM romantic comedy that he writes as well. BDSM, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know what? This is funny because that, is, I believe, is the book that uh, Arik reads. Okay. Yeah. He has uh, what's BDSM? Uh, that's like, uh, you know, beating the shit out of people, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, he is really great at, I think it's just tying people up and stuff. I don't know. I'm like, wrong turn. He's really great at character work. You look it up. Facial expressions uh, and body language. He also designs a list. lot of intricate and detailed sex wear. Corsets, bustiers, not to mention all the BDSM sex toys and contraptions. Yeah, I think okay. it's people. You, you got that? You, you looking it up? Me and you, we're, we're like vanilla when it comes to in the sack, I think. So I knew he could, masochism and yeah, BDSM yeah. is no longer considered a mental disorder. I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm reading here. I'm Jesus just Christ. Fucking... So I knew he could handle superhero costumes and the fantastical garb of Atlantis. Sajic also does very creative panel layouts. I read my book through the Comixology app, and I usually use Guided View. Not for Sajic books. It's always better to see the whole page, and I agree. I, I, just in general, that Guided View is a bunch of nonsense to me. I, I can't do it. I really can't. I have the worst no, problem. That's the worst. I hated that when I used yeah, to do that. I, I, I just I have the worst time doing it because it just throws me off all the time. But uh, BDSM yeah. is a variety of often erotic practices of role playing involve, involving bondage, discipline, yeah. dominance, and submission, sadomasochism, and other related things. Yeah, yeah. You have to have a safe word there. My safe word is harder. Never works out for me. Never works out that way. There are also a lot of redheads in Sunstone. I wanted to see how he would draw Meryl, which was awesome. I sure was. Awful. It was so good. Thankfully. Now I'm starting to think that I want him to do the, the BDSM version of Aquaman. Thankfully, this issue was a very good jumping on point for new readers. I did don't know this guy who is on the throne now, and I don't completely understand who the drift is. But I get she doesn't get the drift about the drift, Aaron. You really don't need to know. You don't catch you his drift? Go, he, she doesn't catch his drift. You just know they're bad guys. But I get that they were usurpers and they uh, think they killed Arthur. But I enjoyed seeing him talk to this new subject from the throne, all arrogant like. Boy, is he being set up for a fall. I like the idea of a Phantom Aquaman. Some weeks have passed since Arthur Me was too. killed. And he's been secretly saving people. I'm not sure what Arthur's goal is here. I just think he wants to get back. You know, it's like the Beatles, get back. He's basically working construction, but also saving people on the side in his Aquaman outfit. Does he want people to come after him? He must, right? Otherwise, why not just save people in different clothes? That was my one of my main problems. It was one of my the only ghost problems. Ghost of the Aquaman. It's so ridiculous. He's only been dead for that long. If they see him there, they think he's alive, Eric. Mara is seriously but they depressed. Him to be dead because Merck's not a liar, is he? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Oh, he he's dead, all right. Yeah. Where is his body? That's not for you to know. I'm it's Mark in an Grave. Unmarked grave. In the wasteland. In the wasteland. You don't need to know that. Mara is seriously depressed up on the surface world. So depressed she hasn't changed her clothes in weeks. Sexy. Never change her clothes. I know there's a history of Mara going crazy in her grief. I think she loses a son at some point, and I'm glad they don't yep. do that here. Mara's a big reason why I wanted to read this book. It's a character I've read here and there. I wanted to get into, but she never gets to shine. She is always second fiddle Aquaman. She was going to shine a little when she was going to be Aqua Woman, and then yeah, people went nuts about that, that new outfit. Yeah, because people went nuts. I can't find a single story that features her as the lead. That feels a little weird to me, especially considering she has unique powers, uh, of her own rivaling uh, Aquaman's. Now, I will tell you again, Alvin, 
Next issue, and I'm not sure who, what, or where, but Mara's going to be in Justice League as well. Sure is. I say all that to say they introduced new love interest for Arthur in this book, and I'm conflicted. I really like the character. First of all, her character design is glorious. It is. Sure is. I love her white hair. I always like white hair. Anytime I make an online character that's a female, white hair every time. I love it. Scaly arms and legs. They set her up as a part of a persecuted race of Atlantis, so when Arthur inevitably develops feelings for her, it's a motivation to take back the throne. Plus, she seems to be mute. I have a soft spot for mute characters. I don't know why, and it I is a legacy I have a soft spot character. for mute women. Yeah, it's Ooh. a... Oh, yeah. Jess talks too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, is Jess mute, Eric? Is she? I put her on that mute. That is inappropriate. I was just trying to get the sound right. You hear me, Jim? I do hear you, Jess. I thought you were mute. Have fun. Jess, can you hear me? Uh, are you deaf? You hear me, Jim? I don't think she can hear me. I think I'm she's scared. deaf. You hear me, Jim? She keeps saying there. She can't me, hear Jim? herself. Oh, my goodness gracious. Edit that out. I will, Jess. <laughs> I will certainly edit that out. Now get the fuck out of here. How dare you? You have some nerve. Where do you get off? That is inappropriate. What? My mind ah. that. Oh, Jesus Christ. At least she is deaf and can't hear me. You hear me, Jim? Oh, my goodness gracious. It's all starting all over again, Eric. <laughs> she was so uh. mad. <laughs> Dana, is she listening? Is she anywhere close to you? Not at all. Not at all? That is inappropriate. Thank God. Right now. Isn't she? She's not in town? No. She said to you, listen, Eric Shea, have fun with your stupid podcast. There she goes. Then she came back, sorry, I forgot my keys. Go fuck yourself. Uh, I forgot my <laughs> I forgot my <laughs> dinner. Uh, go to hell. Why did you leave your dinner in the, in the fucking bedroom? I don't bedroom? know. Then she came back, I didn't really need my dinner. That was a test. She is gone. Strange now, relationship, I'm She is gone. Listen to that door. Her slamming that door. God damn it, she was mad. I know. I was so scared. Still not getting you to work on time. She didn't follow my directions. She couldn't hear you. No, she couldn't. But boy, I, I felt good by giving her shade <laughs> what she couldn't hear. There you go. Mara better watch out. New girl took one look at you, your fiancé and didn't want to go anywhere else. And that last page, oh, Mara, you can never catch a break. Dan Abner delivers from me with this one, and Sajak elevates it. And I agree. This is well. more than a Dan Abner 7, and that art is incredible. And I would really hope, I said it when we were talking to Reggie about the book, that the, the hype should be high on him as much as like a Liam Sharp on Wonder Woman. It was that good. It was, that was incredible. Uh, I don't know that. Uh, and really, you want to know what else too? Uh, Aquaman going uh, monthly. It, there's a reason why you can have art like that because I cannot see that art being a, a – Oh, not monthly. at all. There's no way. So I give this an eight. There's room for Sager to step it up. I'd like to see him set the scene a bit more. I never get a sense of scale in the throne room. Well, she's tough. Anyway. That's enough for this week. Next week is Wonder Woman number 25. I might need to call in a rant and rave about that. We'll <laughs> see. I hope so. And that's from Avalon. She says, P.S. I'm curious. I hear a lot of complaints about the Justice League books. This is what I was talking about. None of which I read. Can you rank all the ongoing team books? Three lead characters or more. If I wanted to read some more DC teamwork in action, where should I go? Now, we were uh, just a very 
random list. There's probably some books that we're missing, but I'll just we're gonna go down these and just say a yay or nay if you should. And one first one, Red Hood and the Outlaws. There's three yay. characters. I think you should read. That's, That's the one good. I recommend. Uh, I actually, it's weird. I recommend another one that I, I'm Red Hood. I'm a bit down on. It's just not moving as sl- yeah. as fast as I want, but it's still good. It's still one of the better books. Birds of Prey is one that I actually recommend, though I'm not the biggest fan. Issue to issue, it just it has that something else to it that makes me want to keep reading. And I do, and maybe it's that it's Huntress, Batgirl, and Black Canary, three characters that I really, really like. So I, I used Birds to of like Prey, Batgirl. Birds of Prey, I say yay. What do you say? Eh, I, mm. I don't know, man. I'm telling Teen you, I was Titans. high on it when we did the whole report card bet. At this yeah. last issue, I was down again. I'm like, okay. all right, we're back Teen on the Titans. downward spiral. Teen Titans. You I'm kind of down on that too, especially after the Lazarus contract. I'm saying Teen Titans, uh, you hold. Holding pattern. Just wait for a little bit, see where it goes. Uh, Titans. Titans I'm down on right now too. To yeah, the I wouldn't say contract. to read that. Now, this is one. We have a couple in here that, that we that weren't sure. That might be sure. like, you know, one that I might be on the fence with still because yeah. I still think it could be fun. Uh, but right, we are where we are right now. Yeah. I'm just not sure. If you want, if you want to consider the new Superman book a team book, because there is a Batman and a Wonder Woman, there's some other Just characters. Just like China, yeah. Uh, I would say yay. Uh, you may not. I, I'm just afraid that Haviland would go and read New Superman and be like, "This isn't a team book like I was talking about." But yeah, yeah. that. But it's I a good book. I kind of consider it though, because yeah. you know you rarely have New Superman doing anything on his own. He's usually around, you know, freaking the Batman of China and yep. the Wonder Woman of China, and now Avery with the Flash of China. Yep. Now she. Uh, mentions that she heard all the Justice League books were nonsense, but we did throw in JLA, which I say stay far away from. We have Trinity, which I say no. Uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps is a team book. They have all the Green Lanterns. I say go with that. Suicide Squad, uh, it's kind of if if that's your thing and you like Harley and the characters, I would say go with it, but in general it's not the greatest book. Not great right now, no. You have Detective Comics, which is a team book, and I think the problem that would be you would end up going to it from now, and you'd really be digging the team concept at the beginning, and then the hero, James Tynan really gets away from it a yeah. little too much and kind of focuses on individual characters and more of Batman at one point. Uh, Det- uh, Green Arrow, you, he said we, you could kind of call that a team We had Black Canary and she said she read. She has the last Green yes. Arrow. She, she's reading it. And I'm sure we're missing some others. But really, of the team books, you can almost that, call you know Blue Beetle a team book too, because it is yeah. Blue Beetle. But he has Ted Cord yeah. and Terry yeah, Magnus I, I, on his side. Is she like Doctor Fate now? I would not throw that in as a recommendation. Just saying. My no, my two recommendations I. actually are Red Hood and the Outlaws and Birds of Prey. Those are my two team book recommendations. Mine is Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. And, and oh yeah, and Hal Jordan. And Red it's Hood so and the weird. I, do, I just think of like you have the core and the, the Green Lanterns. You never think of that as a team book. Now you have other ones that don't fit the three characters. But Super Sons is fun. And I don't know. You might like Green Lanterns. I like Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz. I love the characters. It's just the book has been up and down. Yes, uh, then she says, PPS. Oh. I never mentioned how Aquaman's new look is, how great it was. How really hot, she says. And I agree. Yeah, I grew I'm up with the it. animated series. To me, Aquaman is just as he should be. She likes that look. I hope he sticks with it. Me too. I have a feeling, Mara, when all this is said and done, that beard look is going to be the thing that kind of reminds her that things went a little wrong and she's going to demand he shave it immediately. You know, because it does look like Dolphin face. and him are going to have something. I still smell some. Dolphin in that beard of yours. I'm just telling you, though, I say it when we talk with Reggie, you know, earlier, I'll say it again. If Mara went off and all of a sudden she met some fucking guy, some fucking merman, and ended up like, oh, I'm kind of interested in this guy. 
She thinks Arthur's dead. I don't think Arthur thinks Mara's dead. So if no. Mara, if Arthur does anything, the only thing you would say, well, he's stuck in the crown of thorns. You know, the fucking. What right? happens in Atlanta stays it, it in Atlanta. It doesn't matter. No. I don't know that I could go from there and ever take their relationship uh, proper if they're engaged, he does Jim. anything. That's what I mean. They're engaged. So if he does anything with this dolphin, I'm out, Eric, because it's nonsense. He can't do that. He doesn't think she's dead. He may think she thinks he is, but he doesn't think anything's wrong with Mara. He just doesn't. He can't get to her if he does anything. Now, I think that what the route, where they're going, and especially how Dan Abnett was doing it, is yes, the Dolphin, she's going to be very infatuated with Arthur, but he's just going to kind of keep going. No, 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 I agree. you know, I can't do that. So, I, I, if he starts kissing her and shit, I'm out. I'm so pissed off. But Don't that is the end of the mail. Don't you kiss that dolphin, Don't you kiss that dolphin. It's kind of is funny that it's dolphin, and that's like the joke with Aquaman with the with the fish and the dolphin. Yeah, you know? that's funny. Right? That's the joke. That's the joke. But yeah, Dolphins we're gonna go off. We're gonna go off now to Josh with his Vermilion Vision, and then we'll be back finishing up the books, and then we'll get out of here. Eric. That's we're Good. almost there. We are almost to the end, and we'll be back in a minute. Sometimes I sit and wonder. Sometimes I feel like letting go. Hello, Weird Science, and welcome to this week's episode of Vermilion's Visions. Vermillionaire here, bringing you back this week. Um, going with a little bit different of a title this week. I'm going to be doing Outcast Volume 1, uh, and that's called The Darkness Surrounds Him. It's from Image Comics, like everything from this writer, and that is uh, from the from the Walking Dead fame, Robert Kirkman, and the art is by Paul Azaketa. Azaketa, I don't really know how to say his last name, but Paul, he's on the art. Um, and this trade collects the first six issues of the series um, that is still ongoing, as far as I know, still going on. But this is just the first six issues. Gets gets the reader started into the story. Uh, now, I've never read a Walking Dead comic. I have watched uh, a lot of the show. Didn't really keep up with the with the most recent season, but up before that, I'd watched pretty much every episode of the show. So I am a little bit familiar with Kirkman's work, although that is in the uh, TV show adaptation, not necessarily the comic. Um, and apparently, from what I've read, uh, this Outcast book is supposed to be getting a TV show of its own at some point in the future. Uh, now I've been hearing that for a couple a couple years now, so I don't know if that's exactly true or if that's going to happen. Um, I kind of hope it does, just to see how they would do it. But um, yeah, that's this is kind of my first my first foray into. Uh, Kirkman's writing um, in a comic medium. Um, so with that, I'm just going to jump right into the book. And uh, this this trade, it opens with a mother and a daughter arguing about how, how this daughter should be allowed to go on a date or to, just to date an older guy that's four years older than her. Um, but 
that's not really the important part of the interaction. Meanwhile, her brother Joshua and, you know, we all know how fucked up people with the name Joshua are, right? Uh, but this Joshua guy, he's munching on a bag of chips. Uh, when the mom asks what on earth he is eating, he just turns to her and says, So hungry. And we see that he's actually chewed his fingers down to the bone, and blood and meat are dripping all on the floor. Um, so now, kind of switching gears, we see uh, the reverend um, of the church in this town. We see the reverend playing a game of poker um, with the chief of police and another guy. But this seems to be kind of like a, like a weekly poker game that they have going on. But Joshua's mom comes in and interrupts to try to, to, try to get some help from the reverend. Uh, so turn the page, and then it shifts gears again, and we actually get to see the real main character of the story, Kyle Barnes. So it's actually really good the way Kirkman kind of lays out this first scene with Kyle. Uh, we see Kyle wake up in bed as an adult to a banging on the door, um, but as we see him, you know, kind of get ready um, some of the panels show him taking this same path through his house as a child um, it looks like at nighttime as a child and then in the uh, in the kid scenes he's walking into the kitchen and he finds his mom looking all possessed and creepy kind of like the way Joshua was um, before when he said so hungry um, but she doesn't say anything she just kind of looks you know possessed stereotypically possessed um but and then he eventually ends up hiding hiding from her in the pantry when she won't talk to him and is just creeping him out um but in the present it's it's nothing like that it's just his adopted sister megan coming to pay him a visit and to try to just just get kyle out of the house uh it's pretty obvious that kyle isn't exactly a happy guy um he's kind of uh he's a really negative person um and he's also not not the cleanest guy not the most sanitary the house is pretty much a mess there's cockroaches everywhere dust everywhere um it's just a dirty dirty house but it's the same house that he grew up in where this where something happened with his mom um so this book it really does jump around quite a bit because turn the page from there again and we're back to Joshua. Now the reverend is going through, you know, the typical exorcism things from holy water to crosses to I cast you out, all that stuff. Uh, the power of Christ compels you, you know, pretty stereotypical uh, stereotypical exorcism stuff. Um, but this demon, or whatever it is, we we do learn that it is a demon, so I'm just going to go with that, that is inside of Joshua, is putting up a pretty damn good fight, uh, making Joshua actually levitate off the bed and kick his mom in the nose when she comes close. So, uh, so then, you know, go back to Kyle and Megan, and we see them outside of a grocery store, and they actually meet up with the Reverend, um, where he just adds to the mystery of kind of Kyle's backstory, um, by asking him to come help Joshua like he helped his mother in the past. Um, kind of confusing, don't really know what that means at this point yet in the trade. Um, but So Kyle doesn't know if he can do it or not. So he and Megan, they head home, except they're not going to his home. Uh, she takes him to her house for dinner, and neither Kyle nor Megan's police officer husband is very happy about it. So while... Uh, Megan and her husband Mark argue about Kyle being there. Um, Kyle has the chance to talk to his sorta niece Holly, adopt 
did I don't know how to how to really describe that. Basically, uh, when everything happened with Kyle's mom, Megan's family uh, took him in and adopted him. So this is like sort of his niece, but not really. Uh, but when she tells him that she remembers him, um, she tells him that she remembers that he hurt his daughter and that Kyle isn't that girl's daddy anymore. And this this makes Kyle just break down and he goes home. He can't stand to be there anymore and be reminded of this. So just another layer to add to his already pretty complicated backstory that we haven't gotten a whole lot about yet. Just Just a few hints here and there. Uh, so the next day, Kyle wakes up once again to a knock on the door, but this time it's just from the mail. Um, so in the mail, he finds a prepaid phone and gets a call on this phone. And then we're led to believe that this call is coming from his ex, ex-wife ex or ex-girlfriend or whatever she is, uh, you, you, you know, his baby mama. Um, so Kyle can't take talking to her or hearing her voice and actually smashes, smashes the phone against the tree uh, before he heads off and decides to help the reverend with this Joshua kid. So as soon as Kyle walks in, uh, the demon tells him that, that he knows Kyle and that he's then that Kyle is one of this group of people known as the outcasts. Roll credits. Um, but the demon even tells Kyle that he's way, way too big to hide in the pantry now and just knowing this obviously fucks with Kyle's mind. He he doesn't know how this demon would possibly know that he hid hid in the pantry from his mom so many years ago. Uh, but he doesn't get much time to think about it. Joshua jumps on top of him and pukes some black sludge shit into Kyle's mouth. It's pretty disgusting. Um, but we also see a flashback of his mom doing the exact same thing to him on that night. Uh, so, but after he does this, Joshua kind of backs off and starts twitching and, you know, Kyle, it takes him a minute to recover, but since Joshua backs off, it gives Kyle and the Reverend a chance to go outside and, you know, have, have a religious discussion about what exactly is going on, but I'm not going to go into that whole discussion. It's basically the Reverend believes that, uh, God and Christ will help them through this. Kyle isn't so sure. Uh, but before you know it, Kyle is raring and ready to go back in and give it another go. Uh, so he, when he heads back inside, he remembers that uh, when this happened to his mother, she she didn't like the light at all. So he rips the blankets off the windows, and you know beams of light come in and just just piss Joshua off even more. Um, so when Joshua attacks, they they actually fight back and forth a little bit, each one getting in a a, a few good hits. Um, but Joshua, he ends up telling Kyle that Kyle is an outsider and these demons need him. Um, doesn't really go into why, just says that they need him. Um, and then starts biting Kyle on the arm and he is just he's just latched in. And Kyle actually bites, or Joshua actually bites Kyle hard enough to, you know, to rip some skin off. And Kyle's arm starts, starts bleeding, but when the blood touches touches Joshua um it burns the demon inside of him so Joshua re- or Kyle I'm sorry keep fucking up these names back and forth so Kyle he realizes that this is burning the demon and holds Joshua down and you know squeezes his arm and bleeds into Joshua's open mouth and when he does this um the demon is obviously in pain and some black smoke rises out of Joshua and collapses into just this sludge um, it's 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 pretty gross if you think about it, but it's 
but uh, Joshua's Joshua's safe. He is alive and well and doesn't seem to remember any of it. Um, and Kyle seems to save him. Um, so this trade, it doesn't really have issue breaks in it. It's not divided up into the six issues. So I'm not really sure where the first issue actually ended. Um, since I didn't read this in singles, I only have the trade. Um, but this seems like a pretty good place to do what I normally do um, and just kind of stop here with the with going in depth with the story and just you know go over some general plot points, summarize the rest of the book, and you know go into the assessment part of my segment. Um, so the rest of this book basically covers covers Kyle's quest to, to help people that are possessed or you know not who they used to be, quote unquote. Um, while figuring out more about his abilities and what exactly this whole outcast thing even means, um, he doesn't really know. But that's basically what the rest of the what the rest of the trade covers. Just him trying to help people, um, discovering you, you get to you get a few more insights into Kyle's past. Although you still don't know everything because you know then there wouldn't be much room for any more issues past the past the first six um, but you do get some more hints and uh, you come away with a better idea of what exactly happened to Kyle's mom and to his daughter and just everything fucked up that's happened in Kyle's life so far which it is it is a lot um, so I really really do enjoy the story so far like I said um, I haven't read any other Kirkman series. I haven't read The Walking Dead, but if any of you watch the show, you'll know that it can be a little bit of a slow burn type of show. Um, and this series is the same way. Now, I don't, like I said, I haven't read it, so I don't know if The Walking Dead comic series is that slow burn storytelling, but just based on the show and based on what I'm getting here, I'm going to assume that those are pretty similar. Um, but I also, since I watched the show, I know that despite it being slow, uh, Kirkman has a way of, you know, kind of wrapping it around and giving giving some huge, some huge moments. Um, so maybe just because of that knowledge, I I think I might have given this trade a little bit more leeway than I normally would with that with that slow burn and not really giving a lot of answers um, and just kind of going for the big moment. I am giving it a little bit more leeway with the story, although it is really intriguing and I do want to learn more um, just as a trade itself um, doesn't give you a whole lot of answers, although I do like what we did get. Um, but what, but it does have a lot of those big moments and I, it's pretty enjoyable to read I, I, I had a good time reading it even though it is dark as shit and depressing um, just to see how fucked up Kyle's life has become because of these demons it's still it's still a it's still a good story despite not getting many answers and kind of just going for these big moments um, now I feel like I say this a lot on this segment but the art just wasn't that great in my mind. It was okay most of the time, and it, it looked pretty good a few places, but it was just missing something uh, that really would have given this book uh, an edge and made it kind of made the book stand out in my mind as something that's really creepy. It's not that the art is necessarily bad, although there definitely are a few bad points in the art in this book. It just isn't creepy enough for me. I've noticed that 
that's kind of a common thing in horror comics that I've read. Um, the story is really great, and it's really, you know, got me thinking about, you know, what could be going on here. I want to learn more. I'm really invested in the story. Um, but the art just isn't engaging enough to fully draw me into that fear aspect of what a horror comic should be in my mind. Um, so I think just from horror comics, I want gross visuals that aren't gross for being gross's sake, but just just gross, really, really creepy visuals that with crisp lines and it's easy to tell what's going on so that you can get that creep factor and I think a lot of times including in this book the art just doesn't deliver on all the creepiness that the story that the story drums up so it just kind of a disconnect there um so because of these things you know I I don't really like the art but I do enjoy the story. I am intrigued and want to continue on. Uh, I think this first trade, as a trade by itself, I'd have to give, you know, around a 6, 5, maybe maybe a 7 out of 10. Um, that's a lot lower than um, what from what I know of what most people have thought about the book. Um, just looking at the first trade on Comic Book Roundup, got a aggregate score of 8.5, 8.4 through the first uh, through the first six issues, and what I'm quite a bit lower than that at a six five, maybe a seven. Um, but you know, I I did enjoy the story. Like I said, it's just uh, not a lot of progression so far. It's kind of just you know throwing these little hints out there, but it's really just building up for those big moments without expanding a whole lot on Kyle's backstory, which is kind of what I want. I want to know what's what's what happened in his past and what exactly. Kyle is what is an outcast um, so that with with the art that I don't really enjoy um, brings me down to around a 6.5 or a 7 uh, but that brings us to the end of the segment so as always you guys can find me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3 and now I'm going to send it back to Jim and Eric I know you like to bang your shit don't stay Mind for a fuck you, 
those gems of use matter. Eric, pants half off. Indeed. Damn right they are. How are your pants right now? Are they half off? Are they no, they, they securely fastened to my waist. So are mine, except they are shorts, Eric. And uh, we're here. Little tiny legs. <laughs> we're here to end the podcast, my friend. This is going to be the end. And, and I like that song by Dancing Mike uh, because uh, the fact that all reviews do matter. Eric, including these last three. That usually the last three, we, we're not making any bones about it. Uh, the last three are usually, you know, the worst books. I don't think that's the case this week. Maybe two are. Yeah. The first one we're going to talk about, I really liked. And yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, since the podcast started, we started recording here this week. I've gotten a lot of shade for being a negative Nancy, Eric. And I'm sure that are. I continued that up until this point. Well, for just a little bit. Negative Nancy's going to go away. Positive Peter just came into the room. Hey, guys, Positive Peter here. Like that. Hey, Positive Peter. Hey, I'm great. Yeah, everything's fine. How are you doing, Eric? I usually go and hang out with your other one, you know, Positive Pauline. Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, that's my mom's name. I know it's your now mom. Now you ruined it. Hey, man. <laughs> now you ruined boy. it. Bring it yeah. up my mother. How old are you? I- I'm 35. That's 10 years too old for me, sonny boy. Get out of here. There it is. There's Positive Pauline. Ain't gonna Pauline. give you no government. Po- positive Pauline, all right. She's positive in for something. <laughs> I'm sure. Maybe multiple things by now, Eric. Uh, we won't get into that, though. I positively hate her. Some other people uh, like yes. into that, but not right yes. now. No, no, no. But, uh, Eric, we're just gonna get right into this. Uh, you ruined my whole vibe of Positive yep. Peter, which I'm glad... The positive Peter character was not going very well from the start, Eric. He is now, he's retired hey two guys. minutes after Chris. Hey, guys, what's going on? Everything's great here. That's how I he says it. Peter so much. Hey, hey, what, what, what's your favorite book this week, Eric Shea? I don't know yet, goddammit. That's doing this great, though. Peter. If you don't know, that means they're all good and you can't choose. Oh, man, you're positive like me, positive Peter. I'm going to punch you in the hey, face. Hey, Eric, you go get that hepatitis uh, test. How'd it go? You positive? No. Oh, man, you should be positive with that. I heard that you did good on that hepatitis test. You got A, B, and C. Woo! <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> oh, some positive Peter. <laughs> He's a southern uh, gentleman. so much. The positive Peter. Hey, you got three books left. And if I'm going to count the books, that's probably Nightwing, Trinity, and Batwoman. They're all great. I love every one of them. By the way, I love Batman. And every scene in Batman all leads to the next one perfectly. There ain't nothing wrong with it. It's great. I love it. Okay, Peter. Can, can you bring Jim back, please? I, I need no, a voice for reason Jim, here. Jim's downstairs. He had to go to the bathroom. But I said, hey, man, that's good that you're going to the bathroom now because that means you don't got nothing wrong with your urinary tract or bladder. That's really good. I'm really positive about that. That's really happy. Stop, stop worrying about his gentles. What's that? He don't got gentles. He is gentle, though, because he said that he really loves his wife and kids. He's gentle with them. Where are we? <laughs> See, it's picking up, isn't it? Pastor like, like. Peter is picking up a little. I What's that? You so don't hard. like it. You don't like it because you want me to do better because you're positive and think everything's going to be happy. Yahoo! There it is. Yahoo. <laughs> Why do all your characters got a Yahoo anymore? Peter, I don't know. That, that's a crutch I have, Eric. 
Tom King repeats dialogue, I yahoo. You're going to blow your goddamn voice out at the end of this fucking it's podcast. It's already gone. I'm yeah. telling you, I'm doing that, now, and it hurts like hell. But you know what? It hurts so good, Jim. You know when you're doing that, you're making yourself smile. And if you can smile to the world, the world smiles back. Yeah! There you go. <laughs> we never knew Positive Peter was going to be making an appearance at the end here. <laughs> I was really hoping he wouldn't. Oh, you're hoping he wouldn't because you thought he'd be there earlier. Yahoo! <laughs> Nightwing number 23. Written by Tim Seeley with art by Minkyu Young, Chris Sotomayor, and Carlos M. Manguel. Our blockbuster art continues with this issue, and it seems that our big bad that, uh, that this arc is named after might actually be on the up and up after he gives Nightwing the names of some crooked cops that are on Tiger Shark's payroll. Before our hero can deal with that, though, we have to re- get new readers caught up by reintroducing Detective Sabota and talking about Dick and Sean's pregnancy scare. After that, though, it's off to the crooked cops and their weapon smuggling operation. Too bad that the cops aren't the only thing that Nightwing has to deal with, because it turns out he's surrounded by a shit ton of villains that are looking to buy some of Tiger Shark's, Tiger Shark's high-tech party favors. And it looks like getting Nightwing here was Blockbuster's plan all along. There you go, Eric. You made God it. You did it. Fuck. You did it. Yeah, like, you I'm, read good, Eric. I, I like when you read because it makes me I, think I'm God, happy. By God, I'm going to say it all because I wrote it all down. <laughs> yeah. Ah, man. It makes me uh, realize I'm a good reader next to you. Yahoo! Ah. <laughs> here we go. Nightwing number hate you. I will tell you and Positive Peter that this is the issue that I'm very positive about. I really did like this issue. And it's it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I'd say that the story itself is very straightforward. It, there's nothing really, you know, great, but there are a lot of freaking guest stars, and they made me laugh they, and actually just smile like Positive Peter. I might have yahooed as well because this issue may be the most packed with – B, maybe. There might be one B-list villain, maybe a couple. There's a lot of C, D, and oh, E's, yeah. which makes me it makes me smile. And I just like seeing some uh, – some of these villains are from books and characters. You would never, ever – do you ever think the burn would make a guest appearance well, that's the in thing Nightwing? is half the characters that show up at the end are actually doing shit in other books right now. And, and actually I like that because it makes it almost seem to me that somebody sent them – to kind of get some shit to, to bring to their book. And whether or not I would think that Dick will end up ruining their chances. But because of that, I actually like that call out that they're there. But yeah, there's some weird ones. They are some weird ones. Now, the, the beginning, it threw me off because did you? I actually thought that was Dick Grayson's uh, narration. When he's there talking about right. Blockbuster, and he's like, yeah, you know what, Mark Desmond, original Blockbuster, and they're showing you, and in this, you see Robin fighting Blockbuster in this first thing with Batman. You know, it's it's a little flashback talking about him. And then it says, you know what, everybody uses him, because he's dumb. When yeah. you become Blockbuster, you become a, a behemoth, but you have no mental faculties, Eric, and people had actually, you know, used him. And at the end of this, it says, including me. I was like, what? What's going on, Dick? He was using people, but that's not the case. It's actually no, no, I actually brother. got really excited for that. It's almost like, you know, if you want to talk about the war of, like, jokes and giggles, or I'll get, now I'm doing jo- war of jokes <laughs> and riddles right now, where, you know, Batman did something that, you know, nobody knows about that yeah. he did, but, like, he feels really wrong. In my mind, this is going to be something along those lines where Dick yes. did something that he really regrets. And it, it would be cool now. But no. In the, you know, in the meantime, though, what I think is cool as well is you do actually get a very mini – uh, blockbuster Dick Grayson history here. There he is fighting at the very beginning. You see him fighting 
uh, blockbuster as Robin with Batman. Yeah. Batman's, uh, you know, trying to, you know, protect the security guard he's doing. Then you go to the next page, and it's actually Grayson, Dick Grayson, and the truth Superman fighting blockbuster, which is an exact scene. I don't know where that first scene is, I have to say. I don't know. I'm sure that that is from some comic but the next one where they're fighting on the bridge where it's actually Grayson Spiral Grayson and uh the Truth Superman fighting Blockbuster that legitimately was from uh Grayson Annual number 2 it's exact yeah. it looks exact and I thought you know what that actually started because I'm looking at it and I remember the issue and and I don't have a great memory but I was remembering something I'm like, I didn't remember this, anything and about I thought this, so this is weird because I knew it was one of the annuals and I remembered you liked it because you at, at that point said you get Dick Grayson at Superman, solid gold. You had said Ooh. then and continued into Rebirth when they had uh, the deal. But uh, when this happened, I actually remembered it being Robin and the regular Superman before the truth. And right. I went back and I was like, oh, I found something. Ooh, Jimmy Warner, he found some continuity that I could yell at Eric about. And I was wrong because at the beginning of that issue, it's actually a Robin with the regular Superman fighting yeah. blockbuster. This was later on in the issue. And really, again, they more than, they kind of subdued him. I, I think that most of the time when people do fight blockbuster like this, what, what you are usually getting is they know that he is almost like the hawk. As Wrong Turn says. And it's basically, you know, subdue him, let it wear off. You know what I mean? You don't really kill Blockbuster because he doesn't have any thought. And you don't you kill know. in general because of superheroes. Yeah, and I'm just saying, you don't even, yeah. you know, you know, they're showing him they're about to hit him, and they do. But, you know, he, he is a guy who's out of control. And I think that they do a pretty good job of saying this, that even his brother had kind of used him because of his brawn and not thinking, and he's a very now, easy thing, to The thing is, though, if you want to talk about continuity, true Superman shouldn't have happened now that Reborn happened. It shouldn't have, but it did happen, so it goes back, and you could just say, it might not be true Superman, he may have just wanted a pair of jeans and a shirt, Eric. You know, sometimes he goes casual. Grayson no. called him up and said, hey, Superman, grab that fucking, this is just, he had just shaven. And and cut his hair. This is just regular Superman now, Eric. It's all molded into one continuity. That is him on a lost weekend where he decided to go casual. There you go. You know, and I'm telling Lois. How about this? Somehow the hypnos does something crazy. We do not even know how powerful the hypnos are. And when Dick Grayson looks back and thinks he can see the old continuity, how about that hypnos? Remember the hypnos hypnos anymore? Hypnos, I, I bet you they'll be coming up when they get back to Mr. Minos later. Oh, they'll be Hypnos. And, and even then, uh, didn't Helena Bertinelli, uh, Bertinelli, Helena Bertinelli just used her Hypnos and, and you know, freaking Birds of Prey and stuff like that. So I, I think that somewhere well, deep inside, Dick has Hypnos. I'm and, just saying, like, we saw him tear him out of his goddamn eyes. I don't know how that works, but yeah, we saw him Yeah, he did that, but it. even, and at one point, though, even, I don't know if it was before or after that, he learned to control them anyway, so. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, but yeah, knows? actually, I, I don't care. I know the continuity is off if that is the truth Superman and not just a casual dressed Friday Superman. Uh, but I liked it because it's an exact scene from a comic yeah. that I read and I recognize it, but it's pretty cool. But really, all this is is to show you. To run down a blockbuster and freaking Yeah, it's a run down a blockbuster. felt bad for, you know, all this time that he, all these people who used his brother and his freaking, you know, research yep. into the blockbuster stuff and even him doing it, he felt bad. He's going to go back to his hometown, though, and he's going to freaking make good of it yeah. by using his brother's serum, which he's modified and can keep his intellect. Yeah, and I really like it, too. I, I actually like. 
uh, Tim Seeley's dialogue here, too, in this. I like when, now, it gets a little, I'm telling you, I do not like the Sean and Dick scene at all. But oh, that's stuff just with, a bad argument. It, it's it's and it's just uncomfortable and just I know. it seems very forced to get where it looks like it's going because again I don't want to say I, these are kind of spoilers but in the solicits later on in September it looks like Dick and and Barbara may get back together so you're that's gonna where it looks like get, it's going yeah you're gonna have to get rid of the uh, Sean and even Sean uh, calling Pigeon again they keep calling each other I think that there it's it's trouble a uh, brewing. Uh, but in the meantime, I do like even when Roland's there. Hey, hey, Nightwing, you gonna let me hang here? You gonna stand here like a putz? You gonna shake my hand? And I thought, you know what? That's pretty good. And, and I really like it. Plus, they shook like freaking Carl Weathers and goddamn fucking Arnold in the Predator. They they're not like just shaking hands, Eric. They're doing the fist clamp, and I liked it. I liked the whole thing. I really do like this whole thing with uh Roland and and Dick, and I like the idea too. That Dick is learning that, you know what, it, it, it's a continuation of this Bloodhaven story that basically he has gone to Bloodhaven and learns that, you know what, people who are bad aren't always bad. It just Exactly, continues. I'm telling you, that's why I think I'm liking the story so much because it is pure Tim Seeley. Yeah, just He's not trying to be anybody else here. Yep. Like, we are getting, the, like, in my mind, the continuation of where we uh, left the runoffs. The runoffs and we like the runoffs. terrible goddamn Dr. Hurt, like, interlude yeah. he had. A lot of people didn't like the runoff story. I actually, that is my favorite. Now, I can't say, like... Issue for issue were outstanding, but looking back and thinking of the things that were my in this book, right it's my favorite thing that happened in here because, like you said, it's something different. It's something new that Tim Seeley came up with, and it seemed fresh, and it seemed like it meant something, and that continues here. And I really like that Blockbuster's brother is mad because Bloodhaven, like you said, he's come back to Bloodhaven, and he sees that his city is being overtaken by these guys who are using this alien tech, and he does not like it. And also, I think he's like, you know what? I'm in over my head. There's Nightwing. Why not get Nightwing involved? Yeah. And he gives them, uh, Roland gives uh, Dick a list of crooked cops who are going to be picking up. They have a way they, they drop off shit in the bay, and then they go and pick it up and shit like that. And I thought that was pretty cool. And Dick heads off to the bay, and then he's attacked by who, Eric? Oh, goddamn algorithm. I'm actually, yeah, like, algorithm. you know, he, he has to leave because he is, you know, the mall is being attacked. Yeah. And we get there, I'm like, oh, who's shit? I'm, I'm all about, who's, I think it was just going to be a regular person who got himself some, like, you know, high-tech weapons like we saw in that freaking, uh, that one shot with Wally yep. West, that the guy, like, what was his name, Time Bomb? Yeah, well, um, I forget, yeah, yeah. So do I, but I thought I it was going to be a regular person who got a hold, but now we get into the nope. mall. And it's algorithm from the freaking, yep. you know, the t- the second the, series of the Teen the Titans. The Teen Titans, yep. And I don't know how anybody else feels. Like, pretty much, if you think back to the New 52 and talk about the Teen Titans, people hate it. But they especially yes. hated that first series. And they thought it was terrible. But the thing is, I would take that a million times more than oh, I would second. deal with Will Pfeiffer's the second series of Teen yeah. Titans. Because yeah, you didn't it like was it just back growing up the series. And I hated it so much. And bringing algorithm back here. And even they even say later on, Dick does. Where it's an algorithm type model of the yeah. Android. Like, yes. So it's not exactly the same one. I no. don't think for some reason they made a fucking, they had an assembly line of them. Yeah. But just bringing this character back made me so angry. It's right weird. Away. You like, say it made you angry me. because it was garbage. Yeah. Uh, I like this. Basically, number one, because he pretty much kills her. Oh, yeah. And also, it just, again, all of a sudden, algorithm shows up. I'm like, this is fucked up. This is pretty fun. And I like that it just seems like a lot of fun. Yes, algorithm brings up a lot of bad, you know, memories or whatever. But he, he runs a fork truck. He runs a fork truck through her. 
I yeah. thought that was pretty funny. And, and even, all this fight is is just to get us reintroduced to De- uh, Detective Sabota Detective in my Sabota. mind. And the whole idea where she's no nonsense and doesn't like vigilantes in her city yeah, unless she, they do something uh, yeah. for her. Yeah, she came off more of a bitch than she was before. I, I didn't like it because before she seemed like we always said she Harvey Bullock. Who do we have a, a woman for you? Oh, yeah. uh, this seemed less Harvey Bullock and more like she may be crooked as well. I don't think she is. I know, like you're saying, the hard nose deal. She didn't even light up a scar, Eric. She stopped no. smoking. I, I wanted her to light up a scar, but in this, you know, Dick Grayson hands her a uh, list of these bad cops because he does. He trusts her. He thinks that she's with him, and he, she basically says, you know what? You, you're not with me. Uh, you're not my partner. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to be seen with you. The, these police officers, none of your damn business. Get the fuck out of town. You came here and started doing my goddamn job for free. And then Dick says, listen, I helped you uh, take down, uh, you know, nice. Jim nice. yeah, Jim nice. And I let you take the credit. And she's like, I, you know, and he says, you owe me. And she's like, what do you think your relationship with me is? Do you think that you've earned my respect? That I now consider us equals. And she's just yelling. I thought, boy, she really seems over-the-top mean suddenly. Before, like I said, before it was like, oh, there's the poster boy. Oh, Jesus Christ. And stuff and, like that. And but the thing she is, seemed I think it would have been more like that him. if she was not given the list. If I'm talking to you, you talk, you Maybe. see, like, I don't have any personal experience. I'm not a cop. But from everything I've seen on TV and in movies – you talk yeah. to other cops about crooked cops in their department. They don't want to hear anything about it. Yeah, they get the, angry, and that's where I think all that comes from. That, it's just though, because of the list. The problem about that, though, is I wish that she would stop and think, uh, possibly because he didn't have to give it to her. He's no. actually giving it to her so that they can go through this properly. And he says, can you look at this and tell me if you trust these people? Look at this list before I go further. Uh, but the, you know, because the source isn't exactly yeah. a trusted one. She says, "I need your experience in the department. Could any of these guys be dirty?" He's actually not going half cock, and, and like he could have went in and just sat there and waited for these guys that started banging heads as Nightwing and saying, "You know, this is bullshit, whatnot." He actually went to her, and, and he's doing a good thing, I think. Saying, "Listen, I want to know before I go forward and, and act like an asshole." I, I need to know, do you trust any of these people? Now, I do think she looked at it and doesn't trust any goddamn one and is going to take care of this herself or do something. I think something. so as well. But it just comes off, like I said, I think that Dick did the right thing going to her and saying, well, you know, before I go forward with this, he's not saying, like, I'm going to fucking blow the, the roof off of this. He wants to know before he goes further if there's anybody even, I don't know, it's even like a wink, wink, like any of these people, your friends, they may be crooked, but we can cross them off the list. Yeah. before. But, uh, you know, the whole thing. But then he goes back to Sean and it just it seems so far she's very angry. Very, oh, yeah, I'm telling very you, she's angry. immediately upset because Dick blew off his goddamn job interview, so yeah. he's a goddamn deadbeat. She doesn't want to be a fucking in a relationship with a deadbeat, but then when no. it gets back to the whole idea of, you know, she thinking that he was relieved that they weren't, you know, pregnant, yeah. Yeah. the whole idea, you know, him being this whole thing, for some reason it becomes this whole idea where, you know, raising a child, how he did not allow tragedy to, like, you know, make him who he is today. He yes. overcame the tragedy and became something more, and then... For some reason, I don't know why, because it's like Dick has never been in a relationship before. He wants to be honest with her. I'm like, what the yeah. hell are you doing? Yeah, don't and, fucking and, say what you actually and then, feel, yeah, you and basically says, Yeah, basically says, listen, you're angry, and I don't want our kids to learn that. But the best is the progression. He goes in. She's already met. She wants to buy a video game system for the center, and they're, you yeah, know, yeah. this one senator or whatever. This one politician's calling. They, they can't allow that sort of money. She's trying to, you know, say, this is why, how you keep the kids off. It's fine. But then they go, and 
she starts screaming at him about this job interview and the looks on his face i'm like there is the look of a guy who needs to get the fuck out like, i've seen this <laughs> i've look. seen that look i've seen it and like at this point yeah dick is probably like Shit, I'm so glad she wasn't pregnant. God damn it. Because you see him, he's there. He's sitting on the chair, pleading his case. Then the next, she's gra- almost grabbing him, screaming, and he's backing up with a look of shock. Then the next one, he's got both hands. Please, stop. He's what are you talking about? I'm like, I think I just had this argument last night. <laughs> I'm like, Dick, run. Run now. It doesn't get better. Then he's like leaning against the fucking window. He's got his hand on his, or his head on his hand. I'm like, uh, it, it ain't getting better, Dick. This, this whole is, thing, this though, is the part where you guys should be in love. Yeah, seriously. I'm done. The whole thing, though, when he decides he's going to be honest with her and tell her the truth, like, the all right, he's, he's, he's getting out of this relationship. That's exactly yeah. what he's doing now because yeah. you don't be honest like this and expect things to be okay afterwards. Yeah. Get yeah. the fuck out of town. The next thing she's going to come out in a dress. Does this make me look fat? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to be honest, actually. They're defacer. Here, your defacer hurt because it's killing me. And then, and then she leaves. She's fucking. Bit, but yeah, it, they're they're getting her the hell out. And it's funny because you had the whole pregnancy thing, and you know, they, obviously they weren't going to go that route. So then, when Sean found out she wasn't pregnant, she wanted space. Why did they bring her back in? I don't why, know. You know. Why did they bring her back in just for this? Just to show Dick? It maybe give her a proper send off. No, here, I don't here, know. I'll tell you. You, you want to go in comic book land? Here you go. She is the Shea Fontana of the next one has to be the great one, which will be Barbara again. I think they're going to set up how this is awful. Dick can't trust people. He can't do this. Then Barbara's going to come back, and it's going to be all fucking, you know, roses and fucking champagne. And then you'll be like, no, man. No, I really be- – I don't want that to happen because oh, I, I, I but I think that's anything what's happening. from comic books lately, anybody Barbara dates turns out to be a bad guy. Oh, yeah. I don't want Dick to be oh, a bad yeah. guy. But, but don't you agree? Like they say uh, Sean's not pregnant. She says, listen. I need some space and goes away. Three issues later, Barbara shows up and Dick's making out with her. People are losing their fucking minds. Oh, yeah. You were, you thought you were going to be a father. They have to break them up fully so that you can move on from it or people will think Dick Grayson's a, a jerk and he's not. No. Ah, uh, yes. But yeah, they go off to uh, the bay, Tails End Bay, where the police, these crooked cops are picking up these things. I like that Dick is hiding in the back of the boat. <laughs> His head's just sticking out. But yeah, he wants to know what's going on and, uh, they're finding out like this partly sunken whaling ship. Uh, they, I guess they call it what is it, Ambergris Island? It's a little odd, but there's this little island where this ship. Ambergris, got the, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, Ambergris. Uh, but yeah, they go there and they have the shit. They have bad shit that they're taking to somebody. And Dick's undercover. All of a sudden, he gets grabbed, and I'm like, How, "What are the chances that within a couple weeks?" We're going to get two separate books with Skyhook. I know. What the fuck is that about? Because <laughs> if people are reading, Skyhook is actually a prominent bit of Superwoman right now. So we have Skyhook and Superwoman. And now he shows up in, in uh, Nightwing. And again, though, I wasn't mad. I thought it was. I'm like, that's pretty funny. Like, well, he at is first really I got mad. I'm like, really? You're bringing Skyhook out? Well, you know, nobody's heard of a Skyhook in years. No. I and mean, like, now we see him in Superwoman, which is kind of annoying me just because – I, I don't like Skyhook, but now he's in Nightwing as well, and he just picks him up and drops him into this freaking you know hole in this freaking no, Ambergris Island hole, like, roof of this freaking facility. It's, where it's inside the black he is in, like surrounded by so many goddamn villains. Yeah. I like he's like welcome to the black back and now. It's like black back and now. He's like I guess that's like some sort of cocktail mixer. It made me laugh. I'm telling you, I, I thought that there was some good little bits of humor in here, but yeah, he ends up with. 
the craziest bunch of villains that you will ever see in a book, including the China White Triad that we just had in New Superman with China yeah. White. You have uh, Snake Pit and uh, what's that, the guy? I, I keep forgetting it. Strato the Cloud Man. Yeah. That right there, those three are crazy, and they were a big part for a teeny little bit of the, the new or the last uh, arc in New Superman, so I thought that was funny. We had Count Vertigo, which we haven't seen in a while, so I like seeing him. You said, I- I'm counting him as a B list. What do you think? I would say he's a, I don't know, Count Vertigo is kind of an A list Green Arrow you villain. Think a, I mean, he's an A list Green Arrow val- villain. I'm saying normal, like throughout the whole DCU. I yeah, I would say it's a B list. China White, I'd give a B as well. I, I would not say, I would say that she's a B. She's hanging with some low rate company right now, but you know, then like you the have. Burned. Yeah, then you have Magog, the Burned. You have Shadow in the back, again, probably B-list, right? You have Skyhook, and obviously Tiger Shark is there. He, he's part and of Orca. the And Orca, yeah. And somebody I don't know that yeah. looks like a zombie. But and yeah, impossible uh, friggin', and you know, you think it's, uh, you know, Ulysses? I think it's Ulysses. I don't know, because I you actually know, what we're think... dealing with right now in Detective, isn't it? Like, don't we suspect that he's anarchy? I do, but he does have a weird outfit there that looks like it has an Iron Man front, and he's dre- it's just... It seemed like Ulysses to me, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe we won't. We may not see anything with this, but you would think he's going to fight. These guys all seem to be there just to get weapons, and, and they're going to use them. They're going to try him out on Dick Grayson. There's Tiger Shark, which always makes me laugh. But, uh, yeah, and Mr. Desmond, he's there, so we got some problems now. And it seems and, like Roland Desmond had set all yeah. of this up, gave the names of the cops, so Dick would, like, you know, journey out to fucking Ambergris Island and be surrounded by this, because he was ordered by Tiger Shark to yeah. kill Nightwing, so... I still hope he's you know, on what, the let's, up let's, let's test out some weapons, see how well these weapons yeah. work on a hero of Bloodhaven. Yeah, and that's it. And it lands, and I thought that was uh, hilarious. If you're reading all the books, and you see, you see the burned... And you're like, Jesus Christ, and they look cool. They're back there drinking some drinks there. Just because they're burn victims, they still like the champagne. Magog's yeah. there. It's funny. And, like, you could sit there and say, like, why are they there? But you're there, Magog. You need some weapons for the, you know, to go fatal against five. Supergirl with yeah. the Fatal Five. You have the China White Triad. They are all into getting weapons and things like that. There's nothing to explain with that. You have Shadow. She's doing so, whatever. Uh, Ulysses would fit right in with this as well. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I really did like it. Count Vertigo, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. And, you know. But, yeah, I, I thought it was neat. I like Kick the art it. here. Uh, what'd you give it? I gave this a 7.8 out of 10. I really love Minkyu Young's art on this issue. It's yeah, not as good as, uh, oh, God, who was the last? Miguel Mendonca we had last yeah. issue, which I really love. But this is a close second in my mind for the artist we've had on this book, yeah. Minkyu Young. But overall, I'm really enjoying this blockbuster arc right now because I was really afraid going into the last issue when we started this arc that it was just going to be kind of a rehash of what Chuck Dixon did in the 90s when Dick first went to Bloodhaven. But Tim Seeley is combining his runoff stories and making this one his own, and I really like the twists and turns. I didn't expect Roland to show up at the end to seem like he's a bad guy, but I still think he's going to be a good guy in the end. Yeah, I do too. And I hope he is because I actually like that concept of that. Uh, I'm giving an 8.2. I'm going nice. above an 8, because I, I was going to give it an 8. I told you, Nate, I, I really thought it was a lot of fun. I like seeing these. Just to think of, like, I, I can imagine Tim Seeley, uh, and I, I would assume it's Tim Seeley, just sitting around making calls. Hey, can I use, can I use the uh, burn? Yeah, yeah, you can use the burn. Uh, yeah, can I use uh, Skyhook? Yeah, fuck it. Use Skyhook. It just makes me laugh. Strato the Cloudman, he available. Well, we just have oh, it. Yeah. Eh, use him. Just use him. Uh, can I, you know, the others, it, there's some weird ones. I'm telling you, Magog. Just kind of coming from the... It seems like he's a little busy 
But other than, uh, even that. No, he's not busy, you, man. Supergirl's in fucking uh, the Phantom Zone. He's got yeah, time to kill. Yeah, that's true. He's, and they, maybe they're getting weapons for it. So it actually made me laugh. So yeah. Did I say 8-2 or 8-3? You said 8-2. 8-2 it is. But uh, Positive Peter has gone, Eric. He's gone home. Thank God. He, he actually, he sent he flipped me a note and left. He, he wanted to let me know that he's very positive about what you have said tonight. And he hopes that you have a very positive weekend. Uh, Fuck because him. He's gone. No, he's gone because now we have to talk about Trinity. Trinity, number 10. Written by Francis Manipal, art by Francis Manipal, and Steve Wands. Not much of a creative team there, Eric. Not much at all. <laughs> Dead Space continues. And while I simply adore the art, I adore it. Ooh. The story is a fucking mess. Without any clear idea of what is going on with the virus or the infected characters, the reader is just left wondering and wondering and wondering. I've made it short and sweet, Eric, because this uh, this book stinks. It and really I'm telling does. you, I, I just want to start this off by saying I don't know why I didn't bring it up the last time we talked about the last issue of uh, Trinity, but the whole thing we have right now, like it's still got to be in some kind of continuity going on right now, is that Cyborg yeah. should be able to regenerate his fucking damaged body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of problems here. Now, again, if you sit there the whole and think, goddamn issue. I think a lot of people are thinking the other thing that kind of unfortunately happened with this book, it was interrupted by an annual, and it just, I'm telling you, it seems like forever since we got oh, back we to have, this. Did we have the annual in between? The yeah, we had that Trinity <laughs> annual was the, the Dark Trinity. That. that fucking Dark Trinity. So now you get back to this, and the Dark Trinity, while I had problems... It was better than this. And I I do have to say, there was a guy on the site that was throwing a lot of shade at me about the score. And Eric, I don't want to admit that he might have been right. He might have been right (laughs) reading this again. (laughs) And I said to you, I was talking about it today at at work. And I said to you, there are, there's the Jimmy Werner who reviews the books on the Tuesday. And then there's the Jimmy Werner who reads the issues a couple more times for the podcast because we have to talk about it. I have to say, the Jimmy Werner of the podcast, sometimes the score is going to differ. And it's going to be a little more of an accurate score of a, like an older, a wiser Jim Werner. And yeah, more experience. Uh, my score is going to go down a bit from what I had on the site. So I apologize to anybody who has gone and made bets with people what I was going to bet. Uh, or what I was going to give uh, Trinity because it, it is yeah, going to go Yeah, because people down. go around betting about things like that. That's what they do. Word on the street. Two to one odds. I, I don't even know what that means. I'm not Dude, a betting what? man. Or I'm a cheap man. Uh, you said you didn't like the art as much when we were talking. I love it. That's I love Francis you're, Manipool's you're a big Francis all the Manipool time. fan, and I think it's okay. Love I love it. his layouts and shit like that, but the art, it's never something that really hits like hard with it. me. I love it. The, the big... One of the big problems, him and Brett both had this issue where we, when we used to grab pictures before we actually got like preview pictures and things like that, I used to grab pictures for the reviews and him and Brett both drive me nuts because they rarely will have like standard panels. They, they yeah, get they a got little dynamic fancy and stuff. Dy- yeah, and I love it. I lo- I'm telling you, I really love it. I can't really tell you what happened in this issue. We continue with this virus infecting the watchtower. Uh, and also, I get it mixed up with the, that Justice League issue where Jessica and, and Simon were out there hitting the asteroids. I mean, oh they, my god, they, I think I might have been thinking about yeah, that one when I was reading this. That's what I'm saying. This. Yes, that, there's a big problem with where this story has lied in the you know lane in the the deal because it, we had that other story. And, and this so sto- 
Yeah, this story was just them showing up and the Watchtower was pretty much taken care of. You had Flash there trying to go and, and gather up people. Simon and Jessica were already taken over by this virus and Cyborg was ripped apart. And they, Was Simon you know, and Jessica taken over by the virus in the Just League issue? No. Remember, they had the parasites on them. They, Jessica had to go and do the uh, – take a shower – because she had all the little bugs okay, maybe, on maybe I am on the trial. Okay, I'm yeah, ba- basically the last issue, not much happened except them showing up and realizing a virus had taken over. Not just a virus had taken over the actual individual Justice League members. It seemed to have taken over the Watchtower itself, and you have that continued, where it even looks like a Brainiac taken over ship at one point to me. And it's, it's I, crashing. I think it looks like a sad thing. I don't know why. For some well, it looks like it's a frowny well, face um, on the top you're, of the Actually, it's funny because you're looking at it that way, where the top part is a sad mouth yeah i'm looking at it as that's a crown and underneath are two eyes so it looks like and the spikes up there are its hair and it looks to be like brainiac a bit we're looking at it opposite ways i can see you looking sad there it looks like a sad sad knife uh but uh somebody needs to get a hold somebody needs right now to get a hold of the justice League and say listen uh you guys are great you've saved our planet love you guys a trillion times we love you we love every little thing about you there's just one little problem this goddamn watchtower keeps crashing. Get that crashing fucking earth. shit out yeah, of yeah, my fucking planet's orbit. You knew what I was talking about. Any more goddamn watchtowers yep. crashing. Yeah, listen, we're going to contract. We're actually going to pay you. Superman, go throw it in the sun. Get the fuck rid of it. Empty that vault. Because, again, you have to keep that in mind. From what we've seen and stuff, there's some pretty dangerous and, and pretty crazy tech on that watchtower. And it's just crashing all the time. And basically, it seems like a crutch for writers in Rebirth especially that if you need a team-wide uh, thing going on, a story that involves the whole watchtower or the whole justling, make the watchtower crash because that they're all going to have to get involved. Now, in the meantime, Batman has to get to the bottom level of the watchtower because Cyborg can be rebooted by the escape pods. Uh, be, and basically, I'll, I'll say, the watchtower has no power at this point. The power has been shut off later, they say. They think Cyborg shut it off because he knew what was going on. In the meantime... But we don't know you for just certain. have nonsense. You just have nonsense. You have Aquaman show up out of nowhere when Batman actually even asked Flash, who is here? What members of the league are here? And Flash <laughs> ran down everyone except for Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman wasn't there. And we're like, here we go. Another story where Aquaman isn't there. Well, he, he arrived. He's taken over by this virus that we don't know anything about. And it seems we, that he's in the aquarium part of the Watchtower. Yeah. I don't know. He breaks through with all this water, gushes. I'm like, where the fuck were you? No, and what's on the other side of that wall? That's where he hangs out. You know, it's funny because they, they don't quite realize that Aquaman can breathe air. So <laughs> his room is actually aquatic. Eric. He lives in an aquarium on the Watchtower. And he's pissed off about it and turned into this virus. Virus has taken over. He's getting attacked, and that's when they're like, and Flash, room. Flash and Batman have the weirdest type of dialogue throughout this whole scene, but at this point, it's like, hey, you see the water, let's electrocute him, and they do. They electrocute him, and also, Barry says at one point, listen. The whole time, where did the water come from? I know. Yeah, and then at, at the one point, you have, uh, Barry's like, listen, Aquaman, virus Aquaman attacked me. He could have killed me. He had me by the neck. He could have crushed me. He did not. So meaning, and then Batman, yeah. Batman and him finish each other's sentences. I think they might be dating, but it's like meaning. You know, he he's uh, fighting his way out there, and they're trying to fight. They electrocute him, and then they pull back the virus face, and Aquaman's face is inside. 
And it seems... Oh, good. Really, I'm happy his face is still there. It seems really, really weird, though. Like, what is this? Uh, the vi- Like, I don't understand, because at one point, this head sucker thing... It's almost like a Venom suit, like, like the, where the Venom, Venom opens his mouth, and you see, like, you know, Eddie Brock's face yeah, on the inside. the or problem is, a couple panels before that, up above that, it opens its mouth and screams, and you do not see Aquaman yeah, inside. It's just like Venom. Yeah. So, it's fucking... Nonsense, but uh, the thing is, I don't know what this fucking virus. No, that's the problem. Is. We it's don't just, know what it is. It's just there, and we freaking dealing with this whole thing. You know, we had the interlude, which I forgot about that annual jumping in there, but now we jump back in here, and I don't know what's yeah. going on. We add Aquaman for no reason whatsoever, yeah. except we need it's stuff just for a, Batman. Yeah, you Flash need Batman and Flash to be detained because uh, Superman and Wonder Woman are talking to the big bad, who I don't know, but I said looks a lot like a, an alien Bane. Yeah, 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 doesn't he? He looks like Bane, and this is the guy who's like, listen. You know, and he said before, you know, you have to help save us. And even then, when when Aquaman kind of comes through the mouth of that thing, he's like, you got to help them. And they don't know what they're talking about. Obviously, when we find out later, this virus is actually not the bad people or not the bad thing or alien. It's this big bad guy who is just set on genocide. But really, it seems like he's a robot from his world. And the whole thing was is that like uh, his people were explorers and they came across this, this you know, bacteria and uh, yeah. virus, whatever the hell it is, and it started taking over everybody in their world. So they gathered everybody up, put them on the spaceship and shot it off to be destroyed. Yep. I like have a, cell, like a uh, yep. self-destruct mechanism that blew up the ship, but they got hit by an asteroid field, which then brought them to Earth and that's why we're and having all this problem yeah. now. So this guy is still working on his main directive. We have to blow up yes, the goddamn and, ship. And really, he, you have one of those things where it is a uh, you know a Sophie's choice because it it if it crashes on Earth these parasites are gonna go and probably start doing things. It's what they do. They're not yeah. bad. It's just what they do. In the meantime, you find out later where Aquaman, well Superman and uh, Superman and Wonder Woman, that's Aquaman. Superman and Wonder Woman are arguing with Bane, Space Bane, and he's telling the story. And they're like, "We're not gonna let our friends." It's like a lot of forced things, like statements that I'm like, yeah. I don't know that that's what they're saying because he the Space Bane. Wants to get the watchtower, you know, put on the power so we could take your power so I could get my ship back and we could go and we could destroy this, all this stuff. And they're like, no, 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 we're not going to kill living things or all. So Superman goes out and tries to redirect the watchtower himself. And it doesn't even seem about to be the living things like the friggin', you know, the bacteria or the friggin', whatever they are. Like, I can't, I can never wrap my head around what the hell they are, but... They don't want to kill the rest of the Justice League. Yeah, but it's also the other things because then Wonder Woman goes and she's like, okay, show me what these things are. And she goes into this bay. She actually puts the lasso around this guy and he says, you're wasting precious time. Your efforts are meaningless. It's funny. The lasso seems to be on him, so he's telling the truth as far as he knows. Uh, she, Wonder Woman goes off and goes off and opens this, this bay door. Uh, and there you have all of these, you know, and this is his ship and they have all of these, you know, things. And basically Wonder Woman realizes, you know what, the story you told me is not true. These are living things and you got the queen and put her in here so they would follow. It's very hokey. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, and then this out of is nowhere, And then she has this weird thing too, because she's saying, okay, you know, all life is precious. This is where she's doing her deal. You know, hey, yeah, Superman yeah. can slow the tower. We can still do this. Everybody can survive. No, no, no. You can't. You don't understand that the world's going to end. It's all going to be because of your fault. And she's like, no, no, all life is precious. She goes in, even the most dangerous creatures. She opens it up and she picks up one of these little bugs. Looks that like looks a like shrimp. a prawn or a shrimp and says their shells are like pupil skins they were evolving huh okay how does she know that she's like oh they were drawn to a queen ack it's it's kathy 
and their mother. Yeah, she's Kathy. And all of a sudden, you monster. And now she's a virus. And yep. that's the end of the issue. And I am, I know, I, I kind of, I have a grip on what happened. It's just nonsense. Earlier in the part where you still have Batman trying to save Cyborg, he keeps repeating that. And you have a part where Barry's just like, no, no. Be nice to your son, and then waves his arms, and I still don't really know what happened. But no, it's I'm just... sorry. At one point, Barry is clutching the wall with Aquaman around him. He's trying to get Batman and Cyborg away, so he does a whirlwind with his arm to push them away. Yeah, and then somehow Batman's on the other side of the wall that Barry was just clutching while still putting his hand through the wall to give Barry the taser. I have no idea what yeah, the fuck yeah. is going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on. I get the phasing and stuff that he does, and he's like throwing them, but you don't even get the concept of where. They're throwing because then Batman's there and it's like, we got to get to the bottom. We're just going to blow up bombs and get down there. And when they blow up the bombs, you have this weird phrase because all of a sudden it's, it's like Indiana Jones. He blows up the, the freaking floor. All of a sudden tentacles come out. Tentacles. I hate tentacles. I'm like, what? What? I, I thought Batman was a tentacle porn fan. And, I and I'm telling that. you, the whole thing, too, while he's doing this whole thing and he's about to be attacked by the tentacles – it seems like he's in fucking outer space to me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is what the problem is to me, is I didn't know what Barry was really doing. I thought Barry was trying to save him. In fact, I actually thought at first that Barry, there there was a room they had to get, and he threw Batman in, going into space to kill him and Aquaman, kind of like the hero's choice. But all of a sudden, Batman seems to be in space where he's ziplining around with no fucking breathing apparatus. It doesn't make sense. And the tentacles get him, and, and you will see what happens. But boy, And Superman is trying no, to stop the Watchtower. Yeah, he's trying to stop, and he's trying to freaking, you know, kind of move its trajectory so it misses the Earth. It's just, it's nonsense. I love the art. I'm telling you, I love the art. And the art got me so much that I do think I, I rated it a little too high. Uh, I give it a 6.5 on the site. I actually feel embarrassed after reading it again that I did go that high. I, I did think it was better than the first issue, which I gave a 5.1. But yeah, if I if I could go back and change time, if I was like Sharon, I could turn back time right now, Eric, I would give it a 5.5. Five. I think it's more ridiculous than the first issue. Come really? to Aquaman is showing up out of nowhere after we were told that, you know, everybody was all accounted for before on the ship. Now well, Aquaman if you remember. shows up. And this whole thing, you know, Wonder Woman turns into a goddamn queen. I've no, I don't no. know how this infection works. It just is, and we're supposed to go with it. And I'm not a huge fan of the art, even though, especially because, like, we just talked about that few, like, you know, panel progression. Yeah, I didn't understand I don't that know part. what happened. Yeah. Now, so remember, I, I, I just want to say to you, when the last issue – when Batman showed up to talk to Barry at first, he asked who is there on the ship, and Barry said he didn't know. This has gone on and on. And then all of a sudden, Jessica and uh, Simon showed up, and he's like, oh, where did they cut? We had already seen them together. It was nonsense. Uh, so that has continued. I just think Francis Manipal should just stick to art. I love his art, but boy, but his writing is I, I think I'd have to give this it? a 4.5 out of 10. Okay. I, the yeah. story's nonsense, man. I'm telling you, and I don't, like, you know, I don't have the affection for the art that you do. Yeah, I, I love the art. But we're going to move on to the last issue of the night, Eric. That's you all right over Slow there? Stevie. Slow Stevie. It's not Slowpoke Rodriguez? <laughs> not Slowpoke Rodriguez, Eric. This is Bat Woman number five. Is that annoying? <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I just try to annoy you. <laughs> Bat Woman number four. Written by Marguerite Benet, James Tynan IV, art by Steve Epting and Jeremy Cox, letters by D. Ron Bennett. You see, Dan does this. He he is a very good guy who uh, 
shows the letters as a side. It throws me off. I, I don't do that. They're all part of the art team to me. I like that he does that. Batwoman finishes up the many arms of death story, and it ends how it started for me. Underwhelming. I spelled it wrong, Eric. Somehow I wrote underwhelming. Well, there, are too, there are too many characters in this book not called Kate Kane, which I spelt cat for some reason. And I find myself confused at times, but more often bored. I love the art, but this book needs to find a better direction. I hope the next arc does just I'm, I'm telling you, I had a problem with the boring aspect, but the confusion was the thing that was over the top for me because yeah. I got oh, done yeah. reading this and I instantly messaged you. I'm like, just got done reading Batwoman. I don't know what happened in this. Yeah, yeah, I love that cover. Cool cover. Yeah, but y- you have too many characters in this book that, like I said, they're not called Kate Kane because I want Kate Kane. You have a Batwoman book. Now we have Batwoman in Detective Comics, so yes, we have a book with Batwoman. She doesn't do much in that book either, so you have there's, this yeah, book with her own. There's, no, have there's it, nobody doing anything. You have uh, you know, this missing year, the, you know, the lost year story that we're having. Unfortunately, the lost year doesn't have a lot to do with Kate Kane. It's a lot to do with what happened, you know, on this island, the island of Coriana, and I'm not interested. Not interested at all when it comes I'm just down saying, to they're it. They're really trying to push this Tahani character who calls herself Knife now, and I, we've had four issues, and I'm guessing we had the Batwoman rebirth. Was that a thing? Yes. I okay, believe. so we have five I issues now. I don't know this character, and I no, don't know why they're pushing her so hard because there hasn't been a real progression. Like, we see her. She was all creepy staring at Kate Kane when she yeah. was on the island during her loss, her forgotten year loss or whatever it was. And then we jump back where she goes back to Coriana, and she's a bad person and that Kate has to constantly fight because she belongs to the Cali Corporation that has taken over the island in the interim that Kate has left, and yeah. now they want to blow it up. And I'm like, I don't know now, what is going on with this goddamn book. That- do you think that they are playing a little game and it's supposed to be a humorous thing where they are almost like a Superman Returns type thing that basically the bad people do seem to be very intent on real estate and, and to do things with this island? Like they're going to blow up the island, but they're going to blow up the island so that people feel bad about it and then flock to the island to repopulate it and, and buy up real estate. That's all it seems to be going on with these bad people. But then you had the warlords that once controlled the island under Seraph. Oh, what is it? Uh, what did we decide we were going to call her? Seraph? Sophia. 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 Seraph. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Sophia once controlled the island, and yes. like all these warlords were on there, and she was the leader. We still have the warlords there. Yeah. I don't know who any of them are. Yeah, oh, I don't. Now, the problem is with the warlords is when they're going to blow it up, they're part of the deal. They're blowing up everyone. They're going to kill these warlords. They've gathered all these people on this island to get rid of them and I'll do all these things. They even say, you know, the many arms of death will close and strangle those left on the island. You know, we'll get rid of the expatriates, all those travels, the nation's raging on who to blame. You know, a wrath that we can direct at whichever scapegoat we desire, my twin. It's like all this is just a political and real estate move by them. Like you said, though, Kate has gone and used these criminals, these warlords. Uh, the warlords were t- taken out. Is it the Desert Rose? I, yes. I want to call it the Desert Rose. Uh, they That was a hangout for these warlords. That was where they went, where it was almost, it, to me, it's a bar that was almost like the Olympics. You would go there. Everybody had to put down their arms. You can talk about things. You can s- figure things out where there won't be fighting and things like that. In the meantime, they had gone their separate ways after Sophia had been run from the island or whatever, which seems that knife blames uh, Kate for doing. Uh, but, but we she never has gone get that, though. No, we had, no, we, we had, don't. A few issues ago, we had this whole thing where it seemed like Kate brought these other people in that destroyed the island paradise that it once was, but 
We don't get anything of that. Like, I thought we'd get flashbacks of that. Well, you do get Knife. Knife just keeps saying it. Knife just keeps saying it. And they even have that one where... I don't understand what she actually did. Yeah, I just think the way they're pushing it right now is that uh, Sophia just fell in love with Kate. And somehow they must have broken up and caused trouble. She broke her... I don't know. And the, the biggest problem is these warlords... Uh, they're not unique enough for me to learn their names at all. No. Uh, it's not even like they're just people. They're just there. You have, you know, this one lady. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's Adelaide. I'm looking through the things going Which here. Which one's the one with the beret? That's the only one I care about. Just uh, because she had yeah, some I, I'm actually Adelaide is the the white girl. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think because she does yell. That this is the problem. I told you that when I read a book. Especially a first issue, if I don't remember the names or at least say like, yeah, that guy who has the, you know, the toilet seat around his neck, he's cool. At least I know what they are. I don't, you say the beret. That's the only one you know because there is the distinct thing, a beret. But that's all you know. You got blonde lady, you got bald guy, you got jacket guy. Yeah, you got... (laughs) You know, jacket guy. Yeah. yeah. Basically what she does, and, and the whole thing is like, there's this whole cachet of fucking bombs and weapons that are going to go off. It's what's going to destroy the island. Kate finds out, oh, they're remotely, uh, you know, freaking, de- we can't disarm the bomb, but I can disable the remote detonators. Yeah, so here, throws, yeah, throws the EMP to Adelaide, says, hey, I'm going to fight down below, goes down below to fight fucking knife, and they just fight and fight and fight and, and, and the thing throw is, shade. It's supposed to be this really cool, like, badass Batwoman moment, but it's not earned. No, All it's the, not. We, we don't know enough about this lo- this forgotten year. This I can't even figure it. This lost, lost year. year. For it to have any kind of impact on me or any of these characters no. and like, you know, Kate's relationship to any of them because it all just kind of boils down to like freaking Tahani Knife is jealous of Kate because she got her the love of uh, fucking Sophia. Sophia. Yeah, that's all it is. And that's you had it earlier where Knife is like, oh, man, you know, everything was fine until that red devil came. You, you came and stole my love. And then Kate's just like, you know what? Now I'm going to fucking steal the night. Let's fight. And they fight. And the, she, you know, Adelaide sets off the EMP, which turns off the lights underneath the cave. It had a hell of a lighting system underneath that cavern. Uh, but yeah, it goes off and now they're in the dark. And it's mainly there for to be some cool art. Uh, and it is. I, I do like it. I mean, that picture where it's just Kate's face and she's oh, yeah, like, cool you've dark. never seen how dark I can go. I mean, you take that word bubble out and it, fucking Steve Epting, he's signing that shit at, at every convention. It, it's fucking cool. It's I really know, that, good. The one eyes, like, it looks like her face is kind of fucking, like, awkward. I like, like it, though. It's I don't fucking, know. It, it's it's just a little off. It just oh, weirds and, me out when I look at it. But this is where you have these things where you're going to go and, you know, I, I just, I have to read this because this is Marguerite Benet and, and James Tyne and these are guys. And it's weird because as we go through this, I actually don't even think like, oh man, Benet and Tyne and da da da, because it's not very good. No. And it's like a bold move, Kate Kane, to cripple yourself to fight me. All your money, all your empire. I've seen it all before and I've helped bring it down. The, uh, the conquerors of the outside world, and here's where it gets weird. You seize sacred things, dismember them, distort them, repackage them for sale. What was consecrated now commercial? What is canonized becomes colonized. <laughs> I'm like, really? I don't know Get you, lady. Fuck. Start throwing fists. I, I don't need. I want fist questions. I don't need this goddamn fucking social fucking you know philosophy. Yeah, just get to it. We already saw you don't care about, you know, what was once consecrated is now commercial. You're pissed because a woman stopped loving you because yeah. Kate's hotter. That's all this is. 
and, and she wants to throw all these things in the meantime. She's below where this, this island is going to blow up and just fighting. And I thought, you know, wh- whether it be cliche or not, I'm waiting for the turn where Knife breaks down and says, you know what, I loved you too. Or, you know, something that makes me care about Knife, care about what happened to Sophia. anything. Yeah, because nothing. And then, yeah, she she was everything. She she was Coriana, and you stole her, is the thing that Knife says. And but I don't know what happened to her. No, and then fucking sweeps the leg. Eric, sweep the leg. She falls into a cavern and falls into down below where Knife is already waiting. And then she's like, yeah, I did. Knife jumps on the boat, and then Kate sets fire to the fucking water. Sets I, fire to everything. Yeah. I don't know how. Now, she was forged by fire. She says, listen, you were forged by Sophia. She was. But as I'm sure I've said before, I was forged by fire. I don't have this connection between you two. Stop this. And then she's like, hey, the many arms of death are still out there. And I I actually like this a little bit because Kate has had problems. But really, these five issues or four issues and a rebirth, so it would be five, have all just been them fighting. Every issue. I know Dan, who does review it on the site, he's had enough. He's yeah. like, I've had enough of every issue of these two fighting and, and nothing getting resolved. Doesn't get resolved again, Eric. No, because the high shoot- shoots a goddamn yeah. grappling hook up and hits the freaking helicopter of, I'm guessing, the twins. But I, and why it, is it, it how did, a r- yeah. random helicopter. Just, were they talking to her in an earpiece that they would know that, like, they're just there. They're just waiting for. Her. They even say at one, like at points, they even like mention how knife. Like you, you get the little bit of an inkling of a story coming up where knife it realizes that she is just a tool and has to. And I mean a tool, as in not yeah. like an asshole, but is just being used as a knife. And eventually, may kind of like I've had enough of this. But yeah, you have it. Basically, it ends. With knife being flown away on the helicopter, looking badass, Eric. And Kate yeah, letting her is. go. Yeah, letting her go. And there now we're having a victory party at the Desert Rose. Kate has a broken nose. She's all, uh, you know, going on and on. And everybody, all the world. She looks like a dancing. mongoloid or a vampire yeah, well, mongoid. It's one up, goddamn thing like, when she sits I'm up telling, to freaking talk to yeah. a beret lady. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the problem with uh, that I had is I'm there. I'm like, okay, to victory. Hey, there it is, the Desert Rose. All right. Who's that lady with Kate? And I'm like, oh, God, that that's Julia? It doesn't even look like her. I really was thrown off by that. I'm like, I, I didn't look like Julia. Because then they're talking about it. Like, hey, well, Julia, you going to tell Batman about my rowdy friends out after curfew? I'm like, that that's Julia? <laughs> it doesn't look like her. Uh, but, yeah, they go up and like, hey, you know what? You got to do things to get it done. But, you know, sometimes this or that. It's, it's all a bunch of bullshit. I'm guessing Ray's lady's name is Tay Ray. Tay Ray comes over, and yeah, they're like, hey, what's going on now? I want to know. There's still bombs under this fucking island. Yeah. Yeah, they may. And I think that at one point, uh, Kate even said that when the CMP goes off, it's just going to buy them time to disable all the. So hopefully, this is, you know, this victory party is after they disarmed all the bombs. in, In my mind, you got the idea, too, that the whole island was full of bombs. It wouldn't oh, just yeah. be one thing. This was so, going to blow up everything. I mean, that's a lot of bombs, but I guess you're supposed to assume that they have disarmed the bombs. I, it seems like a dangerous proposition to me, but they've done it. Now they're getting drunk, and the whole thing turns to, at the end, where Kate ba- Kate's basically like, listen, uh, I 
get things done, this is how I'm going to do it. The, the Desert Rose has actually left the Kate then. The, the warlords are like, listen, we figured it out. We're going to give it to you. She doesn't want it. And really, I wouldn't either because no, if the – a if fucking not, piece of shit. A piece of shit? It's a fucking target. You have Kate sit there. Knife isn't just going to bomb it. Those fucking twins, they're going to bomb the shit out of this place. I wouldn't want to own it. They, they know where she is then. She's like, no. She just goes off. I, I laugh because she must be like – Fuck this. You, you might as well put a target right on my back. Uh, but yeah, they're there and they're talking about things and, you know, hey, you can have the, the deal. Uh, in the meantime, there is a weird thing that I thought where you have, is it Tayhee? Tayree. Tayree. They're there and they're at the bar and then it pans back. Is, is that, that's, uh, what's his name? That guy that died. Fucking, uh, Raphael. Yeah. And I'm like, why do they have his body just <laughs> There's a lot of issues. His body's just there. It's at the bar. I don't want a bar that's haunted now. And they, they took away the fucking gravestones. They didn't move the graves there. But yeah, oh, she God. goes off. She goes off and then goes out into her, you know, this ship that she has with uh, Julia. And this is where it ends where, you know, again, Kate's like, I got to get the job done. Now we do it. We did a good job. And then you, you have Julia. Now it has been said that she would be talking back to Batman. I don't know that this is Batman. I don't know it that she's feel talking right, right? about I'm it. Like, it's like, uh, she didn't it kill, but the, the allies she's chosen are professional killers, warlords, and tyrants, criminals, permission to initiate plan B. Yeah. And yeah. she hasn't sent it yet, but I'm guessing she's going to. No, yeah, and she actually pulls back like she doesn't want to send it, and she's just looking at it. Uh, the way it ends, the way she looks, for some reason, I don't know why. I don't think it was on purpose, but it kind of does look like almost like an Amanda Waller. Uh, you know, how she is, but I, I don't know. I'm wondering if she is involved with somebody else, somebody a little more nefarious than Batman. I would hope that's not Maybe the it's case. Colony? Yeah, I, I don't know. I would actually add, but then that throws in all the stuff of her relationship with her dad, Alfred, Hey, and no, no, Batman. fuck that noise, because in Super Sons this week, Alfred's yeah. talking about, this is why I chose not to have children. I'm like, ooh, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah, fucked maybe up, she's Alfred. Pissed. You worse yeah. than my daddy. Then you end it with the twins just going off. They're going to go see, you know, the queen who's in charge. And we would assume that it might be Sophia. And that's who yeah. we're, we're thinking it would be. They're not going to show her, though. Uh, we are really hoping that it is Kate's uh, stepmother who actually, when you had that big thing in that rebirth of the things to come, that page of things to happen in the future. And they had the one it looked like Kate being bad, an older Kate. Kane in a and people like, uniform, oh, yeah. things are going bad. And we were actually hoping at that point that, or thought that that was possibly Kate's stepmom. Catherine uh, it's Kane. Catherine, Catherine Kane, and it still might be. This may be her. This may be the setup for that, or it may I'm be telling, Sophia. I'm saying, this, it's it's got to be Sophia because she's got it, the freaking you know the desert roses you, with her, and there's fucking whatever those does. goddamn little fox it animals are that were outside the desert rose to begin it with. So it's got to be Sophia. Yeah, it just seems too set up. Yeah, that seems so hokey to keep her in the shadows because we really don't even know except for that flashback what she looks like anyway. Yeah. So I would expect her to come out of the shadows looking like an older Kate Kane. I really do. I don't know what you're playing at to keep somebody that we have no idea who it is in the shadows. You know, if, if anything, the, the big fucking reveal will not be her face. It'll be like, oh, that's good, Sophia. I told you never to call me that. Like shit like that. Script Dr. Eric. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, just seeing her face, to me, I do think the reveal is going to be that it is somebody, you know, that person. And, and we were thinking possibly it was Catherine. But we'll see. Uh, what would you give this? 
I would probably give this a 3.5 out of 10. Yeah, the I'd art's a, okay. Yeah. There are some really down parts Ooh, to it that really make it, everything look ugly as shit. But yeah. I, the story was incoherent to me for what they were trying to set up with this whole yeah. lost year because I hope it reads better on a trade because right now I am completely lost for issue-to-issue yeah. basis. Yeah, uh, I I am more bored than lost. Uh, I think it's a very small story. Uh, that That's the thing. This issue, I think that why – we get confused in an issue-to-issue basis is because it's not moving forward at all. So when you look back at an issue and say, okay, what was the story progression? There really wasn't any, so you can't wrap yourself around your head around a story because basically it just continues where these twins, who we really don't know, are going to blow up the island for somebody that we don't know. Uh, That includes Kate and a group of people that we don't know being attacked by, you know, Tahani the Knife, which we barely know. That, that basically to me is is it in the summation. So in this issue, it just continues everything we've seen in the last four. Nothing has moved forward. We could have had this goddamn story last a rebirth issue to me where she could go back, knife attacks, whatever. I, I said before, and I'll say it again, when you're wishing for the Monster Men fucking oh storyline in this to go back where she's going around looking for, with her father, looking for the remnants of the virus, the Monster Men, you know, Venom, uh... You know shit's wrong because I'd rather see that. I'd rather see Kate fighting kaiju monsters in Paris than seeing her on Koreana, an island that seems to have no significance to anybody but, you know, her, and it might get blown up for a real estate venture. I've had enough. I I just, I hope that this is one of those things we have said to everybody. You get, give the first arc of the rebirth, you know, things a wide berth. Go in. Say, okay, you know what? Uh, I'll deal with you. We we always say three issues is the deal. I really think in Rebirth, it was one yeah, of those where... Yeah, it's the first arc. Yes, give it the first arc. And then, I'm telling you, then get the next issue of the, the next arc. If it still is like, ah, oh, bullshit, then leave. But at least let them start. Like, they seem to have these set stories that are supposed to... Now, the problem is, these first stories to me are supposed to set the characters in motion. You're supposed to learn who you're supposed to care about, what they're doing, where they've been, all this. You go back in a flashback this whole day. You know, this basically, not a flashback all the time because it is present day. But what Kate's dealing with is something from her past, so we're Which never I really learning anything. I still don't understand about what well, happened and in I her know, past and I think, all this emotion. I think the worst thing that happened to this book, and I'll tell you seriously, is that Kate is in Detective Comics. And it sounds goofy because that's why she has this book, but I think that going in Tynan and Benet, especially Tynan, he writes her in Detective Comics, I think that they thought, listen, we already have present-day Kate. We have Kate with Batman. Everybody's up to speed now. Let's show this neat thing that happened yeah, in the past to show, show it. it to me. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't, and it, it's just, it's not very good. It might have looked good on paper. It doesn't look good on this paper. It doesn't look good on my uh-huh. screen here, Aaron. I did like the art, though. Did I give a score? Did I say I don't four? think you did yet. Four, four, five. I'll go up. Whatever I said, I'm going four, five now. I like the art. That's m- mainly art for the, the score because I do think the art's really good. But that is the end of the podcast. Sure is. And that's it, Aaron. Done. Done and done. And I mean done. Stick How's a fork that? in us. How's that? Stick a fork in it. These two motherfuckers are done. Listen to them. They can barely talk. Those stupid idiots. Hey, Eric. How was that podcast for you? You like those books we talked about tonight? thing you is, I thought right? initially it wasn't that bad of a week. My books weren't bad, but overall, it was kind of a down week. It was kind of down. It, it's the standard. 
telling you, it really feels like the same where, you know, you have, your books were okay. I had some stinkers, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Now with your book of the week, Aquaman number 25. Were you drinking there? No, I was actually just thinking for some you reason I thinking. felt like you were going to go on further, but boom, no, no, boom, Aquaman number boom. 25. Mine is All-Star Batman number 11. That was mine, but I will tell you, Aquaman number uh, fucking 25 was awesome as well. But I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about on next week's podcast with a little caveat because we do have the vote out for the badasses on the Patreon of what they want us to talk about on the Patreon-exclusive spotlight. And right now it is Wonder Woman 25 is winning the deal. So if that keeps going, and it's winning by a landslide, if that keeps going, we will not be talking about that on the main podcast. We'll be talking about that on Patreon. So if you want to go... I know you get sick of hearing this, but it is patreon.com slash weird science, and you can support us, and we will make it well worth your while. Uh, But this is what we have. Action Comics number 982, Eric. The Superman Revenge Squad is back in town with a few minutes to kill. Hopefully the story starts picking up. We have Batgirl number 12, which seems to start a new story as well. I looked at the cover earlier. I'm not interested in that at all. No. Uh, when we get to it, if you remember, it, it reminds me, it's like Batgirl in the Deadwater fucking story, it looked like. And that, I don't that remember was, anything about that, but okay. No, no, yes. I'm saying that that story from Aquaman. Yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah. I'm Batman, just saying, I, I was just wondering at the end of the last one, like, you know, next, no, no, it, no it just, no, it just ended that arc, the last one. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Ethan Cobblepot went away, and now this starts something new. We have Batman Beyond number nine, which continues the Damian Wayne as the demon's head fighting terry as batman shows up and i want to see that i do too blue beetle number 10 i was all about last issue actually so i want to see where this goes man don't remember what's going on (laughs) what's going on in that book ken nelson's back good and proper oh proper and Jaime is freaking talking to the Scarab, so he might become Blue Beetle again. We have detective comics number 959 continues the azrael story I don't care so, for Ezreal. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 23. What's going on in that book? Eric? I don't remember. I don't either. Uh, it, I bet you it has something to do with the green and the yellow coming together. We just started a new arc last issue, and <laughs> I cannot remember, remember what the hell happened. Fracture Part 2. As a Green Lantern stands accused, and Hal, oh, Jordan, yeah, oh, two yeah. two. And Hal Jordan rushes to his defense against the Sinestro Corps. Guy Gardner, his new partner, kill him, embark on a mission that, if successful, could stop both sides from killing each other. Now, again, we, we don't really know that we can trust all of the solicits, but no, that, not at all. It, it jogged your memory, though. Sure did. Justice League of America number 9, Eric. Ah. What's going on there? Can you wax me poetic about what we'll be seeing in Justice League? I have no idea. That is the man from Monster Valley Part 2. The hidden truth of Mason and his family is brought to the surface. As are his superhuman powers, which the man from Monster Valley turns on the Justice League for this tale of treachery and revenge. That just shows you. These are the books like... Others, I'm like, oh, yeah, Super Superman Revenge Squad. Then we get to these, and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Commandi Challenge number six, Eric. i got to talk to Reggie. I, I always forget who is reviewing that book because we go back and forth. This is Steve Orlando who has to pick up the pieces of a Commandi that has no organs, if I remember right. If, if, if you have the opportunity, push us on Reggie because no one should have to review this. Yes. <laughs> and I know you Hopefully don't Reggie want to. Reggie doesn't hear this. Super Squad, or Super Suicide Squad number 20. 
Oh, just past that. We do have Supergirl being super number four. That ends that little series. Uh, we'll see what goes on with that. Teen Titans number nine. Uh, on the cover of that, it is what appears to be the ramifications of Damien kicking Kid Flash off of the team. Right. We have the Flash number twenty-five, which will continue the I'm all about in the future in the. Uh, with 25th Reverse Flash, century. 25th century. It's funny because I'm looking at the Flash 25, and then I was going to say the 25th century, and it kind of almost morphed into <laughs> a, a weird sentence, so I avoid it. But yeah, it's uh, the future story where Reverse Flash has Iris, and Barry goes to save the day. And then there's the one that I said is winning on the Patreon-only deal. It's Wonder Woman number 25. And the that end is Greg of Ruckus Greg Ruckus finale. See what he does to kind of... I'm not... The, the sort of thing to me... When you have a final issue like this, especially somebody like Greg Rucka, the thing that I'm more interested isn't in how he ties up his story. It's what he leads to the next one, who is Shea Fontana. I want to see if he is going to be a nice guy and kind of lead her towards something good. You know what I mean? Or, or yeah. leave her out to fucking Or be dry. a dick about it. Leave her out to dry. Of course, the big thing in the story going forward is Cheetah. We don't know what's going on with her. We have to see that. Uh, Veronica Kell kind of being a bitch, see if the things. And Wonder Woman at this point does not ever lasso, which not is very, all. very important. So we'll see if any or all of those are wound up then. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's going on. But that's it, Aaron. That is the podcast again. If you go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash weirdscience, we also have a website, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail, or what? Weirdsciencedccomics.com and an email, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. You can go to our Twitter at weirdsciencedc, talk to me, do all this and that, and also look that we have the Catwoman Volume 1, The Game. Uh, new 52 review is already up on our feed, so if you want to listen to that, go. I suggest you do because it was really good. Me and Eric were really pumped up about talking about that. Unfortunately, that will not continue the next two episodes of that Absolutely uh, not. series because they kind of had some down ones, but that one was pretty good. But, Eric, we are done. I want to thank everybody who's already supporting us on Patreon, especially the badasses that we did the badass work oh. at the beginning of the podcast. But we are ending this now. Eric, what do we say? Everybody have a great week. Great week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. <laughs> oh!